Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. I am Todd Dandruff with Tellus. This is being broadcast live and recorded live on June 27th, 2020, almost 10 p.m. Later start tonight, but we start pretty late every night, so it doesn't really matter. I have with me the same co-host I had last week. Not Trader Ruski, who we're going to put in a second, but Brandon Drexel Gerson, an original co-host of the show, is back, at least for the moment. Hello, Brandon. Hey there. How you doing? I am doing well, and I'm glad to have you back a second week. The listener response to your reappearance, which wasn't announced in advance because even I did not know in advance. You just kind of decided near the beginning of last show that you wanted to come on, and then you were on for most of the time, and people really liked that. They said they really enjoy the vibe of the show when you're here, so I, I was very happy to hear that Brandon wanted to return this week. And uh, just to let everybody know, this is not like a permanent thing necessarily when brandon wants to come on he can come on when he's tired of it or just wants to do other things and he can do other things there's no expectation but we're always happy to have him here on poker fraud alert radio and uh, last week's episode was received very well there is a free roll but unless you have a time machine unless you have a delorean with a flex capacitor in there you cannot go play it unless you're already in it began at 9 30 it's a 60 dollars free roll 30 dollars for first 20 for second 10 for third it's on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. You need your account verified in advance. So if you didn't know about it, you couldn't have played anyway, even if you were there on time. And the money this week came from three different sources. AF Flight Chief gave $20. I met him during the 2019 World Series. Very nice guy. $30 came from Nightmare Fish, who also gave 70 last week. And $10 from Shoeshine Box, who is a poker dealer. And I have good luck whenever he deals to me except for last year in the main event on day five when I could have used it the most. Instead, he gave my luck to Hossein Ensan, who won the whole event. I'm not even kidding. He dealt a, a set in a massive pot, which I was involved with with a pocket pair as well. I didn't lose that much in that pot, but uh, he gave that to Hossein Ensan directly to my left, not me. And I'm going to remember that, that the one time it really mattered to get the good luck, Mr. Shoeshine Box couldn't do it for me. Every other time he's dealt to me, though, I've run really, really well. Jose, what was his name? That's a shoe shine box. No, he's, the guy who beat oh, you. Oh, 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 Jose, yeah. what? No, it's Hossein Insan. He's the one who won the main I event. Said that Jose, was the <laughs> Mexican Muslim? Kind of. He was a nice guy, a very nice guy. This Hossein Insan. I was, I was happy when he won because I didn't really know anyone very well in the field that was remaining once I was out, and I said, okay, well, I, I hope he gets it because he was a nice but guy. Had to be anyone. You're saying you're glad it was Jose. Well, if anyone except me. I would have much rather it was me than him. But once I was gone, I actually, as I was walking away, in the, in the seconds I was walking away from the table, I thought, hmm, well, who do I hope wins this now, now that it's not going to be me? And I said, eh, you know, I don't really know anyone left of the field, so I hope Jose gets it. Let me ask you, if, if there's one person you had to pick, okay, that regularly plays in the main event now, not some, you know, someone who never plays or only played once. If there's one person you had to pick more than anybody else that you wouldn't want, to win the main event. Like, say it's a normal main event, and the same people that play every year play 8,000, whatever. Who would be the one person? Huh. If you can only pick one, you're like, I don't want this one. It's not the one guy that's on the island. Is there one person? Maybe the guy with the seat change thing with you, David was Baker, Bakes? You know, I don't even think – it's not him. It's not, I wouldn't be happy for him if he won, but, like, I, I don't hate him. I just kind of dislike him. Like, at least I – he hasn't done anything, like – really bad to me. He's just kind of been a jerk. And I know at least he's like an honest guy. He's not like a bad person. He's just kind of a jerk. 
Um, so, it, it, like, I wouldn't say he's the one I'd pick most. I wouldn't root for him if he got deep, but I wouldn't like. He, as far as like, as far as who plays it, like, I wouldn't want any of these uh, big scammers. So you got to pick one. Like, any, pick yeah, one. that's the problem. <laughs> I had to figure this out. Like, who's the biggest scammer that plays regularly? Well, that's what I'm trying to think of. Like, who still plays that was was involved? Like, I don't. I really don't want anyone who was involved in any of the big scams in poker. Like, Russ Hamilton would be an example, but he doesn't play anymore. Uh, it's got to be someone that's still that's still playing. Oh, that's tough because I, like, like would, would 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 Eric Lindgren be up there? Uh, no, not so much. Like I wouldn't. Again, that's someone I wouldn't root for. But it's... he did take a million dollars extra from full tilt poker. <laughs> <laughs> or, I don't know. I'm sorry, it wasn't a million. What was it a hundred thousand? Um. What was the loan? Remember, he got it twice. Oh wait, no, 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 it, no. It was it was actually two, it was like two million actually. Oh, was, he got yeah, two million, million twice. Time? Jesus. No, I think it was two million twice. Think about that kind of money back then that you could even do that. Oh, it was insane. <laughs> Jesus. It was insane. I, 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 you know what? I'll have to get back to you on this because there's, right. uh, of the people who currently still play, it's kind of harder because I, I think about like, who still plays and who do I like really dislike and it's kind of hard to come up with one. There's people I don't care for much, but like to say, oh, this is the one I really, really want to root against, uh, that's, that's hard to say. So anyway, um, the, Sorry, go on. the, the free roll tonight, uh, these three were the ones who donated and first, second, and third, 30, 20, 10 are the prizes. And uh, pokerfraudalert.com slash freeroll, all lowercase, that is the way to find out the rules and the information regarding the free roll. Make sure you know that it's a separate login to the poker room from the forum. But you do need a forum account in good standing. If you want to call the show, 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. And if it doesn't work, as it did not like two weeks ago, there's always the Mount Charleston line. 702-430-1808, 702-430-1808 is the number that is located in a cabin on top of Mount Charleston, an old 70s rotary telephone which forwards to me wherever I go. You can text the show at any time at the main phone number only, 775-372-8355. Brandon, I know you have a text number. Do you want to give that out? Uh, I'm going to decline right now. I'm going to decline. Wow. That's all right. All right. Up to you. I don't know it by heart. I have to go look. <laughs> okay. It was up on, on the radio page for a long time until you hadn't been on for a I while. Have like, it. I have to go check. It's, it's, it's gone now. I took it down from the page. But it was it was there for a long time after you were here. It was keeping the seat warm for you just in case. Kind of, yeah. so, Listen, let me tell you, speaking of Mount Charleston, I wish I was up there now. It's so hot in Vegas. I literally take my dog outside to take a leak. He does his business. He runs back in. He doesn't even want to be out there. And this was like around 730 at night. I mean, it, it, it was still 102 degrees at 730 at night here. Oh, that's – I mean, I've – I know you've seen much worse because you, you live there full time, but like I've seen it at midnight where it's a hundred commonly in, in like on the very hot days in Vegas. That that's the worst. That's the worst thing. That doesn't happen much in L.A. L.A. can have the fluke really hot days over 110, but you don't see a hundred at midnight. It just doesn't happen. And uh, uh, there there was a really weird weather pattern about four four and a half years ago, and I remember when I went out to walk my dog at 4:30 in the morning, and I got hit by the 80s dog, the 80s dog who's still alive, a dog that actually is older than my bracelet. I'm not kidding. Uh, This dog, I went out to walk him and I got hit by kind of like a wall of heat at 430 in the morning. It's just like you would in Vegas during the summer. And I said, this doesn't happen here, especially where I live. I I live even in a cooler part where this shouldn't be happening. Uh, I I thought maybe there's something wrong with me if I was perceiving the temperature. No, it was actually 88 degrees at 430 in the morning which is super unusual. I mean, that had to be some kind of record uh, where I live. But we hardly ever see anything like that. Usually by the time it's midnight, uh, even on the hot days, it's like 70. 
So, and, and usually it's in the 60s. So, so Vegas is very different where at midnight, 100 degrees in the summer is not really that uncommon. 95 is especially not uncommon. And uh, it takes really until like 5 a.m. for you to get under 90 during the summer. And that's, uh, it, it can be, uh, it can be brutal. It's, it's, uh, uh, let me ask you, do we still have the old, uh, ESPN soundtrack, uh, update thing? We do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Can, can, you, can you play it for me? We ought to take it out of mothballs, but yeah, I can, yeah. I can get it. Oh, we got some, uh, we got some breaking news. Okay. That really, it'd be something Todd is interested in. That's even better. It's really going to be something near to Todd's heart. Okay. Very good. For the music. Well, you know, this is breaking news from earlier, but because of the heat, it just kind of arrived in Vegas. Los Angeles Dodgers outfielder Andrew Tolles was jailed earlier for trespassing on private property. Tolles was detained this week at the airport in Key West, Florida, by a Monroe County Sheriff deputy. He was charged with being – I'm sorry, he was charged with – trespassing for sleeping at the Monroe County Airport in Key West, Florida, behind a FedEx building. The police reported that he was apparently homeless and did not have another place to go to. Yeah, I actually heard about this when it happened. What, what is what is this? Well, this I, I, like, I can explain it. The playoffs a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, I, I, can, I can tell you because I followed him be, being a big Dodgers fan. This How guy, is he homeless behind the airport in Key West? Well, because Please, he, no. he, he has a lot of major psychological problems. So what happened was uh, he got released from the Tampa Bay De- Devil Rays originally because of behavior problems. I don't know what, but the guy has like major psychological problems, including very bad anxiety and depression and some other stuff going on too. So he's got – He's got baseball talent for sure, but he's got a lot of psychological problems. So the Devil Rays gave up on him. Dodgers picked him up um, at the time. What, they, mental illness is what you're saying, right? And at the time they picked uh, him up, he was actually working. He was working in a grocery store. <laughs> From, was, it says on the article, the, not just a grocery store. He was a stalker for the frozen food aisles. Yeah, yeah. So they so they picked him up, and he very quickly ascended through the minors and made it to the majors. From, from the grocery store frozen food aisle, which was unbelievable. And then it, it looked like at one point he might be the Dodgers uh, leadoff hitter of the future. Then there was a, he got injured and then there was uh, other players who did well in the outfield. And so th- it started to get too crowded for him. He got demoted to the minors. Not so much of his fault. Like he played decently the whole way. Uh, but then in 2019, it was announced that he's taking a leave of absence from the no, team. He tore, it says in the article he tore an ACL and that's why he was out in 18. Well, that's why he's out in 18, yeah. But before that, he'd been going, like, uh, he, there was also issues with, uh, whether, how much playing time he'd get. But, uh, but anyway, he, he, to- he did tor- tear the ACL, and then in 2019, he would have been ready to play, but, uh, he took a leave of absence from the team for, quote, personal reasons, and they didn't specify what it was. Now this, we hear about. So, whatever happened starting in 2019 led to this spiral, which led to him being homeless and sleeping well, listen, buddy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a Marlins fan. I mean, I do have two World Series before you guys had your last, which is amazing when you really think about that in context. But uh, I, you know, the Dodgers are going to do much better than the Marlins. There's no doubt about it this year, even in a, in a shortened season. But at least I can say to you wholeheartedly, none of my Marlins are living in the airport. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. yeah, it's, it is pretty unbelievable. Sad. No, I mean, it really is sad. No, it is sad. It was. It, was, it didn't it was, mention the mental illness part. But yeah, that's I guess what it you is. Should assume that. Yeah, that's what it is. And I, I don't think he'll ever like. Even if he comes back from this, I, also he's getting older, so eventually they're just going to give up on him and say mm, he's twenty eight. Well, that's what I mean. But but that's kind of the time they're supposed to be peaking. So if if he's still yeah. working through problems at twenty eight, usually you oh. want to have your career really established in baseball by twenty eight. Otherwise, you're in trouble. I'm going to look. I wonder if he's actually from Key West or maybe they have nicer airports or like, <laughs> it's just a weird 
like the most southern point in the United States to go. And it's such a small airport. I don't know. I've been there. It's, it's so small. Like, it's the worst place to try to hide. Like, you go to, you know, Miami International or the, Atlanta, you could probably get away with living in there like Tom Hanks did. You're not going to do that at the Key West Airport. Yeah, they should, he should have gotten tips from Michael Borowitz, the airport scammer, on how to survive at airports. That's what he should have done. He, he, he needed to hook up with him. So, okay, Trader Ruski, hello. Welcome to the show. Hey there. So I, I have an announcement. What's happening? That, that I have an announcement um, about the other co-host who is not here tonight, and um, it's, it's not a happy not, announcement, unfortunately. Um, I, don't if, I don't know if that should be announced, though. No, no, no. I, I, I asked him if it's okay. And he said, oh, you did. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, no, no. I, w- I wouldn't just do this without his permission. So Vintage One, who's been on the show lately because uh, he's been out of work because of the coronavirus. He works in Hollywood, and they've shut everything down. And he's been part of most of our episodes over the last uh, month or two, and he's spent many hours on here and uh, contributed a lot of good uh, content to the discussions. Uh, He is not going to be here tonight, and I don't know about next week either, but for a very valid reason, and that is, uh, unfortunately, his mother passed away. And uh, that happened yesterday, and that's... What's especially sad about this is, if you remember, he actually has discussed his parents on this show, and he was saying that they're both very healthy and active, and that they... Uh, and it wasn't the virus. Well, he didn't... I don't know, but I assume it wasn't, because uh, he said they're, they're healthy and active, and that uh, he, he's worried about the coronavirus simply because of their age, as, as most people who are around our age are worried about our parents, because our parents are obviously elderly. So, But so this wasn't the case where his mom was very sick, and it was just a matter of time before it happened. This was one where even though he knew his parents were both old, that uh, uh, there was no sign that there were any problems and he expected, it's just very unexpected. And and I can relate to this because both of my parents are elderly and healthy. And, and I know in the back of my mind that they're still old. And I just, uh, that's, I really dread that the day that I get a call like that. And, uh, and so I can, I can feel it. Uh, if, you know, I, I really, when I heard this, it made me very sad to hear this. Uh, me as well. Recording. I found out about an hour ago. Yeah, and uh, to have Terrible. a, it's a little bit. It's always sad to lose a parent. Uh, when my when my grandmother died, my she was actually sick for a long time, and uh, my mom said that uh, by the time my grandmother actually passed away, that she was she had actually accepted a long time before that that this was going to happen, just because it was a slow progress to to that occurring. Uh, but uh, when you're not expecting it, and it just happens out of nowhere, I, I think, is, is the worst. And I, I really feel for him, and I hope Vintage One, uh, you know, I, I'm sure he's not okay today. And uh, I hope that uh, as some time passes that he gets to uh, feel better. And this is something that uh, you never really completely get over. And that's something that's just an unfortunate part of aging, is that everybody in your life as a kid who is older than you is probably going to go before you, and you have to see them pass away. And with with parents, that's uh, that's probably the toughest one of, of all. So, uh, so I condolences to vintage you know one. You know what's pretty wild? I'm in my you know my 40s. Uh, I had two, my two maternal grandparents both pass away last year. But it's it's amazing that at my age, I even had a set of grandparents alive to my to my 40s. That is amazing. I, I haven't had grandparents. And they had- both went within six months. Three of my grandparents were, were gone by 1981, 
and uh, and the fourth wow. one uh, died in 1999. So it's been over 20 years since I had grandparents. Wow. So I've been used to that. I'm I just uh, and yeah, I wish I had more time with the grandparents, especially the three that passed away before I was you know by the time I was nine. But uh, I am thankful that that I have both parents here and that they're healthy. And it does help that they're they didn't have me when they were that old. But uh, still, they're in their mid 70s at this mid to late 70s. So uh, I'm I'm fortunate that they're still here when I'm 48, and uh, I hope they'll be here for a long time. But at the same time, I, I know that they're older, and that uh, I just hope that nothing just hits like that one day. But uh, anyway, I, I condolences yeah. Vintage One, and, uh, and, and he's a Vintage One, very nice guy. I've uh, I've spent time with him in person. He's he's also a good friend of uh, Trevor well, Ruski, of course. And uh, you've you've met him, right, Brandon? Well, this is the funny thing. I I I know him. I know him by his first name, and I've I've hung out with him. You know, we had one long weekend where we all hung out for a few days together. He was out here, and I didn't know that that was vintage one. I had no idea. Like <laughs> y'all, Trader Ruski acted like I was an idiot. How would I know what his name on here is? No one ever told me. So when I came on last week and he's there, I'm like, oh, this guy must know who I am because of something. Maybe the uh, El Pollo Loco. Remember the time you and I got into the little oh, thing yes, about the yes, sides? Yes. But I, yeah, I just didn't know what. So then Trader Ruski's texting me, it's blank, it's blank. I'm like, oh, shit. I mean, you know what I mean? I met him by his real name. We hung yeah. out the Golden Nugget. It was one night the three of us were de- being degenerately playing blackjack at like 3, 4 in the morning. Remember that, Trader Ruski? All downtown. None of us could win a hand. We were just laughing. It was oh, yeah. like uh, it was like National Lampoon's mm-hmm. Vegas vacation. We make a 20, they make a 20. We just lost it. <laughs> Do you remember that, hand? remember that night? We were like at the $25 tape. We oh, lost yeah. every hand. It didn't matter. Every hand we lost. It was me, you, him, and there was one. Uh, was it your cousin that was with us? There was a fourth. Was I think it, your it was comedian? my cousin. Yeah, the comedian cousin. I Trader Ruski has a cousin who's a comedian. He's like the least funniest comedian you'll ever meet. No chance this guy. <laughs> great guy. Very nice guy. No chance this guy makes it. He's like as funny as a bag of nails. I mean, he's just. I mean, Trader Ruski, did he give up the whole comedy thing? He's still doing it. Jeez. How's he paying the bills, though? Oh, he's got money, and he works, you know. Okay, so, so, it's, so it's like it's like a hobby then. He works, he just so. does it like uh, on the yeah. side. Okay. Well, Trader, you sent me this clip of, of like a, it was a, a two three minute skit on YouTube, and oof, buddy, I, I just it was no one in the room even said nothing. It was it was bad. I mean, I was feeling a little uncomfortable here in my, in my living room watching it. It was it was wasn't oof. Yeah, yikes. Okay. Jeez. Well, so anyway, when Vintage One he, when he's ready to to return to radio. Uh, obviously, he can. Uh, it, I, I knew a guy who whose mother passed away when he was actually. Uh, it was even more surprising because his mom wasn't that old. This was a guy probably around thirty, and I think his mother was in her, her like early to mid sixties, and she abruptly passed away. And I saw him, I don't know, like two days later at Commerce, and I, I, I didn't ask him like, Why, "What are you doing here two days after your mom died?" But and I didn't know I, like I knew him well, but he wasn't a friend of mine. He was kind of like a friendly acquaintance. But the, I knew him through a friend, so I asked that friend why they thought he was at Commerce, and they said that he told them that he went there because he just wanted to get his mind off of it. He was just sitting around thinking, thinking, thinking about his mom, and he just said, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go down to Commerce and just try to do something to keep my mind off of what happened." So uh, sometimes that can help. Sometimes if you've you've got you've experienced some tragic circumstance or a death in the family, that uh, sometimes. Just doing something different. So if he wants to come on, uh, you know, next week, the, just to keep his mind off of it and think about something else, that would uh, be welcome back here. And 
anyway, I, I I thought about this several times today, though. Like, you've, I've never met his mom, but uh, I thought about how he must be feeling, and I felt and I have, and she was very sweet, sweet lady, and just so sad. And her both her parents are just awesome. Yeah, both his parents. Uh, that's really too bad. Okay, so I, I want to make a different announcement now. Um, also something not pleasant, but of a different type. Um, uh, on Poker Fraud Alert Radio, this is a free speech type of environment. We just kind of say things. Uh, sometimes we say offensive things. Sometimes you get one of those. Another one of those cease and desist letters. No, no. This is. I'm actually voluntarily making this statement. Well, that's good news in itself. Then, all right, go on. <laughs> but uh, um, and, and I, I don't usually worry too much about us saying offensive things or anything like that. I'm not I'm not a belief in the 2020 cancel culture or, or political correctness or anything like that. But at the same time, um, there should be some decency shown to people who, who deserve decency. Uh, scammers, no. Uh, people who are just total assholes, no. But, but people, even ones who I disagree with or who are, aren't always like that pleasant with me on social media, uh, if they're generally good people, uh, I, I don't want to be like undeservedly disrespectful or mean to them on this show. And uh, so there is, there's a poker player. We, we mentioned her last week briefly, uh, Danielle Anderson. She's a female. She's, uh, she's a poker pro. She's been around for a while. Um, she's married. She has a good reputation. She's always been known to be honest and straightforward and uh, never involved in any degeneracy or any she, – she's not even one of those females who, who used men in poker, like none of that. She, what, did we, what did we do to him? Well, I'll, I'll explain. Uh, so so she, she's, she has a very good reputation, and I'll say deservedly so. Now, there, with that said, there's some things with which we disagree. Uh, politically, we're very much opposite, and we've gone back and forth on Twitter, especially uh, last week. But I will say that despite these disagreements, that if someone asked me, do you think Daniel Anderson's a good person, I would say yes. And I'm not just saying this to be to be politically correct or to to be diplomatic. I, I really – I'm being honest with how I feel. I think she is a good person. I think she's a solid person. I think she's just like a, a married woman who, who plays poker for a living and, and wins. What do, we, and, what do we do to her? Okay. I'll, I, I, I just wanted to preface did all this. something, didn't so, we? So there were, some, there were some vulgar comments made on the show that that weren't at all true about her that were made not by you brandon but uh, they were they were made uh, at at some point during the show that were last week yes in an attempt to be funny and i I'd, I'd rather not get into the, the well, details there's only four of us I mean, i'd, I'd rather not get into the details but i don't even but, remember but, are you sure it wasn't me yeah i'm sure it wasn't so you. i don't so, want you apologizing no 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 i i, I would have told you brandon if it was you i would have told you by now but, i don't even know who this guy or the jose guy was that you were talking about okay before. that's how out of it i am yeah but, right, so, so there were some vulgar comments that were made that were not they weren't even meant seriously it was supposed to be a joke it just it ended up just kind of coming off as as vulgar and like offensive comments and when i heard them i'm like I thought, okay, I better remove this before it, when I before I put it in the archives. I better remove this. The problem was it was like fifty five minutes into the show, and the show went like seven hours. So by the time we were done with the show, I, I just forgot to type. I meant to type oh, it, but geez. I got distracted. I meant to type. Like you I gotta I, leave yourself little stickies. No, I do. I I have a, a notepad where I type in things that I want to uh, fix if it goes wrong. Usually well, it's like just technical issues. Like if like, I feel a lot better. I was eliminated. Now, tell me, was it you who did it? 
I, I don't want to go into it, but uh, okay. uh, oh, anyway, bad. I mean, but it was meant as a joke. It was meant. <laughs> it, it was it was meant. A- it was meant as a joke, and so what happened was I forgot about it completely. I meant to note it down. I forgot to type it in to note it down, and then for that reason, I didn't edit it, even though I totally meant to when I heard that being said. And then I got a, a message from a regular listener. I won't say who, but a regular listener I respect sent me a message that they were very upset of what was said there, and that. Uh, you should just rename this show to "I'll Never Say Who." That's the perfect name. <laughs> so I, 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 I'll never say who. Radio. As soon as they said it, I'm like, "Oh crap! I meant to delete that." And then I, I so then I went back and listened. Like, "Oh yeah." And so I, I so after about a, a day into the show being archived, I went and changed it. And it uh, so the current version you'll hear in the archives does not have it. Uh, if you go listen at about the 55-minute mark from last week, you're saying there's two versions. Yeah, there are two versions, but the, the current version that's up. Uh, if you go listen around the fifty-five twenty mark in the first hour, uh, it's a very sanitized version. I didn't sh- I didn't record anything new. I just edited out the, the the bad stuff. So that's the way it stands currently is fine, and I stand by everything in that part of the segment. But uh, the stuff I edited out, I don't stand by, and and it shouldn't have been said. And and look, I, this show is about accountability and being honest. And I'm going to be honest sure. and say that that, that this well, should not have happened. It, though. it was one of the co-hosts who wasn't me. It, it, it it's. As I said, I don't want to get into who did it. Yeah, I, I, I just, I just want now, to did, say. Did, did, did Daniel, did Daniel hear this, or you don't even know? Oh, she did hear it, and and that's and so I, I edited it, and I thought, okay, I hope she doesn't hear it, and I hope she doesn't hear about it. Well, of course, uh, here, here's the worst timing. Matt Glantz, who is a long, t- he's not the one who contacted me about it, by the way. He never got to hear it. But Matt Glantz, who is a longtime listener of this show and a respected uh, member of the poker community and a poker pro, he chose this week to promote the show on Twitter without even telling me. He just he just put out a tweet that he really likes Poker Fraud Alert, that it's his favorite poker show, that wow, he really likes he really likes me as a host. Very nice stuff. He wow. did say he did say I suck on Twitter, but I'll I'll take that if he's gonna say so many nice things about the show. So he said he well, you said gotta take you gotta take your allies any way you can. Right, God. right. Like if, it, if if Matt no Glance is gonna buddy, it's you against the world and then you know I'll never say who, but yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. so so Mac Lance says this, and then Danielle responds saying, "Oh yeah, he's really nice. Uh, the, the the really nice show. This is the stuff they say." I'm like, "Oh, she did hear it." So then I had to explain it, and then it, you can't it was, be saying that in the 2020. No, I know it wasn't going yeah, well. It's so a joke. Just, I know I was I was trying to apologize. Like I wasn't even defending it. It's not like I'm saying you know get a thicker skin. I'm like, no, no, we sh- it shouldn't have been there. I meant to edit it. I'm really sorry. Like, a, but but it still wasn't going over well. So I messaged her privately. I decided let's not have the Twitter posturing where everybody has to. Uh, be doing this for their audience. Like, let's. I'm going to talk to her privately, away from this uh, Twitter mob, and uh, and I'm going to just tell her sincerely how I feel. And I did. I told her the truth. I told her what happened. I told her how it happened. I told her that the that the comment itself was not meant seriously. It was supposed to be a joke that just uh, ended up coming out as inappropriate, and that uh, I really meant to remove it, and that uh, and that. I, I, even though we have our disagreements, I think she's a good person, and I, I felt very bad it's out yeah. there. So, so I, I told her all this, and by by the end of the conversation, she said, "Okay, you know, she accepted my apology." I, I don't think I'm her favorite person, but but she's not like seething. She even oh. said she was like seething mad about it before, but now she's calmed down and she 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 well, accepts the good. apology. And and well, let me say this: obviously, Trader Ruski is the most lewd and lascivious person on the show. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's funny. I, I mean, honestly, I don't even remember. I don't even know. What... 
it was qu- it was quick. It were, there were two quick remarks, and and uh, I was like, oh, I got to remove them. And I and I even tried to I explain to her. I, I even said, look, the person who said it, he's a, he's it's a nice guy. He didn't mean it. He's not like this. He even respects you. It's not uh, it's not like that. And uh, I, I think she got it by the end. Like she she told me at least that no, she got it. All sincerity, I'm sure she's listening. I. It, I Sorry, like it's this is not what we're about. I mean, we're not trying Absolutely. to be mean. Or, yeah, and, that, and that's and thing. that's what I wanted to put out there. That... He's also kind of new too. I mean, you should say that he is. Yeah, he doesn't have the experience that you. I mean, you know, he's, he's lost. And by his the job. way, that was his joiner. <laughs> can we do something for her. Like, is there something we can maybe promote? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think she. Wa- I, I don't actually. Don't, I don't think she wants that. I. I just. I. I no. But I. I. I told her that. Uh, let her promote something. I, I told her that I would put this out here, and this wasn't like one of these things where someone's like, "Say you're sorry." And it was, it's not even like this 2020 thing where someone has to make some insincere apology so they don't get canceled. Nobody can cancel me. This is my own site. Uh, no, nobody is my boss or can remove this show no matter what. So I, I there's there's no reason, and, and I I piss people off all the time. I'm not even that worried about my reputation. I just. I just want like I have a reputation of being no, like. But what's right is right. What's right, wrong is wrong right. Is right. So I, right I felt I legitimately felt I legitimately felt bad, and deserve I said it. she didn't deserve I, it. Yeah, I, get it. I, I said I legitimately felt bad, so I'm, I'm not going to cover it up and pretend it didn't happen. Now, now that it got out because I forgot to edit it out, uh, I'm, I'm going to come out here and, and Listen, say we should have done. I know you're listening, or if you are, if you got something to promote, a book, a TV show, a website, even the kid in Utah, maybe you want to talk about him. We owe you that. Yes, and I and, and I will. We let her talk about the kid in Utah that you don't like. <laughs> I don't think she like, wants to have that discussion with me, especially now. But, but look, it's, I've it's, never done nothing to her. It's, I, the, I, I will say that anyone online or not online, anyone who disagrees with me, and uh, even if we have some spirited discussion where we really don't agree and we, we go back and forth, as long as you treat me respectfully, I don't have any problem with you, and I don't want to do anything bad to you or say anything bad about you. It's like, like. She definitely isn't someone I've ever had any kind of ill will towards, even if I don't agree with everything she said, and even if I don't agree with her friendship with Jeremy Johnson. That uh, that doesn't change that I think she's a good person and and a solid person in poker, and and I mean that, and that's why I felt very bad about this. I'm like, if it was a piece of crap in poker, we said this type of stuff about male or female. I'd say, okay, well, too bad. I don't care. But since this is a, a, a very decent person in the yeah. poker community. I didn't want to have that out there. So, okay. And, and by the way, one more thing. She's she's like a very big advocate of uh, tr- you know treating women well in poker, and and I, I agree with that too. I'm someone who's always personally treated women respectfully at the poker table. You won't find in my 20 years in poker even one instance of me ever uh, uh, being degrading or uh, or making sexual comments or anything like that to women at the table. The only time I've ever uh, uh, had any issues with women at the tables when they started up with me and said something nasty to me first, which doesn't happen very often, but there's been very few of those. But like, I treat everybody the same at the poker table, no matter what their gender is, no matter what their, uh, their race is, no matter what their sexual preference is. They're all just people at the table to me. And if they treat me well, I treat them well. And, and that's how, well, if, and if they don't treat me well, like then I don't treat them young well. Young lady, this lady is a, uh, an asset to the game of poker from what you're doing. I don't know who she is, so I'm just being, <laughs> I don't got the words in this race. Well, I mean, it sounds, it, what you're describing, she's an asset to the game of poker. Yeah, I mean, she's a solid person in the community who's never had any, any problem, and I think is that's, responsible that's and, an and, and a decent person. In, in yeah. this industry. Right. So, so that's, so, so I don't have to, I don't have to agree with everything they say or, or everything they stand for, um, to, to say that. And, uh, and, them either just being spiteful and silly right so i just want to put out that apology and and trust me it's very sincere i know she doesn't really know me but uh, if you ask people who know me i don't just put out bs like if i don't really believe in an apology i'm not going to make it 
So there you go. Anyway, uh, let's let's get going with some more pleasant material. Uh, the, uh, first of all, we have a call to listen line. That's a very maybe pleasant. Maybe if we dedicated the show to her a part of it, would that maybe show our sincerity? Probably not. If you put it, oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, okay, so there's a call to listen line. I can dedicate that to her. The Daniel Anderson call to listen line. Uh, it's it's for, a it's for a, June twenty seventh. We can't really. I'm sure we'll offend somebody by next week. Right, we but but it's, it's a number you can call to listen to the show from any phone. Does not require a a data plan. Does not require a smartphone or a computer or the internet. No, any phone you've ever owned in your life can call the call to listen line. 605-313-0736 is the number. 605-313-0736 to listen to the show. Never buffers, never freezes, just plays, and it works. Uh, Technically, if you were living behind in the Key West airport and you had a cell phone with government minutes on it, you could call and listen. Yes, if if, if, if Andrew Tolls has an Obama phone. I guess he can't now because he's in jail. But uh, if he wasn't, no, he's out. He oh, he's out. Okay, so I guess I guess he can listen. Okay, I guess he can yeah. listen then. Okay, so Andrew told now, if you Andrew told if you're having uh, issues like if right now you can't pay for internet, all you have is an Obama phone. You can listen to the show six zero five three one three zero seven three six or six four one seven four one one zero nine five. And if these are tough numbers to remember, which they are, then just go to the radio tab on Poker Fraud Alert, and they're listed right there for you. And as long as you don't have T-Mobile, they're free. T-Mobile charges one cent a minute because they're jerks, but that, everybody else makes it free. Over a million minutes have been listened to on the Call to Listen line. It's it's very well-liked and well-used. I, I get compliments on it from time to time. In fact, every World Series, I have people come up to me and mention the Call to Listen line and how much they like it. And this is something that was roundly mocked by people almost five years ago of course. when I was working Keep on talking. it. talking. Everyone's talking about Twitch this, Twitch that. No, landline telephone's where it's at. <laughs> but people, look, five years ago, they mocked me for this, and they said, what, is this the 80s? Who wants to call the listen phone number? I said, no, no, it's good. Trust me. No, 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 who'd ever use that? There's been more than a million minutes listened on it. More than a million minutes. Obviously, the thing is a, a rousing success, and, and I'm very proud of it, and that's why I must mention it on, on every show. Okay. Uh, let's let's get going with some real topics here. Now that we've gotten all this stuff out of the way, a lot, a lot of somber stuff here. I had to apologize for some uh, vulgar comments that especially don't go over well in 2020. I have to uh, mention an unfortunate death uh, of, of the of mo- the mom of a poker fraudulent radio co-host. These are not uh, pleasant things to have to start with. But let's get to something which we got anything else negative to talk about? Because let's get out now. Because I'm feeling some bad karma in here. Well, this is I guess this is uh, I don't know if this is positive or negative. I guess it's a positive development. But uh, I, I do have blood. Uh oh. Okay. Go, 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 let's get all go the ahead. Negativity out. Go ahead. Go ahead. What's my, the negativity now? My friend Joe left the golden nugget. So. The hookup there is over. Oh, no. Oh, no. For those that, that don't know what that means, <laughs> Trader Ruski's longtime host in Las Vegas, who he's followed from, what was the original property you followed him from? Well, I met him. His first place was Paris, but I met him when he was a craft dealer at the Mirage when we had a drink at the Dunes afterwards. Tell you how long ago that was. Wow. And then it led to the, the, led to the uh, Tropicana, correct? Yeah, well, yeah. First, to, first to uh, Las Vegas, Las Vegas Hilton, then Tropicana, mm-hmm. then Golden Nugget. We had a good what, run. Can you tell us? That, was it his choosing that he left, or is there parting of way? Like, what, what kind of? Can you tell us? Yeah, I think they, it sounds like they probably cut his role. I guess it might be because of the, cor- the coronavirus. It's just that they have less business there. Yeah. They have less need exactly. for hosts. Well, at the rate he's going from uh, the Las Vegas Hilton, the Paris Tropicana, Nugget, he'll probably turn up, I guess, with the Stratosphere next? Maybe El Cortez. 
No, but in all serious. In, in all serious, do you, does he have any? Uh, I mean, is he going to stay in the industry? What is he going to do? Yeah, well, he said he's going to be independent. I guess like managing players for different properties. Oh, that could actually be a good thing for you, Trader Ruski. If he becomes uh, an independent host, uh, sometimes they can access more than the ones affiliated with the property because they're, they're less, uh, they have less expectation on them. So they, they, they can sometimes do more for you. So that really means no more chart house dinners on the house, huh, Trader Ruski? I know, I Damn. know. We had a hell of a run, though. Yeah, I, I actually had uh, some of those dinners. I got, I got some of the benefit of that, too. So thank you. I had about six or seven of them. Yeah, I, I, I got some of this, too. So thank you, Trader Ruski. And it's unfortunate that era has ended. Wow, the coronavirus is just uh, ravaging everything. I know. Well, listen, Trader Ruski, just try to see if you can get a good job with a place that has a decent seafood restaurant. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm yeah. going to definitely try to get him over to the wind or something. Yeah. That would be perfect. Yeah, don't, don't, get, don't get the Venetian. I can't go there. Anything but the Venetian. Right. <laughs> it's funny. That, that, unless he can go in and overturn the. Uh, yeah, unless he can get it overturned. But that that would be the worst if he gets if he gets this dream job at the Venetian and then he gets Trader Ruski these insane comps and I can't be part of them. It's just I'm just shut out. We have to FaceTime you with videos of our lobster. That would be torture. Awful. That would be torture. Awful. Well, fortunately, I don't have any bad news. Um, have we even done the intro? Have you done the intro yet? Um, I, I've done enough of it. We're, we're gonna okay. we're gonna move on to a, a, our first topic, which is kind of a way related to what Trader Ruski just said. Nevada has ordered masks to be worn in public everywhere, including casinos, of course. So it, basically, anywhere in public, you now have to wear a mask. Which I, I was surprised, at least about the casinos, that this wasn't. The situation in the first place. I was shocked that the gaming commission even allowed the casinos to reopen. Or forget the gaming commission. I was surprised the state did. That the state government uh, said, "Okay, yeah, casinos can open and masks are optional." I was. I honestly didn't know this until someone sent me a video of their visit to Vegas on the first day it was opened, and there's people walking around with no mask. And I'm going, "What the hell? How is this possible?" Finally, Nevada has realized the error in their ways, uh, partially because there's already a lot of uh, COVID-19 illness that's spiking up everywhere, including there. And uh, so they've changed it. Before this, right before this was announced, or maybe knowing it was going to be announced, Caesars and MGM said, oh, yeah, we're going to require mask wearing at all our properties. We'll give out masks if you don't have them, but all of our properties in Nevada, you have to wear masks from now on. Caesars announced that, MGM announced that. Right after that, the state of Nevada announced that not just casinos, but any public place you have to wear a mask in that state. So I, I have a feeling that they heard about this at the casinos and just wanted to announce this first so they looked more responsible. Uh, the reason of course I be- they did it. They literally did it hours before the mandate came out. Right. Of course they did. Right. Like I, I, I put that out there on Twitter. I laughed at it too. I'm like, and you know, they send out mass emails to everyone. So like they would look like they're, you know, anticipate, you know what I mean? Like they would look like they're proactively doing amazing things. Yes. Yeah, they, they probably got a notice earlier that day. We're going to announce this later, so please prepare. Like, oh, shit. Hey, everybody, mass required now. <laughs> so so uh, I, I thought that this was eventually going to happen. This is not a surprise at all to me. The reason they didn't do it in the first place was clearly because they just wanted customers and they didn't want to dissuade people from coming. They didn't want to dissuade the anti-mask crowd from coming. So they, and also some people just kind of feel like they can't have fun if they're wearing a mask. 
it just feels weird to be going somewhere for fun and wear a mask while you were doing it. It's one thing like grocery shopping where you know you, it's just something you have to do, not something you No, it you also like feels it. weird being on a ventilator 24-7. Yeah, that would feel even weirder. So so I, I, I'm very much for this, and anyone who isn't for this just isn't being honest about the situation with the coronavirus. And uh, it's it's something that people really shouldn't object to. And something that people misunderstand is wearing a mask, especially a mask that's not N95, it's not really protecting you very much. It's protecting the other people around you. And so it's really something you're doing for everybody else and that you're expecting others to be doing for you. So if you're not wearing a mask, it's not so much, okay, well, I'm choosing not to wear it because I'm willing to take the risk. When you're not wearing a mask, you're actually putting others at risk. And you may say, well, I feel fine. I don't have it. You don't know that because the symptoms don't show up for a few days, sometimes more than a few days. And, and in fact, right before symptoms show up is when you're the most contagious from what they can see right now. So you can be walking around, feel 100% fine, and then be right on the verge of symptoms. And that is actually the time you're most contagious. So you, you don't want to do that. Even if you don't believe it, even if you think that the mask is BS and it's just some way the government wants to control you or some kind of uh, political message to screw Trump. I don't believe any of this, by the way. I, I don't have any agreement in those theories. I, I wear a mask when I go out in public. I, I don't, I'm not stupid about it. I don't wear a mask when I'm driving in my car by myself. I don't uh, wear a mask if I'm out in public and there's nobody around me anywhere I can see. Uh, I don't wear a mask if I'm hiking uh, out in the open. Like I don't, that I don't do. But if, if I'm going to go into anything, like when I want to go take my 80s dog into the vet because he had a urinary tract infection, I wore a mask the second I step, stepped out of hey, the let car. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. I've got to stop right here for a second. So just tell me. Try not to think too much into it. We're going to do like a celebrity, a, a movie star, or a musician, female. If you had to pick one who you just think is very attractive. I mean, just, you know, even though you're a, a taken man, you can still answer this. Who would you just name off the top of your head? Someone you're attracted to. Celebrity, someone in the, the news, the media, an artist, whatever it may be. Just name one for me, Todd. <laughs> I mean, you know, who, anyone, Taylor Swift, Jennifer Aniston, just pick someone you think is attractive. Um, well, There's a lot of them. I could, I could lame, name name. Well, Five right off my tongue. Let me think. See, I, I'm never one who's had like big crushes on celebrities, so that's. But it's that's, not a crush. It's just that you no, think but I know. Attractive. I think I'll notice it, but I don't really. Like, oh, she's hot. What? What? What is that beeping? Who's it's doing not the, me. Who's doing the Trader Ruski? Uh, you, you, you have bad, beeping. Boom. Okay, okay. Listen, we'll do Trader Ruski first, Todd. You can think. Trader Ruski, tell me someone, a musician, an actress, whatnot, who you find attractive. That's a public, you know, figure. Kate Hudson. Okay. Kate perfect. Hudson. Now listen, so Kate Hudson comes over right now assuming you're single, there's no Miss, Mrs. Traderuski, and you haven't seen her, you don't know what she's been doing. Kate Hudson comes over, she wants to make love to you right now. Are you going to wear a mask? This is real life, like right oh, now tonight. Oh, oh, wear a mask? Well, would you wear a mask? You don't know if she where she's been, if she's quarantined, if she's safe, yeah. if she's got the COVID? I'd wear a mask. I mean, I think the question is, would you bang her or not? Well, that's what you I'm, know, you're going to. But you're yeah, you're fooling around with her. Maybe not kissing, yeah. but some pet, some touching, some my pet, you know, petting. Are you are you wearing a mask? I'm probably not wearing a mask. Okay, I wouldn't be wearing a mask either. All right, so Todd, now who do you pick? Me and Trader Ruski with the awful. I, 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 I still have a, a pick for you. Kate Hudson's not a bad one. I haven't seen her recently, but when, when I when I saw her last, uh, she was attractive. But but I can say that. Uh, 
Um, so you're a single single guy, and she's coming over right now. You don't know where she's been. It's a girl of your dreams, and you don't have any. You know, maybe your your girlfriend's even giving you a pass and say you can have this one person. Would you wear a mask? Sadly, you, you know what? You know what's sad? You know, I've actually thought about this. I've thought about what if yeah. I've thought about what if what if I was single? I wasn't thinking about Kate Hudson or a, a hot celebrity coming over, but I was thinking about like if I was single. And knowing the coronavirus is not like going away in a few weeks, it's going to be around for a long time. If I was single, um, would I even date? Would I even like trust it? You know, could I trust uh, like like just kissing some new girl or, or being close to a new girl, having sex with a new girl? Or would I just be celibate until this is passed? And and I've thought about it. I thought, what would I do? And believe it or not, I think I actually am afraid enough of this virus that I wouldn't date, wouldn't have sex, just nothing. I just would. I just wouldn't do it, no matter who it was. So Kate Hudson would maybe get rejected. You tell her. Yes, I, I think stop so. I think. Me. Stop y- touching me. Yes, stop I would actually. I actually, no, I said, don't come over. I can't let you in. That's the sad thing. I actually thought like that's how much the virus worries me. That I actually have thought about if I was single and I had to meet someone new. Uh, the only way I think I would do it is if it was someone I knew took the same level of precautions as I did. Then I think I'd feel okay. So with like it. circa like nineteen ninety seven, ninety eight, Jennifer, a twenty three year old Jennifer Aniston shows up and she wants to do, you know, things with you. You're gonna send no, her I'd, away. No, I turn her away. I would turn everybody away. It's a sad thing. Unless, Even if and, she was there with Ross and Chandler and the whole bunch, you'd send them all away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, that's fair enough. All right. Well, what Move about you, Brandon? Would you would you would you uh, do it or would you just Me, say if it was somebody like that, where it's just a once in a I would probably. I'm not gonna lie. I probably would gamble. Sure. I mean, if it was Kate Hudson or like a, I wouldn't do it for a, a, a 50 something year old Jennifer Aniston, but if it, this was a pandemic in the nineties when friends were at, at its peak and yeah, I probably, Jenna, I mean, do you think Jennifer Aniston was pretty in the nineties? Find her attractive now? I mean, um, well, she looks good for her age now. Um, she obviously was, was better looking in the nineties. Uh, she, like I wasn't someone who thought she was as hot as some other people did. Uh, I, I, I found her attractive. Uh, and I think oh, you know, would right she now, be your choice though out of her uh, Courtney Cox or Lisa Kudrow back? I mean, I would assume she'd be your number one, no? Yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably probably one. I wasn't a Friends fan though. I was, I wasn't. I'm not, someone... I'm not talking about. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just mentioning separately. Yeah, I'm just mentioning separately. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, what? I, I would Jennifer Aniston, 1990, late 90s. Yeah, I would. I'm not gonna lie to you. I would. But I you, would just you, say, okay. You bring just, up a you good. Know. You bring up a good point, though. That uh, and I, I, I thought of, I thought about this about the dating thing. Like it's, it would be very tough to be dating right now if you're concerned about the coronavirus. It really would be, and I'm thankful that I'm not. You'd have to like pay for your mate to like isolate in, like in a hotel by themselves for 14 days yeah, before you brought them over. That's, I mean, right, really, what, I, that's, that's right what I had to do. I'd say, hey, would you like a hotel? Would you like a, a vacation on me for 14 days, but you can't leave the room? Jesus. Yeah, like I think I would just do without it. I think I would just. Uh... But no, I do agree. I'm, I wouldn't just meet some stranger and start a relationship. Now you're right because it's just yikes. Yeah, it's, I think we had 500 new cases here. I mean, it's it's you know the the, the thing is, and I I predicted this. I mean, I really did. I predicted this all along that I knew that it would get worse. I would, I would get as bad as it was and then obviously even worse than it was months ago. But they're at the point now where we just can't even shut down the country. No, you, know, you can't. It's, 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 we're way past that. We just have to do the best we can. It's very difficult. And, and the casinos, they I knew they were going to have a big problem because once they, they're going to start having the PR issue of uh, employees getting sick, which they already have. They, Caesars already had an employee die, which we'll talk about shortly. 
uh, who may or may not have gotten the coronavirus at work. It's very hard to tell because the virus doesn't say, hey, I gave it to you at work. And you, you don't know unless you've really done nothing except go to work, which I assume this guy probably went to the grocery store and other things. So who knows? He could have gotten it anywhere. Uh, but still, an employee from Caesars got it in June after they reopened and died. So he definitely got it after the reopening and he is now dead. So that is not very good. And I, I also heard a rumor that 17 people from the table games area of the Cosmo got the coronavirus. Nobody's died yet of those 17, but uh, the, the Cosmo admitted that two people, at least two, they said a few days ago. But I heard a rumor, this was not being confirmed anywhere, but I heard a rumor that 17 people from the table games area, I'm talking about employees, got were tested positive for the coronavirus. So as more of these stories come out, it's going to well, start looking the, more... The Whole Foods that I shop at here in Las Vegas, they had eight individuals from various departments get it. They had to shut down the store. Yeah. And as, as so, more yeah, of these we're going to keep come, hearing about these type situations, and and they're going to have to decide what to do because soon, not only are people going to start getting afraid to go there, but it's all there's going to be more and more pressure mounting to just close them. And as you said, it's a lot harder to close once you've already closed once and reopened. That's the hardest time to close. It's easier to close the first time. It's easiest to stay closed. Absolutely. And the hardest is reopen and then close again in the U.S. with the way the U.S. Uh, the way the U.S. population, the general attitude they have about things. They, it's very hard to, to put this back and then say, no, we're taking it away from you again, especially without an end point. See, if, if there was a cure, if there was a vaccine that was right down the line, if you could see it like by August 15th, we're going to have this totally under control and everything can go back to normal. Then people would be fine with whatever we do. But there's no end. They don't know how long could this be. It could be something that never gets better. It could be something that never had an effective vaccine. It can be something that it comes back every year in a different form like the flu does. It can be something that the vaccine just isn't that effective or we, we never really get one that's good enough to really even take. Or it could be that there's no cure, that once you get it, there really is no effective therapy against it especially uh, ones that keep you from getting like up to mid-level symptoms. I know they've come up with something that they say has brought down the deaths by about 30%, but that I, uh, yeah, we're gonna I just got to, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish. Sorry. No, no, I, I pretty much am done. Go ahead. I, I just got a text from a live listener, a live forum poster, uh, Matos, and he said, ask Druff what he thinks of the trend of people dating on Zoom now. And I assume he's being serious. I wouldn't even know if this is a trend, but it pro- I mean, I, I don't think he's being sarcastic. So, is, is Oh, that- yeah. That's a, well, that's a good question. That's a good question, Matos. Um, and I don't know. I've met Matos. I don't know if he ha- if he's with anybody currently. but um, He's got a, gr- a long time. Okay, well, that's know, good. He's fortunate. Recent, not recent, but a year, I don't know, something like that. Okay. Well, any, so anyone who's got a, a current you girlfriend. Know, from China, though. <laughs> Well, seriously. Anyone's got a girlfriend right now. As long as she doesn't have the corona, then uh, you're you're in good shape. But uh, I think the Zoom dates are so stupid. And this comes from a guy. It's real? There really are Zoom dates? Yes, there are. And and I think it's so stupid. I've heard about this, and I think it's so dumb. And this is coming from a guy who has met tons of women online and through the phone. So I think meeting that way is great. It's not for everybody, but I've always enjoyed that date going back to the 80s. But something that always bothered me even back then were people who just didn't want to take it to the next level and meet in person. There were some people who just liked having like phone relationships or computer relationships. And I say, no, that's a great way to start, but I wanted to fairly quickly get to we meet in person. And if you're not interested in that, 
then I don't want to continue. I, I've talked to girls online like that that just wanted to have like a phone relationship or a computer relationship with me, and I said absolutely not. And I've known guys that do that. The guys who just don't feel comfortable meeting in person. They'd rather just they'd rather have the computer relationship. That's never been me. So this is similar. Now I know there's a better reason for it because you don't want to get the coronavirus, but I would get nothing out of that. I would really get. No- in fact, it would just frustrate me to have Zoom dates with with someone that it could be a very long time until we actually meet. Again, if this was like just for a month, fine. But something that could go on a very long time, we can't actually see each other or touch each other, that would drive me crazy. It would be something I just, I, I couldn't do it. Well, what about you? Uh, I couldn't even get the app to work on Zoom. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm the least technical. I, listen, this is a true story. I'm going to tell this. It's going to embarrass me, but this is just how I am. I don't even care. So Trader Ruski, you know, has a job and he does some things that are on the internet, virtual, whatever. So one day he tells me, Hey, you should check this thing out. You know, we're having a meeting on something that might interest you. It's on Zoom. You should, you should participate. And at that point, this is like two years ago. I don't even know what Zoom is. So I'm like, all right, I'll download the Zoom. So I wake up, it's, you know, it's 11 in the morning is this thing. And I was up a little late, so I'm groggy. I have the Zoom thing downloaded. I'm just literally on the couch in my underwear, okay, and I'm about to watch this thing. And I don't even know that there's a, a camera that's going to be on me and everyone's going to see me. And I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting in my underwear. Like I'm literally just sitting in my underwear and, I, and everyone's on the screen or I didn't see it. That, so anyhow, he sends me a text. He's like, everyone can see you put on some clothes or something like that. And it was just hilarious. I, I've worried about that too. I've, I once had to use Zoom. Do you remember that, Trader Ruski? I sure do. All right. I, I've done these Zoom uh, Dodgers things they do every Monday where, where the Dodger players get on there and they're, they don't see you. Because there's like 10,000 people what on I them. I thought it would be. I thought, like, I don't think anyone's seeing me. Yeah, so, I'm not important. Why would I be on the, the damn app? But hey, I'm, I'm sorry, Trader Ruski, if I embarrassed you. I, I'm, like, so worried no, about it, okay. though. I mean, everybody's jumping on the Zoom bandwagon now. You know, it's good. Everybody knows I've been using it for many years. It was years. It was maybe even three years ago. It was a long time ago. So Trader Ruski was ahead of his time. But I, I've, been so, I've been so many? nervous with Zoom, like, even these Dodger things. Where I know there's like 10,000 people and I know they only enable people's cameras if they have permission. Like it's either one of the Dodger players or one of the guests. Sometimes they'll have like a guest who, who is a viewer that they previously uh, tell them they can be on for a little bit. So I know they're not going to just turn on my camera, but I, it just feels so weird to connect on Zoom with them that like I've been afraid – to like I've I've walked in the bathroom with it and I'm afraid like I'm afraid to whip out my dick and start peeing because I think like I wonder if somebody can see this like it's 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 uh I have this paranoia using it that I I just I can't get undressed I can't uh, do anything I wouldn't want people to see even if it's something like that. Should be doing Zoom from the Key West Airport for those Dodgers. Jesus, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and by well, the way, how do we know? How do we know there's no Marlins living in the airport? I mean, we haven't heard of any being arrested. That's true. We don't know. There could be some. I mean, we don't know for sure, but, you know. Hey, listen, you're right. The way Derek Jeter plays, you know, pays those players down there, maybe not. Yeah, they have, so many, they have so many minimum, um, major league minimum players there that uh, maybe they've blown through the money and they. Well, look, at least I like the fact that your 60 games, it's a 60-game season. Maybe we can talk about this later because at least you realize it's such a small sample size. Oh, I know. I know. Like, you know, I, I get it. They're greedy. They, I mean, you know, they have to play. You know, they, they got to get whatever money they can get. But 
this is going to be like the biggest asterisk season in the history of any sort of professional sport. It's almost ridiculous. Yeah. Like I was actually even thinking when whoever wins a World Series, obviously they're going to jump up and down. They're going to spray champagne. But in their hearts, are they really going to feel like they won the World Series? No. Like, I mean, there's no way it can. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll, just, we'll talk about know. this a little bit later. That's actually a topic we have on and the that, agenda. And remind me to talk about what – well, you know, I'll just say it real fast, real, real fast. The San Francisco Giants – or charging people the opportunity, I think it was $89, something like that, to put a cardboard cutout of you in the seats that you sit in <laughs> to be on TV. I'm not making this up. And I'm, it's for, it's less than a hundred bucks. I don't even know how you get the cardboard cutout, but this was on ESPN yesterday. Less than a hundred dollars. You could do a, 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 for a family of four, you can do a cardboard cutout of your whole family. Maybe even get the dog in there if you wanted to and have it displayed prominently during a game if your seats are that good is that the most insane thing you've ever heard of yes that's, okay that's it's true laughable. Thing, yeah but i did hear about that and one thing i actually <laughs> had a company we've been working on is like vr from these stadiums where then it could you could be seeing like a view from that seat you know that could be interesting I mean, you want to look in the fa- cardboard cutouts in the stands? That's that's nuts to me. Sorry. Right, but you as a fan, I know that's ridiculous. But you as a fan being able to like. I mean, uh, okay, so you're watching you're, you're watching Sunday Night Baseball, ESPN. Are you literally going to pay attention to the cardboard cutouts behind home plate? You know, I if, if I could get a poker fraud alert car- cardboard cutout that's an ad just for poker fraud alert and put it put it right on right behind home plate, I would do that for eighty nine dollars. I'd, I'd whip oh, out yeah, the Jew wallet. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Well, maybe we it's can like do something like guy. For, for that girl we offended. Maybe get <laughs> her card cut out. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. okay. Well, uh, so so anyway, going back to the thing with with uh, the the masks and the and the reopening, there's there's just I don't know what kind of medium term uh, future that the casinos have. So now everybody has to wear a mask. There's no question anymore. There's the bad press that's just going to increase with more and more people getting sick there. Right now we're hearing about employees, but soon we're going to start hearing of people who are guests that get the coronavirus. I'm sure there's some already. We just haven't heard about them, and some of whom end up dying, especially the older ones who are more likely to die. So uh, how long until there's enough bad press from this to where it just starts to look like a place you just don't want to go, or the state just shuts it down. And it's going to be a very tough decision, especially because they have to think about the long term. They can't just say, okay, we'll shut down for a few weeks and hope things get better. I think they know that the, the way it looks right now is the way it's going to look for a while. And whatever decision they have to make now is something they're going to have to stick with for a while. I mean, they don't have to, but they probably realistically know that anything they're doing now as far as shutting down will be what stays until there's a massive change in the status of the coronavirus, which I don't see coming anytime soon. And that's really going to be a tough decision. And I don't know what they're going to do in a place like Las Vegas that is kind of a single-note economy. Uh, Brandon, do you have any guesses of what's going to happen here? I mean, well, they're going to plow forward. There's no choice. I mean, they're just going to have to deal with everything on a a, basis, like as it comes to you know basically they're just gonna have to deal with everything as it comes i mean there's not not a, a policy there's not a manual on this um they're just gonna have to make adjustments you know maybe close down restaurants departments things that you know where clusters show up until there's deep cleaning and people get healthy uh, i mean there's no other way 
You, I mean, they're not going to go back and shut things down now. I thought that they opened up a little bit too early, but I realized, you know, it's been three months. Like, what are you going to do? You know, you, you got to wait. Uh, I mean, you can't wait much longer. Um, well, I am waiting but, too much good. That's the problem is if whatever yeah, they sure. wait, it's just, it's just postponing the inevitable unless sure. there's something coming very soon to where there's going to be a major game changer with the virus, which I don't see happening that soon. And that's the problem. I think the amount I mean, of time. Blame, I don't blame the casinos. I, you know, listen, like I said, the few times that I've been in them, it, 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 they're semi-ghost towns. So I think it's it's going to be predictable that and i said this last week at some point my prediction was by thanksgiving you're gonna start to hear about some of these casinos that are just not solvent anymore that they're gonna be you know declaring bankruptcy or, or, or other measures um i mean i don't i don't see how they're especially a casino like the, the venetian or palazzo like i, I get it you know their their owner is very very well funded they have plenty of money but they they're following the law to the like you know just exactly the way it's supposed to be you walk in there every other machine at minimum is off and they they have so many employees tons of employees cleaning it i'm sorry i know you don't like the venetian but just being honest i mean they it was a friday i think i don't know it was maybe noon whatever there's four table games open i mean four games four games you know the slots were maybe five percent full you know and that's a that's a deep rooted you know seated company with a lot of money behind it what are these smaller companies going to do so i there's no choice we're definitely not going to close we're just going to do the best they can and you know i think a a, a decent telltale sign and it's going to be interesting to see is a lot of these or maybe almost all these resort casinos are banking on fourth of july being big they are mass marketing. I mean, I can't go an hour without checking. I, I live here. I can't go an hour without checking my email, without getting an email from, sorry, Trader Risky, you know, Golden Nugget or <laughs> the Mirage or Blanche. I mean, some casino trying to get me in, whether it's, uh, you know, a free room or, or discounted room, discounted food, something, you know, fireworks, whatever it may be, um, to try to get me in there. So they're all banking that the, this next weekend, you know, a week from now, it's, it's going to be massive. It's going to be huge, 4th of July. And I'm actually kind of curious to, to see how it's going to be. Now, the the, the, the fact that uh, MGM is opening up new casinos to cover the demand would make me think that they know what, what they're expecting, you know, because of obviously reservations. The fact that they're going to be opening up uh, Mandalay Bay and – Four seasons inside Mandalay Bay, and I think it's, it's either the Excalibur or the uh, Luxor. One, I don't know whichever one isn't open. They're opening one of those two as well, and you know they believe they have the demand. So anyhow, that will be real interesting next week to see. I mean, if it's a ghost town next week, then we're really in trouble because then there's going to be nothing more till the end of the summer. I mean, there's no other big events. You know, there's nothing that's going to bring in a crowd. You know, so yeah. well, I, I, uh, I, what are they going to do about? The fireworks, because by me, there's a fireworks display that happens every year on the 4th of July. And uh, strangely enough, what I've been doing every year was our housekeeper happens to live in the perfect spot to see the local fireworks. So she actually had invited us like every year to come over and watch them. That's, that's where we usually were on 4th of July if I wasn't in Vegas. to We watch the fireworks at where our, housekeep, our housekeeper lives. But... Um, this we, this year, there's no decision we have to make whether we want to watch them or not because they have been canceled because of concerns about people crowding together to watch them. So what are they doing in Vegas regarding fireworks, and how are they preventing people from gathering in huge crowds and sickening each other? You know, I don't know. It's a, it's a very good question. Just looking real fast on uh, one of the local news sites here, Summerlin is going to be hosting a parade. Uh, that's a little enclave of 
Las Vegas, west of the Strip, on the 4th of July, the 26th year in a row. It's called the Patriotic Parade with Fireworks. Station Casino is going to be shooting off fireworks from their marquee of Red Rock, as well as their other marquee property, Green Valley Ranch, which is in Henderson. Um, they're going to be doing 4th of July fireworks in the evening. The plaza is going to be the casino downtown, shooting off fireworks from its roof at 10 p.m. on the 4th of July. And the uh, annual... Rockets over the river, which is in Laughlin, is going to be at nine thirty, uh, where they shoot rockets. I'm not sure or rockets. They shoot fireworks. I'm not sure which casino over the Colorado River. Um, it doesn't really. And I'll, I'm sorry, in Mesquite as well, which is near the Utah border, they're going to be doing the same thing at nine o'clock out of the uh, Eureka. That's funny. They're doing it out of the parking lot <laughs> in Mesquite. <laughs> it's like in the Eureka parking lot. It's pretty funny. Um, but I don't know. There's nothing on here, and I haven't really heard much about how they're going to prevent people from gathering. And I'm, I can't really even confirm anything about the strip. If there's going to be, you know, normally they'll fire something off the stratosphere, because so that's kind of, you know, halfway between the strip and downtown. And then they'll fire something off the Treasure Island or MGM somewhere on the strip. So you can see them kind of going both ways. Yeah, they shoot like um, six, like four, three or four of them on the strip. Uh, one's over Caesars, one's over, uh, I think maybe the MGM. I think one's over the Cosmo. They have uh, yeah. various ones, so no matter where you are on the strip, you can see a few of them at least. And, sure. And like I, I, w- I would stay in Caesars, and of course I couldn't see the ones being fired right over my head, but I could see very well the ones down the strip to the south uh, because I'd be facing south. And uh, but I'm just uh, there'd be massive crowds. I'm looking now. There's nothing, so I'm going to assume maybe there isn't anything on the strip this year because I don't see. Yeah, there were massive any, crowds. Any promotion, and I'm sorry. Also, just so I don't leave them out, the M Resort. Uh, which is on the south side of the Strip, they're going to be doing a show at 9 o'clock as well. Yeah, and there were massive crowds on the Strip. I mean, it was just something that I, I wouldn't even want to be part of again, even if there was no coronavirus, just from the massive crowds that, there. That and obviously New Year's Eve are the two most congested times of people just everywhere, you know, in the middle of the Strip to watch the fireworks for both occasions. By the way, so. I just want to mention something unrelated to this, but it's just staring me in the face because I'm on a... a the KTNV website about the Caesars employee who passed away. And I'm getting these targeted ads and I see these on Facebook too. I did something to make the, uh, the whatever algorithm they use to figure out uh, what ads to serve me. I did something to make them think that I am a middle-aged woman. <laughs> Are you I getting female products. I now? get, I no, I get constant ads from places selling, women's clothing that's aimed at middle-aged females and it doesn't look like it's aimed at uh, at tranny so i don't think they believe i'm a tranny or a crossdresser these are like they're showing women wearing these and uh and the reason i know it's aimed at middle-aged women not only the styles kind of look like ones that are more likely to be worn by women my age but also uh, like they even show some t-shirts like i'm not old i'm just a classic like there wouldn't be like 25 year old women listen it could be worse. I'm, from what I'm hearing on the wire here, all the middle-aged baseball fans in the Bay Area are getting cardboard cutout advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> so so we... listen, Druff, I, I don't mean to cut you off here, but we're, we kind of have a, a, a time-pressing issue. Oh, we do. Um, we do. It has to be right, yeah, right now. Uh, okay. I, I, we're going to make a phone call. Did you text me I the number? I text you a number. Okay. I told him 11.05, and I'll let, you, I'll let you give the description of what we're about to do. Okay. By the way, tra- tra- All I'll say is, we're, you know, I, I, just like myself, who I've been on a little bit of a hiatus, there's another guest that's going to come on that's been on a hiatus like myself as well, but it's going to come back tonight for the first time in a yes, little bit. Yes, yes. By the way, Trader Ruski, I, I apologize for not putting you on faster. I, I, Trader Ruski texted me before uh, I put him on. 
And uh, bitches. I, I apologize for not uh, being as prompt with getting Trader Ruski. We, we we did a little bit of the show before slapping Trader, Trader Ruski on. What what happened, Trader Ruski? Just to let you know. Are you, are you here, Trader Ruski? I'm here. Okay. What happened? I'm going to explain it to you. The reason we didn't put you on at the beginning was that. Uh, now, now I have to admit to some technical fail. The beginning of the show, I actually was broadcasting to nobody. Again, because if it I'd wasn't been, for me, you wouldn't have even known. Right, I wouldn't even have known. So, so I was broadcasting this. Um, I had been messing with some settings on, on the radio for reasons I won't get into. And to do this, I was doing test broadcasts that I didn't want every, everyone to hear. So I made a broadcast that nobody could hear, and I never put it back. I keep doing this. I keep making mistakes where like, I screw around with things and I forget to put it back. So I was broadcasting the very beginning of the show to nobody, and then Brandon's sitting, 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 waiting to come on, and he's hearing nothing. So I'm wondering like, why he's calling my cell phone. And uh, and so I, I didn't take the call. I'm like, doesn't he hear I'm on the radio? Why, isn't he calling my, why is he calling my cell phone? Then he calls Skype. I rejected the call, called him back, and he says, are we on? I said, yeah, we're on. He says, well, why isn't it show? And I go, oh, crap, because I – Radio light wasn't blinking. Yeah, the radio light wasn't blinking. It wasn't broadcasting to anybody. I was really broadcasting to nobody. So the entire point I had done up till then, nobody could hear, nor did it archive. So Brandon was already on with me, so I quickly changed it to where it was broadcasting correctly. Then I turned on the show, and Brandon was already on with me. So I usually have the routine where I start off welcoming everybody to the show, and then I connect on whoever's on Skype. This time, I already had Brandon on, and all I could think about was how I screwed up before, and, and, and I momentarily uh, forgot to connect Trader Ruski. And, and then, then you had to do the apology again to the girl, so it was just – it was a – was yeah. Well, no, but he was on by that point. He was, he was – he, we put him on uh, right before. Oh, you didn't we, have to do two apologies to her? I thought maybe you did. No, no, no. no I didn't go that long, fortunately. I, I, I oh. went. Thankfully, you tried to call me. Otherwise, I could have gone a very long time before realizing it. So, anyway. we got to call our friend now. Okay, we got to call our friend here. So, I'm going to call him. Can you explain what we're doing, or do you want to? Uh, so, yes, we're going to have the return of a beloved segment to this show. Welcome to the Monocom Minutes with Monocom. Yes, it's the Monocom Minute, and I, this is a very popular segment on the show. It, it's been a pretty short time since we last did it, but people have been asking for it again. So, of course, I have to do it. So, we're going to bring Monocom back to do his sports picks. And uh, catch up with him. Yeah, we're going to catch up with him. And look, I know there's not a lot of sports going right now, but Menachem is so on the ball here that <laughs> he handicaps whatever sports are available. So that's. R- Russian ping pong. My he, he knows everything. Nope. the most action. You got to blast it when we get him on the air. <laughs> All right. That's okay. good. That's good. That's good. Get ready to play it as soon as we get the kiddo on the air. We're going to put him on here. Hopefully he's here after this whole buildup. Well, he'll be here. Kid's been handicapping all day for us. Good evening. Welcome to the Monocom Minutes with Monocom. Monocom, welcome to the show. This is Poker Fraud Alert Radio, of course, as you're very familiar. Uh, it's, it's been a few weeks since you've been on here, so I, I understand if, if you may have forgotten. But uh, we, we definitely want to get your crack sports picks because that's something that a lot of people can use. A lot of people are out of a job. They, they haven't been able to gamble very much. They, just, they really want something that can win for them, and I know you've uh, reliably yep. produced in the past. Uh, Monocom, it's Brandon. How you doing, buddy? Great, Brandon. How are you, man? 
I'm good. Let me tell you, uh, just in case, you know, it's been a couple weeks, and uh, Todd Dandruff would tell us, who you've talked to many times before, he's the host. The other guy that, member got arrested that was in his underwear, he's not with us now on the show, so it's just going to be the two okay. of us. Remember? You know the guy in the underwear that got arrested? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I, think, Islands? I, think, yeah. I think I'm relatively familiar with him. Yeah, okay. So he's just me and Todd now, and, and you know, we're... Wanted to check in. Like I said, it's been a while. There's a pandemic going on. Now, the last time we, we had talked, I guess you were probably, I think, what uh, fourth or fifth grade. What? what where are you? Where are you now in your education? I'm. Uh, I'm a senior. I'm a senior in college. I've, oh I've moved on. I started start, started studying for the LSAT, applying to law schools, making money plays, doing big moves. Why? Well, you know, you know, you I don't know. He's, he sounds a little bit different. Something about him has changed. But I'm not, not sure what it is. There's just something about his voice that is not quite the same it's as it was. Deeper, I think. Yeah, it's a little bit deeper than last time, and uh, yeah, I, I think maybe <laughs> some things have occurred in his life that would leave him at a little bit of a different stage than when we last talked to him, which is surprising in such a short time. But nevertheless, uh, we would like to hear from him and what he's been doing. So, so you're applying to law school, and uh, ha- have you been doing the the sports handicapping still? Yeah, yeah, I do. I actually, uh, I do uh, two uh, two main sort of sports handicaps. I've been betting the ponies since they started coming back on. Uh, I, had a, I had a wonderful uh, friend who taught me how to bet bet the ponies and understand horses as athletes. And I've been playing the stock market a little bit. Hmm. Oh. And uh, during our pre-show interview, you also mentioned what your future aspirations are or want to be. What What do you? Uh, when all is said and done, where do you see your career going in about five, seven years, maybe? Oh. Hopefully, uh, I'm going to graduate law school and become a wonderful, wonderful sports agent. It's been a dream of mine for a while, and through these last few weeks, I've just really, the dream started to revolutionize, and it's coming along swell. Imagine what will happen one day when Menachem takes over for Scott Boris. And but Can you imagine the hookup we'll get? Like We'll actually be able to get LeBron James's kid on, because Menachem is his agent. <laughs> Bron- Bronny's coming, boys. Bronny's coming, boys. He is. He is. Now, Monacom, what have you been doing, uh, dur- I guess, during this pandemic? You said horse racing is still going, so you can wager on that. What other kind of things are you wagering the last three or four months? I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been wagering everything they, ha- they have to offer. You know, some, some freaking virtual racing, some chess. I, I, yes. I, I've been on sumo wrestling, you know, just whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever I can find. And now, Monacom, we have a third host on. Uh, you've never met him. Um, Trader Ruski, would you please kindly introduce yourself to Menachem? What's happened to Menachem? Now, now Menachem, my book said that uh, Russian ping pong seems to get the most action right now. Do you know anything about it the is, Russian it is. ping it's getting, pong? It's, it's getting a lot. It's getting a lot of action all over the place. You know, we're trying to we're trying to find we're trying to find the right numbers. As you know, the gambling market obviously for us, Russian ping pong it's big, but there aren't a lot of sharps, so the lines move pretty frequently once you place a big wager so it's very key when you're playing russian ping pong to know how to line shop because if you don't know how to line shop you miss your number it's a big ball of gone now he's talking about line shopping for those of you that don't know he means looking at the different sports books that offer the odds and betting on the one that's that's the best and that if you don't do that then you're going to be in trouble hmm. yeah not, yeah I've never in even fact looked at it is it what do you is it like how many they win by, or money line, or a combination of both, like hockey? No, it's actually so. There, so there are two ways to bet it, right? So there's there's the over under on points scored, which is quite <laughs> literally quite literally one zero two zero. There's the over under on points scored, and then it's total sets. 
So total sets one. So there'll be just like there's in football, there's a minus three, a minus two. One person or Jesus. one team will be favored by a certain amount of sets. This kid's much smarter than the last time we had him on. I gotta yeah, he's a little more advanced than before. <laughs> in ping pong, is it like you got to win by two still? Isn't isn't that how it goes? You can't win by one. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You do. You do still have to win by two games. Games to twenty one. Best seven. All right. Well, since we're talking about ping pong, we'll, I'll start you off with an easy one. Um, in about thirty minutes, actually, this starts. So we'll, you know, it's, it's in Russia now. Ying Demic. Ying, Y-I-N-G, Demic. He's a minus-120 favorite over Pavel Pozinski in the Russian Moscow Pro League. Again, Ying, Demic is minus-120, Pavel's minus-110. Do you see value in this match? And can you tell us how you see this match? I actually do see value. I actually do see value. My man Pavel coming off a hot win streak and... He is on home court. Yes, there is not fans, but being in his home, playing in Russia, being comfortable through this pandemic, being able to stay home to practice, and 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 he's he, he's a slight underdog at minus at minus one ten, and those those odds they're some some of the best. I did see it earlier at minus one hundred five on five dimes, but uh, since you're telling me it has moved, so I'll trust it. All right, that's great. You're, you really know your stuff. Now, getting to a, a sport we I don't think we've ever talked about, but I know that you followed. Tomorrow morning in Romania, Alexander Griskov is playing Ines Giri in the Romanian Master Chess quarterfinal. Again, Alexander Gershkuk is plus 200. Anish Giri, minus 250. This is chess in, uh, in Romania. Uh, Giri, minus 250. Is that the play, or do you like Grishkov plus 200? You know what? For this one, I've, stu- I've studied a lot on this because it, not often in chess you get such good odds on an underdog with him actually being able to win it. You know, sometimes there, there obviously there are various different styles of chess. Some people play aggressive. Some people play, some people play a little bit looser. Some people play a little bit tighter. But Grishkov, he plays a real, a real aggressive style, a real pressing style, really, really in your face. And when you're an underdog, you know, sometimes you got to be able to take risks, and he t- and he takes a lot of risks on a lot, a lot of risks on the chessboard. Kind of looks like one of those old hustlers in New York and uh, Central Park that you'd see YouTube videos of. So plus two hundred here, golden. Perfect. I'm going to ask you one more, and then I'll let my two other esteemed co-hosts uh, ask you any sports advice that they may have or any picks they want you to analyze. Now, we talked in the pre-show interview. You mentioned lacrosse to me, and believe it, I don't know anything about lacrosse, but I'm looking here on William Hill. This is true now. You know, just for people that don't know, I'm not making this up. I'm looking on William Hill right now, and they're listing the odds to win the 2020 uh, Premier Lacrosse League, and this is all in money lines. And I'm seeing the Water Dogs plus 900, Chrome plus 800, Atlas plus 550. Now, you mentioned again in the pre-show interview that you do actually handicap and follow lacrosse. Do you know about this Premier League? And if so, who would you say right now with ranges from plus 300 all the way up to plus 900, where is the value? So there are two main things about lacrosse. What a lot of people don't understand is is it is a burgeoning sport in America. And what this lacrosse league's done is they sort of ta- they sort of take in sort of like uh, like a UFC type style uh, business model. They go from place to place to place, and they play because the lacrosse base. You might not get a very big hometown, for example. A lot of fans. Uh, spread across different parts of America. And last year was their first year. This year's, this year's their second year. They're playing on July 25th through August 11th, I believe. 
and they are on NBC Sports and NBC during the Olympic window, so very, very easily watchable. And this is the first year they've been doing betting. And I watched the league last year, and through quarantine, I was able – they offered all the games for free, and I was able to watch a lot of film and study up. I watched college across. I've been seeing these players play for a while. You know, I don't think there's a lot of people that really study the game like me, and I think there's a lot of value. Personally, I think the two main values, if you're looking for a big-money play – you're looking for a night. You're looking for nice odds on an underdog. I love, love the Atlas. Great face-off guys. Awesome Plus five fifty. Plus five fifty and William Hill, folks. That's that's a pretty long awesome, odds. Wow. And an and, awesome, and what's your awesome second one? defense. Okay. My second one is the Archers. The Archers are. I don't I think the last time I checked they were nine to two, but I'm not sure about oh, yeah, that. Yeah, plus four fifty. T- How do you know that? I mean, this is a I, seriously. I'm not coaching him, folks. I swear he doesn't even know I was going to ask him about this. I haven't sent him the odds. He knows the odds to the fucking archers in the Premier Lacrosse League. I swear. I swear <laughs> in my mother's life, I'm not making this up. They're, they're nine to two. They're plus yeah. four fifty. That's ins- I mean, we adapt. Us, us, pro, us, us sports gamblers, we adapt. You know, when when our basketball and our baseball and our easy odds leave. And our college basketball, you know, we find we find other so, leagues. There's always so the re- there's always good good lines out there. And and for smaller leagues like this, with not a lot of information and not a lot of casino advantage, this league is a great way to make your money. So the archers again, Monocum is advising the archers plus four fifty and the and the Atlas plus five fifty. And just so we do know, there's always a folks like you know, no offense, Trader Ruski, the total DGENs that are going to put a hundred on the water dogs, which are the biggest dogs at plus nine hundred. Would you? Why would you advise against someone like Trader Ruski putting any money on the plus nine hundred water dogs? Or would you not? Well, the water. Well, the water dogs this year they're actually a new team. So last year they played with eight teams. This year they're playing with nine teams. And they don't have as much roster continuity, a lot of new coaches, a lot of new time and with a shortened season and the very small training camp. They're not going to be able to go up these teams who have been working, who have been working out by themselves and practicing a lot together for months on end. So in a sport wow. like if, 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 if it was a one-off game and you're choosing, you're choosing them in a one-off game, yes, maybe they have a shot. But to win the whole thing, to win a championship in lacrosse, it really is a team game. You really need all three, your midfield, your attack, and your defense working together. And I just don't see it from the water dogs this year because of the lack of training camp. So I would personally advise against it, and I think your best bet is taking the Atlas or the Archers. Wow. Very, I, very I detailed That's information. Rough. Go ahead. Okay, well, actually, I, I, I'm, really, I'm thoroughly impressed. I, I am, too. So I, what I'm going to do, I'm going to, since this is not about uh, – American sports, this question. I, I'm going to. Well, we don't have any American sports. Uh, that's what I'm really. saying. I, I'm going to bring this over to somebody else who can uh, ask better. Uh, hello, Ken and Nigel Fabersham here. I'm pleased to make your acquaintance. Um, uh, I'd like to know about um, football. I'm talking about, of course, uh, the real football, the one in uh, the UK, not the uh, the one you call football, which is with this um, strange uh, ball which doesn't even roll. Um, uh, do you have any uh, knowledge of that? Uh, I, I have some uh, particular interest in uh, in the match between uh, uh, Bournemouth and uh, Newcastle. And um, do, do you have you been following uh, UK football, or is this something that uh, you have uh, no interest in? So lucky for you, I am, I am actually a big football fan. I've been, I'm a fan of Tottenham Hotspur, <laughs> and I've been a us. fan of Tottenham Hotspur, been a fan of Tottenham Hotspur ever since I've been eight years old. So for me, for somebody who bets on sports, follows sports every day, losing sports for four months, you know, I, I had to find other ways. And when soccer came back, or football as, as, as us natives call it, it was like a dream. 
And yes, I've been following it very well. I've been handicapping it a lot, and I found advantages in the in the way they play because of the pandemic. So the main advantage is, first, I would like to say a lot of the unders are going to be hidden. And usually for a soccer game, the under the, the over under is two and a half. And the reason why a lot of these unders hit is because what people what people need to realize with this, specifically the Premier League schedule, is these athletes haven't been playing four months. And now they're playing nine games in some 36 days. So if you do the math, they're playing a game every two, every three to four days. And for most people that don't know, soccer players run anywhere between seven to 11 miles per game. So if you can imagine running a half marathon every four days when you've taken four months off from doing it. So what happens is in the later stages of the game, there's a lot, a lot of tired legs. There's a lot, a lot of lagging around. It's a way, slow, it's a way, way slower pace. So there's a lot, a lot of advantages on the unders. I've hit very many unders, and I would recommend for most games that you watch, the unders are usually a pretty good bet unless a team known as Man City is playing. They've been the, or Liverpool. They've been the two highest scoring teams in the league. And the pandemic has not stopped them. But in a game like Newcastle Bournemouth, where there is actually a relegation scrap for those people who don't know the way soccer leagues work is the top, the, the top three teams qualify for something called the Champions League and the bottom three teams get relegated. So the last place teams actually have a competition and the competition is to stay in the top league. And there's a relegation scrap between Bournemouth and Newcastle. Newcastle is towards the bottom. So I would, I would take the money on Newcastle because I, I believe Newcastle is going to come out wanting to play, wanting to win, wanting to stay in the league. All right, uh, that that's, uh, makes uh, good. good. It makes it makes good sense. Uh, now uh, I've seen these draw bets. Uh, you, you can a lot of people don't realize with football you have to bet. Uh, you can bet on uh, one side or the other. Of course, you can do the over under, but we're not we're not discussing this, even though you did. Um, but I'm. I'm talking about at the moment, if you're going to bet on one side, the other, and then there's also the draw, which many people in the States, they, they don't have familiarity with this because they tend to bet on one side or the other, and if it's a draw in some way um, in the sports they bet on, then it's just they get the money back. But there's actually three separate bets at, at most books uh, regarding football. And uh, so, so would you say that a draw has a um, any kind of value for the reason that uh, there's going to be less scoring, which makes a, a draw more likely? So there is value in the draw market, but it is very, very scarce value. And the reason why is because the Premier League is a type of league that is very, very fast. The players play very fast for 60 minutes past the pandemic, and then they slow down. So what happens is some of these teams will come out against the faster team and sit back and park the bus and play a lot, a lot of defense. And it benefits a team because they don't have to run as much, and they have more power in their legs. So it's very, very – it's ticky-tacky, right, because every game you play – every soccer game you play, a team has ambition of winning. But what American sports fans don't understand is that football itself is not all about the scoring. Sometimes it's about the pass. Sometimes it's about the defense. Sometimes it's about a goalkeeper save. So if you can find a team that's in the middle of the table – the table is, is what they refer to as the standings – in the middle of the table and doesn't necessarily have anything to play for, then a draw is a good bet. But if there's a team like Newcastle and Bournemouth where there's a relegation scrap, a draw isn't necessarily the best bet because the team does still have some ambition. All right. I understand what you're saying. You know, the, the more motivation sure. they have, the less likely they are to, sure. to end up to a draw. All right. Uh, that's, that's a rather um, sensible answer there. I'm, I'm no. glad that um, I got Trader my... Trader Ruski, 
do you uh, do you have we got to you know this kid has to get up early tomorrow because there is lacrosse on Sunday mornings. Do you have anything you want to ask? Any betting advice? Any sports uh, I, that are outside? I do US? have a question. Sure, absolutely. So I was watching it on. Um, I guess NBC 220 on, on uh, DirecTV the other night. It was the Paralympics wheelchair rugby. Ooh, I think I saw the end of that. Who was, it was playing? It was great, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. It was. Uh, U.S. against Australia. It was okay. I, didn't, I didn't know that existed, but... It, it actually does. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it really it was so what's your question from Ockham? How to handicap it? Well, what does he, he know anything about it? I don't know. It seemed like an interesting it's, sport. It's a para, it's a, it's like a, it's a wheelchair rugby league. Is that what it is, correct? Well, no, it was, it was the Paralympics. Okay, but it, it was, the sport was rugby. Yeah, what's the was, question? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, it was, well, if, if, if people are betting this wheelchair rugby, I guess that's my question. Oh, okay. Can you bet wheelchair rugby, I guess is the question, Malcolm. I don't believe you can bet wheelchair rugby, unfortunately, because some of these some of these very I'll use the word different sports leagues don't different. have they don't have enough money for stats keepers, and when they don't have enough money for stats keepers, the casino can't run their mathematical analytics and determine based on simulations which team has a better advantage for odds. So for wheelchair rugby, because they don't have these stats, they do not offer odds. Now, does everyone have to use the same kind of wheelchair? Like, or is it can like one guy have like a Mercedes or a high end one and that is faster than, or is it all the same? I don't know. I mean, I'm being serious. Is or do, no? Do they have uh, the, all? the wheelchairs yeah. the wheelchairs are sanctioned by the league, so they okay. are prescribed sure. to the teams by the league. So there aren't necessarily any specific advantages for one wheelchair versus another. Brilliant. What was the for, chance? What was the chance absolutely. that we would end up talking about wheelchair rugby as a possible handicapping option uh, before 2020 started? Can't really say handicap. I think it's disabled. Or no, it's not disabled. It's handicap, is it? I've always forgotten. Yeah, well, no, yeah, could you handicap yeah, handicap people? That's the question. Yeah. No, but can, can you handicap the handicapped? That's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Well, he says no because of the stats keepers, which makes I know, sense. That's too bad. They can't afford the stats. Hey, Menachem, listen, you're awesome. I, I, I mean, Brandon, a, hold on. Did you yeah. not see Menachem on, like, Fox Sports doing this No, this show guy is brilliant. I, I mean, I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to stay I'll closer. I'll send a clip to my friend. This guy's brilliant. executive of Fox Sports. I mean, he's a lot Can different than the last time we had him on. Totally. I mean, yeah. Uh, so, Menachem, anything else? Do you have a girlfriend right now? Any? any uh, what else would you like to share with our listeners? Because I think everyone's blown away. Uh, I, I don't even know what to say. This is a great segment. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the unfortunately the girlfriend department has been has been a little dry. But my my big statement to you all, my final statement would be: as everyone knows, this is a poker players podcast. And recently, I, I've been playing I've been playing poker for a while, and I've had the opportunity during this time to really study. And I think that that's something that gets taken away from this generation is people just want to play, people just want to play, people just want to play. And because poker, the way the game is, you really, really, really have to study. You have to understand odds charts. You have to read GTO, a lot of GTO. So I would recommend just take this time and get yourself better about poker. Jonathan Little, uh, two-time World Series champion, has hundreds of thousands of hours of free coaching tutorials on YouTube. I'd recommend watching those. They really, really advanced my game. So really? Menachem, are you, uh, are you going to be playing in the World Series of Poker, or the online version that starts in four days? Yes, I, I actually am. I, I, satellite, I satellite into, I believe, a $350, tournament, $350 World Series of Poker tournament, but I'm not, I'm not sure the exact tournament that I was able to satellite into, but yes, I will be playing. 
Okay, good. awesome. Well, will you come back on again? Hey, I'll just... buy a, I'll buy a piece of Anakim if he wants to. Sell <laughs> Anakim, if Trader Ruski's offering, Trader Ruski's offering to. Yeah, Trader Ruski's offering to buy some of your action. So if you're in, and, and Trader Ruski's a, a great guy, stand up guy. So if you're inter- interested in that, text me off air, and I'll put you in touch with Trader Ruski, and he'll send you some money, and you know, buy twenty percent, ten percent of you if you just want to even do that. He might not even want to do that. He's so brilliant. I don't know. But if, if you're interested, <laughs> Monocle, you you I'll, have talk, I'll have to talk, talk it over with my lawyer first. <laughs> Monocle, will you come back you on in a, in a few weeks anything, when we get some? Anything, Anytime you want, I would love to. I would love to give the listeners an extra taste, extra value. There's nothing better than taking money from the casino and us, us, us sports gamblers. You know, we're all big, one big unit, one big family. Oh, well, true very story. Good. Very true good. True story. Ian, the the one guy in the island that you know got arrested in the underwear. We took Monocom out when he was ten years old into the, some empty parking lot and let him drive his, <laughs> the car. Do you, do you remember that, Mike? Do you remember that Monaco when we took you out for driving lessons that one how day? Could, how how could, how could I ever forget? You know, as a as a ten year old, you get so you get so excited, you get to drive the car. And <laughs> he was ten, and, and Mike Hunt, Mike Hunt let him drive his car. He was 10, <laughs> like fully in charge of the car too. <laughs> yeah, Menachem, we don't get uh, people your age on here all that often. We, this is kind of an old people show. So the question I have for you: Are you worried at all about uh, catching the coronavirus, or do you feel at age twenty one it's not much to fear? Well, that's a very, very wonderful question. And there's two ways that I look at it. For me, myself, and I, as a, as a young, as a, as a young adult, you know, my immune system is better than people, than people a little bit older than me. And, and the research that I've done about the coronavirus is I have a higher statistical chance of being okay, catching it asymptomatically and stuff like that. But I understand the, all the people out there who are who have autoimmune diseases and are immune compromised and catching the coronavirus to them could be life or death. So I, I, I understand the dichotomy of the argument. I understand both both sides of it. And I would just recommend for somebody my age, you know, like young people usually do what's on their mind. They don't really they don't really think a second or two. They just get up and go. So I, if you want to do that, that's fine. But you got to understand that with this, your actions do affect others. So take the precautions, put on your mask, wash your damn hands, and just be a good citizen. But are you are you particularly – I mean, that's good advice, but are you – as far as you catching it, are you really worried about the consequence or are you thinking you'll probably be okay if you get it? Not just as far as death, but like as far as like how sick you'll get or permanent I think, damage I, or I, – I think, I think physically I'm blessed enough where I will be okay in the long term about – Get, uh, if if I do get it, but I think with with viruses and the way young people work, especially in college towns, I think it's almost inevitable. You know, when college opens up and they have football games or tailgates and people go to the bars, I think that when one person walks in, everyone's 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 going to get it. It's almost the inevitable. Yeah. Well, okay. I just I, I just wonder how young people think because I I'm not one of the young people and I I'm worried about getting it. I don't think I'm going to die if I get it, but I think if I were to get it, I, I would probably have uh, some symptoms that would be very tough and and it may even cause permanent damage. But if I were 21, you miss radio. I, you probably miss some radio. I probably miss some radio. If I were 21, other than infecting other people that I that might be more vulnerable, I wouldn't be that worried about what would happen to me. So. I'm going to pose – I know you weren't listening, but before I let you go, I'm going to pose the same question that the three of us discussed earlier, although your choice will obviously be different. Uh, Monachem, if you had to pick a model, a celebrity, a uh, singer, 
athlete, just someone in the public limelight that's famous, who you find very attractive. You know, I don't even know who 21-year-olds find attractive these days. But if you had to pick one, name one off the top of your head. So a female that you're attracted to that, you know, has that's in the public limelight. Easy money. Scarlett Johansson. She's a oh, member wow. of the tribe. Okay, and she's like in her 30s. Or yeah, she, she's like an old woman compared to you. So, okay, so Monacom, Charlotte, Scarlett Johansson comes to the dorm. Do you live in a dorm or do you live off campus? I live in a house. Okay, so Scarlett Johansson comes to the house up there in Reno. And she's like, Monacom, you just made me all this money with your picks, and I'm so hot and horny. And anyway, so she wants to, you know, fool around with you. And you don't have a girlfriend, of course. You're not cheating on anyone. You'd never met her before. You don't know where she's been, you know, not sexually, but just in terms of the whole quarantine thing. If she wanted to fool around and, you know, some touching and some petting, would you be comfortable with that without wearing masks? Or would you just say, fuck it, this is Charlotte? Scarlett Johansson, I don't care. I'm just going to do it. I say this is a once in a lifetime. I say this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, and I think God might be speaking to me. So, I'm do it. <laughs> well said. He's Perfectly got the, he's said. got a much easier choice than we do, though, because at 21, I would say yes for sure. Yeah, but he's probably more responsible than me and Trader Riskier too. So you got to levels it out a little bit. But yeah, you're right. But well, still though, he has a you know he has parents. He has you know a mom that is. At that age, that it could be dangerous too. So he wouldn't want to. He's a good son. He wouldn't want to transmit it to his mom, which I'm sure he's considering. So, well, anyhow, listen, Monacom, thank you for coming on. This is, I know we've had you on a little bit longer than we said. This has been a great segment. And when uh, the bubble starts for the NBA, they're deciding the NHL, and and you know football is going to be starting. We'll have you back on in a couple of weeks, and you can maybe start handicapping the fall. We could talk about how uh, your bets look for the. Uh, for the uh, lacrosse league and anything else. And we'll even recap the chess matches that you picked in the ping pong. Does that sound good? That sounds amazing. My, my one last, my one last note is for all the handicappers out there, football season's coming up and Warren Sharp. I don't know if people know who he is as a professional handicapper. And he just, he just released, he just released his book uh, about, the about it's his preview of the 2020-2021-2019-2020 season and it is a $30 on Amazon it is a fantastic book gives you tons and tons of data tons of information easily understandable offers a lot of offers a lot of fantasy information for uh, for uh, daily fantasy players and I would totally recommend buying it and reading it it'll improve your bets it'll improve your winnings it helped me a lot and actually, last year, he was one of the only pe- members of the media who was super high on Lamar Jackson. I bought his book, read his book, drafted Lamar in all my leagues, and took home a lot of cash. Wow. Warren, Sh- Warren Sharp. Is that, that, is that his name? Yeah. Warren Sharp. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, Warren Sharp. All right. Shout out to Warren Sharp. Get his uh, – what, Amazon? Or is that How do people get his book? Is that what everyone does these days? Yeah, Am- Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. All right. I will look it up. All right. I'll talk to you off air. When you get back to Vegas and it's safe, please, let's go uh, – I guess we can go have a drink now. You can yeah, right. Drink. Crazy world. It yeah. is. All right. Keep in touch, brother. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you. All have right. Thank night. you, Menachem. And, and that, folks, was the Menachem Minutes with Menachem. So, so literally, guys, honestly, no joke. I talked to him on the phone. Before this, before he came on for about two minutes, I didn't rehearse anything. I didn't tell him what specific sports we're going to talk about, other than he did mention he follows lacrosse. And I mean, that was a that was an amazing uh, 
all-around performance, wasn't it? That was. I was surprised how much he I knew. Mean, when he, I mentioned that ping pong, and he knew every fucking player. Like, that kid's going to be – I think that kid's going to really turn out to be something. Yeah, I, I was very impressed I'm with everything. I'm telling you, I will – I'll send this clip to my friend at Fox. He'll probably have. I I can see a show. I would. I'd listen to that on Fox. Was it with Fox Sports Radio or Fox? What no, is it? Fox, Fox Sports. My friend's EVP of marketing. Oh. Fox Sports. Wow. I'm well, sure he'd love that. He would I, love that. I, it was clip. interesting. Like he, he really, you just throw something at him of these obscure sports. Some obscure, some not obscure, but none of these were American st- sports. And he he knew. He had all the information. Well, what do you mean? Some obscure, some not. Which one did we name that wasn't obscure? Well, the, the U, the, no, the UK football wasn't obscure. Well, that was the only one that, yeah. That, and now yeah. he kept calling it football. Yeah, he kept football. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny too. This Jewish American kid going, yeah, so I, I appreciate well, you football. Know, we, can't, we can't go a couple months without having him on again. No, no. I, I now that I've now that we had him on, we have to have him back. It has exceeded my expectations by a wide margin. Can't wait till we have some real sports. Or, but anyhow, I. I guess I'm gonna. I'm really gonna look at this. You know, I know you're not a football guy, Todd, but Trader Ruski, Let's look at this Warren Sharp thing. The kid's high on it. I mean, yeah. we had this kid on when he was 10 years old because he was brilliant. Like that, you know, Mycon saw something in him, and he's he's a prodigy. I guess so Mycon Mycon's seen two good things in his life: Bitcoin, Bitcoin and, 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 and Menachem. Yeah, that's, that's has been his two successes. <laughs> oh, jeez, funny stuff. Great segment. Uh, what's 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 next on the agenda? I know. Uh, so, okay, so let me see. I got a bit distracted from this whole thing. The, that was good. The next good thing stuff. we we have on the agenda is about a lawsuit that is currently being filed against the major casinos by the culinary union in Nevada. Here is what's going on. The culinary union, for those of you that do not know or don't remember, this is a very, very large union in Nevada. It's a huge union, which it's pretty much all of the hotel and restaurant workers in the casinos. It's it's not just – and it includes the housekeepers. It includes so many different employees that you wouldn't normally think would fall under the umbrella of a culinary union. You, you hear culinary union, you think it's just like uh, people who work in restaurants. It's much more Isn't than that. Isn't that culinary union? Why are you saying culinary? I thought that's how you say it. It's culinary. A- I thought it was culinary. Okay, well, whatever. Um, Trader Ruski, is it culinary or culinary? I'm going to look this up now. Maybe I've been saying it wrong all these years. Trader Ruski? It is, it, is, it, is, it is culinary. Oh, God damn That's it. what I thought. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to figure this out. Culinary. I mean, oh, I, you're right. Listen, listen. Culinary. Yeah. I've culinary. I've been saying it that way for – yeah, there you go. I thought it was culinary. culinary. Crap. Okay. Uh, wow. Unlike unlike Fresh uh, apology, and now you had to misspelling misstating a word for twenty years. It, this is not your show, Druff. Yeah, Sorry. At least archives is on purpose. All right. So the culinary union. It's gonna be hard for me to say that, but the culinary you can edit union. Edit this out, or we admit that you made a no, mistake. No, no, no. I'm gonna leave it here. This is gonna this <laughs> is gonna stand. So the culinary union, which uh, nobody corrected me. Like when I talked about this union before, a lot of times on this show, no one ever corrected me until now. People are afraid of you, Drew. No, I, th- I think they wanted me to keep making the mistake and sound stupid. So, uh, so the, it was like a passive-aggressive way to get me to just uh, okay. Ah, he's saying it wrong. I'm going to let him just keep sounding dumb. So, cu- the culinary union is very large, and they have a lot of influence in Nevada. And when they strike, it brings the hotels to their knees. Last year, there was a concern that they were going to strike during the World Series of Poker. And because the contracts were running out and they weren't getting everything they were asking for, 
So there was some concern that it would interrupt the hotel stays and make it very difficult or impossible for people to stay in hotels during the World Series. There was some real concern about that. It ended up not coming to pass because they basically had the hotel industry by the balls and the hotel industry had to back down and give a lot of what they were asking for. But they have been concerned about the whole COVID thing, as you might guess, and the hotels have been in turn concerned that the culinary union has been taking advantage of the situation and basically trying to get their employees paid for not doing anything. So if the culinary union could have their way, then everyone would just sit home and get the full pay and full benefits they did before, and if not that, very, very close to that. So they get the best of both worlds. Or I guess the best of both worlds uh, uh, in two ways. One, that they get paid, and two, that they actually don't have to work or put themselves in danger. They just get to sit home and collect the same money as if they're working and keep their health benefits and everything like that. That's, that's what the culinary union wants. They feel that anything short of that is, is putting everyone at risk and it's not fair to them. And then the hotels, they say, look, that's not realistic. We can't – we'd love to be able to do that, but uh, especially more than for a very short time, we can't just keep paying everybody not to work. They're also concerned that if they're paying everybody not to work, nobody's going to want to come back to work. Who's going to want to work if you're making basically the same for staying home? So there's been a, an ongoing battle between the two of them ever since this uh, COVID-19 situation began. There was even a belief that the culinary union didn't even want the casinos to reopen because uh, this would give them uh, a stronger position to uh, continue getting uh, a lot of pay and benefits for the people who weren't working. And this would kind of force everyone to have to go back to work who wants – and, and then at some point they would have to concede and let some people not get paid or not get benefits if they don't want to work. So that's, this has been an ongoing battle, and you have to keep that in mind when the culinary union is expressing their position. It's not as simple as they're just concerned for their members. It's, it's much more complex than that. So they have filed a lawsuit against uh, major Las Vegas casinos – for these COVID-19 illnesses. And the reason for the lawsuit, they claim, is that they are not keeping the union workers safe, that they put them at risk. So the, as reported by a lot of outlets in Las Vegas, they actually, I guess they're planning to. They haven't actually filed it, but they're planning to file one next week on behalf of the workers for unsafe working conditions. And they are in, they are suing for injunctive relief under the Labor Management Relations Act, claiming that there are hazardous working conditions that the workers are facing. They, the lawsuit, which uh, will be filed, is going to claim that the hotels have not protected their workers, have not protected the workers' families, I guess because they're going to bring it home to their families, and have not protected the community from the spread of COVID-19. And that the current rules and procedures in place for responding to when workers do contract the disease have been inadequate. Now, they, listen, I, I, I really thought I was going to be able to enjoy this culinary thing. How are you, how are you pronouncing it before? Culinary. Okay, because now I'm on you know, dictionary.com because I wanted to just start playing this as a little soundbite to troll you. But I think you may be right that it could be pronounced both ways. Ah, good. Because on, dictionary, on dictionary.com, listen to this. Culinary. Oh, yes. Culinary. Thank you, dictionary.com. Oh, listen, hold on. Listen again. Culinary or culinary. Uh-huh. I think you're vindic- vindicated. 
It's saying on dictionary.com there's two ways to pronounce it. No wonder nobody's corrected. No wonder. Culinary. No wonder nobody has corrected me. But you know what's not funny? I've never heard it pronounced the first way. Never. So uh, that's according to dictionary.com. So I just wanted to tell you that maybe much as I was going to get pleasure thinking you mispronounced a word for 30 years, you're probably right that it can be pronounced that way. Well, now I'm going to admit something. Now I was going to admit that I actually was going to edit this before. And telling you guys I wasn't going to edit it because I knew you'd never go back and check. And then I was really going to edit it out. Now I'm going to leave it all to stand, except I might edit this part. Yeah, I might, I might, I might leave this to stand, except for the part where I was going to say I was going to edit it, so people will think that I was never going to. Okay, so uh, they claim that they are demanding safety for all hospitality and gaming workers, and they are tracking what's uh, going on to see what they're going to do next. The uh, secretary-treasurer for the culinary union... I'm going to go back to saying it that way. I refuse to say culinary. Jesus Christ. No, now that I know it's okay, I'm going to go back. The I was considering doing it anyway, but I just... I, I, I already mispronounced one word on purpose, so I decided I'll give up the culinary thing since it was wrong. But since it's not I wrong... I think it may be British. It may be the British way to say oh, okay, it. Okay, but I, bl- I, I blame Colonel Fabersham for this. Yeah. So, so uh, Gioconda Arguello Klein is the secretary treasurer for the culinary union, and she's going to lead a virtual press conference on June 29th at 11 a.m. to share the details of the lawsuit. So I, I look forward to that, to see uh, what they're suing them for. You can already see where this is going. They're, they're basically saying the casinos just are not adequately protecting workers, and I think the goal is shut down. And Remember I said this us. last week on air? I told you that. Yeah. I told you that the, the culinary union was livid and that was going to lead to – because before when we were on last week, we had no idea if this mask – you know, this mandatory mandate for mask wearing was going to come to fruition. But I said last week it would. I said that they were pushing for it. Yeah. And, and there you have it. So it happened, but I, but they're still going to file a lawsuit. So they're not, they're not just stopping there. I really think that their goal – is to have everything shut down and just get everybody paid. I think that's what they're. But the, I don't. I think that's a mistake. I think that's a mistake in the because 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 they'll benefit in the short term, but not in the long term. Right, and that's and that's what they did. they killed themselves over in Atlantic City with with that Trump property where where they were. It was trying to be reopened at one point. Taj Taj Mahal. The Taj, and they they uh, they were trying to reopen it. I'm not sure if they were trying to reopen it as the Taj or whatever. They were trying to reopen it, and the, no, they were. They were. Okay. What's his name? What's the rich guy? It was that Car- owns, Carl uh, Carl Icahn. Yeah, yeah, and they were—they they just wouldn't cooperate at all. And he's like, you know what? Then fuck you. I have so much money. I'll just let it sit. Yeah. that's what he said. Yeah, I know because they—they they had all these demands, and he's saying, look, things have changed in Atlantic City. We can't give you the same benefits before and still be profitable. It just can't work that way. And they said, no, you better give us the same benefits as before, or or we're not agreeing. So he's finally like, okay, and he was a new owner too. Yeah. it's not like he went back on a contract. Yeah, so he said, okay, he forget it then. Promise he made. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to reopen and not be profitable. So screw it. We just won't reopen. So then they and he, and he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't. So they ended up with nothing. So that's they have to be careful that they don't do these things that they think are short-term beneficial. In that case, it wasn't even short-term beneficial. But they have to be careful they don't shoot themselves in the foot in an attempt to uh, get the maximum at the moment. And this might be happening here as well. What do they think? The casinos are going to just go on forever not opening and keep paying them? And It's got to end. They've got to have money coming in to be able to, to pay these employees more than the very short term. And uh, this is the time for them to say, what can we do to keep these casinos from dying or from the the industry from contracting badly, not 
be difficult. So I, I understand that members are complaining that it's they feel unsafe, they feel scared. I mean, a lot of these workers are my age or older, and I know if I had to work at one of these places, I would be scared every day going into work, and especially with without the masks being worn, which I know has been solved, but I would have been very uncomfortable at work having to like deal table games and people are sitting right at the table with no masks. That would really be bothering me if I was uh, a dealer and I feel for the dealers that had to work under those conditions. So they do have some reasonable points, but it does kind of seem like they're not asking for anything tangible that the that the casinos could really do. It's not like they're saying, well, you guys could do this, but you're not. They're just kind of saying, well, it's just inadequate and you're not protecting us and we're suing you. Not we're trying to force you guys to do such and such. If they actually had tangible things which they were demanding, which I felt would really help, then I would be on board for this. Like the mask. If they were, if they were just doing this to get them to force mask wearing for everybody, I'd say, okay, I'm on board. I agree with them. I'm on their side. But here it kind of just looks like they're suing for the sake of suing and, and uh, getting them shut down and collecting benefits. And maybe maybe we'll see different on June 29th, which is in two days. Well, that'll be on uh, Monday at 11 a.m. So we shall see. We shall see what happens. Uh, speaking of, of the date, you know, uh, we would be about a week away from the main event in a normal year. That's kind of strange to think about. It kind of, uh, the World Series just kind of started, but it didn't really start. Like the date it would normally started came, and we've just kind of been sitting here. No one's been at it because it's not going. And it's strange to think about, like, what would really be happening at this time of year if it was normal. I wouldn't even be uh, home. I'd be in, in Las Vegas right now. I, I've thought about it. I don't know when the next time I'll, I'll play a live tournament or live poker at all. I don't feel close to that happening right now whatsoever. I doubt I'll play live poker in 2020. Brandon, do you think you'll play any live poker in 2020? Uh, no. I mean... Probably not, Like, right? I, yeah, I, mean, I, I was just going to say, if, if I mean, I, if I had to put a percentage, it's 3% or less. I mean, unless there's some dra- I mean, you know what? I shouldn't even say that. It, it, it's slim to none. Well, it's unless you get the, if you, well, no. If you get the coronavirus and you recover, you probably will. Because then you don't have much to fear. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But I'm not looking at it that way. I'm not planning on getting it. But <laughs> I mean, because well, no. I mean, I'm just saying we're already we're already going to be in July. And I was going to say, unless things drastically improved, but I don't even see how that'd be possible. Even like in November, September, October. Um, but no, I, I, I mean, it's, it's slim to none. No, I mean, I'm playing online. I just, you know what I did? I even, I decided to gamble a little bit. I got, I was getting so frustrated. I know this is terrible, but I'm going to be honest. I, I started getting so frustrated with, with just WSOP with their software and just lack of games and just, I mean, it, it's, it's, it is what it is. I get it, but it's, it's not great. So I deposited a small, it's a very small amount of money on a site that I should know better. Um, that I even advise people not to play on. And I've been playing on there very small because I only put on a little bit of money, so I can't play big, so I don't want to bust a roll. But take a guess what side it is. Is it uh, Poker Bros? No, never. I would never ACR, do that. ACR, ACR. Yeah, 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 ACR. No, ACR isn't that terrible. That's, that's, I mean, honestly, that's the second option. That's the second best option for, uh, for people. Uh, if you're going to sure. play on those type of sites, the best one but is, the is and, Yeah. You know, the, the security, you know, the fact that at any point it could be, what is it, the DDOS attacks and the sh- sites shut down for days and weeks at a time. And, you know, there, there's some, listen, to be honest, you know, more than anybody, there's shady stuff that's happened there. There, there, is, is. there is, there is, but I've, I've actually, I don't feel so bad. Rest- 
don't feel yeah. so bad because I have considered, just like you have, I've considered uh, – like I, I hate when I, I go on Bovada and it's just like this that one dude I hate playing against there. It's just like me and him there and I go forget this yeah. and I close it. Like I – like so – I've thought about maybe I should open ACR and see what's going there. I don't even have an account there. I never said I signed up an account. That's that's how, like, I, I haven't been super opposed to it, but I haven't felt positive about ACR enough to make it an account. I've I've considered it, and then I just don't end up doing it. So I, I'm not going to shame you for it because I have almost done it myself, and then just not quite gotten there. I mean, I went through almost this whole pandemic without doing it, and finally the other day, and I, I guess it's easier. I had an account. But it's been dormant for five years. Like literally, it's been five or six years since I've deposited on there. Um, and now, you know, because it's the same thing. Bitcoin. When I'm reading, the cash outs are easy. The whole thing is as long as I don't get cheated. Oh, and then I was watching some guy on Twitch. I don't know. I was bored one night, and he like finished fourth in you know like a, the tournaments. Which you know, I might want to play one. The tournaments get they have tournaments with thousands of people. It's the closest thing that will that you could probably get to how poker stars used to be for like Americans. Like they'll have tournaments with you know like six thousand, seven thousand people. You know, for some of them, you know, they like a ten. They had a ten a ten dollar tournament the other day with an eighty thousand dollar guarantee. I mean, I wasn't going to play in that, but I'm just saying like the fields were that big. So anyhow, yeah, I, I deposited. I've just been playing. I'll, I'll be honest. I've been playing. I deposited. Uh, you're going to laugh, but I deposited three hundred fifty dollars. In fact, the reason why it was three fifty was Traderuski, in fact, had some Bitcoin, so I, I bought the Bitcoin from him. It's all he had. I put it on there. So I'm playing uh, twenty five cent fifty cent PLO. Because I mean I really don't want to I really don't want to bust it because I know if I do, I'll get that mad that I'll, I just won't reload again. You know what I mean? By the way, I I, 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 I could have sold I could have sold you some Bitcoin I could have sold you that amount of Bitcoin as well. I, I have Okay well now I, 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 I have like a few th- I have a few thousand I'm holding. So I could I could have said Do you like, think that's about right? To, to be real conservative, twenty five fifty, twenty five cent, fifty cent, with only three hundred fifty and not wanting to have to reload. Yeah, I don't have Bitcoin. Yeah, I yeah, I think that's probably the right. I think fifty fifty cent a dollar. That's only seven buy-ins, and that's if you're min buying. Yeah, you know, fifty dollars a pop. Anyhow, so yeah, so I'll let you all know how that's going. I bought in. I bought in for literally three hundred fifty one dollars. Uh, my Bitcoin appreciated a dollar, and I'm at like four hundred seventy two dollars now. Mm, okay. That's just small, but I, I want to run up a roll there. They have really big games there. See if I can run up three fifty to you know tens of thousands. I've done it before. Yeah. See if I can do it again. So anyhow, all right. I'm sorry, I digress. But you know, I'm not going to. I, I mean, it's just it's improbable that I would be playing any live poker. I mean, I have all I have like room offers from like this the win. You know, which is I, that's probably the one casino that I would go to just to like do a staycation here because the rooms are so beautiful. Uh, I mean, just the beds are more comfortable than my beds at home, and I have a nice bed at home. Just it's, it's they're all beautiful, and I won't even do that. You know, so I won't even go. Like they're free, and I'm never going to get these opportunities again because I don't play. You know, the table games that at these kind of properties that would get me those kind of comps. It's only because they're desperate. And I won't use that, so you know, I won't even go there. So I'm not going to definitely play poker if I won't even stay in a gorgeous suite for a couple of days. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, speaking yeah. of speaking of running it up, uh, the best I've ever done with running a small amount up to a, a large amount of money was on Cake Poker in 2007. This wasn't starting with it; it was it was chunking off whatever I had on the site down to like 150 dollars is all I had left, and it was all on the table. It was at a like a fifty one hundred limit hold'em game, something like whatever I whatever hand I go in with next is all in for sure. Uh, it, it folded to the button, and I had seven eight suited, and I almost raised, but I just go, I don't want to 
do it with seven eight suited. Seven eight suited sucks to just run it out. It has no showtown value. So I said, as strange as this feels, it folded to me on the button. I knew they're not going to just lay it down to me unless they have super trash, maybe even not then. So I said, forget it. I'm not going to do it with seven eight suited. I fold seven eight suited. Turns out, small blind had nines. I would have lost. I would have busted. Next hand, pocket queens. Of course, I go in with that. It wins. A uh, short time later, I get another good hand, like ace-king. Wins. I run it back up. That $150 became 120000 within uh, about two months. Well, I, I, I got one better for you. I mean, I'm not that this is a competition, and it's not me. I'm not going to make up some preposterous story where I, I, I once saw in person, and, and even – now, if someone told me this and I didn't watch it and witness it myself, I probably wouldn't believe it. But I, I, so help me God, I saw it in person. Someone that we both know, I'll see if you can guess who it is, uh, Todd. Someone that we both know, I witnessed run up $14 to 78000 in less than 24 hours playing cash. Cash. Never, not a tournament, you know, hmm. just cash. Straight 24 hours, too. And he was on drugs. Okay, that, that will be your hint. He was on drugs at the time. I'm going to keep him awake and focused, I guess. I don't know. I wasn't awake all 24 hours. What was, it, was, it, uh, was it Neverwin? Yes, it was. <laughs> now, I, again, if, you know, this, this was 2007. If I didn't see it and I was at his house staying, I, I wouldn't have believed the insanity that I saw. But, but I saw him do it. No, I can believe and it. And I'll tell you this. The original $7, $8, I mean, whatever it was, it was so small. He didn't even play poker initially. What do you think the first thing he did with the seven? And this is going to be hard to guess because you'd have to really think about how the most degenerate thing online that you could kind of bet back then. But I'll give you a hint. This will definitely help. He couldn't – it was. It started off at like, oh, man, four or five in the morning. He had nothing on – couldn't get any money on stars or on full tilt poker. Tried messaging people on AIM because that was popular at the time. Couldn't get a hold of anyone to send him money. So he found somehow seven or eight dollars on Ultimate Bet. That was all he could access at five in the morning, you know, Pacific time. What do you think he did with that seven or eight dollars? Was it something like roulette? Nope. I, I don't think there were casinos back then. Oh, on, no casino? on Maybe they were, but it wasn't. It was something that was in the poker room. Oh. It was the most degenerate thing to gamble on. You might not even remember that it was there, but it was. Oh, it was a crazy pineapple? No. Nope. You want me to just tell you? you want, yeah. One more guess. It's not poker related. But it's not something. It's not something you could gamble on in a casino, unless you're gambling in the National Lampoon's Vegas Vacations Casino. Was it a casino war? No. Back in the day, this is a true story. An ultimate bet. They offered rock, scissor, paper I did, for you to gamble. You know what? I don't remember that, but maybe they did. Rochambeau. They had Rochambeau and ultimate bet. I'm not making the Google. Go ahead and Google it. It's it's a fact. That's funny. You know so that he you- played. Go on. He played rock, scissor, paper for money. You could literally back then. I'm not making this up. Sit at a heads up table. I don't remember how it was with rake or you know, I'm sure there was some kind of rake. And you would literally pick rock, scissor, or paper, and your opponent would pick one, and you would draw, and that that was it. <laughs> like that was it. I'm not making it up. So anyhow, it started with that, and then it was like very small stakes, heads up on ultimate bet, like two four, maybe three six limit hold'em, and then he got to the highest level at the time. Um, that day he got to five hundred, a thousand, then a thousand, two thousand on poker stars limit hold'em. And I mean, I, I'm just gonna be honest since I told the story anyhow. He got to like close to eighty thousand, and he stayed too long. He never went to sleep, and he ended up what happened? What ended up happening? He busted it. 
Yeah, he busted it all back. Yep. So in essence, I know this is the old adage, he only lost like $7. <laughs> it, yeah. it, I mean, I was shocked. Like, like I mean, I'll tell you, seriously, you know, he was that good back then. Like, there's probably a handful of people that could do something like that. And most of it was heads up or shorthanded. Like, and he played everything. Like, any game that would go, like, there was some no limit. There was a lot of PLO involved. There was a lot of limit home, a lot of limit hold'em, obviously. But anything that was really going, and it was like a straight, 24 hours of just shorthanded and heads up. And anytime you get to a certain amount of money, like, you know, he'd move up in stakes. If he lost a significant, he would, he was smart about it. Like he'd go back down. Like I remember him like having to leave a 10, 20 limit hold him going back down to four, eight, like at seven or eight in the morning. Cause he had lost, you know, he only had like 150 left or whatever it was. And he didn't want to bust it. So interesting story. Yeah. But very... you could attest. Back oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I saw him. Yeah. But Google that, and anyone that, that remember that, there was rock, scissor, paper. It's called Rochambeau on Ultimate, back, Ultimate Bet back in uh, 2006, 2007. I'm going to look it up was also the first person to win a million dollars at the 100-200 limit hold'em on stars. He did that in, uh, in 2004, in not that long of a time. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Oh, WSOP.com. I'll ask you if you saw this, Brandon. They have apparently made a change, which I have to imagine is aimed at their series, which is going to start in a few days. They have made a change to where there is no more chat allowed. Now, wait, I was, I'm sorry. Come again. You can't chat during during cash games. You cannot chat tournaments anywhere on WSOP.com anymore. But I'm going to ask since you are not aware starting of it, one. When did this already? Start? Yeah, I, I think yesterday. Here, here's the question. How do you think they pulled it off? Because they cannot change the software without the Gaming Commission approving it. And it's some kind of bureaucratic process where they can't just get it done in a few days, which is dumb. So, like, there's no bug fixes they can do, like, quickly. Every change they do has to be approved, and it's just some long approval process. So how do you think they did this? They made the decision pretty abruptly. I'm going to be honest. He said there was races for marks, I'll bet. Well, no, not why. We'll get to why in a second. But sure. how? How how do they pull this off without being able to do a software change? Uh, I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm about to log in. I don't know if it would show me, but I – It know, will show just, you. I don't know. I don't know. They banned everybody's chat. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> That's the only way they can. That's the only where way. You, where, where, where is the link or where did you read about this? Well, I, don't I chat it. I'm not a chatter anyhow. I'll tell you, so I'll tell you what happened. Yeah. I, I – uh, I don't play on there, obviously. I'm not in Nevada. And I got – I was reading Real Grinders, and someone mentioned it on there that WSOB.com has killed chat. They didn't describe how. They just said that they killed chat, and they're wondering why and if anybody knows it. Uh, because nobody's acting like they're in charge of WSOB.com, they've made no statement about this. It's not like they put out a statement saying, oh, we killed chat for this and that reason. I think Traderuski is on the right track, that they probably did it because they're afraid of there being a lot of eyeballs on the WSOP.com online series, and they don't want racism being spouted in the chat and embarrassing the company, even if it's not representative of the company. Can you imagine how bad the World Series would look as a brand if, uh, if the chat room is full of racist comments? And they probably feel they don't have enough employees there to monitor it to get it. So they just said, Let's "Let me ask you: Is this confirmed? Like, is there any chance someone was trolling you? No, or has this been confirmed no. I'll, by I'll, someone I'll, that I'll tell you. Under? I'll tell you why. Because so I posted this on Poker Fraud Alert. I said I posted this yesterday. Report: WSOB.com has killed in-game in chat. 
And so I basically said what I just said to you here. Well, a guy who posts on our site named uh, Proverbs 13.3, he said that uh, – he said, yesterday on June 25th, I was not able to chat in the box. When you type, it shows uh, like star, 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 star. Uh, when, until I read this post, I thought I was being punished for something that occurred two weeks ago in the chat box. This other guy, a new user named Gnosis, also posted and said, oh, okay, so I'm not the only one. I thought I got chat banned or something. All I see in the chat box is dot, dot, dot every time I or someone else tries to talk. I wonder how long this will last. So the funny thing is like, because their communication is so poor, everybody just sees dot, dot, dot in the chat, and they think it's just aimed at them. That's how bad WSB.com is at communication these days, is that everyone thinks they got chat banned for something they did, and it turned out they did this to everyone. So since these two guys, uh, Proverbs has been posting for uh, about a month now, and I, I think he's legit. Uh, I don't know this Gnosis person. He just registered. But I don't think these are trolls, I, and I don't think they're – on Real Grinders, nobody disputed what was posted there. They were just kind of discussing the reasons for it, which have not been announced. So, uh, Brandon, I am curious to see what – Well, I'll tell you something. I just noticed now there was some sort of an update because they've upped the stakes – for games in anticipation of the cash games, they have two hundred, four hundred limit to hold them on here for the first time, oh, interesting. which I've never had. So, so two hundred, four hundred. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, just, I was going to ask you to go in the chat and just try to type something because you'll sit down at any table and try to type something. Yeah, I am. It, it, it's not letting me. Is it? Is it like dot 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 or star star yeah, star? It is. Yep. Yeah. So that's. Uh, but isn't it so stupid? They don't send any announcement about this. They just let everybody think they got their chat banned. Like, how stupid is that? There, There is such a lack of leadership there. It's amazing. It's one thing not to have someone who's the visible manager, which is bad enough, but to not communicate something like this. Why, why not just put out uh, – and they could put it out and, and sound reasonable and say that uh, due to a lot of abuses in the chat box recently and due to the high visibility of the series, we've decided to disable chat for the moment while we uh, – determine the next step of, uh, of in-game chat. Something they could, they could write a, a nice right. message making it look like they're just being sensitive. They don't want to subject people to obscene or, uh, or, or offensive commentary, which I, I, I really have to think that. Now, John Mahaffey, who is a hater of WSOP.com because he got banned from there for uh, very flimsy reasons, or not even flimsy, for downright wrong reasons, they, basically because he criticized their customer service and they banned him. And he's, he's had a lot of incidents with them. He uh, he posted that he thought that it was a combination of fear of offensive things being said and that they don't want people bashing the series during the series. They don't want uh, rec players being turned off by people who are saying how much this sucks and how there's no variety of events, blah, blah, blah. So that's possible. It is possible that there's been enough of a negative reaction to the structure, to the series. There's a number of people on Twitter, a number of pros on Twitter who are very unhappy with the WSOB.com bracelet series. Not even just that it's an online bracelet series, but they feel a lot of things have been done wrong. And there's been a lot of criticism. There's been very little uh, positive feedback about the online series from prominent poker pros on Twitter and a lot of bashing. So John may be right. This well, you know be- what? I'll say something real fast just to interject. One thing I can attest to, um, I don't – I'm not a big chatter, okay? Uh I I do have a name on WSOP that would infer that I am an older female. I'll just say that. <laughs> and sometimes I'll say something on there, but it's like so outrageously funny. Like, in, uh, I'll say something on there that like a really old woman would say, but it's so outrageous that it isn't me. It's not offensive or anything, but it's so like blatant. It's not you know that I'm making a joke that it's funny, you know. But I, but other than that, I don't chat. And I don't see a lot of people chatting, but I will tell you something. I do see 
a lot of people on there when they take bad beats. And I, I probably would say there's like five or seven players, at least in the, the games I play, which is mainly PLO now, that will say some pretty harsh things at people when they put beats on them. And come on, PLO is a game where shit changes yes, it's you know, more beats. often than not on the river. And it, <laughs> it, 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 Yeah, so you know, the board pairs, the flush got there, the straight got there, you know, all the time, I mean, our, but I've seen a lot of, you know, I'm not going to say it, but you know, the, the FU and I've, I've seen the, uh, the N word. Well, right. You know, I, was, I was about to and, read something from someone who had an account like that of, of and, it happening. And this, well, okay. And the thing is, since I do play with the same players, I never see their chat being removed. I constantly see it. So I don't think it's enforced. Now, again, I don't know if other players are reporting it. I'm not reporting it. Maybe other players are, maybe they aren't. Maybe they don't even have an algorithm to detect that kind of abuse, but I, I have seen it. I have seen it just like playing two, four, two dollar, four dollar, uh, you know, three dollar, six dollar, you know, PLO. Like I see it, you know, dollar, two dollar. So and again, it's the same, you know, people, but it's not like one guy. It's, it's a handful of people and never seen any sort of infraction. Well, it's so, funny. It's funny you mentioned that because that's very similar to what this guy is reporting. This Proverbs guy posted this. He's saying being new to the site and lucky me having a great short term success with six final tables. I was being abused by the yeah. regulars. In sure. the chat box. I, I totally believe him. He says, my, my, all the time. my only fault was short-term variance. I was absolutely amazed how they reacted and were stunned by what these players commented in the chat. One guy told me to meet him at the Orleans so he could punch me. Yeah, I, I believe it. I, I, I thousand percent believe it. I'm telling the truth. I was, I was polite. I told him to calm down because he could be banned by Caesars. He then called me a Negro. For which okay. I re- for which I replied, really, with everything going on, you're ch- this is what you're saying online, and he stated, yeah. "I'm black." And I just said that to you. I, I I didn't read what you're telling me. I knew nothing about it. Yeah, but I I've seen it a lot so, for so, years. So so then just, then he says the guy stated, "I'm black," and to which I replied, "What's your point?" That interaction happened two weeks ago, so that yes, they are being proactive. So I, I bet they are just getting a lot of complaints about just really abusive chat, and they just said, you know what? Uh, the problem is even if we ban these people after the fact, if they're if they're if it gets out, given the current highly sensitive environment about race issues, if it if this gets out that oh look look at the uh, all the racists on WSOP.com, and it, it turns out these are regular players, or or God forbid if one of them wins a bracelet and says stuff like this, like imagine if one of the people like with the racial epithets ends up winning a bracelet in that event, and then it gets out and you know WSOP.com bracelet winner was was using the n word in chat with anyone who was beating him, like a, that would look awful for the brand. So I think they just decided screw it, at least for the series we're going to ban everyone's chat. And then when the series is over, we're, we'll decide what we want to do. I bet that, and they probably turned it off a week early. Maybe number one to make sure it's really working, and, and number two. Well, you know what? Now that I think about it more, there's not even a need for a chat. If that really is, you know, if that's really happening, and they're not going to enforce it for the people like the guy that wrote to you that shouldn't be treated that way, then they probably shouldn't have chat. If they're not going to ban or suspend the violators that that behave that way, then they shouldn't have it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, I'm just being honest. No, like, I know. I, I, I like. I understand it. I'm not even. I'm not even criticizing it that much. Like, I, I personally like the chat in in poker. Like, I've I've always liked that and all the the banter and the antics I do in there. I've never. I don't use sure. racial epithets, and I don't ever threaten to but punch the people. The sites you've also enjoyed it on, they also enforce the rules to some degree. That you, if you did, and I, listen, let's be honest, because I remember you've had your chat banned before. No, on I, ha- I, I have. I, well, actually, you know I've what? I've been banned on stars back in the day. Actually, I don't know if I've ever been banned on stars. I've been banned on full tilt. Uh, I was, I was banned on on AP, but I don't think of stars. I ever got banned. Okay, I was. Well, you know what I mean? Okay, maybe it wasn't star. All of us have. Yeah. You know, 
but, but maybe uh, you could even argue back then they, they went not even too far that they were too too quick with to pull the trigger on some people. Well, they were. Know? They were. And uh, I actually had a, a funny band story. On, on Absolute Poker, there were these people who were uh, – uh, there were these Railbirds could chat back then, and they were just really obnoxious. But the, I liked the Railbirds because most of them liked me, and they would like cheer for me and bash my opponents, and it was actually demoralizing to my opponents. So, But, but one day – if the railbirds that were there didn't really know me and just decided they didn't like me and they, they, they didn't know who I was in real life, but just they didn't like my online presence on there and they started to bash me and, and it was, it actually was kind of demoralizing. Like every time I'd lose a hand, oh, you suck, man, you're a fish. Ah, ha, 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 they'd all type. And these weren't my opponents. These were just like railbirds. So it was, it was irritating. So I started perioding the chat going period enter, period enter, period enter to scroll it off. And, and so the problem was there were so many railbirds doing it. And, and I kept getting involved in hands. I couldn't period fast enough to get the chat off. And then they were laughing. Ah, you're too slow, man. Ah, there's too many of us. Ah, you can't stop us. So I'm, I'm sitting here going, shit, I can't let them win here. And like, I want this to stop. And so I, I, I thought, wait a minute. I said, hey, who wants $10? And someone said, oh, I do. I go, okay, well, if you period this chat like I've been doing, if you do it for me for the next 20 minutes, I'll send you $10, I promise. And and so and then they're all like, no, 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 come on, don't do it, man, don't do it. And the guy's like, sorry, I, I don't really want to, but I need the money. <laughs> so the guy started perioding like crazy, and uh, this went on for about fifteen minutes. And and I thought I had the problem solved until someone reported it to Absolute Poker's uh, support, who then banned that guy's chat and banned my chat and banned some of the other people who were in there. So so I, I was like, well, okay. This stop, but now I have no chat because of this. So I was like, well, what excuse can I give to get my chat back? Because they uh, clearly I couldn't deny that I paid someone $10 to flood the chat. So I was like, how am I going to get my chat back? So I, I thought back to what was being said to me, and I had remembered that one of the trolls who was bashing me there kept calling me the N-word. So I said what happened was there was so much racism in there that it disgusted me to see – uh, the, 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 all the racism taking place, and I just it, I decided it was worth ten dollars to not have that on my screen anymore. So they actually accepted that as an excuse to give my chat back. Huh. So that, so, but that yeah, there was a. Uh, hey, by the way, I'm sorry. I just want to I I, I want to can I say something real fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little off topic. Um, I just want to give clarification. I actually found an article from a guy named Ryan McLean from 2007. Uh, it's a website called Ryan McLean, the Gaming Guru, and it explains how to beat your opponents in sit and goes, heads up, and in tournaments playing rock, scissor, paper on Ultimate Bet in 2007. <laughs> so, I, 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 yeah, I was right. I just wanted to make sure, but I'm reading it now. He's giving literally it's it's a long ass article on how to make money playing rock, scissor, paper online. Well, I can give you one better. There was a bot right around that time. I don't remember what year it was. I think it was a little bit later. I think maybe it was in 2010, so I guess it wouldn't have worked. But there was a bot that played rock, paper, scissors that some researcher at a university put out, and you would go play it. It wasn't for money. It was just for fun. That thing was good. I was only winning like uh, – like if you take out the ties, I was winning like 40% of the time. It was winning like 60%. It wasn't even close. And it supposedly was random. I mean, yes, they could rig it to make it seem like I'm always wrong because it's the, the – the computer, what it reveals it has, it could just change it if they want to cheat. But I think sure. it was real. I think it was just uh, – I, th- I think they did this with artificial intelligence from playing a bunch of people that it learned the patterns that human the human brain would use uh, with rock, paper, scissors and just could really crush you. And I even tried to change it up. Like I realized it was trying to learn from both me and the people it's played before. 
And, and so I was trying to change it up and do the opposite. It still didn't work. It was still beating me. So I gave, I gave up on it. It was very fascinating, provided the thing was legit. And imagine if someone unleashed that on Ultimate Bat back then. They could have crushed. Hmm. I, interesting. I tried to look for it, in fact, a few months ago, and it was gone, which is too bad because it, it was interesting. I mean, can you just believe what that's – it's almost like all of this is going backwards. Like 2007, you could play – Literally, rocks is a paper online for money, and now look at where we are. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like we're it, – it's weird. A lot's think. going backwards. Skype was much better in 2008 than it is yeah. today. A lot, of things, a lot of things have gone backwards, sadly. So <laughs> uh, anyway, the, the chat is gone. Uh, as Brandon said, it's, it's reasonable what they're doing, but what they – what's not reasonable is not telling people. The, the fact that they're recreational players like this Proverbs guy – are sitting there thinking that they lost chat because Proverbs thought in this whole exchange, even though he was very polite and trying to tell the guy, come on, man, don't talk that way. You can get banned. You know, Caesars may ban you from the properties and the guys like then just calls him the N word back. Like uh, he, he thought somehow he got swept up in this and got banned anyway. So he's sitting here thinking, well, crap, I was the victim of these regulars harassing me because I'm getting lucky against them. And then I get my chat banned. Like, wouldn't this be a helpful thing to tell people we are taking away everyone's chat for such and such reason? I think most will be understanding, especially right now where there's a lot of uh, sensitivity about offensive well, uh, speech online. Obviously, communication has never been WSOP.com strong suit. So, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it really isn't. Imagine everyone. You know, just I will tell you one thing. I'm actually. Uh, Kind of, I mean, I don't know if it's going to matter because there's no WSOPs, nothing else really going on, but I'm probably going to make Diamond just based on WSOP.com this year, huh. which is kind of a, I mean, it's, it's kind of neat that they let you do that, although it doesn't give you any perks other than the free Diamond perks, but, uh, well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, if you're going to, well, if you can play the WSOP, the regular WSOP like, like I did every year up until this year. Uh, it's very useful to have diamond, especially if you're staying at the Rio. Like, there's many advantages to having diamond there that aren't really monetary. More by the way, of- LOL. There's not even any discussion of when they're going to open the Rio again. It's not <laughs> even like in their thoughts. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, it's people might not know that it's still closed. The Rio is closed. Yeah. It, it, I, do you know that? I mean, you know that, right? Yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah. The casino, the hotel, never came back. It wasn't, you know. Even at thirty dollars a night, you know, obviously with the resort fee too, or even nineteen a night, they could they couldn't justify keeping it open. Well, yeah, and, and there's no point because with no conventions and no World Series, what's the point of it? Like, why yeah. why is it even, why is it even there then? Yeah, I mean, then they had they could just use their flamingo and Bally's as their low end, you know, casinos to market to that you know the low end crowd, the oh. budget seekers and whatnot. Well, it would have been nice if the coronavirus came just a little bit earlier for my for diamond purposes because. My diamond expired, and I I was in Tahoe on January 1st this year. So I said, oh, per- I happened to be there. I didn't go there for this reason, but I happened to be in Tahoe on January 1st. So I said, okay, I, I'll play video poker. They have uh, the best video poker there of any uh, Caesars property right now. I said, I'll, I'll play video poker. It's negative EV, but uh, I'll earn my diamond. It'll be good for 25 months, and then I don't have to worry about it. So I played video poker. I ended up running like exactly at expectation and lost like $700. Uh, actually, like exactly the non-royal expectation. Like I think I lost exactly what I would have been expected to lose without hitting a royal, and I didn't hit a royal. So, and how long did it take you to get diamond? Like hours. Um, at the speed you play, what would you guess? 
it didn't take very long, maybe two and a half hours or something. But uh, yeah, so, 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 and it was fine. I think I, I hadn't played in a long time, so I enjoyed it. Like, I, it wasn't a bad experience, but I did lose like seven hundred dollars. But I said, okay, that's that, this is totally gonna be worth it for the next twenty five months for seven hundred dollars. And and you know, I got the fun of playing too. It wasn't like it was torture. I, I enjoyed playing. So um, then I saw afterwards that there was there were ways I could have gotten diamond for for free. Uh, that were totally legal and fine through status matches and stuff that I didn't know about before. And uh, I, I learned that after that and publicized it on this show. But I was like, oh, I kind of I wasted it. But okay, whatever. But now I've, I feel really frustrated because I don't know if I'll ever even use it. Like I may, by the time it expires, I may not have used it, even though we have all the way till January 31st, uh, 2022. And they expanded, they extended Diamond, they expanded whatever, whatever rank you have for another year, but only if it's expiring in 2021, if you're expiring 2022 like me, then you're not expanded yet. So you know how much money they're probably going to make off law of comps that expire. Oh, it's I know, be ridiculous. That's that's true. That People is- that aren't going to. I mean, it'd be in the tens of millions. I would I would guess. I mean, across all the boards, everywhere. You know, everywhere that that. I mean, it's just it's. They should give everybody. I mean, they won't, but they should give everybody a, a pass for a year. They should extend everything. You know what I'm talking about for those that might not list know is. Uh, the comps that you that you've earned that are on your card, whether it's you know your M Life total rewards anywhere, they expire usually at the rate of either between six months and, and a year. I don't know of any that are longer or shorter. Do you? No. Meaning okay, so meaning if you're not at the property and playing after if it's a six month you know reward club or a year and you don't earn one tier at least, then you lose it all. It's gone. Yeah, unless you like, use like the credit card associated with it, you can get it. You can spend like a dollar and and that'll reset it for another. Well, yeah. So the only, I was just gonna say. So the only exception is you know M Life credit card, and a lot of people don't even know this M Life credit card or Total Rewards Visa. If you use that, that literally every charge will count as like one tier and it resets the clock. But not everyone has that. And there's also other properties and golden nugget. They don't have a credit card or, you know, a, a similar thing you know, Trader Ruski's home, the Tropicana, I mean, the treasure Island. So anyhow, people that are older that aren't going to, that maybe come here, you know, or just anyone bad economy that come here four times a year, twice a year, three times a year, might not be doing that now. and might not know that they have $700 or even 30 bucks here or 60 bucks here. And all that's going to be gone. I mean, you're just, you're going to lose it all. Um, it's kind of shitty, but it, it, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. It's matter of factly, it is. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I've seen people calling for on Twitter, some of these casinos to extend it. And I haven't seen anything yet about, yeah, Caesars extended, that. they expanded to like, like, September 30th, which I thought is crappy because that's not doing that much. Like they, they I think back in March they said we have until September 30th. Well, big deal because uh, like how much time does that really give you? What they really well, should no do? Because no one was going to be able to go. The three months are closed anyhow. Right, so that shouldn't even count. Right. So what they yeah. should what they should have done is said all of like 2020. Three months. That's it. They should have said they gave you July, July and August. Really? Yeah. They should have say look, the rest of 2020 we're not expiring anything. Like how hard is that for them? That would be a lot of goodwill to do that instead of September. Th- they, they, they emailed like, "Oh, we're we're making sure that we're taking care of you during these tough times. Uh, you have till September thirtieth now." Like, "Oh, thanks a lot." <laughs> right. Better come here. We're going to take away your forty dollars you have for the buffet. And well, speaking of buffets, the new, the first buffet reopened on the strip. I'm shocked about that. Yeah, I'm shocked. You know, you know the property that it's at. Um, I did, but I forgot it. It's the win. That's but right. it's not the kind of buffet that you would think. I'm going to Google this right now so we can read the – or I'll let you read it. But the Win Buffet opened up. I'm 
going to find the news story. It made the Review Journal. And let me find it here. It's still very – the price is still the same. It's still gourmet. Well, okay, here you go. When is – it's oh, – this is funny. What site – the Review Journal posted this, it's obviously. It's in Las Vegas. Then literally a couple hours later, another newspaper republished the Wins article. But it's not a newspaper based in the United States. Which one do you think it was? Is it the uh, Daily Mail? Yes, Daily Mail. <laughs> Pretty funny, isn't it? That they just would even care to talk about that. But let me go to the win one. Or, I'm sorry, let me go to the Las Vegas Review Journal one because I found it interesting. Okay, here we go. It's hard to imagine Las Vegas without its buffets. It's hard to imagine Las Vegas without its buffets. At least it was until the onset of COVID-19. Uh, yet, as casinos shut down in March in response to the virus, many began to muse aloud over whether the self-serve all-you-can-eat meal that's become synonymous with the Strip would ever return. Reports of the buffet's demise, however, appear to be greatly exaggerated. On June 18th, the, buff- the buffet at the Wynn reopened to customers. Oh, jeez, hold on. Sorry, the article is asking me now to subscribe to keep reading. Okay, anyway, I'm not going to mess with this. Uh, so, basically what it is, it's the same items that are at the buffet normally. It's in the buffet room with you know the limited seating. I think it's fifty percent occupancy and social distancing. But the way it works is you can you order the buffet menu or the buffet items off the menu and then they're brought to you. So you don't it's like a normal sit down type dinner. Um, but but there are also smaller items, so I guess you could kind of compare it to like tapas dining where you get like appetizer size, you know entrees or appetizer sized portions if that makes sense yeah so like you know you'd get or some some kind of shrimp and you get like three shrimp you'd order like a prime rib you get one little slice of prime rib you get some pasta it's maybe three or four but like that but they have everything they used to have before except for you know you're sitting down and they will bring you as many things as you want they, they advise you to get three to four things and they claim the win is so proficient and keeping things stocked and ready that as soon as you order it, you'll only have to wait about five minutes to get something. So basically, they're encouraging you not to order twenty things that you know some things are going to go to waste, or you know you might not know what you like if you want to try something else. But anyhow, it's the only one I know of that's back, and it opened up last week. Yeah, I'm looking right and, now on this Daily Mail article, and uh, they have a number of pictures of it. And as usual with buffet food, it all looks very good. But buffet food always looks very good. And then a lot of times it has no taste or, or, or not as good sure. of a taste as you'd well, expect. I'm not a buffet guy, but I ate there for the – funny enough, all the years the Wynn Buffet has been here. I ate there for the first time I think in 2017 with Michael from – talking about four members. Four member Michael, four member One Step, and four member Jack Daniels and myself. It was the first time. And, and they've been – Wynn's been here for – jeez. Ten year over ten years now. Yeah, I think, 05, years, I think it opened oh five and maybe fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, so fifteen years. So I ate a couple years ago there for the first time. It was good. It was. I mean, it, it was. It looked just as good as you would imagine. I mean, it was as good as a buffet can be. I guess yeah. I'll put it that way. You know, it was expensive. It was seventy bucks, eighty bucks. You know, but as good as a buffet can be with you know fresh things. I like you know they had fresh oysters, fresh shrimp, fresh uh, Alaskan king crab legs. Um, you know, all kinds of fishes and meats and pizzas. It was as good as it can be. I mean, there's nothing I could eat. No, it's a better buffet. It was great. You know, I mean, as a buffet, it was good. You know, no complaints, didn't get sick. And then it was so good. Somehow I got a comp again, maybe six months later. I took, uh, took my dad and another friend that was in town to it and we, we enjoyed it again. So I, I, uh, and you know, I you and I once went to the Caesars buffet, which yeah. at the time, I think it still is. 
It was the biggest buffet that they claimed in the world at the time. Yeah, the Bacchanal buffet. Items. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think they marketed 350 original or different entrees or, or, or you know food groups, whatever. And it you know it was good. You know, but to me at least, there's only so good a buffet can be. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, that's it, that's it, what I think. And, and if, it's if like, you look, okay, it's good. You didn't get sick. The things are hot. It tastes fresh. Like, you can't improve upon that. Like, it's good. Like, it's you know, it's not bad. It's good. Yeah, it's funny with buffets. Uh, no matter how good they are, how high end they are, I, I rarely have something there that I think is just so great. I just want to keep eating, eating, eating. I like, yeah, like, uh, it, it's, it's more like. Good. It's like okay, it's 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 decent. The food I'm eating, like the, at the very best, is going to be these things are I'm having are decent, decent to good. Nothing's ever great. No matter how good it looks, it's never great. It kind of ranges between, uh, like at a good buffet, it ranges between mediocre to good. Everything there, and and that's that's what I find. So that's why I'm not that excited about buffets. Some people would think I would be because they've seen me eat on live at the bike. They expect that uh, of all people that would want a buffet would be me. But but it's actually well, I not. I would think if you went to the win, you'd walk out and you'd say it was good. You wouldn't have a complaint. I probably would. Maybe like one item was too salty or too dry. But you'd say it's good. It's good. Is it worth $80 if I didn't, you know, wasn't doing this occasion or taking someone? No, you'd say, no, it probably wasn't. But, you know, you'd say it's good. Yeah. I mean, I that's, that's yeah, that's how I felt. And they had like the nice pastry, you know, like you can tell they have like really good high-end pastry chefs that are there too that are making, you know, your desserts because the desserts were more high-end than most buffets. Um, but I mean, sometimes you can taste the little things. Like if you went to a buffet at the Orleans and you went to a buffet at the Wynn, obviously, and you got the same kind of dishes, you got, you know, like spaghetti and meatballs or some kind of shrimp dish, you're going to be able to tell the quality is a lot better. No, for sure. For sure. And and that's, I won't even go to the really crappy buffets for free, even if they get, it's a a negative free roll for you. The worst case scenario is, is that you don't, or the best case scenario is you don't get sick. I mean, it really is. And I'm not talking about currently with the coronavirus. I'm saying before the coronavirus, like I, I wouldn't even go to the ones that were lower end for free and the kind of like middle or maybe even lower middle ends. If I get a comp to them, I would do it. Uh, especially, like, I'll give an example. At, at Harris Rincon, there's a buffet there that at the time, I think they did away with it, but at the time, you could, seven stars, Got to go there twice, either twice or two people once, uh, for free. So I was there for like five days by myself, and I figured, okay, this is quick. This is uh, it, it's okay. Like it wasn't a great. I'd say it's like an okay buffet. It's not a good buffet. It's not a terrible buffet. It's, it's okay. I kind of learned there what what was good. Like they had a pasta uh, pasta bar where they where they they make fresh pasta for you, and like that was that was one of the better things there. So I I, I found the things that were better. And uh, and I ate it. Did, did I look forward to the meal? No. Did I think it was great? No. For free, was it a decent meal? Yeah. And and that's like I went there. But so, uh, a couple things real fast. Uh, speaking of the wind buffet, for those that might be listening that even care, uh, or maybe even are going, uh, the prices are the same. It's sixty five, sixty six dollars basically on the weekend. Sixty sixty for dinner, thirty seven for lunch. But what has changed is you have to have a reservation out, which has to be done online. You can't. They won't even let you go to the restaurant. They'll actually tell you to do it on your phone or, I guess, a computer. Wow. Um, or I guess if you didn't have any of those, you could go to the concierge. But all reservations have to be done online, okay? And they do it in like five minute blocks. And if you're more than five minutes late for your reservation, you have to rebook because they don't want people standing there. Yeah. So they're booking. They're literally booking times where if you get there, you know, a minute. Before or after your assigned time, you're not going to see anybody other than the hostess who's going to seat you. Which is, which is, this is what you'd expect from the win. I mean, a property like that to be organized, to you know, I'm right. What do you think? Yeah, you know. So they seat you. You don't have to see anybody else, and there's no one within six feet of you. 
Um, and then it says, you know, which you'd figure, the buffet will continue to feature a variety of the high-end choices that guests are used to, including fresh lamb chops, steak, lobster, tails, crab legs, and sushi. Um, and then guests will be treated to a full variety of desserts, ice creams, and, and sorbets. So, you know, they're on top of it. I guess with that kind of model, it really is just a restaurant. I mean, except for you can order all you can eat. You know, it, it's kind of like a hybrid in a sense because that's, you know, it's an interesting con. You're sitting there. Uh, there's not even – there's a paper menu that's disposable that you throw away or they only use for one guest. And it has a list of items you can order like, you know, entrees, like meats, cheeses, salads, and they just put it all together for you. And then bring it to you within under five minutes. It says fresh, hot. Interesting. Yeah, well, but you know the thing is, I don't know. Like me personally, I wouldn't eat that now. You know, even if I was, because how I, I always question how do they get the food out to you that fast? It can't be freshly cooked. Like you know what I mean? Like they can't yeah, it's not. get a steak cooked to your temperature or you know whatever it is you're ordering. You know, right then and there within five minutes. So it must. They must be just constantly cooking it or it's sitting there and they reheat it. You know, I don't know. And then like you said, there's got to be so many people in those kitchens. How closely are they working next to each other to be yeah. mass producing that much food? In which case, you know, you could get sick. Well, that's so. what I always worry about. Like so, so because this is so transmissible and it, like once food is actually cooked, then that's a different story. But when the food is being handled after being cooked and someone – uh gets anything on it if they cough on it sneeze on it if even if they're just talking and when you're talking always a little bit of spit comes out of your mouth if you don't detect it uh and, and that gets on it and then you eat it i th- i think you can easily catch it that's different than touching a surface uh if someone actually uh aspirates without even knowing it onto your food who's preparing it and the more people who are close by that that uh, can do this and also more people close by is a higher chance someone's going to catch it on the job and still have it when they're making your food uh, the, this, the, I think this puts you at risk, and this is why I have not done any kind of takeout food uh, for that reason. I just uh, anything I will get is something that we we pr- cook ourselves here. So, like, I've been missing pizza. I haven't. I've mentioned this on a previous show. I, I haven't had pizza in months. And uh, I next time I go to uh, you know what I just went to Costco. I just did a Costco order and I forgot it again. I keep forgetting it. I keep meaning to do a, one of those pizzas from Costco that they make for you but that you cook. That I feel fine with because I'm actually cooking it myself in the oven. I, I know we had this discussion last week. So, so yeah, I wouldn't, wa- I wouldn't feel comfortable going there either. And if, if enough time passes, though, and there's just like no progress against the coronavirus, let's say we're a year from today and we're still kind of sitting in the same situation, I'll have to right. eventually start making decisions of what we like. What am I willing to just give up for good or for a very long time or how much willing? See, that's the only way, way you and I are different. I'm not – I mean like we talked about last week, I'll get whatever food that I want. I'll do my hands really you know, good if I touch like a bag that was handled by somebody else. And like Trader Ruski even suggested, nuke it you know, for even 10 seconds. I think it kills everything. I, I can give up a lot, but food, the things I like, that's one thing that I just – I cannot fully compromise on. And I'm still eating. I mean, I, I am making compromises because I haven't been out to dinner since all this started, like sitting in a restaurant with people. But I still am bringing in food. Um, and I have been this whole time from places that I trust that, you know, and I guess that's a loose word. It's just trust based on my experience and what I – my opinion of them is. But again, taking precautions of nuking things for a few seconds and really deep cleaning, washing my hands and everything I touch before I eat it. And fortunately, I have not had an issue. And, you know, I haven't seen a lot in the news about 
I don't even know if I've seen anyone that's trans got, got this allegedly from some sort of takeout or pickup of food. Yeah, I, mean, I really haven't. Really I haven't that. seen that either. I just, I just don't want to take the chance yet. No, I know. I get it. I get it. But I see. I just couldn't do. I'd be miserable if I had to eat just things that were cooked every day of the week. Like you know, I'm not a big cook. That's the other thing. And you, you know, you're lucky. You have your woman there that you said can cook for you. But you said you, even yourself, you're getting bored. I mean, I couldn't do it. I'd be miserable. Like just the way I am. Like I can deal with a lot of other things, but I have to at least eat. Not like every day, every meal, but I couldn't go like weeks just eating the same monotonous food. Yeah, like I'll, I'll, I, I, I understand it. No, I, I, I feel that. And, and I'm telling you, I would, I would just say, fuck it, get me sick then. I honestly, do it. honestly, one of one of the, one of the good things that came, one of the few good things that came out of what happened to me in 2018 is that uh, that that whole thing was so miserable that I, I really. I can just always go back to as long as I don't feel like that again, as long as I can just feel normally mentally, like everything else I can take. Like I, I've really come to that where I didn't feel that way before, but that really made me appreciate again just like to to just feel mentally normal sure. uh, to where like I'm like, oh, yeah, I I'd, 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 I'd much rather eat certain things I don't get to eat anymore. And like uh, there's sometimes it gets depressing. Like I'll see uh, – Places that I, I know I'd like to travel to, and I go, oh, who knows when I'll be able to do that again? Or and, and I'll see, and I'll think about live poker. Can't play that again. The World Series. Can't play that. I'll think about uh, eating the same thing over and over. And like I start to get frustrated and depressed, and then I go, and then you know, Druff. Though the other thing too is, what is really think about this? What is the difference between some guy you don't know going to Costco? Your I don't know if you have Kroger or whatever your brand of supermarkets are, Albertsons. And doing all your shopping and touching things and bringing you food versus ordering a pizza, you know, or, or something else and having it brought. Okay, to I'll, you. I'll, I will tell you that it, it has to do with a few things. First of all, the time between when they do it and when I actually eat it, because there's a uh, uh, the virus dies on this on any surface. It doesn't just live forever. It, uh, it dies fairly quickly. And and second, so as long as, long as I'm not like putting it in my mouth right now, I'm fine. And second is the matter of uh, of cooking it if it's something we cook ourselves and that that definitely kills it it doesn't okay do well so getting a, getting a large or an extra large pizza either nuking it or if you're against that putting it in an oven for you know a 350 degrees preheated for about two or three minutes right i, ge- you know? I guess you know that's a good point i guess if i were to get a pizza and then put it back in the oven again I guess it would be. It would probably be fine. I mean, preheat the oven to even four hundred, and just put it in for three minutes. What could live there? I mean, I, I'm just saying. I, I don't. Yeah. I think that would be more than safe. Maybe that, think about doing may, that. This maybe week. that is Treat a good yourself. idea. Maybe that is a good idea just, because uh, I mean, if you take the precautions, you listen. This is what you do. You get you get the pizza. No one else touches it. You get the box. You take the pizza out of the box. Then you. Get rid of the box, throw it outside. You do your hands really, really, really well. I'm just being honest. I'm not even that worried about the surfaces anymore. I'm more worried about just like if someone sneezed on it. Okay, and then take the pizza, have your oven already preheated, put a couple slices at a time in it, leave it for two, three, four, even five minutes, pull it out. I mean, it's it's not a bad idea. I might actually do that. That's because I am getting like. I I really would miss like to have pizza, that buddy. again. I do. Miss I miss pizza. the pizza. and I miss some other things, and you know, maybe some things if they can be done that way. Because I know it doesn't do well in heat. The virus. Now, let me ask you: Have you discovered? And it could be something unhealthy. I mean, it doesn't matter. A lot of people are eating unhealthy. But have you discovered a food, a snack, a dessert, something during this pandemic that otherwise before you had never had, or or had been so long and you forgot how much you enjoyed it? Something along those lines. No, there actually hasn't been anything like that. Everything. Okay, because is- I know that. I'll give you an example. This is really funny. Uh, I've discovered I really like the Haagen-Dazs. It's amazing. The Haagen-Dazs vanilla cherry ice cream. It's just so much better than any other ice cream. Yeah, I'm going to have to get and that. And ironically enough, I happen to be looking on Twitter, and Doyle Brunson had stated, and I'm not a 
you know, a fanboy of Dole, but it was just funny. He has fallen in love with the Cherry Garcia Ben's in, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. He's been eating literally one pint of it like every other day. And so anyway, I thought maybe no new food that was incorporated. It doesn't have to be junk food. No, Any no, just, there wasn't. See, everything everything we've had, um, my girlfriend had made before, just not at this frequency. And so it wasn't anything new. It's just a lot more of it and then just done away with all the takeout. And so that's that's what's happened. But I, I'll, I'll actually try this. Is it Haagen-Dazs, what, uh, vanilla and cherry? Oh, it's so good. Okay, yeah, I'll get a, it. It's, it, it. I'll send you. It's like the it's the special like white vanilla bean ice cream that I'll send you the link. But yeah, it's the only one they have even close to it. It's just Haagen Dazs vanilla cherry. It is so fucking good. Okay, well I mean, you have to obviously like cherries. If you don't like cherry, you know, or it's you know, but if you like cherry in any capacity, amazing. Okay, it's well just now, so now, much you, better. now the track- you know, I like I like my ice cream. I eat Ben and Jerry's. I've had every brand Dove bars. I mean, you know, that's my dessert ice cream. Well, there you go. Your, your check your I check from ha- your check from Haagen Dazs is coming in the mail yeah. now. You, you you got the plug out. All right, so let me ask you. Please forgive me if you, if you or myself, we talked about this uh, last week or even before. Has the Circa Casino been mentioned? No, and in fact, I, I meant to put that on the agenda and forgot. So thank you for right, mentioning. Well, let's talk that. about that. Thank you for mentioning that. So the Circa sure. Casino. This is this is interesting. It's the first casino to do this, to my knowledge, unless there was one a long time ago that did this. No. Well, okay, it's, that's a that's a trick question. Okay, go so ahead. the Circa Casino has, which is new, it's downtown, has decided that it is going to be an adults-only property, and that is something that uh, we haven't seen, to my knowledge. Okay, so when I say it's new, and I don't, I kind of remember this, but I didn't fully until I read back when the Bellagio was opened. Steve went at first. It wasn't a mandate. But he had the property discourage adults from bringing children and minors onto the property. The first year to 18 months it was open. Shortly thereafter, MGM Mirage bought the Bellagio and the other properties that Steve Wynn had founded on the strip from him. And they totally just were lackadaisical and stopped even trying to get that to, – to you know discuss that policy because they were doing the whole – you know, Vegas is for you know, family and kids and so on and so forth. I don't even remember that, and I was here. I don't remember – actually, no, I'm sorry. I wasn't here. That was 98. I don't remember the discouragement, but that's what the article, again, in the Review Journal said, that it was strongly discouraged. I don't think it was ever a rule, but they just basically didn't – there wasn't an arcade put in. There wasn't things that would make kids friendly. Like even the buffets didn't have things normally that kids would eat when it opened. The restaurants didn't have kids' meals. They just tried to do their best to discourage kids. But anyhow, yeah, this is the first one ever that literally you're not – like they'll say you have to leave. Like they won't let you stay if you have a kid with you. So interesting, yeah. right? They, they're going to allow 21 over only to enter the Circa, which is going to have the grand opening in December. No, you're wrong. They they recently announced that this is something very, very odd that you don't hear about, that they are ahead of schedule with the construction, oh, wow. and it's set now to open up in September. Late wow. September, early October, two months ahead of schedule. Uh, last week was a, I guess, monumental day in terms of the Circa's uh, history in which they started taking online and phone reservations for the first time. But it's set to open late September to mid October, I'm reading it right now. Interesting. I see. I didn't then, know that. I'm glad I have you around. Yeah. And then for those that are that even want to know, Derek Stevens is 
basically he's like a downtown casino mogul. He also owns uh, the plaza. He owns Trader Ruski's little. Uh, no, I don't think he owns a Golden. Nugget. No, he owns the gold, like, Golden Gate. He owns, the yeah, Golden the Golden Gate, Gate. That's and the D and the D also. Yep, I think those. Yeah, so this will be his. Is this his third or fourth? See, I didn't know about casino? the plaza. I knew about the D and the Golden Gate. You might be right about the plaza too. I'm going to look at her. But he's also the owner that was in the news the other day for giving away one-way – or not the other day, about three weeks ago now – for giving away one-way uh, air, airplane tickets to come to Vegas. Right. I, I covered that on here, yeah. A, yeah, 1000 at first, and the offer was so popular, he extended it to 2000 So he's the owner, and uh, this is getting some pretty good press. But it, it really is weird. Normally, with these big construction things, these, you know, these projects, it's always running over, not – under, but this one is is uh, yeah different. Yeah, it is interesting too that this is a complete uh, one hundred and eighty from what Vegas was doing for a while, where they were trying to be fa- family friendly. That was in the nineties and two thousands. Then they they started to go somewhat the other direction, but they were still welcoming to families. And now this is the first one to say, "Forget it. We don't want the families. We want just the uh, adults here." Now there, there could be reasons for this uh, beyond what would be obvious. You think the obvious one is just that there is a certain. Uh, market for people who just don't want kids around that just would prefer not to have kids running around in the casino they just uh, like an all-adult environment that that could be one reason Uh, another reason though could be the type of person that this attracts that maybe they've done some research to where the people who come without kids tend to gamble more well i'm sure they've done research there's no way they're going to implement that without doing some sort of market study right well, yeah, but I'm wondering what it, what conclusion it came to. Was it that uh, we think this is a niche market that is going to get people in here because there's no kids or just uh, the people who uh, are – we don't want this filled up by families because families don't spend as much in the casino. They we, we make less off of families than we do off of adults with no kids that come here. So let's just find a way to force it to be all adults with no kids. Oh, I know, adult only. Like that, that could have been the way yeah. it went. We don't know. Well, you know, there's a market of people, and not even people that you know that take such a, a big monetary consideration that just rather stay downtown, that just enjoy it, that would play, that would play the same amount of money, you know that that. I mean, you go to you go to the Golden Nugget, you know, on a on a weekend, and you'll see people there with with money playing in the yeah, What about what about Trader Ruski? Yeah. Well, exactly. Trader Ruski's he's, he's, he's no pauper. Trader Ruski, you still listen, with us? I've seen Trader Ruski playing a couple hundred dollars a spin of at, at video poker before. Uh, Trader Ruski, Trader Ruski, yeah. are you still around? That's that's a few and far between that high. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know you you know which game I'm talking about, right, buddy? Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, but, but uh, that's the one. Listen, the, hundred, the dollar, right? the dollar, do, dollar, dollar, uh, fifty play. Five dollars each line, fifty lines. How much a hand, Jeff? Well, okay, so spin? Oh, no, oh. 100, 100, 100. Oh, no. oh, 100 play. Wow, that'd be no. You did fifty. That's five. That, yeah, that'd be five hundred dollars. You did two fifty, Trey. I've never seen you do five hundred. Okay, but in his defense, hold on. I want to say something in his defense. Maybe he did without me. These, That's nuts. The, doing a fifty play for a lower denomination it has much less variance than doing the same amount of money bet uh, on just a, a one play machine. That's very high. Sure. So that's. Uh, I will so say that right, because you're basically is... give it guarantee like seventy five percent back on the uh, low I'd say end. For like sixty percent. Right? Yeah, it's not always seventy five, but yeah, but you're, you're not going to brick it. You're or getting anywhere near bricking it for like fifty five hands. Five is still five hundred, buddy. I mean, that's a, that's a hefty spin there. Yeah. Well, you have some stomach. Well, Trader, hey, I've seen you do the fifty. Want to make the big bucks? 
I've seen you do the 50 play at 250 a spin. Have you done the 100 play too at 500 a spin? No, see, I don't think I did, but I think I did it for because that's a buck fifty, right? Or how much no. is it? Okay, if you're doing is it dollars, fifty cents. Okay, fifty, 50 cents a hundred play would be two fifty a spin. Yes, because it would just be. I think that's. I think that's what I did. Okay, but yeah, I, don't I don't think, think I did. Doing, yeah. Maybe uh, yeah, I don't think you were doing five hundred a spin, buddy. But still, I mean, two fifty is. 250. By the way, I, I have a question. I have a trivia question here about the adults only. Uh, there is a place and a hotel I know of that has an adults only tower that is a casino. Do you know what that is? And I'll give you a hint. It is not in Vegas. Is it in, it's in Nevada? Yes. Okay. It's an adults only oh, tower. Oh, is it the, uh, is it in Reno? Is it no. like at the lakes? It, it is in Laughlin. Harris Laughlin actually has. Oh yeah, they do. I remember that. An adults only towers. tower. Yeah. yeah. One is a pet friend. One is a pet friendly one. One is the adults, and one is a family. Yeah. Yep. And I've, sta- I've, I've stayed. Yep. I've stayed in in the adults only tower there. God, that place needs to be refurbished. That place is really nasty. The, the beach there is so lol at at Harris yeah. uh, Laughlin. You, it's this tiny beach. I mean, when I say tiny, I mean think as small of a beach as you can imagine. That's what they have. And like, what do you do it's like there? The beach of, it's like the beach, like on a set of a TV show. That's not even like in the ocean, <laughs> where they just like show, like you know what I mean. If you look at like Married with Children or some like you know cheesy '90s show, and they're having like a like a set beach scene, that's how much. Uh, that's as big as it really is. That, that is what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and and, real. and really, the only real reason for that beach is number one, so they can say they have it, and number two, just so the water taxi has a place to pull up. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, funny. But that's the only no. that's the only other adults only thing I've seen huh. in casinos. In, in uh, aside from these, I, I want to say one other thing. There are some markets like New Orleans where the law says that kids are just simply not allowed in the casino at all. In Nevada, as long as kids are moving, as long as they're walking, they are allowed in the casino. That's that's the rule. Uh, so it, that's why you can walk through to get to your hotel or to your restaurant in Louisiana and some other places you can't. So if a kid has to walk through the casino to get to a restaurant, a kid cannot go to that restaurant. So there are some adults only restaurants in places like New Orleans in casinos simply because kids can't access them. And I once, I forgot which place, but I once got a casino to make an exception. And at first they were going to let us in the back or where Benjamin doesn't have to walk through the casino. But they ended up just saying screw it, and I think he was actually in uh, in Windsor, in Canada. Whatever it was, they violated the law. They ended up at first they were going to walk us through the back, uh, but they says that F it, we just they just walked us with an escort uh, <laughs> to make sure Benjamin didn't you know, like walk onto the casino floor with us, and that we kind of yeah. like they told us to like stick, stick along the wall, and we did, and we got in there. Now the hotel is planned to be, or it is going to be, thirty five stories. Trader Ruski, 35 stories. How many room hotel rooms do you think they plan to have? This is the Circa. Yep, Trader Ruski. 35 Ruski. stories. Yep. I would say 500. It's a Vegas kind of theme number. Nope. Druff, how many rooms? 777. 777 is correct. <laughs> They're going to have a two-story casino with 1,350 slot machines, 50 table games, a sports book that will hold up to a thousand people, and a pool amphitheater, um, and they will employ a thousand people when it opens. This is unfortunate and, that they're ahead of schedule. They'd be better off being behind schedule right now. 
and it's located for those that uh, remember yesteryear. It's located on the site formerly known as Tommy Druff. I'm not sure. Is it, is it the Las Vegas Club? Yes, it is. It's okay. the Las Vegas. That's, Club. I, that was just my guess. I didn't Very even know. Good. I didn't it's even, a good guess. I just thought of one that's not there anymore. That yeah. I figured yep. it would be next. Yeah, I, I actually got uh, backed off from blackjack at the Las Vegas Club. Oh, because those were like sweat. I mean, back then, those were like when they was open. Those were sweat houses. They were like, <laughs> like literally, like if there was green in action, you would get like a pit boss sweating you and watching. Green that, in that's action. exactly what happened. They just jumped on me right away, and that was yeah. that. All it takes is green because that, that that kind of place back then was still like a five dollar house where yeah. like you know the five dollar gambler would come in buying for a hundred, you know, betting five ten dollars, maybe you know get a buffet. Get something to eat at the coffee shop, lose their money, and then leave. Twenty-five or anything that could put damage on on them for that shift or that pit, they would it would create attention. Yeah, that's what Absolutely. they they just like immediately had pit bosses watching me, and then very yep. soon I was gone. It was, I and I, I wasn't surprised. I didn't care that much because I, I wasn't going to go back there otherwise. So uh, like it wasn't a big deal. Do you remember? Do you remember back then when you went? Doesn't matter what year it was because that that's just the way it was. Do you remember back when you went? Who the owner was? I mean, I know. I want to see if you know. No, it was a very legendary owner. Was it? Was it okay. uh, Jack? Jackie uh, yes, Goggin? It was. Okay. Yep, Jackie Gone. Yep, the son, of, the father of Michael Gone, and he is the original. He owned the original Monopoly on Vegas casinos for. I'm sorry, downtown Vegas casinos for 30, 40 years. He owned uh, the Plaza, the Las Vegas Club, uh, the Golden Spike, the El Cortez. In fact, that's where he lived. He had a suite at the El Cortez. He didn't even have wow. a house. Like of residence, he just you know you could literally go there and walk into the men's room and take a leak, and he'd be right next to you. I mean, he was always lounging or lounging around that property. Yeah, I remember the and plaza when he when he owned it, and uh, that was that was the place where uh, I, I lost very badly in a shoe game where I just got clobbered. The, the count went really high, and just every hand the dealer won in a shoe game. It was just me against the dealer, and I asked for a dinner comp because I hadn't played long. I just I played a short time, got beat for like four thousand dollars. And then was then okay. I said okay, I'm done. And then I said before I walked out, I was like, I was with another guy. I was like, you know what? Let's just get, let's get dinner here. So I said, can I have dinner for the center stage restaurant that's at the top where you uh, it has a, a glass ceiling and you could see the Fremont Street experience? So they gave it to me, and I went up there, and that was when a and this is of course a long time ago, a really pretty girl who looked around my age at the time. I was in my twenties. Uh, a really pretty girl. Who didn't? She didn't look trashy or anything. Like she was pretty, but she just kind of looked like a normal, like really pretty girl. She just kept looking at me and trying. Like it looked like she really wanted me to talk to her without directly saying so. And I was trying to figure out: is this a prostitute, or is it just, a, or is it a gold digger? Because I was complaining, not in not that soft of a voice to my friend about how bad my luck was and how much it sucks to lose four thousand in one shoe. So I was wondering if maybe she heard that and thought I was she could just gold dig. Or, or or was this a hooker, or was it just some girl who liked me? And I was, she was really, I mean, she was trying to give as many signs as she could without being overt that she wanted me to talk to her. She was at the next table over dining alone, and I just, I couldn't quite pull the trigger because I just had too much of a prostitute suspicion in the whole thing, especially when a, a waiter came to her and said, "Hey, didn't I see you here uh, last week?" And she said, oh, no, 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 I wasn't. She said, really? I thought I saw you. No, 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 this is my first time here. I'm like, okay, this really seems like a prostitute now. So I, I didn't do it. And then when my friend went to the bathroom, she finally got up to leave. She had been, like, sitting there, even though she was done with her meal for a long time. 
She finally got up to leave and walked super slowly by my table, hoping I'd say something. And then I didn't, and she just kept walking. So then I was wondering, okay, did I screw this up? Like even like I thought, okay, even if she was a gold digger, you know, maybe uh, uh, I, I don't have to have her as my girlfriend. If I suspect that, I could just stop calling her. But uh, you know, maybe she wanted to have sex with me that night. Like I was, I was very like frustrated that maybe I let this go. And uh, it turned out. So, so what happened was I was so bothered by this that I went on a blackjack forum, posted about it, and someone offered to go to Center Stage Restaurant at the Plaza that that next week on the same day, I think it was Saturday night, and see if they could find her. And believe it or not, they found her, and she was sitting in the exact same spot, and they said they were sure she was a hooker, especially because, uh, well, well, just like, first of all, she was there again alone, which, why would she be otherwise? But that uh, they knew she must have been there so often because when the when the Fremont Street experience lit up, she didn't even look up. Like, she's seen it so many times, she didn't even bother to look at it. Didn't even phase her. And so they're like, oh, this, this, it's got to be. And I said, you know, you're right. I, at least I did the right thing. But I was wondering, like, when, when was she going to drop it on me? Like, let's say I did talk to her. Was she going to drop it on me then? Were, were we going to go somewhere and then she'd drop it on me? Like, when was the, when was the sales pitch going to come? It would be, it'd probably be pretty soon. I mean, they don't like to spend a lot of time, you know, if they don't, if they don't know it's going to be, you know, a pretty definitive possibility they're going to make some money. They're not going to waste a whole night, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, they want to find out soon. If not, as they say in the business, move on to the next trick. Yeah, I I will say this girl. Jeff, you could have been a trick that night to her. I, I could have been, but I will say with her, as far as like really hot prostitutes, she's probably the one who like of all the real hot prostitutes, she's probably the one who looks the least like a prostitute that I've ever seen. She totally did not have that look. Trederuski, anyone ever try to get you to be their trick? Um, over the you know. Probably well, I mean, you're in the casino. No, it, ha- it has to be. I, I've had it a lot of times, so it's got to be. Well, he- of course, because you're in casinos. Yeah. Well, Trader Risk, you ever been in front of a machine with thousands of dollars or cash in hand, and you know an obvious hooker comes up to you trying to give you the spiel? Oh, and that- oh yeah. Right. Yeah, I've, so I've had I've had it a number of times. This 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 girl was by far better looking than all the other ones that had tried uh, in the past, and uh, and and also was the least obvious. And uh, listen, you know, I I wonder what they're doing now. Like, what do you think all those girls did during the three months? Seriously, what? Like, I'm not I'm not being. Facetious. Oh, I I wondered during that the too. Three months when there was a pandemic, what did they all do when there was no like they couldn't go anywhere? Well, they could they like, could put ads online. Guy, like, had a, you think like one guy had a mansion, like a Liam Neeson movie or something, where all the hookers would just come and all the rich clientele would come and then bang them? Well, I, I think, mean, on, think thanks thanks to online, they can still advertise and do it that way. Uh, but, but there are no tourists here. That's that's the huge part of their market. No, I know, I know, I know they I know they lose the tourists, uh, and that's, that's a, and that's, that's a killer. Part. I know it's a killer. And you're not like I mean, I mean, you can go to like, and I'm not saying that you know, but I'm just being honest, I lived here a long time. You can go to like you know your the nice local places, or even the train, you know, Gold Coast, Red Rock, you know, Bol- or Boulder Station, and you'll see you know sometimes an obvious hooker or two, but not anywhere near the infiltration you'll see on the strip when there's an event or you know it's a jam pack weekend. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. I mean, they literally are. And then the people that are down there are tourists. So, yeah, like I'm sure like online on Backpage or whatever they use now, small portion. But you're talking you're talking thousands of girls trying to get a small piece of the pie. No pun intended, Druff. You, you know you know where they love in Caesars is that bar that's uh, kind of by yeah. the front desk. They, lo- they love right that bar. Right and when you walk on the left. I, I drive from the front desk. It's on the left. Right. And I would, I would pick up – I would get oh, food there. Right. 
late at night, if you want to do pickup of food from there, you do takeout from that restaurant that's attached to it, you have to do it through the bar. And I started to dread it because every time late at night I'd come down there, uh, even just approaching the bar, I would get hassled by hookers, and they would, they'd be very aggressive. They'd say, oh, come sit with us. Uh, you know, and I'm like, no, that's okay. What? You don't want to sit with us? What's your problem? You, know, what? you don't like us? And they, they, they just do not leave. Like, I know why they're trying to get me to come sit with them, and I just I, I make it very clear. Yeah. I, I know. I, I make it very clear. Like, I, I, I can't stress enough to them that I don't want to come sit with pizza. them. You won't even need a pizza. Tell them I won't even need a pizza in a pandemic next time they hit on you. <laughs> At least, at least I have an excuse. I have a built-in excuse now. If I go to the the casino and there's still the coronavirus out there, like let's say I get the coronavirus and I recover, I'm like, okay, now I can go to the casino, and then then I go. Then if then if the hookers are there, I can I can pretend I haven't had it before, and that uh, I'm sorry. You know, normally anything, I would. Is there anything? In, is there anything more negative EV in the world than a hooker hitting on Druff? Like she doesn't even know she has no shot. Yeah. Like, she has no idea how negative EV that is. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. I, I, I try to, I try to project it too. I try to make it clear to them. Like I, I try to make it really clear. I have, no, I, I don't even want to begin the conversation. I, I try. Okay. I've had them call out, "Come on over here!" And I go, "No." You, you know who I was with? Uh, Plol. He actually saw it happen. And uh, uh, when, when I met him, and we, we walked back into Caesars, and again in that exact same area in the bar, they called over to me to come talk to them, and I just. Kind of waved it off with my arm, and they shouted, "What? What? Why do you want to come over here? Why not?" And so, yeah, he knew what it was too, but um, but they were doing it to me, and he thought the reason that they weren't calling to him was that uh, he was gay, and they could tell. And I said, "No, I said it, it doesn't like it doesn't jump out at you that he's gay if you meet him. He just seems like a young, skinny guy." And uh, and I said, "No, it's not that. It's because I'm the older one. They think I'm the one with money. They they don't they're not bothering you because you're young, and they think you can't afford it." But uh, they, they, it's like late at night at Caesars. You walk by that bar area; they're, they're gonna, they're gonna jump on you, especially if you're a, a white guy who's, uh, who's middle aged or older. So, what do you think they did for three months? I mean, fine. Granted, like a small share went after the big, you know, the, or I'm sorry, a big share went after the small pie of locals. How do you think the other ninety nine or ninety five percent supported themselves? What did they do? Did they all fire file for PUA maybe as independent contractors? <laughs> they actually believe it or not, they actually might and just uh, and just list themselves as escorts or something and entertainers. And, yeah, entertainers, and then they also they also could just be doing it at a cut rate where they could they could be trying to get the locals and just not charge as much, just live a, a lesser lifestyle. Maybe they have to move down in where they're staying or who knows. But uh, move down in stakes. Well, yeah, maybe that's what they have to do. Maybe they, if, I guess if you want to hire one in Vegas, this might be the right time. You can, uh, I get maybe not anymore, but before the reopening. Well, it's still, it's still can't the, uh, a lay can't be going for what it was six months ago. It's still got to be cheaper, considering there's not as many people still even now on the strip. And there's probably guys who are afraid to do it now. Yeah, oh, that's the other sure. You're, you didn't even think about that. Yeah. What yeah. a world we live in, where guys weren't afraid to be a prostitute, but they were afraid to be with them because there's a virus, <laughs> not because they're <laughs> prostitutes. Very, very weird. So, okay, I wanted to say two more things real fast. Uh, one was it was another trivia since we were talking about Jackie gone. Uh, you know, he has a son, Michael. This is just good trivia. In the 19, early 1970s, after Michael gone graduated college and interned for his dad, Jackie, for a couple years, what did what land? Or what casino, however you want to phrase it, did Jackie gone by his son Michael that started Michael's empire that started in the 80s and 90s before he ended up selling it all to Boyd Gaming? What was his first casino in which his dad bought him in the 70s? Um, it, it, it sat on a piece of what has been called the most valuable parcel of land on the Strip. 
for 30 plus years. It's not there anymore. The land is there, or, or the, there's something there, but not that casino anymore. Was Do you it, have any idea? Um, was it the Stardust? No, no, no. Stardust was buoyed way before it was merged with uh, Coast Casinos. What is it? What would you say is the most valuable, or one of the most valuable pieces of land on the Strip? It's I hard. mean, this has been said for years. I'm not making this up. I'm not. I'm just quoting. You know, I, I don't even know. I know it's somewhere like the center strip where where uh, where Caesar's the corner is, where of Bellagio the is. corner of Flamingo and Las Vegas Boulevard. What sat on the corner of Flamingo on the? Uh, let's see. Be the. Well, there's something on every side now. South. It'd be the south. No. I'm. Yeah. No. It'd be the north east corner of Las Vegas Boulevard for thirty something years up until. Oh, geez, maybe uh, 10, 12 years ago? In the Barbary Coast? There you go. Yep, the Barbary Coast. That was his first casino that his dad bought him, staked him, whatever you want to call it. And his dad kept his downtown shares, the, you know, the Plaza, the El Cortez, the Golden Spike. And Michael opened up the Barbary – or ran the Barbary Coast, but with, again with money right out of college, very young, that his dad had staked him. Then his next casino after Barbary Coast was a success in the early 80s was – uh, was it the Gold Coast? There you go. Then it was the Gold Coast, and then from there he expanded to the Orleans, and then the Sun Coast, and the South Point, and just an interesting thing. But yeah, that parcel of land is still regarded. I mean, you don't hear much about it anymore because the Cromwell is there, and I don't know. The Cromwell doesn't even get a lot of press. No, it doesn't. Good or bad. It just you don't even hear about it. Well, much. you know what? You know, here's a tip I can give people about the Cromwell. If you ever need to go to, uh, I don't know what it's like these days. Uh, is it even open? Yet? I, I no, it's not open, no, it's not open no. yet. Okay. When it opens back up, unless they change something, this was the only t- 24-hour total reward center of all Caesars properties in Vegas because it is combined with a cashier. So since the cashier is open 24 hours, so is total reward. So if it, Now, they, they have limited power there, and I found this, unfortunately, when I went there to get something done, and they, they pretended like they had power, but they didn't. And, and then I said, is this – is it you guys can't really do very much because – this isn't a real total rewards location. It's kind of the cashier acting as total rewards. And they're like, uh, kind of, yeah. Okay. But, but if you need like some kind of standard service for total rewards, you can go there at 3 a.m. where everything else is closed. But, uh, yeah, that's, I know it doesn't get that much attention. Also, if you don't care too much about tier credits, if you've already got the tiers you need, they actually have the best odds games of all Caesars properties. They, they have the, the hundred times odds at craps. They have the the good video poker, like nine six jacks are better. They they have all that stuff there for those who care about odds of games. You just don't earn many tier credits on it. So if you want to still play to Caesar's property and have better odds games, that's where to go. But you're right; it doesn't get much attention. No. So tell me if this. Well, I actually I know this wasn't talked about. Speaking of new casinos, the second newest casino that will open uh, was in the news again this week. Uh, precisely, uh, let's say, say Sunday, so two days ago, and that would be the res- Resort Worlds. Yeah. I'm sorry, Resorts World. Do you know why they were in the news? No. Why were they in the news? It's actually kind of similar to what happened at NASCAR, but 
obviously it got less attention. Uh, this past Thursday, a noose was found at the Uh-oh. Resort World's Las Vegas construction site, according to a statement from the resort company. Uh, R.A. Richardson Builders, which is the lead contractor for the $4 billion-plus project on the Strip's north end, was notified of a noose that was found in one of the complex's towers on Wednesday. Authorities were immediately notified of the noose after its discovery, the statement said. All subcontractors, union partners at the site were notified, and they were expected to cooperate in any investigation to discover the responsible party for leaving the noose. And from what I've read on the news, this is not a situation uh, like NASCAR where there's any room for interpretation that maybe it was something else that this was, although it's not a picture release, that they're saying this was definitively a noose. Well, okay, so let me ask you something. This this appeared after the situation with NASCAR, yes. right? Okay, well, so it was, it, was discovered, it was discovered after. Okay, so yes. it was probably a copycat. It was, it was probably you know, probably because the thing got in the news about uh, about NASCAR that some was, someone decided to do this. Yeah, it was discovered the morning of Thursday, June 25th, in the a.m. I have to so guess this was, is I, – I bet this was a troll doing it. I bet the person who did it wasn't even – I mean, I, well, I guess if they ever catch them, we'll find out. But my guess, my gut feeling is that cat, is it, it's, like a, it's like a troll doing it because they want the thrill of being in the news. They, they want to do it and uh, they want to see everyone talking about some action they took. And, uh, and truthfully, if you want to get in the news and you want like – Minimal trouble for doing it compared to like like you could get in the news by 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 shooting up everybody in public and then you'll end up in in prison for life or get the death penalty. But if you want to do something with much less of a consequence, if you get caught uh, doing something like that right now and just getting the kick out of reading everyone talking about it, uh, th- that's a pretty light thing you can do. As far when I say light, as far as your punishment, it's nothing like you're going to get life in prison or 20 years in prison for this. You'll pr- you'll probably get in some trouble, but then and, and of course they're, I don't they're, even think you go to prison. Yeah, you may not even go to prison. You, you, of course, your name will be everywhere, and everyone will think you're a racist. But if you're willing to take that chance, it, it's uh, if you want to get everyone talking about something in the news and and get a good laugh out of it. Uh, that that's what you do. I'm not saying to do it or that I approve of that. I'm saying that uh, I I bet this was more of a troll than uh, to copy what happened in NASCAR or what what was said to have happened in NASCAR. Turned out it wasn't what people thought it was. Sure. Uh, I I think this is more of a troll than some racist who's like, oh yeah, Probably. putting a noose somewhere. Let's I, I'm going to send those black people a message. I I think it was just someone who's going to get a kick out of their actions appearing in the mainstream news. Yeah. But I haven't heard much about it. It's funny with NASCAR, there was so much coverage of this, and I haven't even heard about the Resorts World thing. Well, made the Daily Mail. <laughs> the Daily Mail does everything. I, I actually, I, I told, I told someone I know last year about the Daily Mail, and I said they will cover everything. They'll give all the details. They don't hold back. They, they don't really have an agenda. I mean, some people say, oh, they have a conservative agenda. I don't really see that. They just kind of cover everything. And this article I'm about to read is why I hate the news. This actually made the news. And this was actually on like our local nightly news. I'm not, and it's in the paper. This is the whole article. A poker, I'm going to emphasize, a poker player won more than a quarter of a million dollars Thursday at a strip casino, according to Caesars Entertainment. <clears throat> and by the way, it was at Caesars Palace. The gambler who remains, who chose to remain anonymous, won over $255,000 on a progressive jackpot playing Ultimate Texas Hold'em. Oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't at this. <laughs> So anyhow, yeah, he won $255,000 playing the progressive jackpot Ultimate Texas Hold'em at the Flamingo. His winning hand was – what was his winning hand, Ruff? A uh, raw flush. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. But when they say a poker player, 
do they like, it, that's kind of misleading. He was not a poker right. player. Right. Well, well, Dutch Boyd actually tweeted this out. He tweeted oh. that he was frustrated with the headline here. And well, this thing I'm talking about right now? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, see, look at this. I talk about these subjects. I don't even know that other people are yes. blowing it. Okay. Yeah, Dutch it Boyd, is frustrating. It is. It a- Dutch Boyd tweeted it out, and I responded saying, quote, poker. That's what I responded back. It, it is oh. annoying when anything that has any association with poker is described as, if someone wins as a, quote, poker player. Same with video poker. A poker player uh, yeah. won this much, and then it turns out it's video poker. It should be a video poker. So, But this was on the news because it caught like my dad's attention. It's like, oh, you hear about this poker player? That, And then I'm like, no, Dad, he, no chance. <laughs> He wasn't a poker player. He was just somebody playing a poker-based game. And, you know, Trader Risky, are you there, buddy? Did we lose you? I'm here. I want to ask I'm you, here. what was the winning? I want to make sure you're listening. What was the winning hand? Royal Flush. Uh, <laughs> I like your quizzing, tra- quizzing Trader Risky. You know, this is the same reason that doctors hate watching medical shows like Grey's Anatomy. They just can't stand it because there's so many, like, just ridiculous inaccuracies it's kind of tilting sure. for them to watch and that's that's often how i feel when anything having to do with gambling or poker is uh discussed or portrayed in the media or or in an entertainment setting unless it's written by people who play poker so that it's not ridiculous and even sometimes then it still is but uh i i love the the big hands in poker tournaments portrayed on tv it's always like a like a royal flush beats uh four of a kind on the river it's it's never just like ace high and someone else the, has like the straight flush that was in the hand and yeah it's just, yeah yeah it's, it's never just like ace high ends up beating a, a busted flush draw it's never that right. and sure. and you know if they want to write a more dramatic hand than ace high winning they can do it without it being a royal flush that wins like it doesn't have to be the very best <laughs> poker hand that wins the tournament and they like you could tell when someone writes that they have no clue the way Poker really works. Sure. Now, I guess the only other thing in Vegas that can be – and I'm literally – I've been scouring for news. There's nothing interesting going on here, fellas. But uh, the Sahara, this was a week ago. And forgive me again if you talked about it or if Dutch Boy tweeted it. But the Sahara took a unique approach to the current pandemic. The Sahara uh, announced last week, and they're still currently doing it now, they are taking reservation – I'm sorry. They're taking group reservations for blackjack, roulette, and baccarat. Up to 72 hours in advance, meaning if you want to play with your friend, your wife, your your partner, whatever it may be, your lover, table game reservations can be made online through the casino's pandemic take a seat program. Can I get a laugh track? The (laughs) pandemic take a seat program? Really? (laughs) Okay. Uh, well, it, now, table it, games. Hold on, let me finish the article. Now, table game seating has been limited since casinos closed since mid March were allowed to reopen. Uh, June 4th. This is a quote the Sahara released in a news release. This service will support households traveling together so they can make arrangements to also play together. <laughs> Great. <laughs> the seven, uh, also the seven table poker room, and we're talking about live poker at the Sahara, is open from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. with a maximum of five players per table. Players can also res- reserve seats online through, Druff, through what? The Bravo the app? Pandemic, the, no, oh. the pandemic. Oh, the pandemic. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as funny sure, as funny as this is, it's not even a bad idea because oh, it, it is. It, it, but it's just funny. That yeah, you of course it is. There, there may be people who are frustrated that travel to Vegas, and then because there aren't that many seats available at these tables, uh, it's very hard to find seats where they can all sit together with with lesser capacity per table. So this may piss people off, like they they like uh, too. Two couples travel together and they want to go down and play blackjack together. It may be like near impossible to find a table where uh, there's four seats open. 
You know, that's what you do. You put somebody like this would be a great commercial for them. You put somebody like in a cape and like you know, a, 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 you know, like an action hero costume. You want to play, you know, ten dollar blackjack with your wife. Your lover says she can't have trust you at another table. Then the pandemic take take a seat program is for you. You know, something like that. Because I mean, that really is smart. I mean, the pandemic take a seat program. They, they could have what? it. They could have it like the guy with the cape. Like uh, they, you, know, you show some couples being fr- frustrated. What? What do you mean we can't sit together? I'm sorry, but due to social distancing measures, you're not allowed to sit. Uh, we can't sit more than this many people at the table. There's only one seat here. One seat here. You can sit there, and she can sit there. Oh, what can I do? I just want to gamble with my wife, but I can't even do that. And then this sounds like uh, this sounds like a job for a pandemic man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can fly you to a table where there's always seats reserved for you. Really, Pandemic Man? Get on my back. I'll bring you to the Sahara Casino. That's that's funny. Really, Pandemic Man? It's funny. Uh, So that's really it. And according to the Las Vegas Suns gaming section, uh, they they obviously know that I enjoy reading their great stories, but I've run out of free views here. Hold on. What about incognito mode? Have you tried that? Uh. How do I do that on a I'm an idiot. How do I do that on a laptop? I know how to do that like on an iPad or my phone. Oh, it's always just, you I just uh, you, you, you control shift N on Google Chrome will do it. If you okay. do control shift N, it'll open up a incognito yeah, window which doesn't work on all sites, but if you take a look, I'm going to give a tip to that all the did. It worked. Okay, I'm going to give a tip to all the listeners on Poker yeah, Fraud Alert though because there's something more you can do cuz some sites are wise to incognito mode and they'll say, "Oops, you're incognito mode. You can't uh, read our site until you get out of that." But if you go to the Hacker's Delight subforum on Poker Fraud Alert, it's a little used forum, but a lot of good information there called the Hacker's Delight. There, there is a thread there that is explaining how to disable incognito mode detection. There's, a, there's actually an extension you can install on Chrome, which you'll be directed to. It's a poster named uh, Mincemeat who posted it back in uh, July 2019. And, and you can actually, you'll be directed to a Chrome extension which allows you to have your incognito mode not detected so you can read things like the New York Times without having to subscribe. It actually pissed me off when the New York Times bragged that they're not going to make people subscribe to read coronavirus articles. And I said, okay, that's that's good. because it's, it's annoying when people are just trying to get info about the coronavirus and it says, sorry, you've, read, you've reached your uh, limit of two articles per month on New York Times for free. So I said, that's nice. Well, it turned out that still came up. You had to actually register on the New York Times with an email address like to get the free articles. I'm like, this is so stupid. If you want to give the coronavirus info for free, stop putting any kind of wall. Just let people read it. Like, why, why well, make a that? Of, a lot of papers online were doing that, and they were making you realize it, too. We here at the Washington Post want you to know, because of the pandemic, we're going to let you read our newspaper for free. Like, yeah. They would that- actually put that in the... Because I read a lot. I'm a big – I must read five or six newspapers a day on, online. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's obnoxious. Yeah, take a look at that. I know how that. to do it on an iPad or on my phone. I didn't know how to do it on a laptop. Yeah, take a look at that Chrome thing like the, on that, that post in uh, in right. Poker Fraud under the Hacker's Delight. It's called Disable Incognito Mode Detection in Chrome. And this way, like the New York Times can't tell you're in incognito mode. It's very useful. Perfect. Now, let me, let me ask you. I don't, I don't want to toot my own horn or whatever, but I told you off air. I had a – fucking hellacious migraine earlier so i think you know i i need to eat relatively soon i haven't eaten today um 
or since this morning. So I have maybe another 45 minutes or an hour in me, and I'm not going to talk about the Italian blood pressure people or medicine, but I, would it be fine with you if we talk about uh, the GG poker, maybe some baseball? Yes, yeah, let's and do that. And I want to talk about the Oklahoma, because basically everything else that's kind of gambling related, and, I'll let, and I'll, then I'll step out. I'll have a late dinner. I'll walk my dog, and I'll let you start attacking the coronavirus stuff because I kind of want to go on a high note. You know, well, that's, that's, well, that's, that's, that's why I I I, no, I, know, ma- I, I made the show in this order because I knew that y- you would prefer these casino type and Vegas type topics, and uh, and then I leave the other topics which you have less interest in the, for myself or if Trader Ruski still is here as well. So okay, let, let's talk about GG Poker. This is getting a lot sure. of criticism from the poker community now. GG Poker, for those of you that don't know, you probably know by now, they also have World Series of Poker events online, except these are not accessible to those in the U.S. This is uh, for non-U.S. players, and they are giving away 54 real WSOP bracelets, not WSOP Europe bracelets, but WSOP bracelets that are supposed to be equivalent to the WSOP bracelet I have, which I think is crap, but that's that's that was decided a while ago. What was weird, and we mentioned it last week, is that GG Poker still had not announced their schedule. And it was getting very close. I think the first one starts like July 8th, and we're like, what's, what's the holdup? Well, finally, they announced it. At first, it leaked online. I don't know how this keeps leaking. For the, the original World Series schedule leaked, and then the, the GG Poker one leaked. But, so that leaked online, and people were very unhappy with what they saw. Uh, again, it's, Where can I find this? I'm on the, the site here. I don't see – I mean, you're saying they, they're listing the type of tournaments, the buy-ins, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, so it's not that obvious. If you go to WSOP – I'm on the site. WSOP Online 2020. Oh, jeez. I'm on GG Poker. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, just go to WSOP.com. Okay. On the top Hold left on. is WSOP Online 2020. Then click on GG Poker under that, and then it uh, it actually brings you over to GG Poker, and then you have to click on another thing about the, the, the banner with Negranu's face on it. So you got to go to like three different things just to see this? Yes, yes. It's, it's outrageous. Okay, hold on. So I'm, I'm on the WSOP 2020. Then I click on what? Then you, then you have to go to GG Poker under you like click on WSOP online 2020. Okay, and I, I okay I see WSOP 2020 schedule and GG Poker. Click on GG Poker. GG Poker. Then it'll open the GG Poker oh. site, <laughs> and then you've got to click on this banner with Negranu's face on it. To well, at least they're making it real easy for us. Yeah. I mean, this is just oh my god! I gotta click on that banner because okay, I was just there and I didn't know that that I had to click on his face. Yeah, and, and yeah. Then you got to oh scroll down. Oh my god! This should be a story in itself. <laughs> So, so anyway, hold on, no, I'm clicking on his face. It's not letting me. There's you you, you got to cl- click in the right place too. <laughs> oh, come on, stop! There's no way you're being serious. I right, wish I wasn't. Right, his right nostril. His right nostril. <laughs> right nostril. There's no way this is real. I'm getting trolled here. It's not. Like, I'm clicking on his nostril, his mustache, maybe his hairline. Try clicking on the br- the giant bracelet. Maybe I don't know. I had to click a few times too, but I'm there. The the fifth hair on the mustache from the left it's side. It's a secret. It's a secret schedule. You can't. You they can't just give this out to anybody. This information is only for your eyes only. I mean, listen, I'm I'm. Cl- oh, there it went. Oh, okay, I swear to God, Yay, got it. You got it's it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, that's it's it's tough, Brand. They, they they don't want to make it easy like, for you to find this information out. Just in case so you want to play, you, you have to work for it. So who, who would do this? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're, oh no, no, it isn't. This is. No, you got to scroll. No, you scroll down. You scroll down, and it'll have more of the information. Oh, let me see. But not but for some reason, not all of it. You have the, the stream schedule, and, and then you got to you got to scroll way down to see the rest of the information. It's a very poorly designed thing, to say the least. Uh, 
I mean, good, kind of good cartoonish pictures of Daniel Negreanu, but that's about all I can give him credit for. This is unbelievable. There is like a kind of like a, like a cartoonish Daniel Negreanu. Who would do this? It just doesn't even make sense. Someone who thinks they're better at web design than they are. That's what it is. How could you – like you couldn't make – it's almost – it's a, what they've really done. Seriously, what they've done, okay, is they've made it a treasure hunt to find the schedule. Yes. Like that's what they've done. They have. And you know what? They they actually make you feel stupid when you can't find it. You kind of feel like like everyone's finding it but you. You're just you're just dumb. That's how you feel. That's how I felt. I, I, I only know this because earlier today I went searching for this and it was hard. And I, I felt dumb. I felt like how come everyone's finding this except me? I must be dumb. I've been overestimating my intelligence for all these years. I can't even get to a simple World Series schedule. It's it's a trick. Unbelievable. So uh, anyway, there's 54 events, and uh, just like the main WSOP online series, it's very no limit hold'em heavy. Uh, the let's see how many are at uh, the 54. I see a uh, a PLO. I see a second PLO. I see a third PLO. I see a short deck. Um, no limit, no limit, no limit. Uh, another PLO, another PLO. Uh, no limit, no limit, no limit. Uh, like a, it, it, it's, a, it's just like no limit and PLO, mostly no limit. There is a limit hold'em. I think it's the first thing to deviate from being – other than short deck, it was all no limit and PLO from what I can see until August 20th where there's finally a $500 limit hold'em. Okay, time out. Uh, just so you know, I did find an easier way. So the, I mean, seriously, if anyone wants to get on here, it's all you got to do. Instead of clicking on Daniel Grano's nostril, you just go to the World Series 2020, like you said, and instead of going for WSOP Online 2020, instead of going to GG Poker, just click on the schedule. Then it has everything for both sites combined. Uh, I mean, come on. Okay. You, now I'm there. Okay, I'm there with you. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. So, so the first thing I see that's not No Limit Hold'em PLO or that one short deck event is all the way on August 20th, which is very deep into the series, like way more than half. Uh, there's a $500 limit hold'em. No, there's a PLO on the fifth. No, no, I said it besides PLO and No Limit. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you say yeah. that. And then, and then let's see. I keep scrolling down. There's another limit hold'em on August 25th. Uh, PLO no limit. And then there's this weird thing. They got a million dollar. They got a million dollar guarantee with a hundred fifty dollar buy-in. That will be interesting. Yeah. And uh, there's this oh, weird. The, the GG Masters WSOP Freeze Out Edition. Cute little name. Yeah. <laughs> wow, they got a 10k heads up on there. There's there's this people's choice thing, which is very weird. There, there's four different events, starting from uh, September 1st, September 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 5th. There's four people's choice events. Uh, one of them is voted on by people, of which format they do. Uh, the second is voted only by pros. I assume these are site pros, not just any pros. Uh, the third is a spin the wheel. You actually, I don't know who's spinning the wheel, but some wheels being spun to decide which one it is. And then I don't know what most popular means, but the something they call most popular is the fourth oh, wow. one. So that's that's the people's choice gimmick. However, if you look at all this, the bottom line is again, it's not very WSP like. Where's the mix? What game? the fuck? What is a people's choice and people's choice spin the wheel? How can they how can they produce this? How do they expect anyone to understand? Look, on, on August twenty second, if there's a five hundred dollar deep stack and all it says is in parentheses Asia time zone. <laughs> That's what it says. I mean, yeah, I see that. How kind, what kind of what kind of description? Listen, GG Poker, Saturday, August twenty second, it's the five hundred dollar deep stack no limit, Asia time zone. Yeah, I see that. That's like, funny. It, like, but give more um, 
buddy, there's two limit holdems. This is gonna gotta make you a little frustrated, huh? Well, well no, it doesn't because th- at least it had limit holdem. There's no stud. There's no mixed games. No horse. No, but I'm saying I'm uh, frustrated because you like limit holdem. Um, that's your game, and no, because uh, that one guy on Bovada. No, because uh, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because it's it's uh, it's online bracelets. They don't excite me. Yeah, but then you could win the People's Choice Award. <laughs> Actually, no offense. Something tells me no matter how many you win, you're not probably getting the People's Choice Award. Yeah. Maybe you spin the wheel. Maybe. Well, listen, I'm gonna. We should call them and just say, listen, I don't want to play nothing else. I just want to spin the wheel. What do I got to do? <laughs> All I want to do is I want to spin. Yeah, the how can I be the one to spin? How can I be the one to spin? I want to be the spinner. It's zero. It says on here, zero buy-in, people's choice, spin the wheel. Yeah, the Asia time zone is so weird. that I see this at other events, like July 25th. Well, look at, look July at the one 25th. below that, below the spin the wheel. Did you read that? People's choice, people's choice event. Listen to this. People's choice event, Asia time zone, most popular. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that? I mean, how can anyone normal figure this out? It just doesn't. Asia say, time listen. zone. So listen, seriously, say that I'm some like 20-year-old with a ton of money. I'm an online wizard, and I want to travel, and, and I want to do this. How would I even understand what any of this means? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm really like, okay, you know what? I got a month, okay? I got a month before I need to travel to wherever country I can legally play this, like is going to do, like all these other Americans are going to do. How would I even know what any of this means? If I want to spin the wheel or if I want – I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And – I think I figured out what Asia time zone is, though. I was looking at the times of these events, and the ones that are yeah, not – probably in Asia, well, like starting like the time well, is – Well, I'll explain it. What they're trying to say here is that uh, they give the time zones in Eastern time for some reason and GMT, GMT being uh, Greenwich Mean Time, like where London is. Uh, but then you'll see that all these events tend to start around uh, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern, uh, uh, 6 o'clock p.m. GMT. Uh, GMT is actually one behind London right now because of daylight savings time, but whatever. Uh, you'll see the ones that are Asia time zone start at 8 a.m. Eastern and 12 noon Greenwich Mean Time. So they're tr- they're just trying to say these are starting much earlier. That's what Asia time zone means. But what a dumb way of saying it. Why not just say earlier start? Can you imagine this is this is you know the one thing on here that bothers me the most. I mean, I'll be honest, and I get it, but I it just the one thing that bothers me on the most. Is you can literally now. There's going to be some dude out there who's going to win a fucking bracelet with a fifty dollar event. That's just embarrassing. Is there a fifty dollar event? I didn't see that. Look on August twenty third. Let me go down here. The I, big fifty. I oh wow. Big oh my. 50. See, I saw a big I mean, fifty. You, I saw a big fifty. I thought it was like last year's big fifty. No. no. Look, at, look at the buying amount. Like, <laughs> that's, you know what? Oh my gosh. The show. Oh my gosh. I, I oh. oh. Like that's just oh. horrible. Come ah. on, guys. Like, okay, fine. You've already had like three fifties with you know they're big fields, five hundred, a fifty dollar event. Like how? Like, oh my! You God. don't even want to know what that was worth in 1971 when they started the World Series. You don't even want to know. It's it's, it's worth less than ten bucks. Jesus. I mean, the last event they have is a hundred. So I was about to, or I'm sorry, the second to last event. It's called the. $100 WSOP millions. That's a $100 buy-in with a $2 million price pool. And I was about to bitch about that, and I just scrolled up and saw the big 50. Can you, like, imagine, just... can you imagine in a future World Series, the winner of that $50 event is going to be there at the table wearing his bracelet. Someone's going, oh, cool, you have a bracelet, man. What did you win it in? Oh, I, I have no limit hold'em. Oh, cool, cool. So w- which event? Oh, one of the onlines. Oh, cool, cool. So what was the buy-in? Uh, uh, Fifty dollars. It's always fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. No, it's going to say the big fifty. Fifty thousand. Wow. The 
Do we have a clip of? Do you want the fifty dollars back anywhere? No, I, no, I, I, it's it's somewhere. I I just don't have it ready, but I I, I think I have it somewhere. But yeah, fifty dollars. Wow. Yeah, that's just that's terrible, man. I don't even want to talk anymore. I'm actually depressed now. <laughs> I'm not even going to travel to Istanbul or wherever this is going to be held. That, but that's it. I don't have a bracelet like you do, and I probably never will. And I don't care, but it's just it, I still respect the brand. I mean, that's just fifty dollars. You know, it's funny because I saw you know, a big we fifty. Do, we should make we should just make a, 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 a commitment right now, the three of us amongst ourselves. We should try to track down whoever wins this fifty dollar bracelet and be the first person to on air interview. Him. Yes, we just should just mock the whole situation. <laughs> I mean, we won't treat him bad; it won't be his fault. But just to mock it, like let's say right now, let's try to find whoever wins this fifty dollar. Yeah, we'll have to try to remember this event. for August twenty third or whenever it's over, August twenty fourth. I mean, that's unbelievable, man! Fifty dollars. Look and look how it goes. It goes. Fifteen hundred dollar event, twenty five thousand dollar event, and then fifty. Okay, fifty. <laughs> you know, as they named it Big Fifty, so that's why I ignored it. That's why I didn't look because I played the Big Fifty last year, which is five hundred dollars, and I didn't and even bother the, to look. Yeah, and look at the event before. They're going to have a twenty five thousand dollar event. That's a one day event. I think that's a mistake too. Like, how, I mean, that's a. No, it's, it's, saying, it's saying it's saying two day on where I'm looking. Oh, on August twenty third. Yeah, on one day for me on the GG thing where you had to click Negreanu's mustache. Uh, on there oh, it says okay. two. On there it says two day event. On the WSOP's official site, WSOP.com tournament schedule, it says one day. That's great. That's a conflicting information. I'm looking at That's you know nice. what though, every event says one day. Okay, for so, both both sites. <laughs> so, but who knows? I mean, it could uh, be a one day. What a screw up! That's a lot of money for one day of online. It, pro- it probably is two days, but they just yeah. messed it up. But anyway. yeah, every event. If you go to WSOP tournament schedule, and then you'll just see every single one is listed as one day. You know what? Most Actually, most are one day. I'll tell you because I'm seeing a lot of them are just blank. They don't say Asia time zone or two-day event. And I think that just means by default one-day event and not Asia time zone. So you're telling me that no one on Twitter today was outraged? Oh, no, they are. 50, no, oh, no, the $50. Oh, the $50. Event, no. Specifically. I'll tell you. So I'll, what they're all complaining about is not the thing – nothing we've been talking about yet – they are complaining about the thing they're complaining. Well, maybe they're complaining about this stuff too. But what I'm seeing complaints about everywhere is the main event, which isn't made very clear here. But I'll trust what people are saying. I've been actually trying to find exactly where they state it. So it's the Super Millions. It's it's the main event is what they're complaining right, but is about. Is it the one that's called the Super Millions? Five um, K guarantee, five million guarantee. Let me see. It's the one they call that's main 10K event. Ten K on September sixth. No, 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 no. This is the, this is the one that's on. Uh, August thirtieth, um, it's the fi- the five thousand dollar no limit hold'em main event. Uh, oh, I see that. And yeah. The the oh, I got a twenty five million guarantee. I missed that. Yeah. Well, right. well, I'll tell you why. They have. Would you believe twenty two starting flights? <laughs> so unlike the main event that you know at the World Series of Poker in Las Vegas where you get one and only one shot at it. And if you bust, that is it. You cannot rebuy. You cannot Wait, add on. Where do you see the 22? I don't. See, I don't, but everybody knows. This has been the big story on Twitter, so someone must have seen it somewhere. Oh, okay. They're saying on Twitter that there are 22 entries. Everyone's been laughing about this. There are 22 times you can enter. There's like 22 different flights that you can enter this main event on GG Poker. And that's what everyone is pissed off about. Hmm. So that's uh, and that's what they're laughing at is like how many like 
what's the point if you can enter 22 times? Like, how can you call that? You know what? I'm sorry. Like, I don't mean to, you know, I really, I really truly don't mean to just bash people here, but how can they, like, whoever it is that, that is in charge of their website, how can they, with a straight face, put up this information in good, in good faith? Because it doesn't, all you see is on the WSOP side of it, on their site, it says August 30th, $5,000 no limit hold a main event day two. It doesn't show a day one. It doesn't show what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. How can they put that out there? No, it's terrible. But but this is being confirmed like I read on another site. No, uh, no, like, I get it. But there, how, you get what I'm saying? How could somebody in good conscience put this out there for Oh, us? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it it's terrible. It, it reminds me like, of when you get – it reminds me when I order stuff from Jesus. Amazon, like like cheap Chinese knockoff merchandise, and I get it. And like the user manual is like terrible, and you like to barely so, understand it. Yeah. So on the site, it shows a day two. For five thousand, but it doesn't show any date, any time, anything for a day one. Yeah, and it definitely doesn't tell you there's a day three through twenty two. But you know what? That would make sense because twenty five million for a guarantee. They're probably, of course, you know, they they're going to be nervous and they want to get as many. Yeah, they need five thousand people to break even. Yeah, over over twenty, but over over one day that might not happen. Over twenty three days of pro- unlimited buy-ins. Oh, that's just terrible. Well, it's it's twenty two opening flights. So I assume what's going on here is you can enter twenty two times. You can enter once per flight, and so so you can. So people are saying this is a joke. This is a World Series main event that you can enter twenty two times. That changes well, everything because if you're bankrolled, well, listen, a fifty. I think the fifty dollar bracelet's worse to me. It, it actually is, but but uh, this is pretty bad no too. One's gonna, no one's going to consider whoever wins that. No one will know their name. I won't know their name. You may, but you'll forget it. No one's going to actually recognize that person. But the fact that someone can buy in for fifty bucks and actually have a bracelet—that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. That's a word. It's embarrassing. There's no other word other than it's embarrassing. Like that's just it really but really hurts. I, I, the I, actually, I agree, but no, I think they both are because the main event. Think of the World Series main event. It's it has. But been no one's like going to recognize that as a main event. I wouldn't. You won't. I know, but they're trying I mean, to they're trying to portray it that way though. That it's a main event. That's that's the thing. You know that it's just called the main event. That doesn't mean it's the. No, they are. They they now pe- the poker world may not take it seriously, but uh, but they are trying to make it to where there are kind of two main events this year. There's the main events on the, on WSOP.com, and then there's the main event at uh, for Europe and and everywhere else. It's not the U.S. that can access GG. Uh, that's their main event. But they have 22 times be- people can enter, and that changes everything. If you have the bankroll to sink this in, if you don't care, if you've got deep pockets. But that's my point. No one's going to recognize it as an actual main event. Like they won't get their picture on the wall at the Rio, or they no, should. Oh, they probably will. This is They're this not, is this is not World Series of Poker Europe. This isn't like wearing a European bracelet. This is well, this, it's in Europe. It, it is, but but this is being considered part of the main World Series. They're saying eighty-five bracelets are being given away this year. They've never talked about Europe that way. They they say eighty-five bracelets are being given away this year. Thirty-one are on WSOP.com, yeah. fifty-four on GG, and they're completely equivalent as far as the World Series is claiming. Now, what what the general poker world uh, sees this as and what they recognize are different things. Like, is anyone going to okay, take? Okay, so what are you more outraged at? A fifty dollars bracelet or twenty two unlimited entries uh, allegedly into the main event? I am more outraged by the fifty dollars bracelet. Me too. But I, I also think the twenty two for the main event. Is... Yeah, they're both. It's all screwed up. I don't. I'm not. Listen, I'm not even fond of uh, spin the wheel. And that's my favorite event so far. Okay, <laughs> but definitely a fifty dollars bracelet. That's just. I mean, there's a hundred dollar one too, Druff. Yeah. Uh, September sixth. I mean, the hundred ain't, ain't you know. Can you imagine the hundred dollars of prestige? It's not the. Can you imagine we're living in a world where the hundred dollar bracelet that you win isn't the least prestigious of bracelets given? 
In fact, it's, in fact, it's, it's, it's double the buy-in of, of the next one down. It's, it's, it's not even just it's a hundred dollar bracelet. Can you imagine you're the guy that wins a hundred and someone mocks you and you're like, hey, asshole. Well, at least I'm not the guy that didn't win the fifty dollar one. <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself. I mean, because hey, my, look, my bracelet is double some of the buy-ins of the other people who've won bracelets. So what do you say to that? But whoever does this, they gotta know. Like someone, okay. Like if they put me in the room with what's her name? Uh, Diana, Eleanor, the girl, <laughs> Lisa. What is it? Now you're now you're confusing me. Uh, D- oh, Danielle Burrell. Dan- no, that's the girl we apologize to. No, no, that's Danielle Anderson. Are you well, sure? Prob- yes, we're probably yes, yes. Apology. No, no, I'll probably have to apologize to Danielle okay. Burrell too. So be careful. <laughs> okay, so Danielle Anderson. I'm sitting in the room with. No, no, that's the <laughs> Danielle Burrell is the one. Danielle Burrell. I'm sitting in the room with her, and I'm saying, "Listen, Danielle. Okay, this is." The most prestigious event. This is what gets people to play poker. Uh, you know, th- this makes national news. I mean, there's nothing else like this. There's no other event. Are you sure you want to offer a, a recognized bracelet for a $50 buy-in? I mean, a $50 buy-in? And what would, what is, okay, tell me what the response is. You're going to play Danielle, the poker lady. Danielle. I mean, this is the most prestigious tournament. Kids like that are 15, 14, 10 watches on TV, like this young Monaco, and they want to, win bracelets and they, they love the history and, and the mystique of it all and you don't think a $50 bracelet is, is just, I mean I hate to say it Danielle, but a slap on the wrist a, an, an embarrassment, just an outrage even, I mean what's your response Danielle? Well, You're going to play Danielle what, what, I, what I think is that uh, we have to make this accessible <laughs> to those, like the young players you're talking about, they they don't have the funds to put 1500 into an event or maybe not even five or 300 this allows the good players who just aren't very well bankrolled to, to play in the World Series of Poker and have a shot at a bracelet. Just because you don't have a big bankroll doesn't mean that you're not a great player who doesn't deserve a bracelet. But, but Danielle, you're, you're just then basically rewriting history and changing the whole premise of what the WSOP ever has been. Well, I mean, the whole premise is you have to win a satellite. You have to run up your bankroll. I mean, we did, what are we, we going to have $5 tournaments? Are we just going to flip cards for tournaments? Are we going to play Tonk? And, 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 and gin rummy for, I mean, it doesn't make sense, Danielle. $50? Well, Danielle, what, we're, what, we're $50? Considering for, what we're considering for 2021, if the coronavirus is still happening, is uh, they're actually going to be opening up a poker site in Mexico we're going to partner with, and we're uh, going to have a 50 peso bracelet in 2021. <laughs> Lovely. Well, listen, Danielle, I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on. And I, I mean, listen, I don't agree with you. I think $50 is, is it's an embarrassment. There's no other word. Like, that's just, it, it's, it. I mean, fifty dollars. Well, what if what if that person had to navigate a field of fifty thousand people? <laughs> you know, and, and keep the luck. Well, hold on, listen, Trader Risky. It's either you're on their it. side, Trader You're either on their side or ours, buddy. There's no in between here. No, I think, well, look. All I'm saying is they would probably do that live. What? But they can't justify it, obviously. They would ne- Listen, they're not going to have a $50 live term at the Rio. You're crazy. They couldn't. If they did right. that, you know, you'd have to have 30 starting flights, okay? Right. They, every, right. Every, no. But no. now they can do it online. Would, I'm just saying. With the platform, they, though, no, they no. can do it. People yeah. are playing in but sheds. I'm just saying. People were playing in, in, right. in and people were playing in the basements last year in the I closet. In the t- no, no, I, I understand. I think I understand what no, Trade Risky is trying right. to say. But what, I, what I'm saying is, Brandon, is that if they like when you re, when you go virtual, you remove all the things that a physical event, all the restrictions it puts on you. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what so he's what saying. I'm that's saying what he's saying. Is, right. Right. I, 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 what Trader Risky is trying to say is that they that, but- 
they've wanted to do this. It still damages the mystique. It absolutely. Oh no, I agree. I I agree. Believe me, I I've got a bracelet. I agree. Part of it is you have to have enough money to play in one of these. Right. Well, the, right? that's part of the pride of it. Like yeah. the. No, I, I agree. I agree. You've got to ha- you've got to have something you're 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 putting up here. You've got to the the thinking is that you had to have been successful enough in poker to where you're willing to risk this amount of money to win a bracelet. Right. Not it to- has to be somewhat significant. It, it just no. I'm and, sorry, you're not gonna. Well, no, but uh, no, I know what he's saying though. He's saying that maybe they have wanted to do this for years and they just couldn't because it wasn't practical in a live setting. I don't, I don't think that either. I don't think they wanted. You think on their agenda was to do a fifty dollar bracelet? Well, no, because well, yeah, no, look, it couldn't have I, been because there's I'm no way to. Being, look, I'm sorry, Jeff. Okay. No, go ahead, Trader Ruski. Go ahead. I, I, I you was know, this just trying to explain where they're coming from. It's like, what could you do? With a virtual environment, and because maybe they look at it too like this year's going to be different anyway. These are going to be online bracelets. We might as well throw something like this. But first of all, how many people do you think they get for this? I mean, it could be. Well, they're obviously greedy fucks, so they're going to allow rebuys. So, how many people are going to? I mean, well, would you imagine a cap on all twenty-two levels? Can you imagine if Negron, if it's unlimited rebuys or even some crazy amount, Negron will just go in all in every single hand. Yeah. <laughs> 50, 50, 50, 50. I mean, he can do that all day long. Like, he'll just keep firing off 50. No, it would be funny if he just, if he just like, uh, if he just sets up like his, his dog to just keep uh, pressing the same button over and over and over. He trains his dog to just keep hitting all in, all in, all in, all in. 50, 50, 50, 50. Yeah. You could probably play, I mean, you could probably really train your dog to do that. Listen, I I just think to me, I think it's disrespectful to the brand. I mean, that's it. That's how you know, no one's going to change my mind. It doesn't matter that they can do this. That they, even if they could have done it logistically in a live Landenberg Casino, a uh, brick and mortar casino, or, or had to be done virtually, it doesn't matter. It's still a fifty dollar bracelet. No, it's I agree. It's crazy. I, it's it's crazy, and they're they're starting to lose sight of what the whole point of a bracelet is and the value of it. And the prestige of it, and that it's, it's just not about how do we make the most money from it. And that's one of these things where you're making the short term money, so, and eventually there's going to be they're pushing it too far where there's going to be a revolt against this. And it, it's, I started and, playing. And I agree, by the way. Okay, so listen. Ridiculous. I started. I started playing online poker, or I'm sorry, online tournaments. The first online tournament. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me back up. I'm just very upset. <laughs> I started playing no limit hold'em tournaments right after 9/11 when I moved to Vegas. Okay, I'd never played a No Limit Hold'em tournament. The first experience, and probably I did this for two years, was at the Sahara, the original Sahara uh, in you know Las Vegas on the Strip. They had a three times a day, 11 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock at night, and 11 o'clock. Every day, seven days a week, uh, No Limit Hold'em tournament. On the weekends, like Friday and Saturday, it started getting like picking up steam and popularity. You get like over a hundred people easily. So that's how I learned. And it was $30 to buy in and then $30 after the first hour to add on. And most everyone like did, did the add on unless you had so many chips and maybe it wasn't even right back then, but it was 60 bucks. You'd go in there thinking 60 bucks. That's all I'm going to spend. And now technically if you got knocked out in the first hour, you could come back in as a new player, but most people didn't do that uh, because a, there would be a list and B, I, people didn't want to invest 120, but you'd go there, and I, you know, I remember going with my buddy Steve, Steve the bodyguard, and we we had 60 bucks that we knew we were going to blow, plus you know, tips for water, soda, beer, drinks, whatever. So you're going to tell me now 
that I would spend more money at the Sahara 20 years ago to win a tournament than to win a WSOP bracelet? That is insane to me. That's just insane. Like, think about it from that perspective. Like, the daily tournament at Treasure Island is more than, like, a bracelet event. It just doesn't make sense. That's all I got to say about it. Yeah, no, I got you. I just, it's it's weird. And I hear you. They should make it a little more. Each person is probably going to invest at least 500 bucks. I don't know. I, I mean, I hear you. And, and, and you know what? How many, listen, how many is this thing going to? Uh, how many underage kids are going to try to play this now, knowing that it, it's only yeah. fifty bucks? You know, three hundred. Oh, I might never get paid. You know, I'm not going. It's not worth it. Fifty bucks. Maybe I'll get paid. Maybe I won't. Yeah, maybe right. they, they catch. Maybe they don't. I mean, I don't Great know. Point. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, if you were 16 no, and 17, think about your mindset, Druff, when you were 16 or 17 or 15. If you could maybe get away with something for 50 bucks and LOL, like, not get caught or LOL, who Oh, cares? I know. I played video, po- I played video poker in, at the Las Vegas Hilton when I was 15. But would you would you play in a bracelet event as a minor if it was three $400 knowing, you know, you might not get paid or knowing it could be a problem but- – Versus, would you do it if it was a fifty dollars? Yeah, yeah, fifty. I would take the chance as long as I had some exit strategy that could possibly work. Like I could just you know play as my dad and then have him just claim it was him if he won it. But yeah, I would. I yes, it, it, I would. Number one, I'd have more ability to do it because it's fifty dollars and I have to come up with four hundred as, as a teenager. And and second, uh, it's more something you're more willing to risk. So yes, I could see minors wanting to play this too. But it, it's insane. There's no way anyone could ever talk me into believing that a fifty or even hundred dollar bracelet is reasonable. And they, I, I didn't even like once they dipped under a thousand. I, I just think that a bracelet, and that's exactly why they have. I the remember di- how everyone got excited, and there was so much debate when it went to a thousand. Yes. Like, oh my God, the thousand! Like now, you know, even a three fifty live, no one bats their eyes. Yeah, and and I was seeing this happen, and I remember like the thousand. I said, okay, fine, but don't go below there. And and then they just keep getting lower and lower, I think and it's, you it's very sad. You said that on the show. You said fine, but don't go below there. I think that was your exact quote. Yeah, because i i can't uh, I can't respect that. At some point, you have to you have to have enough money you're risking. You have to have had enough poker success to where that is the type of money that you're willing to play for. Sure. And uh, there's there's something you, you don't just throw up these because the the thing with these tournaments is there is a luck factor, and if you make it too cheap to where everybody can just keep firing. Uh, Money at it that uh, where it's one thing just some billionaire can just fire at any tournament over and over because he has so much money, but that's that's hardly any people. There's hardly any people who sure. are rich enough to uh, just keep firing, firing, firing at, at these events that are even four figures uh, without wasting Russ, a lot of money. Do me a favor. Can you see if uh, Danielle, not the one that the one guy offended, but the poker room lady? Can you see if she's still on the queue? Let me see. You still there? I'm yeah, here. yeah, okay, fine, fine. What do you want? What do you want? Uh, okay, Daniel, I just have a question. Now, over the years, it seems like you all have taken a lot of these different gimmicky events and put the word big in front of it, like the big this, the big that. The big... How, do you even know offhand how many events you've had the word big in in the last 10, 15 years? Well, um, no, but I will say that it's not like we're being inaccurate because these are big events. If you look, they get, look right. at the big 50 last year, 28,000 people. Would you say that's small? That's not small. No, it was, uh, it was okay, so, so big Daniel, we had to, we had to open up a, is, a storage room to have people play in it. I'm going to make yep, I'm going to make you a deal, Daniel. Tell me what you think of this is fair. I won't bash your little $50 event, bracelet event anymore if you would be willing to consider changing the name from the Big 50 to the LOL 50. 
Well, um, we have had some debate. There were some who said, and these are poker players, not not employees of Caesars, that we, we should call it the uh, the minuscule 50 or the microscopic 50. But uh, we didn't think that uh, was very good for marketing purposes. So f- we, we just went with the big 50 because it worked last year. We got 28,000 people. If we All get right. 28,000 again, that'll be great. All right. Thanks. Fair enough. You know, I would just love, seriously, I mean, if they're going to do these things, Okay, that don't make sense to me, don't make sense to you, don't make sense to the poker community. I would love for someone, at least, to be the voice and have some sort of form where they at least explain their rationale or their logic or why. You know what I mean? Because then at least whether you agree or disagree, you could read where their logic was in, in determining this. Like, you know what I mean? I'd love to, like, just be a fly on the wall in the boardroom or, or you know. <laughs> well, I know, email, I know how I, I – Because well, that's – well, listen, the thing is all this was probably decided in the last week or two. Well, this no, I, like I already know. I know the reason. So, so how much thought could have been? How much you know, thought and, thought and forthright could have been put into this? Well, okay. There's a, a few decision. things here. With the GG Poker, there is a belief. It's not been confirmed, but there is a belief that GG Poker did this themselves and then just basically presented this to WSOP. Remember, they're, they're pretty much just licensing out uh, WSOP's name for this. And, but that's and, a big and, thing, though. Oh no, them. I know it. Of it course it is. Be, I'm not defending it. it. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that's probably what they did. They probably licensed it out. Of course, they had to present it to WSOP to make sure they approved. And now I'm wondering why WSOP approved. Someone at WSOP should have said, "Hang on a second. Hang on. No, fifty dollars not going to fly. A hundred dollars not going to fly. We get, but twenty-two uh, flights for the main event. That's not going to fly. You got to you got to change these things. Uh, but but they didn't. For whatever reason, they rubber stamped it. And why did they rubber stamp it? Because money. Because they. The, the whole point is to make money, and for whatever reason, there's not the voice in the room saying, right, wait a minute. Someone, there has to be someone there that's cognizant of the legacy. There has to be. They, they are, but for, yeah. they need somebody who, who it's important enough to them to say no. Well, okay, how much money are they going to – I mean, just do the math real, real fast. Say they say they slightly – the event, the 50, the, the LOL 50, and that's what we're going to call it, by the way. If anyone calls it anything other than the LOL 50, I'm not going to even acknowledge you. During the LOL 50 – Okay, it's a million-dollar guaranteed prize pool. What would you say the best-case reasonable scenario that they would make from Rake in that one event? Like unlimited buy-ins, unlimited re-entries, the whole nine-year. How much could they – best-case scenario, Druff, well, they I, make I, I, I can the level 50? I can tell you that right now because I, I see what Rake they're taking. They are taking $4 Rake. Out of each fifty dollars that's bought there, now, it's now, the LOL fifty. The LOL. I said, well, I, I didn't say oh, I big. I just said fifty dollars. But Brandon, look. No, but hold on, hold on. I hold on. Think, I, mean, no, hold on, hold on I want, I want to answer though. Okay, well, I, I, I want a number. I okay, so, so number. I'm looking at this. So if they break even with with this uh, million guarantee, um, they, they would need uh, they, they would need twenty thousand entrants to do that. So twenty thousand. Times $80, four is eighty thousand dollars, and then they may get more. They may get thirty thousand. They may get forty thousand. Remember, there's all these okay, rebuys. So we'll, we'll say: Is it reasonable to say that a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars in rake from that event is a good case? You know, best case, good case scenario for them. How much? Hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So you're telling me they're that desperate that a hundred thousand dollars, which should be a drop in the bucket, which for, they're not even know, getting. GG Poker is getting most of it. Okay. Either way. Do you think they're that desperate to, for money that they would approve that? I mean, did that, so what would they get? If GG Poker is getting most of it, how much would the WSOP even get? Or are they, are they not getting money per event? They, they may not be. Money? It may just be a licensing thing and they, uh, a, a I, I, 
I can't answer why. why they didn't say no to this. That that I don't know because they're yeah. the, GG Poker is getting all or most of the money from this. Well, the, how do you know that? Well, Where I know does it I say that it doesn't say that, but I know that GG Poker is the one putting this on in WSP. You don't basically. know that that maybe they agreed to a fifty. I'm just saying. No, no, they may I have a split. No, no, they may have some kind of split. I just I still think GG is getting more, but but whatever it is, I don't think it's about this particular event. I think that uh, for whatever reason. They GG came out with this, and WSOP is like, okay, fine. Like they, for some reason, there wasn't someone there. This was an important thing enough to them to say no, and they should have but said do you no. Think uh, what's his name again? The head guy, I, I uh, know, Jack I Ethel. Remember? You think Jack Ethel was like, okay, that's fine, or you think he was a little outraged and someone had to talk him down, or if you had to guess, I'm thinking that maybe GG wanted it, and they didn't want to. They wanted to keep this partnership, and they just wanted to not rock the boat. That's if I had to guess what happened here. That maybe they weren't thrilled about it, but they were like, okay, GG wants to do this. They want to cater to their lower limit players and whatever. Just two events like this, a fifty and a hundred. So let it, let them do it. We're not going to say anything. And I, I, it's it's very unfortunate. They they shouldn't have this, and it's pretty outrageous that this would exist, and it. It, I don't understand why they're making all the pros so angry. Too. It's not like a lot of pros are on board with this and we're just this vocal minority, or even if it's like half and half, where half is saying, oh, this is fine, and half is saying, uh, no, this is crappy. The, the vast, vast majority of influential pros are just outraged about this entire thing. They're very unhappy, and, and this is important to them. That WSOP does care what the pros think. So I don't understand why they're giving everyone so angry for some short-term profit. Yeah, they're losing money by the World Series not going. Yes, it's a huge money maker that they're not having this year because of the coronavirus. Okay, that's so, that's yeah. a fact of the coronavirus. You, you don't just destroy so, this brand over it. So just to recap, now that I've looked at everything, the opener on GG Poker is so there's there's two hundred dollar bracelets, there's a hundred fifty dollar bracelet, and there's a fifty. There's four bracelets that are less than two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, I ordered. see. That's right. The opener is a hundred dollars. I didn't see that either. Yep. Then there's then the closer is a hundred. Then there's another one in there that's a hundred fifty, and then there's the uh, fifty dollar one. So ah, I don't know what Jesus. they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. See, and I think those hundreds are way worse than the fifty because the fifty, the way it's designed, you you know, every people are going to have five, ten buy-ins. No, but, but they don't you know, have let me to. Just say one other thing too: the fact that you know online. Gambling, doing anything now is going to be the future. And they have the top brand, you know, in gambling, the World Series of Poker. You'd think they'd have their top people working on this stuff and having it humming this whole division. Well, you know, that's like no one's even taking responsibility. That's that's the other thing. That's the other thing I was thinking. I don't know. I mean, there's different levels of being delusional. Um, and I'm not. I'm not saying Caesars is delusional. I don't know. I don't know personally anyone that works for them. But back in March, I knew there'd be no World Series of Poker. Back in February, I knew there wouldn't be. And other people are arguing with me. Oh, it's too soon. I, I knew this wasn't going to get better. It, 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 I mean, there was not going to be a WSOP. And so people in that boardroom, they had to know that too. So you would think that they would have used all this time, all these months, to, to like you just said, to just be on top of this. And and I, I just. You know, it looks exactly like what it is, meaning it was hastily put together, and it, I don't really feel as if it was given a lot of thought. No, it, it appears just, it wasn't. You're right. It's just 
And I'm not saying this honestly. I'm not. I'm really. I know I'm sarcastic. And if anyone from Caesars is listening, I'm not being a hater. Like I, I really, I really love the brand. And you know, even though, like I said, I'll probably never win a bracelet. Maybe I will. Maybe probably I won't. But I still love the brand. I look up to it. I respect it. And to me, this is just. I, I'm sorry. It's embarrassing. That's just how I feel. It is. And, and, I and I've told this to them before too. It, it is. It's going to be great. It's going to be great if Brandon wins the 50, though. <laughs> well, he can't play GD you know, poker. No, I can't. What, am I going to go to Europe? I couldn't even win if I wanted. Yeah, he can't play it, sadly. In, oh, I, I thought, play. oh, you can't play that in Vegas, No, no, it's, G, it's GG no, poker. you can't play in the United States. It's GG poker. Oh, God. Yeah, that's it's a, there, there's 50, 54 events on GG poker, which is for non-U.S. players, and 31 on WSP.com, which is for New Jersey and Nevada. And anybody yeah. who wants to travel to those no, no, places. Trader Ruski, all the events we're talking about right now, you have you. I would literally have to leave Las Vegas, fly to Europe in the middle of a pandemic, find a place to stay, go through whatever registration process that they would need or require, banking in from whatever they would. No, want. No, I think you can to- do you can do it in Canada too. I believe. Does Canada take GG? Well, I think they do. Okay. All right. But no. Okay. Trader well, Ruski. how about this? How about this, Brandon? Because so you gave the report last week. But what about if somebody wanted to come in to a hotel, stay in the room, and play the tournaments? What do you think of that? What do you mean? That's you what know, people are going to do. No, no, no. I know. Do you think it's safe? I know you gave your opinion about you know going into the casinos. No, it's, it's but not how do you safe. Feel about oh, you mean in? safe? Safe from a COVID standpoint? Yeah. Oh, not from – I thought you meant a gaming standpoint, like cheating. You oh, mean just, right, gaming too, right, cheating, and there could be a cluster. Well, I guess we'll find out soon. Well, no, there's going to be people that cheat. Issue. Okay, so just to say it, and I know it sounds funny, but it's true. There are going to be people. There are going to be at least a handful of people that cheat and get COVID as well. So, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're going to be exposed or exposed however you want to look at it twice. I mean, would you agree, Todd? Yeah. They're yeah, going to yeah. get COVID and they will be cheating. <laughs> so it's going to – but no, I mean – Listen, who even knows Trader Ruski just, I don't know, what was it, two weeks ago? Somebody couldn't enter a tournament that was in a hotel because someone else was using the same IP. Who knows how yeah. the infrastructure is even going to hold up, you know? Like, listen, right. the other day at least, and this is this is four months. This is true. This is four months before it may even possibly open. They ran every single faucet at the new Raiders stadium, the Allegiant Stadium, they ran every faucet and they flushed all the toilets at the exact same time. Right, I saw they that. Had, they had the plumbing at literally the highest capacity possible four months plus before because they wanted to test the infrastructure and make sure it could hold up. Like no one's ever going to flush every toilet. Yeah, at the that's same that's time. known as a stress testing. That's what the term yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you would think that maybe they would do something like this, but what's going to happen is the first big event. It, it's that's going to be their stress test, right? Unless I'm missing right. something. Right. Well, that's how they always do it. That's how they do the brick and mortar World Series, too. A lot, they come up with these new things, like the Big 50 last year, the six hour lines. We, we predicted that on the show that's going to yeah, come. But this is different because, I mean, the known IP, I mean, this is logistically, maybe it's just as complicated, but it's just as different. No, I know I mean, it's, it's different, but that's just, so that's, that's always been you what they've they done. They should have done, they should have run an employee event first to like beta test it. And they always have an employee event anyway. It's like an appreciation for the employees and then tested it and then be ready for the customers. Yeah. Of course yeah. they want us to be the fucking guinea pigs. Yeah. That's, they should have done that. That's, that's a good idea actually. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm curious. I wanted to see, I can't even find this easily on their website. I'm trying to look if you, if you guys see this anywhere to find out what countries 
are legally allowed to play. I saw. Can- I, I looked even- up. I looked up while we were talking. Canada is one that can play on GG Poker, so they can okay. definitely play. I, I know in Europe they can. I, I don't have a full list of countries. Well, Europe is vague. Like I thought, Italy had different laws about gaming. Yeah, I, I haven't looked that France up. France does. I, I wasn't interested enough to look that up, but uh, okay. it, it's it, here, here's. The problem here, like what you said, they didn't put the time into this whole thing, and I don't understand it because it's a very important brand to them, and it's like they're approaching it like it isn't important, and that's what's strange. They need to – this is new. This is a a totally different territory than what they had to do before just because they ran a few online bracelet events before. It's not the same thing, and they really needed to think all of this through and not approach this in the – haphazard fashion as it looks like they are here and and it's pissing off a lot of pros which just doesn't make any sense because they what the world series of poker has going for it is that the pros and the amateurs are very excited about it pros love to come i'm talking about a regular world series not this like go back to 2019 the pros all love to come to town and play it people were coveting the bracelet as they have for many years even with criticism of too many events and to events that are getting too low in buy-ins the bracelet was still well respected and uh, uh so a lot of pros would want to come to town a lot of amateurs they th- that's the tournament they wanted to play as the world series so it, it had all that going for it and every year it did very well and made a ton of money and despite some fail and some stupid mistakes they'd make it, it would do very well despite all of that but uh this doesn't make any sense because if you push away the pros and if the pros are just constantly bashing it instead of just offering constructive criticism, if it goes from constructive criticism to bashing it as like the whole thing sucks and is a joke, that's going to really hurt the brand and, and rec players are going to start seeing this and, and the, it really can make the whole thing collapse. And I don't see why you would do this just for some short-term profit, but that apparently – I think they're believing like the World Series is so well-established now that uh, they can weather that and – I don't know if that's true. I don't know if they can weather it. I don't know if they – let's say the coronavirus is completely gone in uh, 2022. What kind of return will you really see if they, if they degrade the brand like this? Will there be a revolt from the pros to say, you know what? Now that people are walking around with $50 bracelets and there's a main event winner that they're posting their banner who entered uh, 19 times to do it uh, – you know what? I, I just don't really feel like going anymore. It just doesn't mean the same thing anymore. That could happen. And if that starts getting around, if they all, if a lot of pros start saying that and they're on the same page, I'm not talking about a boycott. I'm just saying the interest in going will wane, and that will also bring down the interest from some of the amateurs who are See, going because the pros are so excited. All right. If they put me – if that Jack Ethel or Danielle – what is her name? B- Danielle Burreal. Yeah. If they gave me a voice, this is what I'd say to them. It really is as simple – as the old adage is of if it's not broke, don't fix it. I mean, it, it really is. Yes. Or if it's not yet, you, you don't need to change something that's working. So what I would have done, you know, I've done this for years. Instead of doing these gimmicky things like, you know, adding a, the, the World Series bracelet winners tournament and other gimmicky things that people don't like, I would have worked on making the existing product that's working better. I talked to the players and, and implement, you know, tournaments they wanted or implement – you know, structures that they wanted, I'd make the existing thing better because it was working. Like, people loved it. Like, I'd make what they already had better than tinkering with it, and it just... Well, I'll say this in their defense. They, they did do that somewhat. They have been altering some structures, uh, structures at the suggestion of, of respected pros 
especially in the 10K events. They've been they've been trying to do things like that, uh, and I don't even fault them for adding things like the Big 50. Like if they really want some massive, massive field event, what, what fine, is it called? No, I'm talking about the real Big 50, not the LOL 50. Oh, I'm talking about the one okay, I played I, in last year. Just like, making I, sure. Yeah. So, like, if they want to add that to make some make money, and like, I I wish there was all thousand or more. But I can I can understand if they want to add a giant field thing for five hundred dollar buy in. I'm not thrilled about it. I still think it's too low. But uh, that I can well, I somewhat understand. They added the original Colossus, everyone's mind was blown. Oh my god, a three hundred fifty dollar bracelet. Well, no, no, it wasn't. It was five sixty five, and then or five sixty five. Uh, yeah, I mean. yeah, it was five sixty five. The three fifty, it started going lower than that when the Colossus uh, got converted to when the big fifty kind of replaced it, and then the Colossus became like four hundred, and then they added something else. It was three fifty or three sixty. Can't they find another word? But everything is big. Yeah, the I know. Big this, the big. I mean, c- come on. Yeah. Use another adjective. So, so I, I, I can understand why they want these things, but at the same time, they also have to think about the brand. They have to think about the value of the bracelet. They have to think about the, the fact that the pros are very uh, supportive of the brand and like it. And look, even I am. Even And I've told this. This is what I've said to uh, Seth Polanski when I've emailed him about my coverage of the World Series. I, don't, I know he's he cares about what I say and what others like me say about the World Series. So I, I've said to them, when you guys get falsely criticized or falsely accused of something... I will defend you. And I have. I've come on the show and said this, whatever hysteria is going on at the moment about the World Series is wrong, that the World Series is actually correct here. And I've said that before. I've also come out and criticized them for fail. I said, I'm always just honest about what I think. I'm not a a hater of the World Series. I don't like to bash it. I also uh, am not an ass kisser that I'm going to state my opinion. But at the same time, uh, I, I enjoy playing it myself. I spend several weeks there each year. And... Uh, you know, away from my family, I, I still go because I, I like it that much. I, I really would like to win another bracelet. And I promote it on my show. I, I, whenever they release schedule information, I put it up here. So I, I, I'm definitely not someone who's trying to make it fail or trying to criticize it. Uh, I actually do free promotion for them. But at the same time, I'm going to be honest when they do stupid things. And this is a stupid thing, and 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 everybody agrees with me. It looks like, except for Negranu, who's being paid by them, and of course is going to say whatever they tell him to say. Shill. I mean, his his face is his face is he got to click on his mustache to see the schedule. So then uh, he's he's been taking a lot of criticism for that because first he took the criticism for uh, poker stars when they were rapidly changing policies to be player unfriendly and screwed those supernova elites and uh, and he was apologizing for them and making excuses for them and so people already thought he was a shill then and then that ends and then he joined gg poker which at the time didn't really matter much to everybody else did but- you see the gg poker's women's event to get the schedule you know what you gotta do you gotta click on uh, that that Amanda Leatherman's crotch. <laughs> <laughs> you get that one there, Trader Ruski? They that might actually get some better. Uh, it. That might get some response if they do that. Yeah, Trader Ruski's up at two fifteen. What a world we're living in these I days. Know. I'm I'm fading fast. Fellas. I'm fading too, buddy. But I, I'm trying to. Okay, let's let's to... let's move on. I want, let's talk about baseball before we. Can we just all just say LOL fifty one more time? Yeah, LOL fifty. LOL fifty. A big, big LOL fifty. By the way, I almost texted you today to ask you if you were going to get a dog, and then you started talking about him. Who's getting a dog? Brandon. Oh, Brandon, you're getting a dog. You got a dog. I don't know what he's talking about. 
What is he talking what about? Talking? I don't even know what he's saying. What did you talk about earlier? You took your dog out somewhere? Never mind. No, I don't know what you're saying. No, I, I, I'm, I'm actually at my dad's now. So I took my dad's dog. Whatever. Who says my dad's dog? Ah. I took the dog where I'm at, staying tonight at Got this it. moment. Oh. Dog out, but not a new dog for me. No, it's an old. It's not an '80s okay. dog. It's a, it's a 2007 dog. Did I mention on the last show that that the '80s dog uh, about two weeks ago, maybe two and a half weeks ago now, I thought the dog was dying right in front of me. I, I had to, no. I, for a few seconds, had to think that the, I was watching the dog actually die. It, it was very depressing. I've actually never seen a dog die. Uh, my, I, I had a dog in, in the early 2000s who, who actually went away and, and hid somewhere, which was never found, a 14-and-a-half-year-old dog, which sometimes they will do when they know they're about to die. Uh, so I've never actually seen one die. Uh, but this one is uh, is 15 years old, and uh, he got sick to where he was uh, constantly vomiting, refused to drink water, which, of course, is a very bad sign. Wouldn't eat, of course. The, the eating, they can go without for some time, but the water was a big problem. And uh, and he, 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 a lot of things looked very bad. And, he, and also, he was completely out of it. He, did, he would just sit and stare, this blank stare, and didn't know what was going on. And would just stare, stare, stare. Wouldn't lie down for some reason. Would just sit. Refuse to lie down. Refuse to drink water. And would just sit and stare like there's nothing behind the eyes. It was. And so anyway. Uh-huh. And, and, Maybe he knew the LOL 50 was coming. He was depressed. <laughs> so, so he was. And he, he was throwing up several times. And, and I was. So I was worried because of his age. I was worried this may be something that a younger dog could get past easily. But because of his age, it could kill him. It was even worse when I Googled it and found that someone described symptoms of a different breed, but exact same symptoms, and that their dog just abruptly fell down and died during it. So uh, one night, uh, the, the night this was happening, when it hit its worst point at about 2 or 3 a.m., I was playing on uh, Ignition, and I was in the middle of a hand, and the dog threw up again and then fell down on his side and started seizing. And I thought, and I just jumped down in the middle of a hand, and and I was, I, I went to go touch him while he was. Uh, I, I really thought it was in his final moments, and then he was seizing for about ten seconds, and he stopped, and he was able. To, I could tell he, yeah, he was able to. I was able to get him up, and he was still very bad shape, but at least the seizing stopped. But I was still very worried, like where this was going to go. And uh, he still wouldn't drink water, and we were trying to come up with a plan of what to do about this to f- force him to drink, because if an animal doesn't drink in, in a relatively short time, they'll die, even a human's that way. So and unlike a human, you can just tell them to drink or take them to the hospital and give them an IV. A dog here, it's if he just is not going to drink, then that's a big problem. So we were going to try to uh, maybe get, make chicken broth and see if he'll drink that. Right before we were about to make the chicken broth at 6 p.m. that day, this when he fell down like this, it was like 2 a.m., and he already hadn't drank for several hours. At 6 p.m. that day, just before we were about to do the chicken broth, he got up and walked over on his, on his own to the water bowl and drank a whole lot. And I said, okay, that's a great sign. And he was still out of it for like two days. Like he sat in his water bowl at one point and just didn't know. He just like sits down in the in, into the water bowl after drinking. This is like a little bit later that night and just sits there with the water all over him and just doesn't realize it's going on. So I, I still didn't know exactly where this was going, but a few day, within a few days, he, not only did he physically get better and 
was he and he was able to eat and drink normally, but also the the mental part came back and he just returned to what he was. So that was, I really thought that when I saw him fall over and seize like that, that was a very uh, depressing moment. I really thought I was watching the dog die. And Did you go online and try to diagnose it? What he had? Yes, and it, well, it's it's it sort of. It, there's there's a number of different causes. This is probably in hindsight, and what I thought at the time, it was some kind of stomach virus. But the problem was, I was afraid that it was severe enough to where it was going to kill him because it was very old. Like think of very old people if they. What, what year was he born again? He was born in '05 in May '05. Okay. So he's wow. uh, so he's 15, and I thought this was something. I thought he had something that a dog that wasn't ancient would get past, but that this was getting bad enough, especially when I read that story about oh, a, Kind of like the COVID. Yeah, right. So I th- and I thought about that, and I thought about this that story, that other dog that was like 14, that had these identical symptoms that just fell over and died. So mine fell over and didn't die. So, But he, you could never tell looking at him now. Now he's acting exactly like he did before this all happened. So uh, this dog continues to live on. So we will see. I know one day I'm going to see this. I mean, it's only so long the dog can live, and I've I've accepted that for a long time. That this is a uh, he's way past the average age for the breed. For males of that breed, live to like on average twelve years nine months. So it's way past that, and he's like wow. twice the size of of normal dogs his breed. So that I thought that would make his life shorter, not longer. So anyway, we will. Uh, so that was that was a scary moment there. I just. Uh, like I was, I've prepared myself for when that comes, but I, I was to actually see it happen and see the seizing right in front of me. I really thought I'm watching my dog die, but <laughs> he did not. He's here. He's fine. Thank God. So, all right, um, let's let's talk about uh, baseball. Before, yeah, uh, this is it for me, buddy. I, I know, I know, this is it. Honest. I know you wanted to talk about the baseball topic. So, sure. baseball has basically forced it to, to restart. The commissioner used. Uh, an agreement that was made uh, a while back that he actually has the power to force a restart and that the union can't refuse it. So the players' union is is very the players' union is very concerned about this because of the danger of catching the coronavirus for these players, and and also the the union would prefer the players don't put themselves in danger and make money. So they uh, and a lot of these players they have so much money they some of them would rather just not even bother. Even if they make the extra money by going back, they'd rather just not even risk it. Now, it is true. These players are, of course, in good shape. Most of them don't have pre-existing conditions, though a few do. And, of course, most of them are under 35. There are some that are over 35, but most are under 35, so the danger to them is is much less than a lot of other people. But still, there are those that have pre-existing conditions, even ones that you don't really know about watching them day to day. And then there's ones over 35, and there's ones who, who also just may not want to get it. They may just be afraid they'll really be unlucky and get a bad version, or or maybe they're, they're afraid of the long-term damage that's possible from this, even if your case is mild. So a lot of them just don't want to deal with it. They have so much money, they're like, screw it, this isn't worth it. I'd rather just not take the chance and be careful. So th- there's been a lot of back and forth about this. At one point, I was really thinking, there's just not going to be a season. I really thought there was only a small chance there's going to be a season. By the way, Brandon, I, I see you. Don't be. I hope you're not in your underwear. Oh, how do I turn that off? I don't Sorry. know. It just appeared. You weren't here before. You're here now. Now there you go. See, I, I I warned you. I could I could have let you uh, do something embarrassing. I did not. I was right away told you. Thank you. Okay. So anyway, this, this isn't a video show though. Even if you did, it would only be me seeing and maybe Trader Ruski. So 
what I'm trying to do, I, I'm switching Skype. It was on my phone because I do have to take out my not 80s dog or my dad's 80s dog for a walk. So I'm not going to carry the laptop. I'm yeah, switching okay. to my phone. Okay. Okay, go ahead. I'm listening though. So, so this I thought was a hopeless situation and it was getting later and later. And of course, the players need time to warm up like a, like a second spring training if there is going to be a season. And – there's not unlimited time to play because baseball you can't play if the weather is really bad. So you're, you're not going to have games in December, for example. So I knew there's only a limited time that they can play until, and they need a, a warm-up time to get back in shape for it. So I thought they were out of time. So I was very surprised when it turned out that it was announced there is going to be a season, a 60-game season, with a weird expanded postseason – and the projected starting date is either the 23rd or the 24th of July. It's not even that far from now. Of course, it can't be that far from now for the reason I just said. So they they are trying to start the working out and, and, and start kind of a, the second spring training. And when I say it's probably going to be those dates is because if there's big coronavirus outbreaks in the attempt to restart, then they're probably going to have to abort this whole thing. But that's, that's the tentative... Uh, Start date that's been projected is, is the 23rd or 24th, and as I said, they're going to play a 60-game season uh, if this all works out. And, of course, for those of you that don't know baseball, there's 162 games in a normal season. So 60 is far, far less than that, and it's it's important to have a, a lot of games in a regular season because baseball has a variance. lot of vari- variance. Variance, yes. Yes, tons of variance in baseball that isn't uh, as prevalent in other sports where the the worst team can beat the best team and it's not a big shock. Whereas in like, Marlins shut out your Dodgers in a game last year for Right. Example. Right. So the so the it's not like in basketball where you have uh the the, the team that's favorite to win the finals against a, a a terrible rebuilding team. If the terrible rebuilding team wins and the and the team that is expected to be the best one has all its players if they're not sitting players or there's no one injured that can happen it happens once in a while but it's a shock everyone's like oh my god look what happened whereas if uh, a, a, a bad team beats a good team in baseball it's it, sure they're the underdog but it's not something that's shocking no it's just oh we'll see you again tomorrow yeah and so so that's why in baseball the shorter the regular season the the more problem there is where inferior teams can win can get to the playoffs especially uh, with with more teams making the playoffs than there used to be this is probably the easiest way to explain it um every year almost every single year there is a team or two or three or even four that start off hot and then they really fade once variance comes up it's almost like a horse race where in the beginning you're saying oh the nine horse he's 30 to one and he's out to a lead and then he still finishes last. Like last year, the Seattle Mariners jumped out to a good start. The New York Mets had a really good start. Neither team was even – well, the Mets were kind of in contention at the end of the year. But Seattle wasn't. But every year there will be a team after the first 30 games, 20 games, is a surprise team. They're 8, 9, 10 games, 12 games above 500, and no one saw it coming. And then after Varence kicks in, they definitely always, always fall back into the pack. Yeah, or, and this, and always, this, this also happens time. too because there's there's sometimes rookies that they play that the league hasn't figured out yet, and but then within uh, by half the season they they figure out 
the rookie's vulnerabilities and the rookie starts uh, going in a tailspin. There, there's a lot of, or even sometimes players that aren't rookies that kind of just get hot temporarily and uh, and fade. So it, baseball, it really is kind of a long game, even just in one year. And 60 games really increases the potential that teams will make the playoffs that don't belong there. And uh, so that's one big problem. Another big problem is there's not going to be any fans. They've decided there's cardboard no... cardboard cutouts, except for the cardboard fans. There will be some cardboard fans there. They they won't make a lot of noise, but they there will be some cardboard fans in, in the for the Giants at AT and T Park. But there's it's going to be an empty stadium, which is weird that they're going to be playing in front of. And uh, the the question comes from what kind? Much like a fifty dollar World Series bracelet, what kind of prestige comes from winning? In a year like this, and this is different than 1981 and 1994, where well, well, there's no, there no World Series. And the but. other, the other thing you need to announce to people, besides everything you've just said, at least in my opinion, two fucking, and I'm a, I'm a purist. That's why I'm not even a baseball fan as much as I used to be. That's my favorite sport, by the way. Growing up, when I was a kid, before I was in school, elementary, all of it, not anymore. But two stupid rules that are starting this year for the first time, too, on top of everything else you just said. Do you know what they are? The DH in the National League has been forced, I know. That's one of them. Look, actually, so there's three. Yep, the <laughs> DH now, for the, and everyone's saying that it's going to be that way. Now, this year starting, uh, from 10 innings on, in the 10th oh, inning for yes, both that, teams. Oh, yes, that's right. The second, the, a runner on second base automatically. Yep. And the pitching, the big pitching change, where you can't just put in a pitcher, a specialist, to pitch the one batter and remove them. They have to stay in for at least three batters. That was already, stupid, too. That was already there before the coronavirus thing, though. That was already decided no, last year. No, but I'm saying it's starting this year for the first time, though. Right, right. But that was that That's was put in. Yeah, that was yeah, put I, in to right. speed up the the, the game uh, before the coronavirus. But right. But what I'm saying, those are still three things that we've never seen before that are going to be starting this year or the next month for the first time ever. Yes. Okay, that's what I wanted. To, those are big things. You know, I can live. I don't mind the. I mean, I'm a purist. I could live with the National League. Getting the DH that that's fine. I hate I hate this the runner on second. No, so I hate I hate me. that too. I mean, it's I mean it's a you're playing a sport like now you're just going to end it or like some of the most thrilling games. Like, remember the remember the Dodgers game? I think they won it too against Boston in the playoffs. that went seventeen uh, innings. Seventeen it was, it innings. Was eighteen innings, and I was there. Or eight. Yeah. Okay. I like, was there. To me, that's to me that's so thrilling. Now you're going to have a guy on second. You'll never see games like that again. You'll never, and it will alter the history of baseball. It's well, I think this this thing, this might be just for this year, the thing with the second base. I hope so. I don't think that's permanent. The The thing with the pitcher that, that they they have to pitch the minimum three batters, I think that, that is permanent because that was before the coronavirus. And the DH thing, I know they were kind of leaning towards that, so that may stay. Uh, I know that this is one of the the, – the DH thing, They that and the thing with the runner on second were added as part of these negotiations to return. The thing with the pitchers having to face a minimum number of batters, that was already decided upon before the coronavirus. No, actually, I'm looking it up now. The DH was, but the man on second, that was way before as well. That was that was decided back in March. Oh, I didn't during, know. Before spring training. Well, no, but that was so, – with, with the coronavirus was going on then. Maybe that had to do with it. it no, but it was going to – it had nothing to do with the coronavirus. It was to speed up the pace of play. It was determined really? with That's the so other – Really? That's so stupid. That, that, with the – yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking it up. It was determined with, it was implemented with the removal of specialist pitchers. They both were, they both were hand in hand in terms of the commissioner's idea to speed up the wow. game. Wow, but I'll tell you how I feel. So this, the runner on second, I agree, is absolutely absurd. The thing with the, with the pitchers, that one I understand more because it is a little frustrating to watch baseball and then 
they're they, a guy comes out, pitches to one guy. Okay, time for another pitching change. Commercial. Wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Like it, it does slow everything down a lot. And I'm like, okay, if, if they've got to do something if they're going to speed it up. So if they really want to do that, fine. And and that wasn't the way baseball used to be either. The specialists see, the newer I dis- thing. I disagree with you because baseball's always been looked at upon like a game of chess. Okay, and it survived this year. It survived this way for over 140 years. People weren't bitching in the 40s and 50s and 60s. You think now is the first time that they're pulling pitchers? No, of course not. There were always managers that favored certain matchups and it would bring in and bring out. This isn't something new. Uh, sort of. It, it, it kind of is, though. The, the thing with the special, the left-handed specialist coming from one batter, they didn't used to do this. It wasn't that it wasn't allowed. It was just they didn't do it. It, was, it wasn't a common practice. And then uh, relief pitchers, it, it, they started to become more and more specialized and used more often. The starters started going through in fewer innings. And there's a number of changes over the years to where the, this wasn't very common. It was allowed but not common to, to bring out a player, to, uh, one pitcher to face one batter, no matter what happens. Uh, so if they're willing, if they're going to do away with that, uh, that doesn't bother me that much. The, the, what I don't understand is the runner on second. If that's supposed to be a permanent change, there aren't that many games that go extra innings. So let them, let, let the occasional game go extra innings and happen to go a really long time. That actually, it makes news. It's exciting. Occasionally they'll say, oh, look at this, a 16 inning game. Oh, like, like, I don't know why that's a huge deal. I thought they were trying to cut down on the, expected time that you're going to put into watching a baseball game. Because I know they're, they're feeling like the younger generation doesn't want to put in three hours to, or more, and they're getting longer and longer these games. They, well, they're doing it in every sport. They're, they're trying to find ways in the NFL to speed it up. They're trying to find ways in baseball. They're trying to find ways in basketball. But, like, what the fuck? Like, if you don't want to commit whatever it is, then don't, I mean, it just it's insane to me. Like, you know what? These kind of issues are just, I think, in my head, imaginary. You know, just imaginary. When we were kids, that was never an issue. Well, they're doing the I, I, they're I, see, doing I don't completely agree. I, I mean, it, to me, it doesn't bother me that the, the games are long, but that's also what I got used to, and and also, and it's a little longer than when I was a kid, but uh, but but it's still fine. But I do see how things, the generations change, and because the kids these days. They're used to watching YouTube. They're they're not used to watching long things. They're not used to long drawn out things. They have all these different entertainment options distracting them. So so in, since we're all going to die off a lot earlier than these kids are, and they've got to have people still interested in the sport yeah. decades from now, if they have to make some changes to keep their interest, uh, fine. Is but they, they should try to keep them to where they're not that radical. Not that radical. And the thing that doesn't bother me as much about the pitcher thing is because this wasn't being done before anyway, very much. So it's not changing okay, well, that much from before. But like the, I said, the, I can I can live with the pitcher thing. But the thing on second base, and I think I'm pretty certain if I read it correct, if I remember it correctly. The way it will work is the person that made the last out, the preceding inning, will be the one on second. I'm 99% positive that's how they determined it. So, you know, if you made the last out in the top of the ninth, then you're going to be the guy that's on second base for the, for, you know, for the top of the tenth. But that just changes everything. Then one little loop single can, de- you know, determine a, a meaningful game. Yeah, it's, just, dumb. it's over. It's a so, loop single, that's so dumb. It, it, yeah. I, I hate that. I hate that more than any of the other rules. We I can live with everything else. This part, and it's like you said, you know, once or twice or a couple times a year, there's a real long game, you know, between two teams, you know, the Dodgers and Atlanta, or you know, two teams will go 17, 18, 15, but it's not common, and that's just always been baseball. It's just it's awful. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, I, I hate I, mean, I, I hate like that it. too. And I'm actually, I I really don't like the DH because I, I think that also takes away a strategy element of the game. And the only the only thing it does adding the DH to the National League the only thing that helps with is it actually makes it 
a little more fair for the interleague matchups in the World Series. Because if you look, the AL has done way better than the NL overall since they did the interleague play. And the reason for that is because the AL, they have a player, they have a designated hitter that they sign who's expected to play every day. The NL teams don't. They don't want to waste the money on a player that, for the most part, is going to sit on the bench. There's just no room for him. So they don't sign him. Even if they can afford it, they don't sign it. Now, there are some deep teams like the Dodgers that happen to have starting quality players that are on the bench. So for those teams, it's fine. For the teams that, the rest of the teams in the NL, they don't have it. So they, they have to put some kind of scrub bench player who doesn't hit very well in that spot where the AL teams, they all have a good hitter in that spot. So, so that's, that becomes an advantage that really makes a big difference. Uh, what, a secondary thing is that the AL pitchers get used to pitching with a DH in the lineup, the NL pitchers kind of have a style where they know they're going to have a soft part of the lineup every every nine batters. So they they know they're going to get the eighth spot hitter plus the uh, the, the pitcher coming up, and they can focus more of the energy on the tougher hitters before that, knowing that the weaker part of the lineup is coming after that. Uh, when they're faced with nine competent hitters or eight of the nine comp- or competent hitters and then no terrible hitter like a pitcher, uh, this can be harder for NL pitchers to adjust to, and they also can get hammered in AL parks, I've noticed. So so these are reasons that the AL has an advantage in the interleague games. This will negate that to where they're really all on the same level, but but still, I, I don't care. I, I don't like the DH. I was hoping the NL would not back down and eventually take it, but it looks like now it's been... It wasn't going to happen before, but now it's been hastened because of this uh, weird reopening. But here's well, what from what I from what I read, it's the okay the the NL rule in the National League is only for this year. But ESPN reported that because uh, of the existing relationship between the players' union and Major League or the owners, I should say, that they're probably going to insist that that becomes permanent. That's going to be a, a huge bargaining chip in future negotiations. Yeah. They're not going to allow it to go back, revert back to meaning you're saying that this year, once it starts, we're never going to go back. That's what it's I think. Be a one year. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've been worried about. And, but, but as far as this year, this is what would kind of bother me is that the Dodgers haven't won a world series since 88, despite having some excellent teams, including the one last year, including the one the year before and the year before that, they, like they've had some really good teams in recent years. And, uh, now in 2020, the team was expected to be great again. So what if they win the World Series this year? They're definitely one of the favorites to do it. So they, after all these years, after 32 years, they finally win the World Series, and it's this bullshit season. So that's that's the World Series they finally get? I would be – I almost feel like it's kind of a BS win. They, the Dodgers and the Yankees are actually the betting favorites to win the World Series. Yeah, and it makes sense. I'm just saying that it just uh, – like I don't know how I'd feel if that's the World Series they finally win. And what if they what if they don't win for a while after that? And I like that's is that even a real World Series win? It, much like is a fifty dollar event a, a World, World Series, Series bracelet? It's going to be the biggest asterisk in the history of sports. So, like in a way, I kind of hope they don't get it. I don't want to root against the Dodgers, but I, I don't want this to be. If they had just if they'd won a lot of World Series, if they let's say they won three World Series in the 2010s, and then they happen to win this one too, okay, you put an asterisk on it, you say, okay, I don't really care about this one, but it doesn't matter much because they've already won a few of them in recent times. They haven't won in 32 years. I don't want this to be the one that that breaks the streak. It, it's just it's kind, of, it's kind of a BS uh, World Series title. I'm hoping I'm hoping an absolute fail team like the Orioles or some you know team out of nowhere comes and wins it. Just to you know, make the situation even bigger of a mockery. Yes, that's what I'm actually hoping for. I wouldn't want my team to win a 60 game world. Come on, 
There's no prestige in that. It's yeah. not even real. Yeah. So I, I saw for that reason, I don't know how much I'm going to have a, I'm still going to do my fantasy baseball league this year, but I don't know how much interest beyond that I'm going to have, like in the Dodgers, uh, where I usually have a lot of interest every year. And I have the Dodgers, uh, I, I put a lot of work into being one of the only ones, and I'm not kidding, one of the only people who can watch the Dodgers on a mobile device who is in the Dodgers market. People outside the Dodgers market can watch it easily if you have an MLB account. But I'm talking about being able to watch the Dodgers in their market is very difficult on a mobile phone, at least on an iPhone. They make it incredibly difficult, and I put a lot of effort into being able to do this when you have to be technical to be able to pull it off or have someone set this up who's technical. So I, I pulled it off, and I, and I would watch most games in their entirety on my on my phone. I'd have it sitting next to me, and I'd be watching on my phone. Uh, and be sitting with me for the 162 games. Of, there'd be some I'd miss, but most, for the most part, no. And uh, I, like, I don't know what in- level of interest I will have this year for the, for the Dodgers because it's such a BS season. And I, I, I'm a member of a small Facebook Dodgers group that is kind of selective of who they let in there. And most people there feel the same way. They kind of feel like they just kind of wish they just wrote off the season and started again next year. So that's uh, as 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 much as sad as it was not to have baseball this year for a big baseball fan like myself. Uh, I, I would have rather they just had nothing rather than a BS season. Much like I'd rather they well, had no World Series of Poker instead of BS bracelets. Yeah, I'm also hoping. Uh, you remember what the talk was in baseball, obviously before the coronavirus. Everything was nonstop about the Astros and then the Red Sox cheating scandal. Yeah, uh, I've I've had enough of that. I mean, I'm not downplaying it. I'm not discounting it, but I've heard it enough for basically the whole entire offseason and in the beginning of spring training. I hope that that doesn't become any part of the narrative when this does open, when the season does finally open. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I've heard enough about it. Well, what do you think? Well, the, the Dodgers were victimized by this both years and 17 and 18 in the World Series. So that's uh, that's very frustrating for me as a fan. So this, this the whole scandal bothers me more than the average fan who's not a Dodgers fan. The Dodgers took it the worst of any team. And uh, I really wish they had the balls to just take away the titles. Not to give it to the Dodgers, because there's the Dodgers weren't the only ones ripped off. Though I hear the Yankees were cheating those years too, so they they don't really deserve it either. But I, I don't feel, because there were enough other teams affected, like in the, the division series, what about those teams? Like you can't just say, oh, the Dodgers are the World Series team in the National League, they, they get it. I if, it, if that's the only place the cheating was, yes, but since it was everywhere, I think they just need to vacate the titles those year. And they're not going to do it. They've already decided they're not going to do it, but that would have been the fair thing is any team that was caught cheating, that they just vacate their t- – after the fact, they just vacate their titles and there's no World Series champion. And he's, uh, there was no World Series champion in 94 because of the strike. So why not do it in, in 17 and 18? And then that would send a very strong message to teams in the future – that if you do this, you'll actually get your title vacated. Because if you look at it, the the Astros had some embarrassment, but they still have a World Series championship in 2017. And they don't deserve it. And it's amazing the Dodgers almost beat them despite that. The the Dodgers got crushed by the Red Sox the next year, who were cheating too. But it's amazing the, the Astros had still went to seven games, which really says a lot for that Dodgers team. But And poor you, Darvish. <laughs> he, he took so much shit for uh, pitching so badly. It turned out they were just... Uh, cheating to steal the signs to, when he was pitching. Of course they clobbered him. Uh, anyway, that uh, we'll, we'll see what 
happens with all that, but I, I, it may not even take place, or it may start taking place and be canceled. There's already been some players who've come down with the coronavirus on the Phillies. There's been some other employees who are not players that are part of these organizations that have gotten the coronavirus. So it just may be a thing where you get them all together and people start too many people start catching the Phillies. coronavirus and they shut it down. Hey, yeah. There's would the players for both the, the uh, Tampa Bay and Colorado earlier this week, like on Monday and Tuesday, the organizations acknowledged that unnamed players had it in the, in the majors, not unnamed players that were in their organization, major league level players for Tampa and Colorado. Well, also. The Phillies got it too. Well, right. I'm saying it wasn't just the Phillies. There's three yeah. teams, and you know, there's more. Those are just the three that have discussed it open, that have admitted it. Yeah, yeah. So this may not even take place. I mean, when the whole thing, if they are, are trying to get prepared for it, and they're doing their summer version of spring training, and too many people are getting the coronavirus, they, the players' union may just finally say, "No, we're not. We're not doing well, that's, it." What's well, going to be interesting in all the sports, hockey, basketball, you know, baseball, and then when football starts, is if a cluster occurs. An organization. What do they do? Yeah, I mean, what do they? What do you do if thirteen Red Sox all test positive, or you know, nine major league level players for the Marlins test positive? I mean, do you cancel it for everyone? Do you? I mean, what? What do you? They can't fill the team, and what do you do? You know, so that's. I think that's going to happen too. I'm going to predict it right now that in one of these leagues, there's going to be such. Okay, you know, what? the better way to say it, I'm going to predict that this year. We will not see a champion, a true champion, uh, even with abbreviated schedule in baseball, hockey, and, and basketball. Yeah, I think that's a good prediction. One, if not more leagues, I think will just at some point give up for the year. Yeah. I don't think they're all three going to be. I mean, the first opening we've seen so far is golf. And we've already seen a handful, you know, the live sporting event. We've already seen a handful of golf players test positive. And, that they, you know, that's a safer sport than any of these other sports. Yeah. It's really, you know, it, it is. This thing's so contagious that it, it really is hard to contain – when the players are going to get close to each other, and it's 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 inevitable that in all these other sports we're talking about that the, you do get close to each other, and there's it's it's very hard to contain it, and it's hard to test for since there are, there is that period where it's not going to show up in a positive test. So uh, I I don't know, and there's also a thirty percent failure rate in the tests from what I've hearing hearing still for the, uh, the false negatives, and it all just it just takes one person who is not known to be positive but is and isn't showing symptoms that can uh, infect everybody. Now, they're saying that asymptomatic people may not be able to infect people if they're asymptomatic and never going to show symptoms, not just pre-symptomatic, but actually someone who's going to stay asymptomatic. There is some belief that those people don't infect anybody, but the pre-symptomatic do. Anyone who's no symptoms right now, but in a day or two is going to have symptoms, that's when you're like the most contagious. And that's actually, colds are like that too. If you have a cold, you're most contagious in in the like, Hours leading up to before you show the symptoms, so it's it's not even uncommon with viruses to be that way. So yeah, there's a very good chance this won't even complete that they're just going to have to shut it down, and that's another reason that my interest is less because it'll feel like a waste of time if I'm following baseball and then 20 games in they decide to shut down the whole thing. We will see. So okay, Brandon, I'm going to move on to the coronavirus topics. If you are going to go, Trader Risk, are you still here? No chance. I, hey, buddy. Uh, <laughs> he almost got me. He, I mean, he's he's yeah, here. Listen, he's here on the on the on the call. I yeah, don't know I know. if he's, he's asleep. I think he's just, so. Uh, go ahead and do it. I'm actually trying to quietly not interrupt you. Make a snack because I'm I'm starving at this point. Uh, when you see me hang up, oh, I just come on and I'll say when I'm leaving officially. That's fine. Okay. If I want to interject. I'll interject, but just assume that you're going to be solo from this point okay. on. If that's all right. 
You can hit the mute button so you don't. You don't I am. That's okay. what I've been doing. Okay, I'm not okay. Going to sit here and eat with with. No, that's why you haven't heard anything. Of okay. course. No, good. You've been quiet. Listen, heard... In the event though that I don't, I'll say it now. Thank you for having me on. It's been a great show. Uh, there's only one thing I'm obviously upset about, and that's the LOL 50. I'll say it one more time. But other than that, uh, <laughs> I think it's been good. I don't think we're going to have to offer apologies to anyone next week. Do you? No, no. I think we'll be okay. Thank you again, Brandon, for coming on here because you, you don't have to respond to this. I know you're trying to eat, but uh, I'm, I'm very happy Brandon's return to this show. It always gets something extra with his return. And that's what people posted in the forum. That's what people texted me. They said that even people who love the show the way it is, when he's not here, say, you know, when Brandon comes back, it just it just raises it to that much higher of a level. It makes me enjoy it that much more. And I've gotten that from a number of people in di- in different forms. And I, I'll tell you, I've actually gotten zero messages saying, I wish Brandon didn't come back. Like, I've actually had zero critical messages about his return. It's all been positive. Okay, so let me talk about the coronavirus some. There's some news this week. Not as We're not going to talk about this as much as we have in other weeks. Just because, number one, it's getting close to three in the morning. And number two, there's just less to talk about with the coronavirus. There's not that much changing. But... The first thing I want to talk about is probably the biggest story with the coronavirus, that it is setting records, that there are just uh, more cases in the U.S. that are new and confirmed than ever before. And that's a fact. We said that last week, and now it's even more this week. So we've, be- we've beaten last week. There's a lot of new confirmed cases of the coronavirus, way more than what we had in April, way more than what we had in March, way more than what we had in May. It's blowing them away. Every week it's getting worse as far as the number of confirmed uh, new cases. Now, the last reported number was lower than the previous day. So the last reported number, which was from uh, 5 p.m. on uh, Friday to 5 p.m. Saturday, was 43,581 new cases. But the previous 24-hour period was 47,341, and it was, I think it was over 50,000 the day before that. Uh, there is some reporting lag from some hospitals, especially over the weekend. So anything that you see on Sunday, Monday, or Saturday, or even Friday, uh, you can't completely trust those numbers because some are from other days that lagged over or that are currently lagging over to the next one. So like, if you see a jump on Monday, don't panic because that may be the weekend numbers just getting over at that point. There's some inconsistency with reporting in that way. But if you look at the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday numbers, that's a that's a pretty good indication. Or if you just compare the weekend numbers to what you saw the previous weekend, that's just one thing you should keep in mind. So don't don't get excited, for example, if you look at tomorrow's numbers and they're better. Don't go, oh, good, we're, we're past this uh, the spike in numbers. No, no, we're not. It's just the weekend. The weekend always looks better. And it's not. It's not actually better. It just looks better because some hospitals are not reporting. But anyway, for sure the number of confirmed cases have gone up. And and if anyone says they haven't, they're lying to you. If anyone says, oh, it's just because they're doing increased testing, they're either lying to you or delusional. They have increased tests, but it has not been a major increase of tests over a few weeks ago. So it would not explain why there's a huge spike in new cases just because they're doing some more testing, but not a lot more testing. The number of new cases is now more than double than it was a few weeks ago per day. So that was not, they're not doing double the tests they did a few weeks ago. So that's something to keep in mind. However, 
Be careful what you believe from the media. And when I say the media, I mean both the left-wing media and the right-wing media, because both are telling you a story which is not completely true. The right-wing media is trying to push the narrative that this is really nothing to worry about, this is just testing lag from before, and they're not talking about the weekend thing. They mean, like, for some reason, the test fell behind a few weeks. There's testing lag from before, or this is just because we're doing more testing. They'll say things like that. It really isn't a spike in cases. It's just, it just appears this way. That's not true. There is a spike in cases that has occurred over the last, like, two, three, two weeks, two to three weeks, especially the last two. And it's not just the tests. It's not just any kind of testing lag. There is a real spike in new cases. So the right-wing media tries to say that. The left-wing media has been pushing that this is all Trump's fault. This is because of the reopening. We should not have reopened. The reopening is killing people. We only reopened because uh, Trump's business friends who donate to him and who he does business with wanted a reopening to make more money, and all Trump cares about is making money and his big business friends – and he, he doesn't mind killing people. It, it, it's BS. That's not true. And, and I'll explain shortly why that's not true. Furthermore, that these uh, the other reason people are dying is because Trump is demonstrating that he doesn't take masks very seriously. He's often seen without a mask, and he never tells people to wear a mask. So therefore, a lot of people aren't wearing masks, and that's killing a lot more people. If only we had a Democratic president who takes masks seriously, and if only we had a Democratic president who wasn't recklessly reopening, well, we would save so many lives, says the left-wing media. All that's incorrect. All that's incorrect. So if you listen to the news on either side, if you watch Fox News, you try to watch uh, CNN or MSNBC and get your news that way, or if you read websites that are left or right-leaning you're going to get a skewed version of the news about the coronavirus. How do you get the truth? You read everything, and you make a common-sense determination as to what is really going on. And here's what I believe is really going on. And I, I feel that I have been very fair about the coronavirus, and I have not politicized it. And I have criticized some on the right for the way they've handled the coronavirus, and I've criticized the left for how they've handled the coronavirus. But I have noticed, I, unlike a lot of people on the right, I haven't denied that masks are important. I haven't said a mask is a violation of my rights or it's useless or it's a hoax or it's something to make Trump look bad. I've, I've never said that. I don't believe that. I think those saying that are don't know what they're talking about. I haven't downplayed the significance of the virus. Some people have said, no, you're just, you're just not downplaying it, playing it because you're so personally worried about it. So that's the only reason you're taking it seriously. No. I mean, I can't prove this, but if I were 20 years younger, I would not be personally afraid of the virus but I would still have the same opinion. So I really have my opinion on this because I, I really want to know the facts. I don't want to just know what my party tells me to say, nor should you want your party to tell you what to say or what to think, no matter what your party is. First of all, we had to reopen. Why? Because there's no end in sight. If we had end in sight, then remaining closed would make sense. We have no end in sight. So if we don't reopen in June, if, if that didn't happen, then, then when? July? August? September? How is it any different? It's just delaying the inevitable. It's just hurting the economy and accomplishing nothing. You're just shifting the effects of what's happening today down a few months. That's all you're doing by staying closed when there is no end in sight. 
The only way it will turn out that the reopening at this point is a mistake is if we get out of this a lot sooner than we expected. If it turns out that in October a very, very effective and safe vaccine is found and they can mass make a mass quantity of it very quickly and by the end of the year pretty much the coronavirus is no longer a concern. At that point we say, oh yeah, it would be too bad we didn't just uh, stay closed a little bit longer. But it's very possible the opposite will occur, that there will be no progress that the vaccines will be a failure or a partial failure, that no cure will be found, and that we may be sitting this way for a long time. That extends into 2021, maybe even 2022. Who knows? This is all uncharted territory. All we can see in front of us right now is that there is no end in sight. We're not really much better off today than we were a few months ago. There's been some new things learned, but it's really not a significant difference. So... That's important to see. And remember, back in March, people were saying, oh, in June, it's going to be so much better. In fact, we think the deaths in June will be almost down to zero. Yeah, that's not even close to true. We're not even having a second wave. The first wave never really ended. We were seeing some decrease in cases because of the shutdown. But we never really saw an end to the death, an end to the new cases. It never got close to that. We weren't even under uh, 10,000 new cases a day on average at the best point. So that's there was never the end of the first wave. We just have a worse version now of the first wave. So the reason I'm saying all this is because with no end in sight, you can't just shut down endlessly until we hope one day we'll be able to do away with this virus. If you do that, it's a one-way ticket to a tremendous depression, destruction of the economy, and a complete collapse of the country. You can't do it. It's just It's something you can't do. And the death that would be caused from that would dwarf whatever the coronavirus is going to kill. The cost in quality of life would dwarf anything the coronavirus is doing. So as crappy as the coronavirus is, that is actually worse for the country. So it's one of these things where it sucks, but you have to do it. It's one of these cases where every choice sucks, and you have to take the least sucky choice. And the left is is not accepting that. They're just looking at the short term, saying, oh, we reopened, we have this many new cases now, we have this many people dying, Trump killed these people. That's just not the way it is. There There isn't a choice. And if you think I'm wrong, give me this answer. If you don't want to reopen now, when should we reopen? And why will it be any better if we reopen when you say we should reopen? Why will it be better then? And if you think, the right time to reopen is a year from now. How are we going to make it all the way from now until a year from now with everything closed and with basically no money being spent in the economy? Where Where's it going to come from? How are we going to support everybody? It doesn't make any sense. So to blame Trump for that is insane. I've heard, oh, if a Democrat was in office, then we would not have this problem. Yes, we would. Yes, we would. The things Trump got criticized for turned out really not to matter at this point. Some things which were feared to happen turned out not to be an issue. The ventilators. Well, not only do we have more than enough now, not only do we never run out of them, but it turns out that they're not very useful. It turns out that ventilators are far less useful than believed, and it turned out that there was some lack of understanding of the way coronavirus killed people to where the ventilators are actually not very helpful and, in fact, can be very harmful. 
and even those that survive the ventilators have a lot of problems from being on one that will last their entire lifetime. So ventilators have really fallen out of favor. So forget about the ventilator criticism, because it turns out not only didn't we need as many as was thought, but and we never ran out, but it turns out they're not very useful anyway. What about testing? Testing and contact tracing. Oh, Trump didn't do that. If, if a Democrat was a president, they would have. No. Why do I say no? Because look what all the prominent Democrats were saying at the very beginning of this. Not after this has been going a while. At the very beginning, which is the only time we could have done contact tracing and testing and prevented this from spreading, uh, at the very, very beginning in a country of this size, that's the only way you can do it. You can't do it once it's established in the country. You, you, can, you can't contact trace at that point. It's too late. It's too, it's too spread out. Contact tracing is for the beginning. So you would have had to shut everything down and have very aggressive testing and contact tracing, something no politician of any consequence proposed at the time it would have need to have been proposed, like in late January. That's the time that needed to be done. Not a single prominent politician, Democrat or Republican, said we should do that. So a Democratic president would not have said we should do that because no Democrats were saying that. Republicans weren't saying it either, but if you think the Democrats were clamoring in January that we should shut everything down and do tracing and contact uh, contact tracing and testing uh, ex- uh, extensively, you won't find any. That wasn't happening. They didn't want to shut down the, the borders back in January, the Democrats. So, so I'm not trying to blame Democrats for this. I'm trying to say that a Democrat in power would not have tested and contact traced ourselves out of this at an early stage, if you think that you're delusional. So those were the big criticisms of Trump. And it, and same with the hospital capacity. We, we never busted past hospital capacity. They built new hospitals since then, uh, barring uh, a spike in cases that is beyond what we believe will happen. That's not going to be an issue either. So all these things he was criticized for in the winter and early spring turned out to be non-issues. They were, it was understandable at the time why people had some of these concerns, but it turned out this stuff did not matter. So what does this mean? It means Trump didn't kill people. It means Trump, it's not really his fault that it's, it's going this way. Does that mean he's handled it like a genius? No. It just means that uh, the mistakes that he potentially could have made turned out not to matter. And that's important to know. Uh, what, what about his rallies? Like that one he just had in Tulsa. What about the, the fact that he just doesn't seem to be pushing the mask wearing and that a lot of people on the right are, are trying to find reasons why wearing a mask is stupid and pointless and, and that it's a big conspiracy. And he's not getting out there and stating, this is BS, you guys should wear masks. Should he do that? Yes. Is it dumb he's not doing that? Yes. Am I irritated with him for not doing that? Yes. But, what effect is this really happening? Ha- having here? Okay, The people who aren't wearing masks are not influenced by Trump. These are people who are making Trump do what he's doing. Trump does not want to piss off his base. He doesn't want to piss off those that already love him. So he's afraid if he says, you're all wrong, you should start wearing masks, that they're going to get angry and think that uh, he's not what they thought he was. Now that's wrong. He should come out and say everybody should wear masks, but the people who are convinced not to wear masks are convinced on their own from either themselves or from uh, fringe right-wing media, that's who's not wearing the masks. Not because they're not seeing Trump do it. So that, that's it's not like Trump is encouraging average, everyday citizens who aren't already 
on the not wearing mask train to not wear masks. They're not wearing masks because they just don't want to. They don't think they need to. It's not because he's telling them not to or demonstrating they don't need to. I think it would help if he were to say that. Maybe he would start influencing these people the other way, but he didn't cause them to do this. It was the other way around. He's not doing it because of them. And if you look, there's been a lot of reckless behavior everywhere. The protests were reckless. And I don't care if you say, oh, it's so important. Oh, this needed to happen. Oh, it's about time someone finally uh, exposes the, the racist police and the racist policies and systemic racism, blah, blah, blah. Not now. This is not the time to do it. Do it later. Do it after the coronavirus is not an issue or, or do it online. Protest online all you want. You, you do not get together in groups of 60,000 people shoulder to shoulder with a lot of them also not wearing masks. And those are not Trump supporters or people listening to him. These are people who hate Trump. And a lot of them just aren't wearing masks because they don't feel like it. And they're all crammed together. What do you think is going to happen? In L.A. County, they admitted that the big spike in cases is probably a result of the protests. This is from L.A. County, run by Democrats. Every prominent figure in the L.A. County government is a Democrat. So these are not uh, Trump parrots. They admitted that the protests likely caused the big spike in cases in L.A. County. That's all you need to know. These protests caused people to catch the coronavirus, to spread the coronavirus, and it didn't need to happen. And if you watched the mainstream media, if you watched the left-wing media, you will see that while a few of them acknowledged that, oh, yeah, we might get some extra coronavirus cases from this, they weren't negative about it. They weren't saying, hey, these people shouldn't be out there because it's going to spread the coronavirus. They're like, oh, this is beautiful. This is what needs to happen. These are people who are finally standing up to, to the racism that has existed in this country for a long time. And you know, we may see a spike in COVID cases because of this, but this is so beautiful. Like that, that was the way they put it. They, they didn't say, hey, don't go out there, stay home. This is spreading the coronavirus. This isn't responsible. Please, if you're considering it, don't do it. They didn't say that. They didn't say that. So if you think the left-wing media, if you think those on left-wing social media, I mean just regular people all over it, if you think the left hasn't been projecting a hypocritical message by criticizing Trump for his rallies and criticizing right-wingers who are mass conspiracy theorists and don't want to wear them. If you think that the left is not hypocritical to do that, then you're delusional. The criticism of the right in these ways is fair. There should not be rallies. There should not be people going around not wearing masks because they're philosophically opposed to them. That's stupid. The right shouldn't be doing this, and it irritates me when I see people on the right doing this. And if you're on the right and you agree with most of my politics I express on this show, please stop doing that, because it's stupid. But the left has no right to criticize you because they did the same thing. In fact, theirs was worse, because they encouraged people to go out, not just to the protests, but to planned rallies. There was a giant rally I saw in Brooklyn that was planned. It wasn't just spontaneously people getting together. A planned rally of uh, tons of people, I mean, tens of thousands of people to celebrate black transsexuals in New York. Is that important to be doing right now? Is, is that worth risking lives for, to, to support black transsexuals in New York? I mean, come on. Some For some reason, it's okay to shut businesses down, make small businesses fail, 
destroy the economy. That's all okay to do, but, but, but how dare we not have a black transsexual rally? with tens of thousands of people, many of whom aren't wearing masks. I mean, the left is so hypocritical about this. So they, they've lost their ability to say that the right is acting irresponsible regarding the reopening or the mask wearing. I'm not saying they're wrong about that, but they they can't say that without looking like huge hypocrites because both sides have done stupid things with being reckless. And if you can't acknowledge this, then you are being hyper-partisan, and you're being delusional, and you're in denial, and that's a fact. And people who act this way are part of the reason that the cases have spiked up. So if you think the case spiking had nothing to do with the protests, or didn't have much to do with the protests, I think people say, we don't have any proof it spiked for the protests. First of all, L.A. County, again, a Democratic county, all, everybody who works for L.A. County is a Democrat. Any prominent person in L.A. County is a Democrat who, who's uh, in government there. They have said it is because of the protests. They've, go look at it. They, they printed this in the L.A. Times, again, a very left-leaning newspaper. They printed this in the L.A. Times, okay? That, it's a fact. That's, that's what it is. So first of all, yes, they, they have determined that it's from the protests somewhat, in some places more than others, like L.A. And second... We've already seen examples of this. We've seen examples of big outdoor parties like beach parties where a lot of people come down with coronavirus. So how come the outdoor beach parties, people are getting coronavirus and 60,000 people standing shoulder to shoulder in a protest don't? Why? Do you think the coronavirus thinks it's a noble protest so they're not, it's not going to infect anybody? It, it's such a stupid way to look where they say, oh, well, the, the rally for Trump was indoors. This was outdoors. Plenty of people get it outdoors. Shoulder to shoulder without masks on. 60,000 people? Come on. Of course, tons of people are going to get it there. It would be insane to think that they're not going to. So you you have no right at this point, if you're on the left, to talk about how Trump or the right-wingers are acting irresponsibly because you just did. Unless you're one of the left-wingers who called out the protest and said, you should not be doing this because of the coronavirus. But if you didn't, then you're being hypocritical. And that's, that's a fact. Now, so where do we go from here? This all happened in the past. There's no one doing this. So, so where do we go now? Well, uh, there's not an easy answer to that. We can't close the economy again. We just can't. We can modify things. We can look at the most risky behaviors and say, we can't allow that yet. We can say, like, for example, in, in some states, there's, disallowing uh, bars to sell alcohol. I don't know why I even leave them open at all. Why not? Like, alcohol is not what's spreading it. They should just either close the bars or not. They shouldn't say, well, these bars can stay open, but they can't serve alcohol. Some some states have done that. Uh, some have gone back on what they were going to allow as far as people gathering together now, in groups. On. Yeah. I could be, sorry to interrupt. I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure I read today that Abbott, the governor of uh, Texas, closed all bars and that was allowing to go alcohol. I think that's what I read. I, it wasn't just... It may uh, not have been Abbott. I, I, I'm getting my states confused, but I, I saw that some state was allowing bars to stay open but no alcohol. Maybe it was Texas and they modified it today. I'm not sure. Okay. But I know that I know that, they're, that Texas, or at least there's one state, I think they did something today with Florida, too, where they just think they reclosed the bars. So they just realized that was a... You know, you know what? I'm right. 
Texas, it's really funny. There are two things that, that took effect in Texas uh, today. One was the bars, and the second one was the governor. And this, is, this really struck me as being strange, and I'm making this up. The governor ordered all whitewater rafting companies to cease business right now. So I guess I'm, <laughs> seriously, I get. I'm not making this up. Oh, I think I know why. You, you have to see. You have to sit pretty close. And I, I, yeah. I, I did it once. So I guess there had been that many cases of people that, or that many people going on whitewater rafting trips since the reopening that he made it. You know, he made a priority to close it. So, uh, you know why? Right, I, I, I can totally see why that is. Even though it seems weird and it seems like a niche thing to be closing. I, first, I, I know this from doing it, and I did it back in '93, once and only once. I did it in the Sacramento area near Cameron Park. Uh, the problems there that can happen from this—you have to sit close together, and it's very loud out there, so you have to yell to communicate anything. And when you yell, you aspirate more, and you end up getting uh, little bits of saliva into people's faces, and they catch the coronavirus. So that's probably. Exactly why they closed it because of all the yelling when you're on the rafts and the sitting close together. Bad combo. So yeah, that you wouldn't think that would be something yep. that's dangerous, but it, it totally I can totally see it from having done it uh, 27 years ago. Okay, I've never gone. I've never gone whitewater rafting, but yeah, I'm reading it now. It's Texas, the Texas bars, and uh, the whitewater white river rafting. Yep, shut down. Yeah, interesting. All bars are closed in Texas. I'm reading it right now. Well, and I think that's the right decision. So when I say there needs to be reopening, it needs to be an intelligent reopening where you look and say, what can we reopen to get the economy going, but not to just open hotbeds of, of the coronavirus? Because you don't want to do that. You don't want to just open things that are going to just cause mass infections. And, and I think bars are, are things that will cause mass infections, and you have to you have to look at stuff like that. And that's why the, the protests were so infuriating, because that causes mass infections. And they... You know, Yes, it would be in a perfect world. There'd be no coronavirus, and if you're upset about a police brutality incident that result, resulted in a black man needlessly dying, then and you want to protest about it in a perfect world, you should be able to. But right now, it's it's not. It's it's very far from one with a coronavirus, and that should be number one priority. Not uh, not not that it's you should stay away from each other unless it's a social protest then it's okay to spread the disease it's it's not how it works it's either we do it we do it completely or we don't do it and and that's what was so infuriating for me to watch and it's infuriating that it it's just really infuriating because people on the left just won't admit it they're just not going to say yeah there was a mistake we shouldn't have done that yeah that was dangerous yeah that spread the virus more it's it's probably causing the spike right now in, in part like they're they're not admitting it they just it's not even like they're saying yes it did all that but it was important they're just saying no no, that's not really what did it. No, it, it's fine. And they won't even explain it. Or, or what about tr- what Trump's doing? Why is he having rallies? Like, uh, you can have both be wrong. You can have both be things that you shouldn't be doing. You're doing exactly what you're criticizing the other side for. Like, it's, it's, it's so infuriating to have these conversations. And I, what I want to see is not have any side win with this. I just want to see two things. The coronavirus not being as bad. And number two, that the economy doesn't crash. These are important things. So it needs to be done intelligently and not in a uh, haphazard or reckless fashion and not in a hypocritical fashion. And, it, and nor should it be used to suppress speech, which it is to say for this cause we can do it and for the, that other cause you can't. That, that's speech suppression. It's either it's all allowed or it's not allowed. You can get together in this size of group all the time 
or it's not safe, nobody can. It's not that, well, if it's a good cause, you can get together. No, that's not, uh, that's suppression of speech. And if you don't see that, then you don't understand what free speech is. So, anyway, this, we definitely have a spike here. Uh, hopefully it doesn't get to much worse levels. Like, hopefully we're not seeing double the cases in, in two more weeks. That would be very bad. Then we could start to run into hospitals uh, running out of room. They do have the auxiliary hospitals that they got prepared in many cities that they're not using currently. So those can reopen. It's not The hospital thing is not as much of a crisis as it might appear to be. But also the, the ventilator thing, they're not really using them much. They, they've decided, as I mentioned, they're not, they've fallen out of favor. So that's less and of an issue. You know what else? But it's, it's, you remember back in April and even March when all these so-called experts said, as soon as summer started, and people started going outside more, and the heat was more prevalent, that we would see a large drop in cases. That's not looking to be too accurate, is it? No, and I never why, believed why is this. That? Why, how are they wrong about that? Well, first of all, I never believed it. It just the, the trend didn't look right to me. It just it didn't look like it's going to just plummet down to almost zero in the summer. Second, I wasn't seeing proof that warmer weather was really keeping it down. I've seen warm weather places that were getting it. Like it just didn't, it wasn't making sense to me. They were saying it, but it just wasn't adding up. And warmer weather does bring people out together to where th- this could happen and I do believe the sun kills it. So I think that uh, on surfaces, whatever danger there is, which may be low anyway, Whatever danger there is on surfaces, I think the summer sun helps a lot because it's up a lot longer, it's higher in the sky, and it's hotter. So all these things will help quickly kill the coronavirus on surfaces outside. What it doesn't help with is if you're standing right next to someone and they breathe on you or, or they talk and, and spit on you without you even realizing it, and, and, and then you breathe that in, you're going to get the virus inside or outside. And that's a fact. That's the way the virus works. So it, that's... And, and if people are out more often and together more often because the weather's nicer, then you're not going to see an improvement. And, of course, the reopening plus the protests is causing this jump. So I, I never believed it was really going to go away over the summer. I, I, I was encouraged by the sun factor, that the sun kills it off surfaces. But since they've come out with that the surfaces aren't a big deal anyway, that really made it look doubtful that the summer was going to matter. And apparently it does not. So don't count on that. Obviously, we're getting into hot weather a lot of places, including where you are, and we're not improving. So that's not good news. Now, here's some potential good news. The CDC has said that it's possible, they're not sure, but they're saying that they're looking into the possibility that there might be 10 times as many people having the coronavirus, uh, and I, I don't mean just right now, I mean overall, since it started that 10 times as many people have it or had it than it appears from the confirmed tests. Now, we know the number is much higher than the confirmed tests because, number one, there's a lot of people who just simply don't get tested. I know some personally who definitely had it and just didn't get tested. Some people on Poker Fraud Alert Forum had the coronavirus and did not get tested for sure. And then there's some who went to get tests and because of the tests, 30% false, po- uh, false negative, they came back negative when they were actually positive. I also know somebody who listens to this show, who I talk to sometimes, and he had that situation. He clearly had it. He is close to my age. He had a very bad case of it. In fact, he actually did get hospitalized, but he never tested positive for it. It came negative, and he clearly had it. Clearly had it. 
So you have those two. But the bigger number comes from those who never got tested, either because they just didn't see a point to, because the treatment's the same whether you get tested positive or negative. And there's those who are asymptomatic that had no reason to get tested. And there may have been a lot of asymptomatic people who just never knew they had it. So, of course, those people had it and just, of course, didn't get a test because they had no reason to get a test. So the CDC is now saying what a lot of people have been saying, actually on the right has been saying this for a long time, that a lot more people have had it than we believed. Now, why is that good? Well, because these people at least won't get this strain again. And maybe they won't ever get it again, depending upon what immunity it gives you if you have the antibodies in you from previously having the virus. So if there really is a 10 times factor, that means you can take the number of confirmed cases in the U.S., which is 2.55 million, and multiply it by 10, which becomes 25.5 million. Not exact numbers, of course. And this 10 times is just a guess. It could be, they could be wrong. They could be a little wrong. They could be way off either way. But let's see, let's say their 10 times number is correct. And keep in mind, this is not from some fringe right wing site or some organization that is, that has a motivation to lie about this. This is the CDC. If you believe these numbers, that would mean 25.5 million people in the U.S. have had it already which is starting to approach 10%, which would be a good thing. You actually want it to have already moved through a lot of the population without the population realizing it. And once you get to about 60 or 70% of people who have it or have had it, then you start to get near herd immunity where it just can't spread anymore and, and dies out. And that's what happened with the swine flu which also is believed to have spread to a large portion of the population. But with the swine flu, most people were asymptomatic. That's why it was never a big deal. There are some estimates that 60 million people had the swine flu, but that very few of those 60 million knew they had it. Very possible I had it. Very possible Brandon had it. But if it didn't affect you, then it didn't really matter. But it, it died out. It stopped spreading because... Uh, Enough people had it, and it, was, it wasn't as contagious as the coronavirus. But it died out. There, there weren't enough people to spread it anymore, who, who, uh, to, to those who didn't have it. Who, there weren't enough people who didn't have it, so the spreading stopped, and it just died. So the more people that have gotten the coronavirus and recovered from it, symptomatic or asymptomatic, the better. So it is good news if the CDC is right about this. I'm skeptical... But I do know that the 2.5 million figure is way off on the low end. Obviously, a lot of people never got tested. Obviously, some people couldn't get tested early on. They were turned away. Now you can get tests, but a lot of people just don't bother. You start getting these symptoms, and as long as you can still breathe, as long as you don't feel like your life's in danger, a lot of people just like, eh, I don't feel like it. Especially when you're feeling like crap. When you, If you're feeling so bad, you can barely stand up but you don't feel like you're dying, you just feel like super fatigued, you don't want to go all the way and get a test. and It's, it's unpleasant. It's a thing you don't feel like doing. You just want to lie in bed. So, And then a lot of people who have it mildly, they think differently. They think, well, I probably have it, but 
as long as my symptoms aren't bad, screw it. I'm not going to go bother with this test. Some people are also scared of the test because if you've seen it on video, they, they stick this thing way up your nose and, and, and people like flinch as they do it. It looks, it looks like an awful thing, though people are saying it's actually not as bad as it looks. It's one of the things that looks worse than it actually is. But there are people who are scared of the test itself because it's not trivial. It's not like a little blood test where they stick a needle in you for a second. This is something that looks kind of scary. So some people just don't want to do the test. Some people feel it's useless to do the test because they know they have it and the treatment's the same either way. So if I know several people personally who never got tested for it, and I don't know that many people who've had it, and a good number just didn't get tested, I don't think these are outliers. I think that's a lot of people who just don't bother getting it, the test, I mean. So, yeah, we're way, way past 2.5 million infected by this. I'd be shocked if it's lower than 10 million. Is it as high as 25 million? Maybe. Maybe not. It could be higher. It's possible that it could be way higher if there's a lot more asymptomatic cases. What if the number is 60 million? That'd be great news if it's 60 million, but it, it, it could be. The CDC is saying 25 million. And there's 330 million in the U.S. Something we do see, I mentioned it on other shows, and the, I don't know why they won't explain this anywhere. There's a lot that's just never explained about the coronavirus that could easily be addressed, and they, the government is just not addressing it. And I, I don't understand why. Why do certain places, New York is a good example, why do certain places that are terrible hot spots just get much more mild? After some time, not right away, but they go through their awful period and then it, it gets much better. So like, why was New York just so horrendous for a while? And now it's nowhere near as bad as California, Texas, Florida. I mean, California, they've been, they were shutting down for a long time. So you can't even say, oh, it's the reopening. It's not just the reopening. Maybe you can say, oh, it's the protest, but it's more than that. Like there's a reason New York is not getting it that bad right now when many other places are. So Florida's getting it bad, Texas is getting it bad, California's getting it bad, Arizona's getting it bad. How come New York isn't? It's not because of Andrew Cuomo's wonderful leadership. That wonderful leadership didn't stop the being devastated before. Devastated so badly that New York City itself, there, there's questions about its long-term future, if this may have permanently affected New York as a desirable place to live. I'm not even kidding. There's some belief that New York may never come back to what it once was. So New York City got devastated. So it's not about the politicians there. It's just somehow in New York it drastically improved. It's it's They're still getting new cases. They got 811 cases yesterday. But look, Florida got 9,500-something. Arizona, 3,600-something with a smaller population. Texas, 6,000. 811 in New York is downright great, but they've... At one point, they were far worse. At one point, they were getting uh, 20 times the cases of California, even though California had the much bigger population. So why? The question is why. And one answer could be that a lot more people are getting it than we realize, and that after a horrendous run of it, that there's kind of like a limited herd immunity developing. Otherwise, how do you explain it? Why is New York so much better? And I've never heard an answer on that one. And it's not just in New York. I've seen it in other places, too. By the way, New Jersey, same thing. Same area, of course. 
And we, we've seen it elsewhere. We've seen Italy, another one. Italy, look how bad they were. Spain, look how bad they were. They, these have all improved big time from being terrible, terrible, devastated hotspots. So there, there's something weird about that that just not is not being explained to us. And it really could be that a lot of people there have had it and just don't know. I wish the antibody tests were more reliable and more accessible so we could really get a good picture. If we could get a mass number of people taking antibody tests and not just those who think they had it because that skews the results, I mean just almost like mandating everybody gets one or getting the public buy-in, just everyone goes and takes one, whether they think they've had it or not. Something where you could really, really get a good sample. And By the way, you may wonder how they came up with this 10 times number. They were trying to test blood samples that they took for any reason. So if they had blood samples that they took for people coming in for other things, or blood that people donated, stuff like that, they were testing them for coronavirus antibodies. And that's where they they found a surprising number of them from people that came in and gave their blood for some reason, either for tests or to actually give it, that was unrelated to coronavirus and people who had indicated they didn't have it. We lost uh, Brandon, I think. No, we lost... uh, No, we didn't lose anybody. Skype gave me a message, but looks like everybody's still here. I'll drop Trader Rooster. You're on. I'm going to drop Trader Rooster. Okay. He's he's uh, yeah. he's only here in spirit. So okay. Uh, so it's just me and you here. But uh, that I, I can't explain that one. And I I hope I hope this is the case. Uh, wouldn't it be great, Brandon, if both you and I have had it with no effect and no permanent effect? If we just got through it without even knowing we got through it. It would be, but the problem is I don't think we've taken any of the risks that would likely have given it to us. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I've been home a lot. I mean, I've I've been home the majority of the time for four months. So, well, so have I. But what I, if what if we got it very early on in late January, early February, something like that, where uh, before the, there was a lot of the locking down, and we were doing a lot more ourselves. Like, what if we got it then? Didn't know it. We're asymptomatic, and all this time we we've had the antibodies and don't know. I, I don't think it's likely. I That'd think we probably great didn't. News, yeah, obviously, but I, I don't think it's true. But uh, but I'm not confident enough that I'd go get an anti- an antibodies test. No, and that's why I don't get one either. Because if it said I've had it, I wouldn't believe it. I, I'd say, well, it's not reliable enough. I can't yeah. I can't just go take risks now. I've got I have to be sure it's a very reliable test before I I take its word that it's right. So uh, I. I do think that's a possibility that we will get to her- one day. We're just going to bang up against herd immunity without realizing it's just going to fall off and it's going to disappear. I'm not saying it will, but that's not out of the realm of possibility or even out of likelihood. It's not even something that would be shocking if it happened. If it's just uh, one day, it just really starts to dissipate and then very quickly is gone. And we're like, whoa! What, how be, uh, we- what would be your estimated timeline on that? How long would we be, would we be potentially talking? Well, see, so that's the problem because, like, look at New York. New York definitely had a huge improvement. I don't think it's from anything they did. I think this it just happened on its own. But yet they still got 811 new cases yesterday. So is it gone? No. Is the risk in New York out of there? No. But but it's definitely way better than it was. So so what's they don't going have on? There? A thousand people a day dying anymore. No, they had 31 dying yesterday in the whole state. So that's what that's I'm saying. Like there was, there was, it's a big imp- think of that. They had over a thousand, as you were saying, per day, 
and now it's down to 31 per day. They've had uh, 31,452 deaths. Only 31 were yesterday. So that's a tiny uh, one one thousandth of the deaths occurred yesterday. We've had this obviously far, far less than a thousand days. So you see what an improvement they've had. And why aren't we hearing why? And maybe it is some kind of like limited herd immunity where it's not gone, but that it's uh, reduced because there's enough people who've had it already to where it's just not spreading as much. And a lot of people who had it and didn't know it. So that's, I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping that's the case and that maybe the solution might just come from it resolving itself and disappearing. And that may, maybe that'll beat any kind of effort we are making to uh, get a, a vaccine or a cure. And Let me ask you, I know this is the most simplistic question, and it obviously it, it doesn't serve anything other than maybe a little bit of entertainment purposes and just understanding your viewpoint. Um, but I wasn't obviously on here when all this started, you know, on radio. If you had to bet, you know, and you're a gambling man, you know, you're a gambler, if you had to bet on the most likely scenario in, in which, how, or on how this started, the virus, do you think it is that easy to explain it as – Simply being a handful, maybe more, maybe less, of people were in a, a wet market in Wuhan, and that's where this literally started. Or do you think it's more, much more complicated than that? No, I think it was man-made. I think it was man-made, but accidentally reduced, uh, re- released. That's what I think happened. I don't think so this you was. You think a, it came out of a laboratory or something? Yes, you mean? I, I think I think it was. I don't believe what China has to say. There, there's a lot of suspicious things that were happening over there. I, I believe that they were developing this, and that it accidentally got released somehow. I don't think they're they. What would like, be the purpose of them developing something? like Oh, this? they develop so, stuff like this all the time. This is. The, well, what kind of biological weapon could it even be? Oh, this is look, look what it's doing. It's a, it's a, it's yeah, a pretty good it's one. Hurting, but it hurt them as much as it would hurt any of their enemies. Well, no, that's why I'm not saying that's why they're not releasing it. They they weren't releasing it to hurt themselves. They, I, it was accidentally released. If you if you did this, if there is some kind of war, right, what I'm saying is that they would have released this, say, on. You know, India, for instance, it would just spread back to them eventually anyhow. No, not if they closed down the border and wouldn't let people in. See, you'd, ha- you'd have to release it under circumstances where you know it's not going to come back and get you. You don't just release it into normal life where everyone's traveling in and out of your country. Then that would be a huge mistake and you get fucked. Sure. Uh, but uh, but then you'd have to shut down your borders. That would affect their economy, everything that they export. Well, right. But that's, would, that's what I'm saying. It would still be a mess. No, but these are being developed in cases where it's necessary to use, much like nuclear weapons. When, when okay, so then obviously you're of the belief that in that Wuhan laboratory that people have constantly – refer to that's where you think this escaped from likely yes i think it escaped from there and i think that uh, china was hoping that uh they would get a handle on it and that they would never have to admit this and then it it got out and obviously got it became way worse than they thought something this this one is very unusual that's it is a very weird and unusual virus and that's why we haven't seen anything like this ever uh, the, we haven't seen anything this severe in a hundred years and we haven't seen anything like this one ever in, in the way it's, it works. And the, this one is so unusual in that it is deadly and it does all these terrible things to your body, but it manages to hide there for a few days while it can infect everybody. So you can walk around healthy and infect everybody and then it pops you. And that is, that is very tough for a disease to do because the ones that are really deadly, you get sick very fast and you get so debilitated that you, you can't even go out and infect anybody. Ebola is like that. Like they, so, so it's it's much harder to spread these. They, they don't spread at the rate this one does because people don't feel well enough to spread it, even if they want to. And then there's there's ones that are not deadly, which spread like the swine flu, 
Those spread big time, but they're not very deadly. That's why they can spread so much. This one has this delay to it, like like it was meant to do this. Like they, they do you think we'll ever actually get definitive proof? No. On on okay, because it's China. They're never going to admit it. So we'll, we'll never know. But that's what I think. This is a very unusual one, and that's why we're not. Otherwise, you'd ask why? Why don't we see this more often? Why? Why haven't we? Why is this? The first time anybody alive has dealt with it, except for maybe some super old, uh, over a hundred year old people that were around for the Spanish flu in 1918 that were babies or little kids. Why is this the first time we've seen something of this severity? And and why is this the first time ever we've seen one of this, of these characteristics? And it's, it's because there's something very unusual about it. It, It's a very weird one that you don't normally see. It has that, what I just said, it's just very unusual to be that way. The, the deadliness plus the contagiousness. And this delay it has is is really like this. I mean, that really would be a perfect virus to release if you want to screw over a country because it's so hard to avoid getting it. If like think think if it if the symptoms came on fast and hard and obvious, it would be very easy to contain this. You just you just shut down everybody who who you quarantine everybody who's showing these symptoms, and then that's it. It's it's the fact that they can walk around for a good length of time. Not knowing anything's wrong, and and then it's also super contagious. It's contagious, sure. and and there's, and people don't feel it, so they don't know to stay away from people. And th- but then on top of that, it, it it escalates to being deadly. And instead of like the all the ones we're used to dealing with, like the common cold, and and uh, uh, to where it's not as bad, even the flu is not as bad, and also not as contagious. The flu is also not as contagious as this is. It's amazing. I just I'm just looking this up. It hasn't obviously gotten pressed because there's so much other stuff going on, but they're fighting. An Ebola outbreak in the Congo now. Yeah, that's going on. That's that's just amazing. But the uh, Ebola doesn't scare me that much for that reason because it, it's, it's actually more deadly than coronavirus. But it's just you, you're oh, going to you're going to. It's like fifty percent, right? It's much not, you it, can't it, even compare. It's right, like it's much more deadly. But that's the reason it doesn't spread is because it, it hits you so fast and you're in such horrible shape. You're not going to be giving it to anybody who who uh, who thinks you're healthy. It, Except it, for people that live in poor countries in Africa, where everyone is just on top of each other. Yeah, it, it's unfortunately it's, it's pretty easy yeah. to contain that one if there's an outbreak in, in a first world country. So that's why that's uh, the people say, "Oh, Obama did such a good uh, job when the Ebola thing was a concern." Like, no, that's that's a tremendously different situation. This one we sure. never dealt with anything like. You can't compare Trump's handling of this or any or the U.S.'s handling of this uh, to any other things that has come in the past. Because this is so unusual, and that's I, – I'll never know if well, I'm right about this, but – Let me ask you – oh, I'm sorry. Go on. I want to ask you something. No, you go mean. ahead. Go ahead. This is a lot of what I've heard – and I mean you've heard it too, but I, I've never heard – I've never phrased the question to you this way. And I know try to be as bipartisan and, and honest as you can. If Hillary Clinton would have won, okay, three years ago or four years ago – and all this is going on now. Hillary Clinton is a president. Trump is an afterthought. No one even just you know talks about him. So Hillary's in the White House. What changes, differences would you do? You think we would have seen, or would we have seen none in terms of the handling of what's gone on since I guess December and January when I'm sure the presidency president first got a uh, briefing about what was going on in China. What what differences would we see? What would she have done different when people criticize Trump and say he's blundered this? What would have Hillary done? Well, with the okay, same I, resources I, I, and so on. All right, there would right. have been some different things done, but I, I want to answer this a little differently. But what would have been done that would have had any kind of impact? I don't want to talk about things like the ventilators. Like maybe Hillary would have made the ventilators faster uh, and gotten on that faster. It wouldn't have mattered. So there's I, there's no point to even talk about that. I want to talk about the things that 
could have mattered. I think Hillary. Good question, right? Yeah, I hear this a lot. Yeah, and I, and I and I've talked about this before. Now, I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, but I've talked about it on the forum, and I've I've talked about it with other people just uh, elsewhere outside of these forums in the show. I, I I've, I've tried to make the point about those that say, "Oh, this is all Trump's fault." And I've said, "No, no, it's going to be. It, it would be very similar." That's the short answer. It would be very, very similar. There would be some differences. Like, for example, a positive for Trump was that he was not afraid to shut down travel from China, where uh, I think Hillary would have been afraid to. A lot of the left, a lot of Democrats, criticized that as being racist, xenophobic. I think Democrats would have had a hard time doing that in late January. They would have eventually done it, but in late January, I think they would not have done it when Trump did. I think that probably stopped it from being uh, – I, I don't know how many lives it saved or how, how bad – how much that had an impact, but it had some impact. Uh, on, so that's something Trump did that was good. Um, I think that Hillary would have maybe tried harder with the testing. It wouldn't have mattered. It, it, it turns out the testing – by the time they would have gotten on the testing, it would have been too late. So that's – I'm not – that's one of those things that I think she would have done a little differently but would not have mattered. She I, probably would have handled the briefings a lot more uh, well, yeah, organized and coherent. Okay, right. So, so should, as far as the things said to the public, as soon as the communication to the public would have been more uh, presidential and, and controlled. She wouldn't have been firing off on Twitter when she wakes up while she's on the toilet. Like that, that wouldn't have been happening. But, uh, but it, again, that's not much of an impact. That's just kind of stupid things Trump does. But it, that's not really causing an impact where people are getting this more often or, or are dying more often from this. I do think something that Hillary may have done that's different is she would have been more anti-reopening, which might have temporarily kept the case number down compared to uh, what, what we're seeing today, but would have just delayed that, but would have hurt the economy a lot more. I think Hillary would have been more likely to let this continue. And even I, I think even she may not have wanted to, but she might have been under pressure from Democrats, she she was uh, she wasn't that far to the left as far as Democrats were concerned. She was kind of more of a moderate, and I could see where she would actually be possibly one who would say, "No, we should reopen." I know I know some left wing Democrats who who actually agreed with the reopening. They think that uh, that 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 that's actually the correct thing to do in Europe. There's a lot of left wingers in Europe who have supported this, and they are doing it there. So it's it's not always a left right thing, but. Uh, I think that she probably would have gone along with Democrats in the U.S. who don't want this to happen, and probably the reopening would not have happened yet and may just not happen for a long time with the theory of, well, okay, it's time for the rich to pay their fair share. Let's just, uh, let's just keep letting the government support everybody with the taxes, with a plan to just smack the rich with high taxes later to pay for it, which, which is, would be a horrible plan for many reasons I don't want to get into. But I think we would not be seeing, uh, a reopening yet. Or for a while, and that I think would actually be a mistake. Even though right now, in the very short term, we'd probably be seeing fewer cases and probably fewer deaths a few weeks from now from those cases. So that's uh, that's another difference. But other than that, I think very similar. And I, I, there's no way I could demonstrate this because Hillary didn't win. But if you could go to an alternate reality where she did, and I'm still doing this show, and we're all still here, it's just Hillary's president instead of Trump. I would not be coming out saying this is Hillary's fault, that the U.S. wouldn't be having a pandemic like this if it wasn't for her. Like I, I wouldn't be saying these things if she were to be behaving the way I'm describing here. I would say I think she's screwing up economically and we're going to have a depression coming and that's going to be her fault. 
but I would not be saying this is her fault the way she's handling it or, or oh, look what's happened to the country since then. The, 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 we need to vote her out of office for this reason. Like, I still wouldn't like her, but I would not be saying these things. And I'm sure there would be people on the right saying. I'm sure people would be on the right releasing memes uh, about all, how well the country was doing in 2019 and how terrible it looks in 2020 and oh, look who the president is. I'm sure we'd be seeing a lot of stuff like that. And I would actually be one of the people saying that this part I don't think is her fault. Just like I'm saying this part I don't think is Trump's fault. And even though Trump hasn't behaved perfectly and has made some mistakes, it turned out a lot of these didn't matter. I, I've compared it on previous episodes of the show to when you're at the poker table and you make a dumb play, but it turns out it doesn't matter. Like I, I, I brought up an example of uh, um, you're, you're both deep stacked. You have aces, and and somebody else has ace-king, and the board is queen-jack-10. And you're both deep-stacked, and you just keep raising each other with, with you having the aces, totally ignoring that someone could have flopped the straight or a set and just have you crushed. So you keep going raise, raise, raise with the aces, and you get it all in up. They turn over, they've got the ace-king, and you've, uh, you see the bad news that you're drawing super thin just to a chop. And, and, or, and what happens? Or, or, or a fluke full house. What happens? Uh, bang, king on the turn, you chop. So, uh, your own you didn't win the pot, but your own bad decision didn't really hurt you. So, so that's like the difference between check calling there and hitting the king on the turn and chopping that way, or getting it all in stupidly on the flop and still chopping. You still chop either way, even though in one case you made a horrible play and the other case you made a reasonable play. Sure. So, so I'm saying, so you can't look at that hand and say, oh, that's why I didn't do well in the tournament. No, that, that that isn't why you didn't do well in the tournament because that that one didn't matter. So when you bust out of a tournament and you look at how you could have done differently, you look at the hands where you lost a lot of chips or didn't win chips when you should have because of a mistake you made. That That's when you blame yourself. You don't blame yourself because you made a dumb move that turned out not to matter because the same result would have happened. No one ever says that. Or, oh, I chopped that pot. I would have chopped anyway if I played it well, but that's why I lost. No one would ever say that. But that's, that's, what, that's what it's like with Trump, where the mistakes he made – that, that the left was criticizing for ended up not mattering or ended up barely mattering. So that's why I'm saying if, if there was a Democrat who was president, I don't think it would be worse as far as the deaths and infection. I just think it would be about the same. But I actually think econ- economically they could be leading us down a terrible path. I think the, the staying closed until this is safe would be a disaster. And even though I am choosing – I also had somebody ask me, how can you talk like this? If you're saying you're not going to go out anywhere, are you saying that others should get sick and not you? Are you more important than everybody else? And my answer is no. And I don't feel anybody has to go out. I say that uh, everybody that they sh- this should be an option for people. And yes, I know some people they they have a regular job, and their option may be go back to work or uh, or lose your job. And I I will admit I am fortunate that I don't have to make that choice. But I, I feel that from a public policy standpoint, it is correct to reopen, and then each individual needs to decide what's best for them. And for those who um, they need to go back to work and they don't have any other option and that's what they just have to do, then they have to choose, do I do this? And maybe they have to. And if I had to, I would I would have to do it. You know, I would uh, – I don't think it's it's realistic. It's just simply not realistic. It would be great if we could just all stay home and we could have the, the magic – 
money fairy in the sky just keep uh, pumping money into the country to pay everybody to just stay home. Some and, some people are actually living that right there. Be, yeah, to be honest. So I mean, oh, they are. No, I know, but but that can't that can't continue forever. So that's that not even forever. It can't even continue for much longer. What's the incentive for people to go back to work this year that are going to make as much? Money, if not more, staying home and not having to deal with childcare and the risk of being out there. No, there's, there's, none. there's none, and that's what I, I've said this before about unemployment insurance. I know I'm not, not related to this, but before any of this, um, when Obama was president, when there was that uh, recession in the late 2000s, they extended unemployment benefits to 99 weeks, which is far longer than it had before. I mean, think of how long 99 weeks is. That's, that's like a year. That's that's getting close to two years. Ken Scaler got the benefit of that. Which he got an unempl- he barely got the unemployment too. I, I guided him into getting it, but uh, he almost got rejected. But uh, he had ninety nine weeks. Did Ken Scaler go back to his low wage telemarketing job? Was he running back to get one during these ninety nine weeks, or you think he just uh, enjoyed the ninety nine weeks, getting almost as much money on the unemployment as he did working his crappy job? Yeah, did nothing for ninety nine weeks. And and do you think I judged him for it and said, uh, what, you know, what what a selfish asshole? No, I would have done the same thing. Why would why would I go to a crap job? And if I can get paid almost the same to stay home and do what I want, you'd have to be really either so dedicated to the job or just so guilty to take that money to not do that. It's human nature to say if my option is to work a crap job or make very close to the same money doing nothing, most people will say do nothing, and that's a completely fine choice for one to make for your own individual happiness so so similarly here you you can't you can't incentivize people just never go to back go back to work because it wouldn't make sense uh people do have to work Uh, i have advocated that maybe the reopening should have to do somewhat with age where where the it, it is more encouraged for those who are under 35 to do more and for those over 35 to do less, and, and the older you are, the less, or, or the more vulnerable you are, the the less that's expected of you. I, I don't know how exactly that would all work, but uh, I think that should be worked into it. We shouldn't continue to lie to ourselves and say that the it, it's the same, it's roughly the same for all ages, or it's dangerous for everybody. There, there's vastly different levels of danger, especially if you're not going to be in regular contact with people who are older, like if you're living with your parents or grandparents, it's a different story. But uh, like maybe that should be what's encouraged, but it, it's not a simple answer. I, I can't just hand a simple answer on how to solve this. There isn't one. All, all the all the solutions suck. I will acknowledge that. But that's I don't think it's a big difference of who's president. Even though Trump has not acted presidential, yeah, I agree. This. I, he hasn't, and that's the problem. People sometimes can't separate Trump's buffoonery from things he does that actually affect things negatively. And I think that's a in general problem on the left where they. They're very big on symbolism and how things look rather than what actual impact is occurring. And I'm, I'm one who says, I don't care how it looks. I just want it to – I just want good results. And uh, and that's always how I felt about everything uh, related to any kind of policy. So uh, let me talk about something else here. This All right, I- listen. I, I, I'm fading. Okay. I'm going to say goodnight to the audience. Thank you. Hey, listen, I did good. I mean, I had a migraine. Oh, seven yeah. hours, I think. Yeah, I know. Was, migraines are terrible. All right. Thank you for having me on, brother. We'll talk soon. Great show. Thanks for the hospitality. Thank you all for listening. And uh, I will be back at some point soon, hopefully. Yeah. Th- thank you, Brandon. And uh, you know what? Next week, we'll try to make arrange this call to the yeah, CI guy. I think it's a great idea. The Phil Ruffin? Yeah, Ruffin? the Phil, Phil Ruffin call. Yeah, we got to make that. Yeah.
Okay. Have a great uh, end of the show. Try to get some sleep, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Talk to you later, Brandon. Bye. 775-FRAUD55, 775-372-8355 is the number to the show if you want to call in. I want to move on to talk about the lingering after effects that may occur if you get the coronavirus, even if you are younger. I don't mean like a kid, but if you're a young adult, and even if it's a matter of a version of the coronavirus to where you don't even get that sick. So we have a member on our forum who goes by Sloppy Joe, and he sometimes trolls me. We're not always on the best terms, but he's a member in good standing. He hasn't broken any of the poker fraud alert rules. And he's 33 years old. He had the coronavirus back in March. We thought that it was highly likely. In fact, I thought it was more likely that he had it than he did. He posted his symptoms, and I said, oh, you have it for sure. And he's like, well, I don't know. It, it kind of seems like it, but I'm not totally sure about it. I'm like, no, 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 you had it. I forgot what his symptoms were, but it was it was very obvious he had it. And it was kind of bad timing for him because his wife was having a kid, and he had to like hide in the basement while his wife was just about to have the kid, and I think she did have the kid while he had the virus. So it wasn't the best timing, but... The good news for him was he was 33 years old and he got it the way you'd expect a 33-year-old to get it, where he felt symptoms and he felt obvious symptoms that are connected with the coronavirus, but none of them were that terrible. He didn't have a hellacious experience. He wasn't debilitated. He never felt like he was on the verge of going to the hospital. He, he never was so fatigued he couldn't do anything. There was It wasn't super memorable in how bad it was. And people of my age report something different that people my age usually report that it's terrible and he didn't report that he said he had clear symptoms but it was something that was more of a hassle than something awful to go through so he recovered he got better and for a while he thought okay we're past it good thing i was only 33 good thing i didn't get it that badly Uh, i think his wife got it too but she got it even less than he did i assume she's around his age and it, it it seemed like there was nothing much to talk about other than, oh, look, here's a 33-year-old who, again, didn't get really anything that bad from it. Well, two new developments regarding Sloppy Joe. First of all, he went and got an antibody test, and it came back positive. No surprise. Second, and the reason I'm mentioning him, I wouldn't have mentioned this if he just got the antibody test because I thought he had it. I thought I was sure he had it. So this it would be a shock the other way. If he did not get it positive, I'd say maybe that test is crap. But he came back positive for antibodies. But the problem came when he's been trying to exercise. Apparently, Sloppy Joe runs, he hikes at high altitudes, and he is pretty good at that normally. He can run three to six miles without problem. I'm talking about before the coronavirus. He could hike up to high altitudes and uh, wouldn't have an issue. And that's what you'd expect of a guy who's 33 years old and and tries to keep in shape. It's a lot easier to do that at that age than my age or older. But he found that after what appeared to be a full recovery from the coronavirus, where he couldn't really feel any lingering symptoms, that he couldn't do this stuff anymore. That it was incredibly hard for him to run three miles now. And I say now, I mean now. I don't mean right after he got better in March. I mean now, in late June that he is feeling effects three months later, that he can't do these anymore. He tries to hike at high altitudes, a hike that he did just fine with no issue before, can't do it, too hard. He's exhausted. 
tries to run three miles before he used to run six, no problem. The three mile is, is, is a major ordeal for him now. It's like he aged. It's like his body aged and got out of shape by many years in a period of months. And it wasn't just from the downtime of the virus. It was that something seems to have changed with his ability to do strenuous exercise. And that would point back to maybe some lung damage, which has long been thought to be the case with coronavirus after effects that uh, you don't just go through a bad experience and then you're done like you do with the flu in most cases with a coronavirus. There has been long a fear that it is causing permanent damage to your body. Some of which may kill you early later in life and some of which may just hinder your life, such as this case with sloppy Joe, where his ability to do strenuous exercise has greatly been reduced. And that sucks. I mean, wouldn't that really suck for him if his lungs really did get permanently damaged at age 33? And keep in mind, he's only 33. So how will his lungs feel in 15 years and 20 years and 30 years? Maybe they'll really start to have problems as a result of this and aging combined. We don't know. And he's someone who did not have a very bad case. So that's bothersome to read. And even though he's trolled me on the forum and we've we've argued before and uh, you know, he was kind of a jerk about my anxiety issues I had back in uh, 2018. He he didn't take it seriously, and and he even had some of these problems himself too. So I like, I didn't appreciate some of the stuff that he said to me on the forum, and he actually kind of semi apologized for it recently. But whatever, it, it's forum stuff. Like it's a free speech forum. I say you can insult me on the forum, so like he wasn't breaking the rules there. I I don't enjoy when people insult me on the forum, but this, it's it's something that's allowed there. So at no point did I wish anything bad for him. And when I saw he had what looked like the coronavirus, I felt bad for him. I wasn't like, oh, this jerk, I'm happy he got it. No, I, I, was, I felt bad for him. And, and reading his current account of not being able to do strenuous exercise, which he could do very easily before, it was sad to read. And it, it's also sad not just from the standpoint of feeling bad for him. It's also sad from the standpoint of feeling bad for maybe a lot of others his age that thought they got away with not any kind of real issue from it, that they had a mild case and now they're better. And now maybe it turns out they're not. Maybe they had permanent damage that they're going to start noticing as they go through life. And that is often lost in the discussion of the coronavirus where everyone just discusses who dies and not who has permanent damage, but does not die. So you can have permanent damage without ever setting foot in a hospital. You can get it. It can damage your lungs. You'll never have been in a hospital. And there's nothing you could have done to stop it. Even if someone came to you and said, like the day you got it, if they say, by the way, this is going to damage your lungs, there would be nothing you could do to stop it. Once you get it, you just got to hope. So I hope whatever's going on with him is just kind of a lingering issue. And that ultimately he's going to regain the ability to do all these things. It is possible these things are just problems lingering in his body. He said his blood work was also all out of whack. That just uh, all these levels that are normal for him typically are abnormal now. He didn't get specific, but he talked about his blood work being out of whack and that something was weird from the whole thing and that he's a little worried about that. 
I told him not to worry that much about the blood work out of whack. And the reason I told him that was I had that experience. Not with coronavirus, obviously, but in 2018, from my very severe anxiety and depression problems, that it threw my entire body into uh, a big problem. <laughs> so my blood work, you should see the levels of things that were off, that were abnormal. But then once I got past this stuff, it came back. It came back to be normal. I had liver enzymes, ALT, AST, that were abnormal and out of range. They, they were high. I had testosterone that was clearly low, not just a little bit low, but uh, clearly low, not dangerously low, but low enough to where I started considering maybe I should look into testosterone supplements, which have a risk to them. It's not just a no-brainer to take them. There's a risk and reward to those you've got to consider. So I was considering that. And uh, there were other things in that blood work which didn't look good for me. And I didn't know what to trust. I didn't know if that was real or if this was brought on by what was going on in my brain. And keep in mind, these are these real results from a blood test. This wasn't uh, hypochondria. This was what came back from the lab. But when this returned to normal, it was explained to me that it's not hard to believe at all that the very severe levels of anxiety and depression I had caused this to happen. Which is my, there were so many things going on with my body at the time. The massive weight loss that was happening, the super high metabolism 24 hours a day, the super high stress on my brain and the, the, the chemistry in my brain being off. They can just screw everything up. And then once I unscrewed most of it up, I, once I got about 90% better, as far as the psychological issues were concerned, then everything came back. Only thing that didn't come back was vitamin D. That was real. I was really vitamin D deficient. And to this day, I take vitamin D supplements and my subsequent blood work shows that my vitamin D is okay now. So that, that actually was a real problem. Not related to that. It just happened I was developing a vitamin D problem and, and that blood work exposed it. And that was not a result of the numbers being out of whack because of what was, I was going through. But that was the only real thing there. So I told him this might be similar, that you just went through something very big, your body just dealt with this terrible virus, and it may take a while to bring itself back. And it is possible that it's just a longer recovery time. Maybe there's a full recovery time that is longer than three months, and that's not known yet. And that could happen. I've had orthopedic injuries, which take much longer than three months. I had a weird ankle sprain in 2015 that I actually dealt with through the World Series. I, I hurt my ankle in February 2015 throughout the entire World Series of Poker. It was hurting. It was kind of hard to walk through the Rio, but I just dealt with it. But just that was part of my life. In 2000, most of 2015, my ankle was in a lot of pain. And I just decided that this is never getting better. Even the doctors couldn't explain it. They just said that they still see some problems going on in there, but it should have healed a long time ago, and they can't understand it. Two different doctors told me this. So I gave up. I said, okay, well, we're not going to be able to figure this one out. I think my ankle is going to be screwed up the rest of my life. Literally overnight in October, eight months later, it went away. And it's been four and a half years, and it has not bothered me again. It's all better. Just one day, snap, gone. Went from hurting every day to bang, all better. Eight months it took. 
and overnight it, it fixed itself. What happened? I don't know. I don't know how that happened overnight, but it did. And again, that wasn't in my head because it was actually showing the x-rays that something weird was going on in there. They just couldn't explain what was happening. They could just see something abnormal was happening in my ankle. And then, just better. So you never know with these type of things. This is such a new thing, the coronavirus. You just can't say, oh, this is the case. Okay, this is what that means. And maybe Sloppy Joe in three more months will be completely back to normal. He'll be doing his high-altitude hikes and his six-mile runs, and he'll be fine. And I hope he is. And I hope that this isn't a thing where those who experience it mildly are getting permanent damage. Because the belief at the moment is that the permanent damage is really happening to those who get it pretty bad. Not necessarily hospitalization bad, but at least like where you're lying down for two weeks and can't do anything else. Like is common in my age group. That a lot of those people, it's believable they get permanent damage. But those who get it mild, it's assumed they're not going to walk away with permanent damage, but maybe they are. And maybe we're going to have a lot of people with lung issues in the coming decade because of this. Maybe it even damages those who have no symptoms. But that would be really surprising. It would be really surprising if this is damaging people's lungs and they feel nothing. But yeah, maybe the mild infections are still damaging people and they don't realize it. I can believe that. It'd be unfortunate. I hope that's not the case. But I wouldn't be shocked if that were the case. So that's something to watch. And that is one reason you may want to avoid it, even if you are under 35. That kind of changed me a little bit as far as... Uh, prior to reading that, I thought, okay, you know, I, I'm just not seeing many people under 35 getting this with any severity. So why are they so worried? Like, they shouldn't be that worried. Then that happened. I'm like, oh, maybe they should be worried. <laughs> maybe people... I mean, for sure, it's much better to be under 35 to get this, but... Maybe it's worse than it appears for them if if the mild cases are still translating into permanent damage. You can text me at 775-372-8355. 775-372-8355. Got a text from uh, the 772. This is actually uh, Kevin Davis. He said, please touch on how Christopher Mitchell and Stacy Mitchell weren't wearing their masks in his video and how she stuck her fingers in her baby's nose at Caesar's Casino. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> uh, Christopher Mitchell, I'm talking about the Baccarat scammer Christopher Mitchell. If you watch him, occasionally he will talk about these weird conspiracy theories. Like he is one of these 9-11 truthers which means he doesn't believe that 9-11 is what they're saying it is. He really believes there's some conspiracy and that it, it wasn't Muslim terrorists flying planes into buildings. He thinks this was a conspiracy by the U.S. government, that 9-11 was an inside job. He, he really believes that. He said it on one of his videos. I'm not just guessing at this. He has said before that he thinks the coronavirus is mostly a hoax. So it doesn't surprise me that he doesn't believe in the masks and... I mean, occasionally someone will get him talking, especially when he does his like live broadcasts, and they'll ask him his opinion on things. He just he has these wacky conspiratorial opinions. I mean, the guy just isn't that smart, is the truth. The guy just is not that smart. He has a scam going that he gets people to fall for who are just very gullible. And he does have kind of uh, a good 
demeanor for scamming. He's good at uh, coming off sincere to people who are gullible. To, to smarter people and more alert people, he's not. We, we all see right through him and laugh, especially because uh, a lot of his schemes are just so obvious. But to, to those who aren't good at detecting these things, he can come off as sincere and nice and straightforward. So he does have that demeanor that works for him, and that's how he scams as many people as he does. But there is a lack of sophistication to a lot of this. Like, his stories are constantly changing, and he's constantly contradicting himself, and then he stupidly will make videos answering the trolls, which he should just be ignoring. Like, he makes a lot of stupid mistakes, and he can't help himself. Like, he could be executing this a lot better. Let me just put it that way. He, he could be doing this a lot better with better results if he were smarter. But I don't think Christopher Mitchell is very smart. There there are some very smart scammers out there. I've, I've run into some before that are both very smart and scammers. But he's not one of them. He's, he's not one of the brighter scammers. Not all scammers are smart. Some scammers are not very bright and they still scam. <laughs> so I, th- I think that's the case here. And if if you observe his behavior, that's what you'll see. He's just lucky that there's people gullible enough to still fall for it. Finally, I want to talk about this blood pressure medication situation and give an update because I've talked about it on this show. And I take blood pressure medication. I have hereditary high blood pressure. Both parents got high blood pressure in their 40s. It is very hereditary. So I was pretty much guaranteed to get high blood pressure. My brother has it. My sister does not yet, but she is younger than I was when I got it. So for her, it's probably coming within a few years. But I got blood pressure. I got high blood pressure starting at age 42. And that's around when my parents got it. And that's there's a lot of misinformation about blood pressure. A lot of people think it's diet or lifestyle related. And while there are small elements to it that are, it is mostly hereditary. People hate hearing that. They love feeling like they, their good behavior, that they will reward them. That you won't get high blood pressure if you eat well and exercise. Incorrect. It has to do with your genes. And if both parents had high blood pressure in your, their 40s, you are very, very, very likely to get high blood pressure in your 40s no matter what you do. You can treat it. But I'm talking about without treating it in any way. As I mentioned on this show, the ACE inhibitors and the what are known as uh, ARBs, medications like uh, Losartan, and basically any blood pressure medication that ends with Pril or Artin that is for blood pressure, was thought to possibly be dangerous if you have COVID-19, that it, it, it wouldn't make it a higher chance to get COVID-19. But if you catch it, then your chance of the symptoms progressing to something severe were worse, according to some theories about these two medications. There was some controversy about this, though. In fact, there were some who believed the other way. Some believed that these medications actually helped hold down the symptoms and not make them and make them be not as bad. So some felt that these medications helped suppress symptoms. Others felt that they were worsening symptoms and others said it's very hard to tell what it is. And when, I, when I'm talking about others, I mean doctors, I mean researchers. So there just was not much agreement on this. There was agreement that 
this is worth studying, but there is different conclusions from the whole thing. I decided to quit the Losartan because I would rather not have it, not be taking something that makes it worse and give up the chance than of something that makes it better than the other way around. So if given the choice, take nothing or take something that's like 50-50 to make it worse or better, I'll just take nothing. Why? Because I'm not in a super high-risk group. I'm kind of like in a medium-risk group. I have high blood pressure and I'm close to 50. But I'm not old and I don't have a major pre-existing condition. So I just don't want to make it worse. Like I, I just, I'd rather just take my chances with whatever my natural state is provided that I could quit the blood pressure medication in the short or medium term safely. Well, I can because my blood pressure untreated is like 152 or over 93, which is not good to have for the long term, but for the period of time that uh, I'll probably be off it, it's not going to matter. And I, and I verify this with doctors and they agree. They're kind of torn whether I should or not based on the coronavirus risk, but they they understood it and agreed that me being off this for a short time is not a tragedy. Now, what I did, and you may want to look into this too. I've mentioned this before, but if, if you are off your ACE inhibitor or ARB because of this coronavirus thing, um, first of all, look at other blood pressure medications that are not in these classes, ones like amlodipine or HCTZ, which is a water pill. Um, maybe you want to try those. Those also lower blood pressure. I was taking those anyway. I was taking three medications for my blood pressure and it was working for me. So what I did is I only cut out the Losartan because that was the only one of concern. And that was good enough. And in, in fact, the other two kind of kept my blood pressure to around 138 over 86. So... An improvement still over what my blood pressure would naturally be, but not as good as having the Losartan. Well, I found something that actually has been helping me, and my blood pressure is pretty good now without the Losartan. And that is a supplement called L-theanine. And that is a natural supplement that comes from green tea. So it's not, it's not one of these scary supplements that if you take it, you, you're risking things. This is, if you drink green tea, you are taking L-theanine. Have you ever heard of anyone being afraid to drink green tea or, or having green tea hurt them? No. So L-theanine comes from that, and you get a lot of it in green tea. So don't be afraid of it. It's very safe. You, you probably feel no side effects. I, I don't feel any side effects from it. Very unlikely you'll feel side effect from L-theanine. But you can order it online. And I found that L-theanine, which also helps with anxiety in some people, so that couldn't hurt for me either, but L-theanine is known in some people to bring down blood pressure. It's not something that's been FDA approved for that, but uh, that is known to be something. In fact, there's a warning that if you have low blood pressure, that maybe this is something you don't want to take. That's, that's actually kind of how this, was, this came to be, is that uh, some people who were taking it who had low blood pressure issues were feeling kind of lightheaded, and it was found that this lowering the blood pressure, and then... So like, oh, wow, this thing might lower your blood pressure. So if you have high blood pressure, then that's a good thing. So it does seem to be lowering my blood pressure that I threw the L-theanine on top of those other two things I'm still taking. 
and now my blood pressure is ranging between like uh, 117 over 75 to at the best to like 128 over 82 at the worst. So great, I'm doing fine without the lasartan. So if you you may want to look into L-theanine if you have a high blood pressure, it's it's not going to hurt you. So I, I take those three, and I'm fine without the Lasartan for the moment. But a study came out of Italy, and you may want to hear about this if you have blood pressure high enough to where you're not quitting Losartan or your ACE inhibitor. If your blood pressure is a lot higher than mine untreated, you probably did not want to quit it because that would put you in danger. I could quit it without being in short-term danger, but people with much higher blood pressure, especially older people, uh, they do not want to quit it because it creates a short-term danger to have very high blood pressure. Well, you can rest easier because Italy came out with results of a study that Losartan is not a cause, nor is ACE inhibitors. None of those medications they found had any impact on how people reacted to the coronavirus. So how was this explained, that this was suspected in the first place? Well, for the reason that some were skeptical of this whole thing. It is known that those who have high blood pressure are at higher risk for coronavirus. It's not known exactly why, but if you have high blood pressure, it is known that your risk is higher, and there's also a belief that it's not really your blood pressure at the moment, it's what's known as high baseline blood pressure. So this is what, whatever, what your blood pressure would be if you weren't on medication is what really determines this. So the belief is that the correlation to people taking these medications and having worse results had to do with the fact that they had high blood pressure in the first place. So it was the fact that they had high blood pressure that was causing the problem, not that they were taking these medications for blood pressure. It would be like saying that people who get chronic headaches are in more danger to, uh, that, that, you know, that, let, let's say chronic headaches, people who got those were dying more often of coronavirus, and then they inaccurately came to the conclusion that those who take more aspirin, that aspirin is causing coronavirus to get worse. When it turned out the truth was it was those who get headaches a lot die more from coronavirus, which, which isn't true, by the way. I'm just making this up. But that, that's where sometimes a medication can be blamed just because people in a, a certain category are taking it more often. So that, that's what they're claiming out of Italy is the case, that Losartan was wrongly blamed. They didn't see that it's helpful, but they didn't see that it's hurting. So you can get back on the Losartan. Am I going to? Probably not, because this stuff is always changing. Like Maybe there'll be another study later saying it's a problem. I'm just going to stay away for now, because the the ones I'm taking plus the L-theanine are bringing my blood pressure down to reasonable levels. So fine. I'll stick this way for now. It's not dangerous for me. I, the blood pressure level I have now is fine. Even long-term is fine. So if I can just do this, it's fine. I can do this for 10 years, 20 years. It's fine. Yeah. Once the coronavirus passes, then maybe I'll go back to Losartan, but like, I, I don't feel any urgency to return to it because I've gotten under control. But would I feel that nervous going back to it at this point? No. I, I think it's starting to look more likely that this was all for nothing. So I'm sorry if I caused any panic for anybody, but I was going by the information that was likely at the time. Look who this is. 
caller, you're on the air. Now, you know, I took a nice, refreshing shower, and I'm, I'm coming back. I guess this is like my first ever curtain call. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in bed. I couldn't sleep. Can you hear me all right? Because I'm on the phone. Yeah. I got the thing. Okay. Oh, I just figured I'd come for whatever the tail end is here. I mean, I'm revigorated. I had something to eat. I feel like a million bucks. Well, that's that's good because like you, know what, you know what I'm about to do is I'm going to give you a chance to do a monologue because I've been sitting here for many, many hours. Oh, I, have not, I, have not gone, I have not gone to the bathroom. I have not uh, swished around the stuff in my throat to make it feel a little bit better for all this talking. I, there's a lot of things I, I have not done. Now, these are not going to take a long time, but mm. I, I, I've said after I get done with this coronavirus topic, which I just did, oh, we're, done, we're done with the coronavirus topic, that I'm going to do this. So is there anything you'd like to tell the people here for, I don't know, three to five well, minutes? i got to turn the light on then because I'm <laughs> in bed. i got the lights off. <laughs> I, can also just, I can also just throw on an Jesus. Eric Benzamokan ad and, uh, and, and go do these things. I just want to. Now, now, let me ask you. Right now on the Pacific Standard Time, it's 419. How long are you going to need? Oh, probably like three to five minutes. Now, can you give me a, a subject that needs to be covered? Can you um, give me an idea here? Oh, I can talk I, about I don't know. I, sports. I, I thought you could just talk. That, I just kind of thought you could right. just talk. Sure, I can just do that. <laughs> you all right, have all these good stories to tell and everything. That's uh, well. Uh, let, let me look quickly. By the way, that's what we're going to talk about next. We have, uh, I think, three or two or three topics left. Let me see. We have three topics left. When I come back, uh, one of them is about a, a payment processor. That called Wirecard that has two billion dollars missing, but it may not Wait, be. Hold on, there's still more topics to go. Jesus, you're yes. a machine. Yeah, this is hour seven, buddy. I try not to think about it, but yes. Okay. And then, Fair then, enough. then also the the Oklahoma casinos closing. Two of them closed due to coronavirus, and I want to tell people about an eBay. I don't want to say scam, but I believe eBay is illegally charging sales tax to California right. residents on certain purchases, and there could be a class action lawsuit in. And I've actually even shared it with Eric Benzamokin to uh, look mm-hmm. into. As I said, if he wants to – because this is very lucrative for lawyers. I mean this would be great. If, uh, this would be like my dream. If, if Eric Benzamokin, who is such a nice guy, if he could mm-hmm. get this class action lawsuit and he could file it and, 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 make, and make me the – primary plaintiff and then you know, Todd would tell us et al against eBay which is a, is a shitty company that I've never really liked very much I, I reluctantly use them and that they, they've been arrogantly denying that they're illegally charging sales tax when I'm just about sure they are if they if they if he sued them and then got a settlement from them and, and made good money from it and then I got some I mean and, and eBay had to pay you could they, go without we can the virus could Go twenty more years and you'd be fine not leaving the house. You'd have plenty of Jew money. Yeah. Are you saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and talk about deserved. I, like I hate, I, I despise illegally charged taxes. That's what I've always, ha- I've hated them. With you get passion. that kind of money, you could fly your own Italian chef into your house, let him self quarantine <laughs> for fourteen days, and then make you your own pizza. Oh, that'd be okay. great. That would be great. Okay, I'm going to go on on a small hiatus for a few minutes here while I. I think I, I'm going to talk about the the LOL 50. Okay, go ahead. Talk about. The I don't LOL know if 50. I made my 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 opinion. Okay, you know, well, let, let, let them know yet. just in case they forgot since you last yeah. talked about it. So listen, for all you that are just tuning in now, they uh they got on the World Series at WSOP.com, the one in Europe, the GG Poker. It's the they call it the the Big Fifty, but between me and y'all, I I I calling it the LOL 50 because it's fifty dollars. <laughs> It's always fifty dollars too. How's anything always important? If you don't know that reference, that reference refers to a. You hear that from time to time, especially with me. A uh, prank call that was made 
Yikes. 2008. Something. Judge Ruff comes here. He'll tell you the day of the week it was and everything. But it was in 2008. And it was to a, uh, 12 years ago, it was to a very prominent at the time massage parlor called Oriental, uh, Oriental Angels. <laughs> right, literally right across the street from Palace Station. Okay. And I may or may not have partaken in some shenanigans many times after working a terrible long night shift in a casino, but maybe I did with friends of mine and coworkers. But anyhow, so there's this place, it's Oriental Angels. It's basically, now I know this now, I'm not making light of this, but it basically was, how do I even say this uh, politely? It basically was in, enslaved labor for uh, attractive young Asian women. That, and I'm, not, I'm not saying this is a joke. I, I didn't really understand any of this back then, but after the raid and the court documents came out, I realized what it was. Which again was, you know, these young girls would come over and think they're getting a new life and, you know, freedom and prosperity in America and they're forced to jack off middle-aged men all day. Uh, it's not pretty. It's actually disgusting. It's terrible. Um, but anyhow, that's not even the, the point of the story. So we prank called them one day and I was the one that set this up. I didn't partake in the call because back then it was like 2008 and Druff didn't think I had the right to speak. You know, they'd been doing it a good 18 months before me. Although I, you know, thought I was creative enough to actually voice a prank call. I was overruled by Druff, but it's okay. No, you know, hard feelings. But I did set up the characters and the whole plot gave them the idea. So the said massage parlor was called maybe nine, ten o'clock. And Mycon played a character. Hilarious. Great voice. An old, broken down man who just suffered a stroke named Phil Delanty. And Druff was on the line as his attorney. And... <laughs> My, uh, Jeff is talking to this really heavy accented Chinese lady. That's like the madame of the massage parlor. And she's talking about, or Druff's talking about how his client was in there. He wanted a therapeutical massage. He just had a stroke. He had arthritis. And this young pretty thing started touching Mr. Delante's privacy. And the, the woman just starts screaming at Druff. And, you know, Druff starts screaming her back and Druff starts citing like fake Clark County codes that that the massage bro was violating and all of a sudden the asian lady and like the most hilarious broken english just bust out with you want your 50 dollar back and it just a legend was born like that phrase is one of the top five catchphrases in in my 40 something years of life just 50 dollars and then I've, since then of course anytime anything's 50 dollars it just it brings up phil delante who again you know i'm not gonna i'm not too proud to admit it was played brilliantly Mr. Brian Mikan, and of course Alvin Finkelstein, the attorney that was played by Druff. And I don't really get the kind of credit that I think I should because literally I, I brought the idea to them. I wrote out the script. I told them what to say, the whole plot, everything. And I don't know, it just kind of got lost somewhere in the translation. And same thing with the Coolio, you know, the Coolio interview. I, I, I was the one that met Coolio. This is true now, people. People that don't know that are relatively new, I did meet Coolio. A circa 1990s rap, I guess, legend in the Binion's parking lot where he attempted to buy GHB for me, which I didn't have. I've never done GHB. I wouldn't even know GHB if it was next to me. But there I was in the valet. Uh, this was 2000 and, yikes, 2010 or 11. Uh, 2010 or 11 in the, they don't even have a valet anymore at Binion's, but I was there in the Binion's valet. Coolio asking me why I did not have his GHB for him. And then that led to a 
getting Coolio on an episode of that was Donk Down Radio at the time, I believe it wasn't NWP and probably one of the, I, my favorite episode, even more than the massage parlor. Cause you know, like I was in college circa, I don't even know. I don't, wasn't even 21. It was in like the early nineties, whatever it was. And I, I see dangerous minds and Coolio has like a top five, maybe even top three radio hit. And here I am with GHB, fake GHB, no GHB. And I'm, you know, crank calling him, telling him that he's going to start with Whitney Houston, rest in peace, Whitney, in Dangerous Minds or, or the Bodyguard Part Two. That's what it was. So, uh, anyhow, that no has nothing to do with anything that Druff normally covers here. Druff's been gone now for six minutes. Maybe he has to take number two. But anyhow, that was uh, something I did really enjoy back in the day. That a lot of you, I guess, you see it to some degree. But we used to do a lot of really, really funny prank calls. And they were always live. They were never planned. They were never really pre-taped. So there'd be hit or miss. Sometimes it was literally comical. One time, uh, I don't think Druff was around. Maybe he was out of town. I, I don't even know. Maybe he was. But one week, this was on uh, Donkdown, I believe. Mike calls me like at 10 o'clock at night. And he didn't want to, it was the night before radio. Mike, you know, he was the least motivated guy out of all of us. He didn't want to do radio. And then when he did, he wanted to be short. And, you know, all the preparation, you get going, everyone blocks off that day for, you know, radio. You do it, you want to do it. But Mike, sometimes in 30 minutes, he wants to shut it down. By the way, so I'm, I'm back. Call, you, you can keep going. I'm back. Yeah, okay. Thanks. So, well, I'm telling the story about the time we pre-did pre -did radio the night before and Mike on tried to play it off like no one would notice. Were you were you there that for that episode? Were you part of any of this? I don't either remember. either I was gone or that uh, it was after I was gone from the site. I don't think you were gone. I think well maybe okay, I don't remember. That's what I'm asking. But so anyhow, what we ended up doing is we did like a show. I could have sworn you were just like on vacation or something that you That's but, possible. Okay. Yeah. So we ended up doing a show, like a two hour, maybe even a ninety minute show the night before and didn't mention anything like about that would lead someone to believe that like you know it was pre-taped pre you know didn't like mention users anything in the chat we just kind of had a conversation i don't even know if they were guests played it the next day and of course everyone knew like it, we tried our best but it was just funny like that's how lazy he was that he was like you know i just want to get it over with so literally the night before we did a radio show and he played it at seven o'clock seven thirty or you may maybe he didn't even play it I think he went out that night, had his wife hit a button or something. So, anyway, while you were gone, I told that story. I kind of told the Coolio story, and then I definitely told the massage parlor fifty dollar back at the sex slave Asian massage parlor story. Twelve years ago, buddy, can you believe that? It's twelve. I, I told the I told the listeners that you would definitely know when you came back what month, maybe even what date it was, but definitely what month. Uh, do you know that the Asian fifty dollar back massage prank call? No, I, I actually don't. I think it Ooh. may have been. I think it may have been May or June. Um, I think maybe May. Nope, it couldn't be. It wasn't. And I, I can tell you why. I know this is a strange, strange way to remember things, but it was after the World Series because I remember Nicole is nice calling me uh, from California after she had got back after the World Series and telling me how hilarious it was. Okay. So, so it couldn't have been then. It had to be. I just thought of that now, but it had to be. At the minimum, July, but more likely August or September. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was. Okay. But I, I, I wouldn't know. I don't even think. You know, that really does suck that a lot of those gold calls and just the, the things that are just Hall of Fame hilarious that we could have one day maybe edited, they're all lost now. No, they're actually like, not you know, all lost. Some people have them. I think Belly Buster has it. We've uh, 
Like Belly Buster came up with that call somewhat recently. Well, he so he would have like he has the entire entire episodes going back twelve years. I don't know about that, but I know he has some moments from the past that he's played when I've asked about it. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? If if I'll ask him the two things I'd like to have just for my own, I don't know, whatever you would want to call it, my own memorabilia. I would, I definitely would like the fifty dollar back, and I love the uh, what was what was it? Ridgecrest? Cool? Was it Ridgecrest for Coolio? Is that the city that we, the radio station? Yeah, I think it was Ridgecrest. Yeah, something like Ridgecrest, California. It's funny. I don't even know Ridgecrest. Never been there, but I remember. <laughs> I remember you saying this is W blah blah blah. Ridgecrest, California's number one rock state or number one whatever station. And Coolio, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> and he bought it hook, line, and sinker. Ridgecrest, I, by I, the I, way, I, for those wondering, and for you too, Ridgecrest is in Central California, and in fact, that is very close to the epicenter of the earthquake a year ago. Oh, we lost Brandon. Trying to tell him that's where the earthquake was. It was actually in Trona, but very close to Ridgecrest. Yeah, Brandon, I was you got cut off Sorry, there. Lost I, I was saying that Ridgecrest is very close to the epicenter of last year's earthquake that was felt in Vegas. Oh wow! Yeah, that's where that is. It's uh, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere in central eastern California, and you can actually go to Vegas in a roundabout way if you want to take a kind of side trip and see these things called the Trona Pinnacles. You can go there to Ridgecrest, stay overnight there, see the Trona Pinnacles, and then drive through Searles Valley. Yes, that's Searles. You can drive through Searles Valley, which is actually where the earthquake was. And then you can continue through and and eventually pop out on 95 and go south into Vegas. Interesting. So anyway, let's let's talk about well, the... I, 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 have one more qu- I have one more question. So we, we you said you wanted to talk about uh, an Oklahoma... Casino shutting down was that correct? Yes. And then the, what was the other thing? Some card, bit card, free card? No, no. It was a, a payment processor with two billion dollars missing. And then also, I want to talk about this eBay uh, okay. stealing oh, yeah, sales okay. tax thing. Okay, so real, real fast, I, I, I meant to ask you this before when we were talking about baseball. I don't mean to go back, but it would be two minute answer, or if it can be. I've often thought about this in my entire lifetime. Even dating to the 80s when I followed baseball a lot. I mean, I followed baseball really, really close growing up. Again, my, by far my favorite sport. There's always been labor strife you know, between the owners and the players. All, I mean, talking two, three generations later still. Why is it in baseball, a sport with no salary cap, by the way, the only major sport with no salary cap at all, uh, why is there always constant labor problems unlike any other major sport that i mean it always is now obviously in baseball it's at an all-time high some are even predicting the owners may lock out the players next year uh, or this could predicate a strike but why in your opinion do you think more than baseball or more than excuse me football basketball even hockey i mean anything you could think of why is there always every five years these problems i don't know i mean, I, I, I don't know why it's, it's more baseball and i do you think that the the current one that's going to happen, not the coronavirus-related one, but once that's passed, there's going to be a big problem in baseball re- related to the money that is going to come up because a lot of the big money that's coming into the baseball clubs that is paying these very high salaries is coming from TV revenue, which is sure. from long-term contracts that are bad contracts, bad meaning they're bad for the TV uh, providers. The, the cable companies and uh, things like that. Look at the Dodgers. What was the Dodgers one? How many billion? Oh, it was twenty five billion over over like a, a ton of years. So yeah. so basically, they are. Or no, it's it, no, it's not twenty five. It's it's, it's a twenty five year contract for like eight something billion. But still, that's that's a lot of money. Think about it. 
these are not paying for themselves in any way, shape, or form. And TV viewership is going down, down, down. And it's not surprising that that model is changing and people are liking more of the on-demand uh, Netflix type of model. And the watching cable is... Dodgers is 25 years, 8.35 mil. Yeah, or, yeah. I'm sorry, 8 billion. 8.35 billion. Yeah. 25 years. So uh, what's going to happen is, number one, once these start to expire then they're not going to be renewed for anywhere near the money that there currently is. And then once that happens, then the clubs are just not going to have the money to pay the players. And there's going to actually have to be a decline in salaries, which the players are going to have a very hard time accepting because nobody likes to have salaries reduced for the same performance. It's it's one thing if you were a a great player and then you get to age 38 and, and you're like a fringe bench player. I'm talking about uh, if superstars aren't making the same money, if, especially if the middling players who aren't superstars aren't making the big money anymore, it's a lot harder for them to swallow. So that that is going to be coming, and it's going to come every time a team has to sign a new contract. Now, the Dodgers are set for 25 years, but there, a lot of the other teams don't have contracts of that length, and that has been what was the money that was driving it for so long, and I don't know what they're going to do about it. So that's that's one of the big issues that's going to come in the in the near to semi near future. But uh, the players are are uh, they, I think they just have some very aggressive agents that are pushing for more and more and more, and and it just pushes the salaries up up up. What what's always amazed me about baseball are not that the great players are getting thirty million a year. You're go, I think in all sports, you're going to have a few elite players that are really worth a lot of money for a lot of reasons, not just from their on-the-field performance, but also from the, the marketing standpoint. These players can be worth a lot of money and, and really can earn their keep, no matter – even though $30 million sounds like it's crazy, they could actually be earning that for the team or more. The problem is that these middling players that are very ordinary getting $15 million a year, and they're, comparatively to the big stars, they're overpaid. And that, and then there's this weird thing in baseball, which I, I think is also more extreme than other sports, is the massive underpayment of those who are um, in their first few years. I know they've corrected some of that through arbitration, but uh, the fact that like Cody Bellinger was making five hundred thousand a year for for the last uh, for like his first two years was was pretty amazing. Like the, look at the stars in the Dodgers. How many were were massively underpaid compared to their performance? Max Muncie making five hundred thousand, Cody Bellinger making five hundred thousand, and then you have these mediocre players who or, or bad players that are making uh, yeah. But 10 then million. you know what? But then you could also see the argument where those same players, like you know, that do become stars after their peak is long gone. Like think of you know players like Albert Pujols. I know that's an extreme level. Are getting heavily overpaid. For things they did when they were, you know, younger. Well, you know thank, what I'm thank you for bringing that up because that's that's really the one of the other big issues right now is teams are rebelling against that. Teams have realized that they're stupid to do that, and they've just they, they've put more of an emphasis on getting and developing young talent and getting them cheap, and then just letting them go once they get to the point where they're going to make a lot of money. Well, and and I and, mean, but they still did it with Bryce Harper. They still did it with Mike or with Trout. 
I mean, those guys are going to be in their the, late 30s. Right. So, so, the, so that very top players, they'll do it for because they don't want to lose them. But but they still sure. lost. Like Bryce Harper still left, but he went to a different team. But he got a lot of money for a very long term deal. Mike no, Trump, he got ten. He got ten years. I know that's what I'm saying. So so, but yeah. me, these are elite players who are, are thought to be so valuable that that, that people are going to pay it anyway. But for these middle I mean, middle value play, middle or to middle high value players, uh, once they start to pass thirty, they go. I don't care what you did before. We're not going to put you on on a multi year contract where the second half of the contract you're going to be clearly overpaid. And if you inexplicably go downhill or get injured uh, now we're stuck with you for many years and and right. you're sunk money so we, we don't want to waste I the mean, money on you effort lol albert pujols and miguel cabrera are in the top five of salary earners this year and they're nowhere near not even close to near their prime i mean it, it's you know it's kind of a crazy reward system that baseball uses yeah and th- so they're starting so teams are trying to get away from that and that's why you're seeing some of these free agents just getting very, very late into the season and to right before the season, before they get signed, and in some cases aren't even signed, like uh, like, like Kimbrell and uh, uh, with uh, Dallas Kutrell, they, they went without being signed when the season started last year for this exact reason. So that's that's exactly why that is, and, and that's going to be – that's a thing that's really bothering the players. They think the odors are colluding to prevent signing high-value free agent contracts – for those that aren't like the absolute superstars, and that, that I, I, it may not even be collusion, it may just be kind of uh, they, they've all realized it together. They one one sees the other do it and go, wait, yeah, that club's being smarter than we are. We're going to do the same thing. You don't. It's like what I've said at the poker table. If, if you independently decide with another good player at the table that you're not going to tangle with him just because there's everybody else is an easier target. If you and him don't have an agreement beforehand to not do that, you just decide you're not going to, and he decides he's not going to mess with you out of the same fear. That's not collusion. That's just you forming strategy how you're going to play each player. If you meet with a player beforehand and say, "Hey, you know, we're the only two good ones at this table. Let's not play any big pots together," that would be cheating. So, but but if you decide this on your own without ever communicating to each other, uh, then it's not cheating. So similarly with with this, if if the clubs are just realizing on their own it's stupid to sign these guys who are 32 years old to lucrative contracts for five or six years. Uh, when they're not top superstars, and they just kind of all start realizing this by watching the, what others are doing, and then they just decide they're not going to sign these guys anymore, that's not collusion. That's just realizing how to better spend your money. And they're they're very unhappy about the the players' union is very unhappy about this, and so that's that's a, that's something that's been bubbling over in recent years. And I, I don't know how they're going to handle it. You can't just compel the owners. Yes, you're going to overpay for free agents. I I thought the solution is just to completely redo the whole thing and put some kind of I, like to, to to for the players to give up the belief that they just they're just owed a big contract w- once they get to those years, and f- and for the owners to give up that they're going to completely get away super cheap on these really good players, like have some kind of good good performance incentive for those who are young players. Uh, they've done that somewhat with arbitration, but I mean even guys who let's say for two or three years. Play really well and then just fall fall off a cliff and never get paid very good money. Uh, they they kind of get screwed by the whole thing just because of the timing of it. Like let's let's just say Cody Bellinger turned in complete, into complete shit starting this year and never got better. Uh, he would have been underpaid compared to everybody else for what he has already done. So that's that's what I mean. There should be some. I think the younger players should get some kind of better bonus for what they can do beyond what their base salary is and uh, and. There also should be some 
understanding it's just changed and they're not going to give massive contracts to kind of middle-level uh, free agents now that are probably going to go downhill a lot once they, a few years pass. So anyway, sure. let, let, do you have a comment about that or I want to move on? No, I agree. Okay. Good answer. Go, go ahead. Move on. Okay. So let's Got move it. on here. So the Oklahoma thing, there is a, a tribal – there's a tribe called the Sac and Fox Nation, which almost sounds like a, a TV – a TV network, the Sack and Fox Nation. The Sack and Fox Nation is in Oklahoma, and they have two casinos. They have the Black Hawk Casino in Shawnee, Oklahoma, and the Fox Casino in Stroud, Oklahoma. I have not been to either. I don't know much about either. But these have both. What is the first one called again? The Black it Hawk. like you said, Shouty. Uh No, the, the Stroud Casino. Oh, no, Stroud and the Shawnee, not Shawnee. Oh, Sha- Shawnee. Like Shawnee. Shawnee, okay. Yeah. Never heard of it. Shawnee, S-H-A-W. Yeah, never been to either. I've never been to a casino in Oklahoma. I actually have. I, I was at I one. know the story. Yeah. If I, it's what I'm thinking. It is. Was, there, it, was, there a, was there a potential hurricane involved? There was. Okay. Yes. Right, we don't got to talk about it. Go on. <laughs> but I know the story. Well, I've, I've talked about on this show how I saw her uh, last year at the Big Fofty. Oh, well, don't say big anything. It's just really a... Okay, that's right. That's right. It's a trigger word here. Okay. It is a trigger word. All right, go on with the Oklahoma. So the okay. Shouty and the... The, the Shouty and the, and, the, and the Stroud are closing for, quote, an undetermined amount of time. The tribe said that the closure is happening out of an abundance of caution because a an employee tested positive for the coronavirus... So they've actually shut down both of them. I'm not sure why. Why shut down both if there's only one employee? Uh, they claim they're going to do a deep cleaning and disinfect the entire gaming area. And they will then reevaluate their, what they're going to do. If you remember last week, we reported that the Gila River casinos in the Phoenix area closed after a 68-year-old security guard died of COVID-19. They're going to have to decide at all these casinos what they do when – like they can't just shut down every time someone gets it or someone dies from it. Even someone dying from it, you can't just shut down because this is or going to you keep can, happening. But then you just can't reopen because what's the point? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Like, so I, I think that they're going to just have to decide, can we deal with the fact that some of our employees are going to get sick and some might even die? Or is this unacceptable and should we just close until this is all gone? That's a, I think they have to come to one of the two. I think it's dreaming to think you're going to somehow – implement procedures to keep everyone safe from the coronavirus. Also, how do you know people aren't going to get it from outside of work? You can't have a large casino and have and be it sure. It makes no sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. So you, you may not even be able to blame these casinos. I'm not saying that they didn't get it at work, but I'm not saying they did. Same with this guy at Caesars who died. Who knows where he got it? Could have been from work, but it could have also not been from work. So that's, it, there's no way to tell. I mean, he could have gone to you know, someone's house, a house party, 30p could be the supermarket. I mean, you just don't know. There's yeah. no way to ever prove or disprove. Yeah, there isn't. But so. my my take of all this is it's amazing how many casinos there are that I've never even heard of. Like, I used to remember, like, think I knew the majority of casinos everywhere because it wasn't, you know, I've, the Shoddy and the Shawnee and the, whatever. What was the other one called? <laughs> the Stroud. Uh, the Shroud. What a Str- name. Str- that Stroud, not Shroud. Stroud. S-T-R-O-U-D. Is that the name of their tribe, or is that just? Oh no, no, it's not the Stroud. I see. I got the. It's the Sack and Fox Casino in Stroud, Oklahoma. Oh, okay. okay. See, I don't know it either. I I don't know these casinos in Oklahoma other than that one I went to in 2008. 
the sack of what? Sack of suds? What is <laughs> the sack and fox, which is named after their tribe, the Sack and Fox uh, Nation, okay. which I've never heard of either. Insult, in, yeah, I don't want to insult Indians. I didn't, I didn't hear you. Okay, cool enough. Yeah, I kept saying the Stroud. It turned out that's where it is. Okay, well, so you're you're gonna, but so in theory, they could if they had a poker room, they could have a daily tournament, the Sack and Stroud, that is, <laughs> wor- that costs more to buy into than. A World Series bracelet this time? Yes, they could have a daily a daily tournament for sixty dollars and it's it's a, a higher <laughs> buy-in event than the bracelet event. So some might say the Sack and Stroud is more prestigious than a than a LOL fifty. Yeah, you go you go to the Sack and Foxes Kiddo and Stroud, play a sixty dollar daily and, and win it and say, you know what? I, I just did better than a bracelet winner. Yeah. I won at the Sack and Stroud and the Shorty. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Go on. It's getting late. Well, so yeah, there's. I mean, there's not much more to say about the story. It's just right. that, that these these casinos are going to have to make a decision soon enough that either you're going to just tolerate coronavirus infections of employees and do your best, or just give up and close. There's really no. If you, and what they, do they really think? They think they're going to clean it and then allow people back, and it's going to make a difference. I think there's so much no solution sense. that that oh, if we're just careful, if we keep it clean, if we keep people distance from one another, um, just every, somehow there will be no coronavirus here, and, and somehow our yeah. employees won't bring it in from the outside either, and and we'll we'll test people's temperatures, and somehow that'll work, even though a lot of people are contagious before showing a fever. Somehow it'll all work. I mean, out. I think the most responsible thing in gambling is. To pre-register with the uh, Sahara, what was it called, buddy? The pandem- Pandemic Seat Program? Yes. <laughs> have, have Captain Pandemic fly you away to your seat. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. Actually, you know what? If there was a comic book, you did a really good voiceover, really good narr- narration of that. It was that's, funny. That's funny. I'm, I'm... All right. Well, anyhow, shout out to the, the Shoddy and the, the Sack of Fox. I can't even remember it. Sack. It's late, Sack. I understand. The Shawnee and the Sack and Fox. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not. Wait, 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 wait. No, I got it wrong again. It's the Black Hawk and the Sack and Fox in Shawnee and Stroud. See, even I'm getting confused. Okay, I can't either. Buddy, you said four different names. So, I wait, have. is it the Sack of something or it's not even a Sack? No, it is a Sack. S A C. S A C and of, Fox. Sack of, sack of Fox. No, not Sack and Fox. Sack and Fox in what, what city? In Stroud. Okay, and then it's the Shawnee what? No, it's the Black Hawk Casino in Shawnee. I got some things oh, okay. mixed up here. I liked it better to be called the Shawnee and the Stroud, though. That was better. Yes, it was. That's what I was saying. Very cool names. I should, I should suggest <laughs> that. I should say they should rebrand while they're closed. Just I mean, come, well, come back. I don't, I, don't, I, don't wear, I don't advertise for casinos, but if I lived in those areas and there was I, – I patronized the Shawnee and a sack of rocks or sack of fox, <laughs> I'd wear their hats or shirts. I mean, it, would, it would be a – Big symbol of pride for me, buddy. Yeah. The sack of shot. <laughs> oh, Jesus. See, this is what hey, happens shout when Shout out late. to anyone out there that really does play at the sack of Fox and the, and the Shawnee. Well, I'm, I'm looking where these are, and uh, I see Shawnee is southeast of Oklahoma City, but not like right there, but kind of in that area. Mm-hmm. How far would you guess? Kind of looks like 50 miles or something. Okay. Because I know one PFA member that lived in that area. It uh, doesn't post much anymore, but from time to time, uh, I don't know if you you did meet him once. I think you had a meal with with all of us. John Stamos, yes, he lives in the Oklahoma City area. Yeah, I estimated it pretty well. It's actually forty miles. Okay, maybe he plays at the Sack of Fox in the Shawnee. <laughs> he should. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, not, but he can't now. Because they're closed. That's so right. One person got it. Well, at least it's not him getting it. All right. I want to talk about this weird story about a lot of money going missing 
from a, a payment processor, but it's actually different than it appears on the surface, and it was different than I thought when I first heard about the story. Uh, there is a payment processor that is called Wirecard. $2.1 billion went missing from its balance sheet. And when you hear this, and it's a payment processor that, that does uh, gambling, payment processing, you'd have to think, okay, this reminds me of what happened with Daniel Svetkov, who stole $100 million from Full Tilt and Poker Stars. He just outright stole it and, and lavishly spent it. How could it? everyone we're talking about today be named Danielle? I mean, how is this possible? Do you expect <laughs> me to remember all this? There's a lot of confusion Danielle tonight. who? That, that was uh, Svetkov. That was a guy, though. This it's is, not, it's, this it's is not a one female Daniel. Yeah, the St. George thing. Well, that that had to do with the St. George thing. But he wasn't from Utah. He was, but he was involved in the, in all that so stuff. She's a, he's the one that's friends with the other Danielle from Utah. That's Jeremy Johnson. That's another. Oh, okay. yeah, now this is now Daniel Fetchkoff right. was a a young guy. He was like in his late twenties who was single handedly processing a lot of the payments for Poker Stars and Full Tilt and making a ton it. of money and still stole hundred million. And then they and then they turned him in. To the government just to get him back. They kind of like anonymously turned him in to get back at him. And then he informed on them. So that didn't work out very well for them. That's what led, no. to, that's what led to Black Friday. That's A lot Why of people don't realize that. Everyone that's what, kept their mouths shut. That's what yeah. should have happened. But they were they were pissed off he stole $100 million. So anyway, Jesus. this wire card, which I hadn't heard of before, they had uh, $2.1 which is like 20 times of Daniel Svetkov, go missing. So I assumed when I heard about this story that this was a matter of theft, just like Daniel Svetkov. Apparently, it wasn't. This was it was different. Two point one. Different how? Well, I'll tell you. Two point one billion dollars went missing, but not from the online uh, casinos it was processing for. It went missing from their balance sheet. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that they had been claiming that these were profits all this time, and they were just making it up. So it was actually fake profit that had been reported. So it was, it was funny accounting, is what you're saying. Yes, and and so, so this was uh, a, a German company. The company CEO Marcus Braun has been arrested for cooking the books and showing false data on their balance sheet. The company has been around for a long time. I'm not sure how long, but uh, I know that Marcus Braun was in charge of the company for 18 years. I'm not sure if that's the entire life of the company. And that he was credited prior to that for building the company up to become what it was, and he was actually on the German DAX 30 index. But uh, apparently this was – the success of the company, a lot of this was smoke and mirrors, that, that what he did was he made it look like the company was huge and had billions of dollars when it just really didn't. Now, what's, what's the index called? The DAX 30, D-A-X 30. Now, I, I could be wrong here, but I believe back in the 90s, David Hasselhoff was like number one in the DAX 30 in Germany. <laughs> Do you remember he was like real big? In yes, yes. In, in case you're wondering what the DAX is, the DAX is, is a blue chip stock market index considering the 30 major German companies trading on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. It's kind of uh, – Or NASDAQ or NY, Newark Stock Exchange. Well, yeah. it's kind of like the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I think it's oh, similar okay. to that. Sure. So I never heard of it. But it was Sorry. it was on it was on the DAX 30 at one point because it was considered to be such a large and successful German company and of course it was publicly traded so this this is the reason for the falsification. The, so then he claimed that the missing money was actually still there. He claimed that the money really exists and that two banks in the Philippines 
uh, had the money. So for the moment, that they thought, okay, maybe it's real. But then it turned out that the bank said, no, we've never even worked for this company. We don't know what he's talking about. He just picked our names out of a hat and claims that the uh, the $2 billion is there. But it looks like that was just all completely falsified, and the banks never even dealt with him before. So he literally just picked a random Filipino bank and said, hopefully this throws it throws him off the, tr- the trail for a little bit. Yeah, well, and then he fabricated statements and stuff to make it look like that they really uh-huh. had uh, money there. And finally, they, they contacted the banks and said, is this true? And the banks were like, no, we've actually never worked with uh, so, Wirecard. So he never stole anything. He just estimated or lied about the profitability of the company, which obviously made it more enticing for people to invest in it. And that's that was his crime. Is that yes, correct? yes, that's what he was okay. doing. So when they when they say that uh, two billion was misplaced, it looks more like it was just two billion that was fabricated that never really existed to to make the company look a lot hmm. more successful than it was, and that screwed everybody who who bought stock in them. But uh, it, but it, and what 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 poker sites was he processing money for? I'm not sure about that. I just know they're a gambling payment processor, and uh, and this so it been, could be something that's only used in Europe or. Not even prevalent here. It could be a company we'd never even played on. Probably. And uh, what's yeah. this is actually a big embarrassment for Germany because they're supposed to – this is a publicly traded stock. They're supposed to be watching for this. They, they shouldn't be this easy to just lie about how sure. much money you have. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, he was able to dodge regulators figuring this out for many, many years. And they're, that it's shocking sure. in Germany that – they could get away with it. You can't just claim, oh, we have this much money hey, listen, and with, with no proof. They shouldn't feel so bad in the U.S. Last week it was reported that $1.2 million was sent in stimulus money to Americans that had died at least a year ago. <laughs> I don't know if you read this. I'm no. not making this up. $1.2 million, at least, minimally, was sent to Americans that had been dead for at least a year and it was, was had been sent to them when they just did their first audit of, of such a nature. Then – Another two billion. I don't know if you, and I'm not making these numbers. Another two billion was sent to non-Americans that don't even live in the U.S. Oh boy! Instead, yep. So over three million, or I'm sorry, over three billion from the you know the twelve. I'm talking about the twelve hundred dollars stimulus thing. Over three billion was sent to people that are either dead or aren't even Americans that don't live in our country. Wow! Brilliant! Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant! Brilliant! Uh, the company also <laughs> apparently owes money. Uh, it could owe. Actually, more than two billion, so they have a lot of debt. Again, this doesn't look like the money was stolen or embezzled. It just looks like it wasn't there, and they owe money and pretended to have money and be doing well. So that uh, that two point one billion, which again I don't think is missing, I just don't think it was ever there. Uh, the the stock, how do you think the stock is doing? It was trading at one hundred twelve dollars last week on the Frankfurt uh, stock oh, it's exchange. Tanked. I'm sure it's tanked. Yes, it is worth now. Two dollars. I'm surprised it's even worth that much. It went from 112 to two in a week, so that is going to be a big problem. And they they said that there that they need to make some changes there in Germany. They stated we must rethink our supervisory structures. If legal, legislative, regulatory measures are needed, we will embrace them and impl- implement them. A scandal like Wirecard is a wake up call that we need more monitoring and oversight than we have today. Yeah, I, I would say so. I would say that's pretty bad. I want to go on to the final topic here for the night, and that is the eBay thing, which I only came to notice because I was trying to save money. Sometimes being a cheap Jew leads you to things you would not have discovered otherwise. 
So, Benjamin plays on Xbox. And Xbox, in order to, like, chat on there, there's, like, certain online features that in order to access them on Xbox, you need a subscription to what's known as Xbox Live. And just, I have just been dutifully paying $40. Hey, we can't hear you. The theme is playing over oh, your voice. Okay. I, th- I, I think can it's hear only, a word you're saying. I think it's only Skype that's stopping. I think the listeners could hear, but never. Oh, I, I, okay. I, stopped, I couldn't hear I, your voice. I'm I stopped sorry. Go theme. ahead. So anyway, I was dutifully paying $40 every six months. It was just auto billing off my credit card for this Xbox Live. And every time I meant to look to see if I could get it cheaper, but I just never did it in time and auto billed and I say, screw it. Well, this time it was supposed to auto bill on June 30th. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I am going to stop it this time. I'm going to figure out if there's a better way to do this and pay less than $40. So I looked and I found one. I found one fairly quickly that there are these 12 month Xbox Live gift cards that are sold that you can just, you, you get a code off of them and you enter that code into Xbox and it just gives you 12 months. And it delays the expiration of your subscription for 12 months. So it's, uh, and it is cheaper than $80, which it would be normally to buy it, uh, buy two months, six month subscriptions through uh, Microsoft. So I said, oh, cool. Let me make sure this isn't a scam. And it wasn't. So I found a seller on eBay with great ratings, like with 12,000 transactions and great ratings. Someone who looked very unlikely to be a scammer. Usually with gift cards, usually the, like, if someone new shows up selling gift cards, it's very possible they were stolen or scammed in some way. But someone with 12,000 sales with no problem that has been around a while, I would say, is pretty legit. So I felt pretty safe to buy it. The price for a year of this Xbox Live was $48.50. Big discount, over $80. However, when I went to go check out, it said that I owed $52 and change. Why? Because of $3 and like 52 cents in sales tax. And I said, what? Sales tax? I've never seen this on eBay before in any way. I've never paid sales tax on eBay. Now, I don't use eBay that often. I've had an account for a long time since near the beginning, but I, I rarely use it. But I saw that they were clearly charging me sales tax, and I had a feeling that this was not the merchant doing it, that I had a feeling this was an automatic thing eBay does. Well, I looked into it, and yes, it turns out that in October 2019, eBay, in an attempt to comply with California law, started charging sales tax on all items sold on eBay, and the reason for that is California was upset that uh, people weren't paying sales tax on anything they bought from out-of-state merchants. It used to be if you bought something from out-of-state merchants that uh, it was not required to collect tax from you and that technically the person who buys the item is supposed to submit a use tax to the state, but no one ever did and it's never enforced and they weren't going to start enforcing it. So they California instead went after the merchants and said, look, if, if uh, you make a sale, we don't care if it's out-of-state, you owe California sales tax. So collect it from the buyer and send it into us. Now, they can't really enforce that very well for small merchants. It's not worth California's time. But for giant merchants like eBay and Amazon, they can. So they pressured these big merchants like eBay and Amazon to automatically collect the sales tax from any anyone who is uh, in California. So that's why eBay charged me. Now, why am I telling you guys this? Why, why would you care about California sales tax and me paying uh, 350 something in, in sales tax? Well... 
Remember, I did not buy an item. I did not buy uh, a collectible. I didn't buy electronics. I didn't buy something that's tangible, something that the item itself is, is the, is, has the value. I bought a gift card. A gift card itself, especially since they're not, email, they're not mailing me the physical card, they're sending me a code off the card, which is fine. That's nothing tangible. The actual value is in the subscription that it's getting me. Uh, think about if you're in the supermarket. I'm sure you've been in the supermarket and you see like a big display of gift cards you can buy for different things. And you know, some are for restaurants, some are for online services. But it's, it's always the same thing. You buy a gift card in the store for something else, like I'm talking about like your local supermarket or drugstore, you pay the exact amount on the gift card. If you buy a $25 gift card to McDonald's, for example, you're not going to be charged $25 plus tax. You're just going to be charged $25. When do you pay the tax? Well, you pay the tax when you go to McDonald's to use the gift card. They take the money off the gift card of the value of the food you're buying plus tax. And that's how it works in California. And that's how it's always worked. That's how it's worked for longer than I've been alive, even way before the internet. So why was eBay charging me tax on this gift card? Brandon, do you have any guesses why this was happening? If they're not supposed to charge tax on gift cards, why were they charging I tax? don't. I'm actually on eBay now trying to buy gift cards here from uh, Xbox and seeing if they're going to charge me tax. Really? Well, you're going to see in a second they will. Well, actually, you're not in California, so they may not. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm, I'm going to see what it says, but no, I don't know why. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll tell you why. Because eBay's sloppy. What happened is eBay was told by California, you better start charging people in California tax and submitting it to us because that's the law here now. And and eBay said, oh, shit. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. No problem. We'll comply with the law. So they told their programmers, hey, um, if, if a person's in California, charge them tax on the purchase. The programmers are like, okay, oh. cool. Hey, are you there? Yeah. So I just tried right now to buy – I, I can send you the screenshot – Microsoft Xbox Live 12 month for $47.99. The price is $47.99 plus $4.02 in tax for a total of $52.01. Okay, so so you have a slightly higher tax, but yes, it's the same uh, the same crap they're doing to you. So so Nevada must have the same thing going on. So yeah. so so this I don't know about Nevada law though. Maybe in Nevada law this allows this, but in California it has never been legal to charge tax for any kind of service. Or gift card. It is it is not only something that they are not required to do, they are required not to do it. You cannot collect sales tax at that time. You have to collect sales tax when – you can only collect sales tax when merchandise actually exchanges hands. And if there's no merchandise, if it's just a service, there's never any sales tax. So eBay didn't understand that. They just thought we're supposed to collect tax on everything. So they programmed it to do that. Now, why haven't they learned this? This is back in October. We are now sitting at the end of June. So why have they not discovered they made this mistake, a huge company like eBay? Well, how would they discover this? People will complain. So people call up to complain. You get the Philippines, and you can either call up or chat. But you you talk to them, and what are the Philippines – what are they used to hearing from people about the tax from California? They're used to hearing people going, what? I didn't pay tax last year. I, I bought something in August of two. Hey, yeah. So here's the law in, in Nevada. It is likely impossible that the cardholder may use the card to purchase tax exempt goods. As a result, 
no sales taxes collected in the state of Nevada on the sale of gift cards. Okay, so they're doing it's in Nevada. They're breaking the law too. So, so I'll I can t- be a I'll, part of this, buddy. You can. Uh, so I'll, t- I'll tell, but I'll tell you why this is. Ha- I, I I bet this is happening because when people complain, they assume the complaints are about being charged tax at all, and they're just assuming these are people who weren't used to paying tax before, because before on eBay they didn't tax you on anything. So you have a memory from a year ago. They never charged you tax. So people are like, hey, you didn't charge me tax before. And the Philippines are, are saying, yeah, well, because in October we started doing it. Now, here's going to be the test. I'm going to Amazon now. Will Amazon charge me tax for the same thing? No. I don't, know if, they sell, I don't know if they sell it there, though. Of course they are. Of course they're going to have the same thing. Hold on. I'm going to look. But what, okay, what do you think? You think they will? Um, they're there. Yep. Xbox Live gift cards right here. I see it. Okay, try it. It'd be interesting to see if they make the same mistake. I didn't even think of trying that. But, okay. Well, that's why you got me on the show, buddy. Okay. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're, you're... I don't want to accidentally buy one of these things. Yeah. <laughs> you can sell it to me at that point for next year. Right. Add the cart. Let's see what it says when I try to check out. I have suspense here. Proceed to checkout. And no tax. Okay. Well, there we go. Four ninety nine t- total tax to be collected. Zero. See, Jeff Bezos knows what to do. He's smart. Wow. So, so you, yes. I really think maybe you found something. No, there, I buddy. think I really do because so so I I was pretty sure that I got this right that that they were erroneously charging tax and it, because they didn't realize about this gift card exemption. So I tried two different things out of curiosity, not because I cared so much about the three dollars fifty cents, but because I, uh, I I really wanted an answer to this. So I, when my ignition game broke last night, I, uh, I I called up and chatted at the same time. To, to save time of the whole thing, knowing the whole thing's so slow. And I talked to two different Philippine representatives, one being in chat and one being on the phone. They both gave me different stories and they were basically just giving me the information they were, that they were presented. But the conclusions were, yet yeah, they're correct and I'm wrong, which of course isn't true. And that the, the, what justifies this is that this is a gaming subscription and gaming subscriptions are taxable in California. Absolutely false. Absolutely false that there's no such law saying gaming sub- subscriptions in California pay sales tax. In fact, I've proven this before because, as you might guess, Benjamin has friends at school that like these games and that they have birthdays and Benjamin is invited to their party and I have to get a gift for them. And sometimes I will get a gift card for one of these games if I know the kid likes this game. Uh <clears throat> either as the gift or as part of a gift. So I have bought gift cards for like Minecraft, which they sell in the supermarket, and they've never charged me tax in the supermarket. So if gaming subscriptions really were taxable in California, I, I doubt that major supermarkets like Albertsons are, are just accidentally not charging me the tax. So, so I knew it from experience. And, and also I've just known, I've known the law since I was young, that services in California don't have sales tax. They, there can be other kinds of tax that are specific to that service, but no service has sales tax. Sales tax is only for the sale of actual tangible merchandise at the time of sale. That's the way California works. And I, I further looked it up since then. California does not ever charge any sales tax on any kind of digital service. So this is completely illegal what they're doing. But I wanted to make sure that I wasn't missing something. So I posted it to Poker Fraud Alert, knowing there are some people who are pretty knowledgeable about these things on the site. We have a member on the site named Grenada Roger. He's been part of the community a long time. He's some kind of accountant or something. He, he does live in California. And whenever I post these type of things, he always chimes in. 
sometimes to claim I'm wrong. So I, I figured, okay, if Grenada Roger agrees with me, uh, then there's a good chance I'm right. So I posted it. Grenada Roger said, this is interesting. Let me look into it. He came back. Yep, you're right. This is illegal. The, he, he looked up the exact law about it. California, and I had find a, found, also found a law about it. He found something different that also backed up my point. They're wrong. They just shouldn't be doing it. It's a mistake. It's an oversight, and they're not realizing it because they're just assuming all complaints about the tax are just people complaining about tax, not about this specific incorrect tax. That the, that the tax they're charging to Californians, and it looks like Nevadans too, is correct in every instance except gift cards or services. And that's and it's because that's only a minority of what they're selling. Um, it's just I, I don't think it's ever making it over from the Philippines to those who can do anything about this. I think those who get this in the department that handles it, I think they're confused and they're believing these are just people bitching about taxes. They must get tons of calls a day, people bitching about tax who and, and they think they're all in the same category. So that's that's what's happening here. And And I believe I caught something and this could be a lot of money. So what I did was I messaged Eric Benzamokin about it. I said, go take a look at my poker fraud alert post about this. There may be a class action here to be done. And he said he'd look into it. He may have been busy today. He, he didn't get back to me yet, but uh, he said he'll look into it. But I, I would love for someone like him to take on a class action suit against eBay. I think I really discovered something. Now, I wasn't the first to discover it. I found a thread on eBay on their own forum with people discussing this and also coming to the same conclusion. But these people were probably just discussing it. It's one thing to say, hey, eBay's screwing up and charging me a few extra bucks in tax. It's another thing to actually go through with a class action lawsuit. So I don't know if there's a viable class action lawsuit in this, but I do believe there is a winnable class action lawsuit, viable meaning worth the time for the lawyer to do. But I believe this is winnable. I do not believe that they should be collecting this tax. It looks like not only is it something they don't have to do, it looks like this is prohibited. Um, What were you going to say? Nothing. I'll tell you when you're done with this. This is unbelievable. Yeah. So I, I really think eBay is screwing this up, but they, they told me I was wrong and they, but they couldn't coherently explain it. They were, they were just, they kept falling back on, well, the law changed in October, but then it was just a law about collecting tax, not about, uh, anything with gift cards. And then they also kept claiming, well, this type of gift card does it, but that doesn't make any sense because I, on that thread on the eBay forum, the person was not complaining about an Xbox card. They were complaining about a Home Depot card. And that's definitely not any kind of subscription. That's to buy merchandise at Home Depot. So the person who bought it for Home Depot, they got double taxed. They got taxed when they bought the gift card. And then when they go use it at Home Depot, they get taxed again, which that part's correct. But the first tax is not. You cannot get double taxed for sales tax. That's the other thing. Uh, so the, the whole thing is a screw up. And, and eBay won't fix it. They've had many months to fix it. They've had many complaints. They will not fix it. This is just begging for a lawsuit. And I think this is a very just and good lawsuit because, one, the consumers are getting cheated a few dollars at a time on a massive scale. And, and two, I hate, I despise tax that is collected without your permission, that just you're forced to pay, which is illegal. I hate when illegal tax is forced upon the consumer. That should never happen. Companies need to be careful it doesn't happen. And when complaints come in, they need to take them seriously instead of just dismissing the customer as not knowing what they're talking about. And and companies that choose not to heed the complaints for many months deserve to lose a lawsuit about it. That's that's part of the responsibility. So what were you going to say? It has nothing to do with this topic, but it has something to do with a prior topic. I mean, do you want me to just say it now? I'm just, I'm very, I'm livid. I'm livid. 
Okay. Absolutely. Okay, tell me. What, 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 well, what do you think it'd be about that would get me so fired up at 5.15 in the a.m., Drew? Um, the, the exact prior topic? I'm just what in general tonight do you think oh. get me this fired up at 5.15? Oh, 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 about a prior topic, I could say the LOL yeah. 50. Yeah. The front page of the sports section that, and up, uh, of the, re- the review journal. Now, I'm talking about the physical paper. Yeah. Okay, the physical paper that you hold in your hand has in big, bold letters. WSOP bracelets for online play? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Then the first line is, in 2019, Femi Farshikin beat a field of 28,371 to win the $500 buy-in Big 50 No Limit <laughs> Hold'em event with, and make more than $1.1 million. As far as history is concerned, all these players won WSOP bracelets. A bracelet is a bracelet is a bracelet. In the past five years, a few events have even been held online. And there's a big quote from Ty Stewart. Comparing eras is always a slippery slope, but our trophy bracelets are really just a way to document history, regardless of the buy-in. This is on the front fucking page of the sports section. Document history? That doesn't mean anything. They're, they're creating history. This is, documenting history is saying we're going docu- to document this happened even though we wouldn't do it the same way today. Uh, creating new history... Of, of things that are I mean, stupid is not something you go do. You you don't make a mistake and say, "Oh, I'm I'm just doing this so we can document history." Well, no, you're you're documenting the present, a mistake you're making. Let and me go to page six. This is unbelievable. It's on the front. It's on the front page too. <laughs> they must have of heard sports. our show. The front page, and then it says, "Let me see if anything else is in, in, interesting here." Uh, this is Ty Stewart. Uh, we expect many of these poker events will have thousands, if not tens of thousands of players, he said via email. We know many of the top players in the world will be participating. Comparing errors is always a slippery slope, but our trophy bracelets are just a way to document history of the game. That, that's a quote. What does he mean by comparing errors? The, the 2020 era versus the 2019 era? Like, what, what era is he talking about? We're not competing. The, we're not comparing this to the 80s. We're talking about compared to last year. That's insane. Uh, Daniel Negreanu and a basketball for GG Poker said in a quote, this is a classic case of making the best of it amid the pandemic. But most players do not welcome the online tournaments. They question whether bracelets should be awarded at all. Two-time bracelet winner Brandon Shaq Harris said on Twitter that he was concerned about the online series, especially if officials are able to reschedule the live WSOP for later this year, in effect, having a double World Series. He recalled how much a bracelet meant to former deceased poker pro Chad Brown, who had several close calls, but in the end never won one. He did indeed, though, receive an honorary bracelet shortly before his death. I mean, come on. what? Is, this isn't even a news article. I mean, they're talking about Chad Brown. Former main, win, former main event winner Greg Merson and bracelet winners Todd Brunson and Ellie Lezra were among those who voiced support for Brandon Shaq Harris's statement. However, the player who's perhaps the most invested in protecting his legacy of bracelets is the all-time bracelet winner Phil Helmuth. He said on a recent Poker News podcast that he was absolutely looking forward to adding to his legacy by winning his first ever online bracelet. Now, this is an opportunity for some people that are better at online tournaments to win some bracelets, and that's not a bad thing, Helmuth said. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I'll send you this article. 
me see if there's under Helmuth. Uh, you know, I'll say something about Helmuth. Helmuth never complains about the World Series itself. He complains about the players at the table when they put bad beats on him. He never complains about the World Series because he has a very close relationship with them, and people don't really know that he actually has a lot of power there. And he he got, he got someone he single handedly got uh, Jared Blesnick unbanned. Jared Blesnick got banned for life, and three days later was unbanned because Jack Effel yeah, did it as a favor to Phil Helmuth. Well, and the one who made it public was me. I was one of the few to know about it, and I made it public. But uh, And then they admitted it. Once I made it public and it got covered, then they admitted it. But uh, Phil Helmuth, he will never, ever criticize the World Series of Poker. And in return, they kiss his ass and give him all kinds of favors. Hmm. That is the truth. And so then the article concludes by doing a small little puff profile piece on two poker players, both that are in support of online bracelets. You can kind of see the yes way they're trying to you know <laughs> make this here. So then they go with Sean Deeb, who has won four bracelets, who says that anyone who wins a WSOP online event should feel free to openly celebrate it like any other bracelet. Here's a quote. There's always going to be a watering down of bracelets over time, Deeb said. I'm not going to hold it against myself if I win one. I will hold it against some amateur if they win three. These events are for everyone. Oliver Bisquet is a Bisquet. How, how do you pronounce it? Is it Bis- Bisquet? I, I, think, I think it's Olivier Olivia. Bousquet. Yeah. Okay. Olivia Bousquet, who probably is on most people's list as the most accomplished player to never win a bracelet. Is, would you say that? Can you think of another player more accomplished than him? I don't know. I, I, I'm not keeping track of who's won bracelets, but... Yeah, sure. Well, he hasn't won one. Okay. Anyhow, uh, he says that he takes issue with the people that are trying to make bracelets as exclusive and expensive as possible. He favors an inclusive approach to the game that brings in new players. And the quote is, they pretend that their motivation for that view is to protect the integrity of the brand or the game, when in fact all they're trying to do is protect their status as bracelet winners. I find it distasteful at the minimum. Wow. That's kind of like a direct quote to you. Uh, Biscay said that many players go wrong by wrapping up their huge ego in bracelets or other trophies while not acknowledging the massive amount of luck required to actually win a tournament. People ignore the very obvious truth, Biscay said. How much status is bestowed upon a lottery winner? Biscay, who lives in New Jersey and says he plans to play all the events on WSOP.com throughout July, said he doesn't believe winning an event would mean anything regarding his skill or his worthiness as a player but he would be happy to claim a title, and it wouldn't mean any less coming online. I mean, I'm human, Biscay said. Would I like to win a WSOP bracelet? Of course I would. Yeah, sure. I'm not going to turn it down. It would be great. It would be amazing. Would I view it any differently from a normal live bracelet? No, not at all. It's not so easy to win one of these tournaments, no matter what the format is. End of article. You know, yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm here. I, I had trouble uh, well, what are your thoughts? talking here. Um, well, first of all, these were all the puff piece. Quote, these are all you quotes. The these are all quotes piece? from from weeks ago. This is not a new conversation. This this all happened like three weeks ago. I even talked about uh, Brandon Shaq Harris's quote. When, but would you agree it's a puff piece? It is somewhat of a puff piece. Yes, there, there's definitely that that factor to it. Thank you. And and uh, what. Uh, I actually responded to Brandon Jack Harris's quote at the time on Twitter, and I agreed with him, and then I read it on the show, and then I, I mentioned to him that I read it on the show, and uh, he liked that. But uh, and I agreed with what he said. 
And I, for those that are saying, oh, it requires a lot of luck and you're just trying to cement your own status and your own exclusive club, it's not about that. And first of all, the, a lot of championships require luck. What about uh, in sports? A lot of times there's, there's luck involved of, of who wins and loses and who gets the title and who doesn't. There, there's a lot of luck involved with a lot of these things. And that, that's a, a separate discussion. We're not having a discussion of does number of bracelets equal how good you are at poker. The discussion is, should the bracelet be available to those who only had to put $50 into winning one? And uh, and if, if you want to say that there's a lot of luck to it, the answer should be no, because that means you can just, uh, it almost is like a lottery at that point. You, know, you should make it where it's tougher to win, where you have to get there. You have to win money in poker and have you have to have the skill and the bankroll to play it. And that's a, that's an important part of it. And uh, and what that also does is it uh, it does shut out those who don't really know what they're doing and are just taking shots, and it, and it it makes it a lesser chance that someone who really doesn't know what they're doing wins something, because the the more players there are that uh, that are that way, it may be better as far as uh, EV for the field, or or at least uh, the, it may make the field a little easier, but it also makes it higher a higher chance that. Uh, someone who really doesn't deserve to win a bracelet you know, skill-wise will win it just by getting super lucky. And that's... Uh, that- I mean, look at someone like Jerry... Look at someone like Jerry Yang. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a great example of what you're saying. Someone yeah. who didn't des- who, who didn't have the skill level to even compete, but he ran so good for, you know, a week or whatever it was, he won the main event. You know, Darwin... Darwin what was his name? Darwin, was it Darwin Moon? Moon? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he came one player away. From you know doing the same thing, and these aren't guys I think anyone would agree are skilled. Both of them don't even play poker anymore. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the whole thing is that it's there's a lot of luck in these things, and and that's that's some of the reason you don't do it. Like it, really, with these tournaments, the, the 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 big field tournaments do require more and more luck uh, to win, and and also it becomes more and more likely that someone is going to win who's not a great player, and that's why. Uh, if you look like the 10K fields, look at who makes up the 10K fields. It's a lot of excellent players. There's some rich guys who just want to take a shot at it who, are, who aren't very good. And I've played against some surprisingly easy tables in 10K events, but I've also been at some really tough tables at 10K events. And uh, definitely at the average 10K event, you're going to get a tougher first table than you're going to get at an average 1K event. So, so that's... Uh, that and the re- so those 10k events it's a much tougher field for you to beat than uh than a smaller event and that's because there's access to play it for those who want to take a shot the lower the buy-in the more access what what if there's a one dollar event for to win a bracelet and you could say you can laugh at that but we would have laughed at fifty dollars not too long ago so what what if there's a one dollar bracelet event where we're Literally anybody who wants to enter can. Like the poorest person. But I think the line just has to be drawn somewhere, and fifty dollars crosses the line. That's my. <laughs> that's opinion. what I'm saying. But as I'm saying, it's already I mean, crossed the line. So, 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 if you want to say, okay, let's just make it open to everybody. Well, what about a World Series of Poker bracelet free roll where anybody can enter, or a, a, a one dollar event to enter, and and they get a uh, hundred thousand people entering. Well, you know what this reminds me of back in the day, like on Poker Stars, where they'd have. Like what was it like a well, maybe it was full was the poker stars a full tilt they'd have like a big tournament series and they'd have like a mini 
Like, you know what I mean? They have like a mini series at the same time where like there were like $30 buy-ins. They'd have a medium-sized one, which was like a couple hundred, and they'd have like the – you know what I'm – do you remember? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Ter- I, I think Terrence Chan won like, like two of them at once. Yeah, he won, he won simultaneously the high roll or – it wasn't even a high yeah, the, the, high, the, the like, bigger one and the medium one together. Yeah, it's, right, the yeah. same day, both in limit hold them. Right, exactly. So like at what point are you just like – you don't even call it a WSOP bracelet anymore. You just call it something else. And that, then you charge fifty bucks. Well, or, that's you know, I, that was the point I made previously. Is that I think that these enti- these online bracelets shouldn't even be bracelets. It should be something different. Just like the the rings are different. There's there's these World circuit, Series of Poker circuit, circuit rings circuit, that circuit, that, circuit, that yeah. they are that they should they're not bracelets and they're not marketed as equivalent to bracelets. They're they're kind of a a lesser trophy that's still like a World Series trophy. Where it's nice to have people like winning rings. There's some prestige to winning rings, but it's not the same as a bracelet. It's like a lower level well, than a bracelet. It's the same thing as like you know before it became what it is now. There was prestige and there is prestige and winning a WPT trophy. I mean, it, it's it, but they're just different. It's not a ring. It's not a circuit ring. It's not a bracelet. It's a WP trophy. The circuit event isn't a trophy. It's not a bracelet, but it's a ring. You know what I mean? It's all. It's just it's just different. Yeah, and, know, and the World Series. The thing is, the World Series actually has that though. It's in the same brand. The World Series already has an alternate trophy. So why not? It's not like they say, "Oh, we don't want to give out alternate trophies." They 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 do. So why not do it for these online events and not come up with a totally different, you know? But maybe make it an online bracelet. Yeah, that's, just that's a good that, idea. Yeah. An online bracelet. So it's, it's something separate. So especially these fifty dollar ones. I mean, it's just so crazy to think someone can I know. have a fifty dollar bracelet. I, I think it's terrible. And this is someone who's never won a bracelet. I mean, I, I think it's terrible. Well, that's the other thing. Olivier Bousquet, he can say, oh, this, it's, I'm not saying this just because I don't have one, but it, it really sounds like here's a guy who's going to play every event from, from his, at least every event on WSOP.com in New Jersey uh, to try to win one. And he doesn't have one yet. And, and he knows that he's accomplished a lot in tournament poker and just hasn't hit that bracelet. By the way, he, he was at my day five main event table, very short stacked, busted before I did. But uh, he – this is someone who can say, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter because he's trying to win one this year. He doesn't want to w- play like every event he can this year, win one, and then well, – Of course, he's uh, not going to try super hard and say it means nothing. <laughs> well, also, if he wins if he wins it, yeah, then, then what's he going to say? Oh, this means nothing and he wins it uh, a week later? Uh, oh, shit. No, it actually does mean something because I have it now. So Jeff Shulman, throw it in the trash. I'm going to throw it in the garbage. In the garbage. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I just, wow. Well, you know what? Uh, I don't know if we'll know these numbers. I, I meant what I said. I'd like to get the uh, the guy on or the female who wins a $50 event. If somehow you could see how many individual entries are in that $50 event, not counting rebuys or, you know, just individual, like how many people. I don't know if it will be determined that way or if we even will know. Maybe it will just be a total number of buy-ins. But what would you set the line at? Oh, for the $50 event? Yeah, if you had to guess how many, not rebuys, just unique people. Like, you know, you and I would count it as a maximum of, like, two, two entries, no matter how many times we played. How many unique people would, re- would would register, if you had to guess, in a $50 bracelet event? And assuming it's, like you said, in Canada, all over Europe. Well, they're, even, well they're, they're counting on at least 20K for the guarantee. So of course. That's, that's got to be the minimum number. But I, yeah, I, I think they'll probably get over 30,000. That's what I think is going to happen. Like thirty four thousand, something like that. It's going to be some gigantic thing. Probably uh, not too different numbers from the original big fifty, the real big fifty, not the LOL fifty. 
The real Big 50 right. got 28,000, some of which were rebuys. I, I can proudly say I entered once and only once to the real Big 50. And I finished, I finished, uh, 666th out of that uh, 28,000. So I, I cashed uh, like 3,500, which isn't super exciting, but it, it was a $500 buy-in. So it's, it's, it's actually close to getting super exciting. That's the best way to say it. Wasn't super exciting, but you were close to making it super exciting. The only thing that was really exciting in that one for me was the first day I was like one of the chip leaders. Of all those people, I think I was like twentieth out of like the twenty thousand, twenty-eight thousand. Hmm. I, re- I really smacked him down on the first day there with a, no, with a bad start. Wonder, I also wonder on a, I don't know anything about it. Maybe one of our European listeners that is more familiar with GG Poker could tell us. But I would imagine, but maybe not on that site. It has its software to run mixed games. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. So I'm wondering if they just were selfish and like, let's just go for the biggest field tournaments and not even worry about horse or, you know, any other yes. version of poker. I wonder they that don't too. have the software like WSOP doesn't, you know, WSOP.com doesn't even run horse games. They don't even have a, a, you know, nothing. I wondered that you too, know? because, because GG poker, they had been doing so much bragging and Negreanu did so much bragging about all the features their software has, which, which were pretty impressive. I like the features of the software from what was described. And, and they do, they do have a lot of different, uh, types of games running. They definitely have the capability to run these. And then they choose not to, aside from like uh, one short deck event and two limit hold'em events. Everything else looks like PLO and no limit hold'em. So it really does look like they just want to get the biggest fields possible and make the most money rather than uh, have the variety. And that's what yeah. the world – they're not understanding. The World Series, a lot of the credit they get is that they are the only series that I know of, the, the, the only one to run tournaments for all these other games. There's no well, other you know series what, like now, that. Nowadays, back – you know, many people don't know, but back in the, the poker boom – if you went, if you played in a like a you know Bellagio Cup or you know Festa or Five Diamonds, it would go like on for three weeks, sometimes even more. And all, the prelims would have horse tournaments, and they'd have. Do you remember those days? Like they'd have limit hold'em. Yes, I do. Some of them, they'd, yes, they'd have like other. They'd have deuce to seven, but then it just right maybe around two thousand nine, ten ish, somewhere in that area when poker just really started just you know, busting a bit, they eliminated all that. And they just went with the, the no, the low limit holdems. But even now, like when the circuit event comes to town, you know, for Caesars, they'll usually have like one PLO. They'll have a horse in there. Cause I know friends that play it and, you know, they're like 500 or three sixty fives, but still like, you know, back nowadays. Yeah. That's some people like, you know, you're talking about like no limit deuce to seven, for instance, a game like that. I, unless you, are in some casino that that is randomly spreading it as a cash game. That's probably the only time you're going to play that tournament all year. Yeah, because it's just not spread. Like especially like no limit. To, I mean, probably even triple draw. Like there's no triple draw. Yeah, I know, you know they they have a tremendous variety at at the World Series of Poker, and that's great. And that's it, great. It, Everybody it, loves it. Right, exactly. Because you can say, well, I'm the best all around player in this game or that game, and they're just games that you know. Who's going to play in a Badoogie tournament? You know, who's going to play in a, a 10 game mix? Like those kind of things you only get at the World Series. And you're right. People love that. You, they love it. There are people that really love that. And I think it's also great for the game. Like just these other, these other brands and these other versions of, of, you know, 
non non limit Hold'em games. And that's a lot of what I look look forward to. Because I, I go to the World Series, and uh, so I get to play the variety. I get to play limit Hold'em tournament. I get to play 08 tournaments. I get to play a, a PL08 tournament with, with Big O in there. I get I get to play uh, the no limit Hold'em tournaments, and so I I like doing some of all the uh, all this stuff. And I was even uh, Im- improving at some of the other games like Stud in preparation for the 2020 World Series. Uh, and and uh, that's not going to happen for me. But uh, I, I was doing that because I even wanted to play more, and, and well, that's something a lot of people really like. And, you know, I think I talked about this last week, but what I don't get is it can't cost money, right? I mean, it doesn't cost them anything extra to set up, like, a limit hold'em tournament on WSOP. So why, why, why would they have, like, a $50 tournament, Yet, even though they have the software, they don't have at least one stud or one stud eight tournament. I mean, so yeah, they're not going to, I'm talking about in Vegas on, on WSOP.com. So like, yeah, they're not going to get thousands of people, even if it was like a 500 or thousand dollar stud event, but they would still get enough. It doesn't cost them any money. Why wouldn't they do that? I, just, I don't understand. What, the, the only thing I can yeah. get, the only thing I can understand out of this is that I, I not really understand, but the only possible explanation is that they just kind of committed that they only want to deal with this for a month? They're only going to do it for the month of July. But what, w- they could have it. They can have it going uh, at the same time. Oh they yeah, that's true. They could be simultaneously. I, it, it's almost like they just don't feel like putting out the effort if it's not well, going to be a big field. I mean, like the old days, they could make it. You know, one o'clock and four o'clock. They could make. You're it, right. They could totally because there's no space consideration. Right. It, 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 I just don't understand though. They have the technology. They have the stud. They have limit hold'em. They have stud eight. I mean, they have PLO8. Why wouldn't they just do it? It just doesn't make sense. That's why when I say it's not well thought of, it, there's just no other, no other possible answer. It's just it, it's I don't get it. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, so like we always say before, so if someone busts, like you know, the first couple of hands, the first hour, that's it. They're done. You know, they're done for the day. Why wouldn't Caesars want to at least you know double down to some degree on certain days, especially like the weekends? When people are more likely just to say, okay, that's what I'm doing. I'm dedicating this weekend to poker. Okay, like throughout the month of July, every Saturday and Sunday, you know, have two tournaments then. Or even Friday, Saturday. Yeah, I think, you know I I think, I think they really should have multiple tournaments a day and then people bust the no limit ones or PLO fast and then they, uh, they say, okay, I'll play, I'll play this other one at, at, uh, a few hours from now. That's. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, if, if I'm staying, if I come all the way out here from the Midwest or wherever and I'm, you know, Paying for a whole, paying for a hotel room, paying resort fees, paying for food. You know, I don't want just one tournament a day. I'd want to at least be able to have the option to register for two. The, and wouldn't that just sound like a good business? Acronym yeah, it to just you? it just makes no sense. I don't know what they're yeah. doing. I, sometimes you just look at something, you just I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's. Uh, I, I've I've said that about a lot of stuff lately. That I just I not just about poker, not just about casinos. I, I've just looked at a lot of things this year. And I say, I just don't know what they're doing. That's my only answer I can give. Okay, yeah. well, thank you, Brandon, for, for coming on here. And I came back, buddy. And returning here and, and, and eating up some time as I went to go uh, refresh my throat and, and go to the bathroom yeah. and get some cold water. Because I had water, it just wasn't cold, so I grabbed a cold water, too. So no anyway, we are. Uh, I, I'm going to... Go and get this up in the archives, and uh, what about eight? We're about eight eight hours and change, maybe. A little yeah, over eight I, hours, I, maybe. I, st- I started this actually around ten, so not quite eight. Okay, I started late. It seems like longer than it was, but anyway, I, I appreciate so much how much time you put into this tonight. No and, problem. Uh, it was a good show. 
And yeah, it's a good show. And uh, so next, let's next... Uh, let's research for whenever it may be, somewhat relatively soon, what we talked about for the uh, Ruffin thing, because I, I think that has potential to be pretty funny. It does. It does have potential. It's a good good idea. And thank you for coming on, and thank you to the listener here for listening to this long show. And I know I looked at the ratings tonight; they're pretty good. Live ratings. I think people are excited about uh, having you here. Uh, I was surprised the ratings were as good as they were because I was uh, I kind of dragged to the even posting the agenda this week, so I thought people were going to just kind of forget about the show this week, but they did not. We actually got good ratings. I think that uh, people were excited to have you back. And, oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's that's my assumption here. They were they were good. So, uh, thank you everybody who supports the show and listens to the show, especially people who donate uh, stuff the free roll. I really appreciate that very much. I'm I've said this before, but I. I am not one who ever feels that anybody owes me anything, unless they owe me money, like they actually owe it to me. But if I don't think anyone owes me any favors, that if you want to do a favor for me or the site, I appreciate it so much because I know you don't owe it to me. I'm not one who ever feels entitled that you must do this favor for me or you owe me this favor. I never feel that way, so that way – and I appreciate it when people do something that they obviously don't have to do. So that – and that's very sincere. So anyway – we're going to end this here. We will come back next Saturday on, I guess it's July 4th. <laughs> I don't think I'm doing anything July 4th, so I guess I'll be doing it July 4th. I didn't think of that, but it's going to be Saturday, July 4th. But fine. Like, I, I'm not going to fireworks. I know that. So I might as well do it on July 4th. Feel weird. But by the way, Saturday, July 4th is the 15-year anniversary of me winning my bracelet. July 4th, 2005 is when I won my bracelet. Wow. Yeah, it's been a long time. And today, not that it's, I guess, that important, but it's still kind of interesting, is the 20th anniversary of a very famous Dodger retiring on this day, 20 years ago today. Do you know who that might have been? June 2000. Yep. He didn't finish his career as a Dodger, sadly enough, but he'll always be remembered as a Dodger. Um, Who retired in... 2000. I can give you one. Well, no, I won't give you the nickname. You'd get it right away. A great Dodger. Hall of Famer. From 2000. Hmm. I'm going to give you the nickname. You might as well. I'm just drawing a blank the, here. The, the Bulldog. Oh, yeah. Earl Hershiser. Yeah, I totally uh, totally forgot about how he was pitched 20 years 2000. ago today. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I just saw it on ESPN. He actually, you know what? He did. actually did uh, pitch as a Dodger. And then uh, pitched went like, to well, Cleveland, if I recall. No, correctly. no, but he pitched at the very end of his career as a Dodger and just got hammered. He just had nothing left. Oh, he came back after he left for like one game, and he got hammered, and they he uh, just gave okay. up. Well, that would make sense because he retired in the middle of the season. I mean, it, yeah. it was twenty years ago on June, whatever. What are we? The twenty eighth today? I think twenty yes. eighth. Yes, I remember. Yeah. I, I actually had the the game on when when he got hammered like that, and and Vince Scully said that uh, Oral Hershiser may be a bulldog, but he's a bulldog who lost his teeth. Oof! Yeah, that was just pretty uh, harsh there, but it was true, unfortunately. But then he he entered poker for a while. Well, he lives in Vegas. I don't know if I mean if he has another residence, but he lives here. I've seen him before at Red Rock years ago. You, you know, he you would... know why he's not in poker anymore? He, because he, he got into the sports broadcasting. That's that's when it that's when it changed, and he broadcasts for the Dodgers currently. Yeah, he's an was, was he an he's an analyst? Isn't yes. He? Yes. Or is, yeah, okay. But he started doing radio, that for years. Radio or TV? Um, for, for, for I think both. Um, he, but yeah, he does do the. Uh, it's mainly TV. Uh, I'm not sure if it's radio too. I don't listen to the 
to them on radio that often. Well, I just use my for phone. many for many many years. He was a I mean I mean three four five years. He was a regular in the two five and five ten no limit hold'em at Red Rock. So I assume he lived out in Summerlin, but that would make sense. So Rich House is out there. You know that's where he played. But he was a regular. Like you could see him there three four nights a week. I no, no, he did. He played. Him. He played poker constantly. He was very into it. And then only because he started doing these uh, ESPN uh, commentating jobs that uh, he kind of just fell out of the habit of playing poker. That's what happened. Well, I'd still imagine, I mean, I don't know, but I would guess probably if he still lives up in that area from time to time, he probably still would play. He might, like but I haven't game. heard of it. I haven't heard. Like, I used to hear him all the time. I yeah. just stopped hearing about him playing. So I, I okay. wonder if he well, just there's no. I don't think there's really a stigma. No, like, there's you know not. I mean? No, like, he was, and he was public about the fact that he played. In fact, if you remember on the on that other radio show, he appeared on there because the Maven was training him. So, uh, yeah, I remember we that. we got him on there, and I did the interview because I was the the big fan. I I have the Hershiser bobblehead actually. What was wasn't Hershiser? Was he was he part of Poker Stars for a brief time or no? I'm forgetting if he was or not. Okay, because I know they had the tennis guy. What was his name? Uh, Bor- oh Jesus. Uh, the red-headed German tennis Beyond pro. Borg? Beyond Borg? No, no, no. The, no the, the, oh, oh, no, Boris Becker. Boris Becker, yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah, he Boris was broke. Becker. That's because he was broke. That's why he did it. Well, I yeah, he was... But he went through like $100 million. He's, I mean, it's ridiculous, but yeah. Huh. Interesting. I, I, yeah, I, I knew that he was... I just read something about him being an announcer. Uh, oh, also, very interestingly, there was a, an article, again, in the Review Journal, I think it was two days ago, that stated this year on channel 220 i don't even know what network it is but it's on direct tv direct tv 220 is going to be airing for free to all direct tv all direct tv customers in vegas dodger games this year so i literally would be able to without having to upgrade my package watch 60 dodgers games this year in las vegas oh that's be- i'll tell you well, why because you are in their market the dodger the- vegas is a weird market that actually it's a combined market of several yeah, teams. Yeah, I know. I know all about it. It's very odd. Yeah, so that so that's why Directv is considered the Dodgers market. So they get to, they carry it and they get they they're allowed to air that there it, once but they I, have the agreement to uh, to but carry. But that's what I was going to ask you. I wonder why this year did it start? What changed? Yeah, I don't was know. Was there an agreement and, and, between? And my somebody? provider won't take them, so that I'm still without them. <laughs> well, that's what that's why I thought about it and laughed. I'm like thinking, so I can watch every game here in Nevada, but people that are in the immediate area surrounding the Dodgers, you know, Dodger Stadium, you know, whatever, can't watch it, but I can't. Many can't. Now, anyone who has Spectrum can, they're the one who own the channel, and, and anyone with DirecTV can, and anyone who um, – there's a few other providers you can, but but there's many you can't in, in the Southern California area, including the one I unbelievable. have. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. Unbelievable. So, I, so, so if you want to watch a Dodger game, you you got to watch it on your phone. I use that, I the shenanigans with my phone, yeah. Yet I can sit here three hundred plus miles away and watch it at home. Well, that that was always the case. You could watch these if if you got the MLB package, you could watch this anywhere in the country very easily on your TV. No, right, but I'm talking about not paying for it though. Like I'm getting it; it's part of the Directv, the normal. The right, right. That's now. that's true. It's it's in your market there. That's what I mean. Yeah, I wouldn't like. Yeah, I'm not going to pay to see the Dodgers, but now I don't. I could watch them for free every game, uh, like the old days when I used to just turn on TBS and. When I was a kid, I'd always watch the the Braves yeah. before we had my Marlins. <laughs> like I got to see the beginning of like the you know Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz. I used to love that. I even remember before that with with uh, Dale Murphy, and like the same thing with WGN. Like those are my two teams I rooted for when I was a kid because like you could always watch their games night after night. WGN Chicago and then you know TBS with the Braves. So 
Well, I hope I hope that this gets resolved. But I, this year, I don't care that much because uh, this is such a strange. Well, year. listen. Let's make a fun little bet here before we close the show. Yeah, let's try to make it fair. If assume well, it doesn't even matter. Rainouts. We'll even say to make it fair, the season has to play play out. Meaning, if it's canceled forty games in, the regular season has to play out. How many games would you spot me if we did a heads up bet? Uh, your Dodgers versus my Marlins. Oh, um, like what would be a fair? I mean, I could even look online because the over unders are out there. I just don't know. In fact, you know what? Hold on, look real fast, real real fast. While I'm doing that, think of a fun bet. You know, nothing like that. No, not money. I just you have to send me something in the mail that whatever it is, you know, or I have to send you something. You know, just something like that. Like you know, <laughs> governors and senators make when they bet. You know. We'll have to send you some cheese. Like, think of something that Nevada has that you would like. <laughs> of course, William Hill's doing their maintenance, so I can't see. Um, of course. Okay, you know what? We, we, well, hold on. Let me let me just Google it. And we, can, we can even figure out the bet later. We still have time. We have a month before. Let me see. MLB win totals. Four, I would, I would, I would I, think it's probably a 20-game difference. I think the guess. Dodgers were 40. They were the number one, by the way, in the league. I think they were 41 or 42. Okay, I was going to guess 40, and I was going to guess like 20 for the Marlins. Oh, actually, you know what? How can this be? No, I'm, I'm way wrong. Do- this is on ESPN. Dodgers top Caesars revised season win totals with 37. That seems really low. That does seem low. They're going to go 37 okay, or 20. Well, I don't know about find that. The list. Okay, I'm going to go to Odd Shark. Here we go. We're going to go by whatever Odd Shark says. And right now, okay, here we go. Right now on Odd Shark, the Dodgers, same thing, 37.5. The Marlins are 24.5. So you have, you're, you'd be giving me 13 games, and that would be a push. So you'd have to win by 14 Yeah, I'd, games I'd take that. I, I think the Dodgers are going to win more than 37.5. Okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to, hold on. I'm going to take a screenshot. We'll, we'll come up with a nominal bet, like, you know, a $20, just a friendly bet, nothing expensive. Is that fair with you? Yeah. Okay, actually, you know what? Hold on, we'll, we'll even do this. What we'll bet is you, if you win, you can pick any item that I have to mail to you. Okay. Up to, do you want to do 20, 25? What, what's a fun? Yeah, 25 is fine. Okay. Anything you say I want. Like, okay. you know, you want one of these gift cards with tax? Hey, I'm paying the tax. <laughs> you want a pizza? Anything I could just do without leaving my house and we'll do it vice versa. 25 bucks and you got 37 and a half and I have 24 and a half. So what we're not, I'm not betting. That the Dodgers won't exceed thirty-seven and a half. I'm betting that they have to out. They have to win fourteen more games than my Marlins do. Do you get? You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fourteen. Thirteen's a push. Twelve, I lose, or twelve, I win. Fourteen, you win. Yeah, thirteen's a push. Okay, got it. Now and you'll Term? be very, now if if the Marlins can somehow do something like win thirty games, then you've got a pretty much a lock, unless the Dodgers win a staggering number. Well, if, I, if the Marlins win thirty games, then you got to come up with forty-four. Wins. That's what I'm saying. They're not going to win forty-four. Yeah. So. That's a... Yeah. Okay. We got a bet. Well, you know what? I like my chances only in the sense that it's such a small sample size. I I would really do. I really do have luck on my side that they could. You know, the Marlins could get hot. You know, Don Man- Mattingly can get them off to a decent start. Who knows? You never know. Yeah. You better hope right? they don't start. You better hope they don't start off like two and twelve. Then you're in trouble. Yeah. If they if they do that, then <laughs> you're just buried. And then you know the other thing is we're going to start hearing in the next couple of weeks who's going to be sitting out. You know who's going to say you know what it's not worth it because it's not even the pandemic. A That's lot of right. players don't want. Yeah, a lot of players don't want to play 
because they're afraid, especially pending free agents, because they're afraid, hey, if I have a bad 60-game stretch, is this going to cost me millions next year? It may benefit me just to sit out 60 games. And, you know, because that's going to be the only tape that teams have on, on, on pending free agents. So, all right, brother. Good show. Thank you for uh, the hospitality and having me on. And okay. that's all I got to say. I will talk to you later. Good night. Are we done? Was the show still on? Are we saying goodbye? What are we doing? Oh, there we go. Okay, everybody. A week from today, 4th of July, it, it's, it's a sign of the times of uh, 2020 that I will actually do a show on 4th of July. Otherwise, I wouldn't do a show on 4th of July. I always like going out and doing something 4th of July. But this year, I don't see what I would do. There's no fireworks show in my area. I would not want to be around any people if there was a show. And if there's no fireworks show, what, what would I be doing? So I'll just, I'll just do the Poker Fraud Alert show. We'll make our fireworks here. Maybe we'll do our prank call next week involving Phil Ruffin and asking him for a loan. A 3% interest. <laughs> Alright, thank you, Trader Ruski. Thank you... Brandon for all the time you put into this I gotta go and prepare the show for the archives oh here's something I didn't mention at the beginning uh, we are now on Spotify check it out we, we should be on iHeartRadio too but iHeartRadio is malfunctioning so we were accepted to both but Spotify is working and iHeart is not and they're trying to fix it. They they acknowledge it's screwed up. They just they've been failing at their attempts to fix it. But yeah, Spotify is another platform that we're on. Of course we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we are on Google Play, we are on Bullhorn. You can download or play the MP3 file directly from the Radio Archives forum on Poker Fraud Alert. Amazon Alexa, you can just say Alexa play Poker Fraud Alert Radio. And it will play so many ways to listen. The TuneIn app, don't forget that too. That can be used to listen live or in the archives. There's so many options I give you. And don't forget the call to listen line. I just There's so many ways to listen. You have no excuse not to. I have an excuse to end this though. I've been doing this for eight hours. Good night everybody. And Shalom. Shalom. <laughs>